in the big city, you must fight to survive. But in Quakertown, PA, all you gotta do is talk. From their 84th floor studio in the slums of Quakertown, two men will learn just what it takes to break through the funk and go straight to the top. Jim and Eric form together the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast as they face the fakers of the funk in a world of 9.5 out of 10s and 10 out of 10s and the perfect comic and the best comic you've ever read in your life and a bunch of reviewers who have never met a comic they didn't like comes one podcast who will break through the ether. This week, Jim Caviezel is Jim Werner. In a triple dub performance, Eric Stoltz, Eric Christian Olsen, and Eric Roberts are different phases of Eric Shea's life. Honest opinions, no holds barred, screaming, yelling, jokes, stories, reminiscing on old times, frustrations at work, family problems, we have it all here at Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. That's right, buckle up, strap in, get ready, be adequately prepared, don't hold your breath any longer, cause you just might suffocate. This is it, I don't know what that means, but here we go. It's on. You're a monster, Mr. Hitch. You really are a hack. You're as pleasant as a toothache or a sudden heart attack, Mr. Hitch. Given the choice between those two in your book, I take the heart attack. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, love? What's up, all you big shakers and big cake shakers and, and your burger takers and yeah. whatever? Ah, oh, yes, it is time for the podcast without Eric Shea. Eric oh. Shea, if if you don't know by now, Eric Shea is not going to be with us for these kind of the what the intro the news yeah. the mail and there is news this week i actually the threw some bits, news we call them the yes talky. the talky yeah. bits and <laughs> i thought that since this podcast is probably going to be about 15 hours long i figured i'd add some news into sure. it as well why not right why not yeah. reggie but That's yes i am want. here 
Yeah, I'm here with Reginald Drinkwater, and he's going to be here for uh, the majority of the podcast. So we're going to start off. But without Eric, I will start as I always do. Hello and welcome one and all to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of September 16th, 2017. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the proud. Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. proud. We are online all over the place. You can like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. You can go and follow us on Podbean, where we host the podcast at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we do have that award-winning site, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where we try to review each and every comic each and every week. It never stops. Yeah. It's like that. I'm going to go postal. Reggie, yep. and said, I actually this week was so busy a week, especially with Eric going away and we were recording all the time. But I actually thought usually you, you'll know this that when we have eighty books in a week, usually the next week we have six. Yeah, it's not the nope. case. Not nope, the case not next, next week. week. Yeah, did you see the amount of books we? Have? I did. It's, it's a it's another big one. <laughs> it's nonsense. We have an email at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail com where you can go and you know email me, throw shade at Eric, all that fun and <laughs> games. But also, I do want to say I want I want to thank Chris for that awesome movie intro at the beginning of the podcast. Chris from the DC Squadcast, go and listen to them as well. He's a great guy. Uh, and then that, that was terrific. And then that I like that song. That, oh, that, you like. Like that song, oh, do you? That was one do of my you? favorite cartoons. You know, I understand <laughs> after that, Brian Hitch's writing brain grew three sizes that day. I heard it grew three sizes that day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny, too, because I had that idea of doing that song for a while. And, of course, I wait until I actually enjoy his book to do it. I but know. I was yeah. getting it. That's the thing. I have to slide in this week because next week we have the legacy arc continue. And just a little hint, I, I like it just as much as I've liked the others. There's a little spoiler for you mm. for next week. But we do also have a Patreon account. I don't know if you're aware of that, Reggie. Are you aware oh, that we have no. this thing called a Patreon account where you can go What's at patreon.com slash weird science and go there and support us? But it's not just supporting us. It's not blind support. We actually have a bunch of shows and things like that that we have that if you subscribe, you can do different levels and get different shows and things. And like I did last week, I thought that I would have a little commercial for our Patreon here real quick. And the right. first one this week, we had a Necessary Nonsense podcast that focused on pizza. It was about mm -hmm. pizza and our love. I still think pizza is the best food that's ever been invented. I don't know if you agree fully with definitely. that. Definitely. It's the purest food. I think it's food, definitely yeah. the, Yes, I, I agree. Well, in that podcast, which I believe was like an hour and 40 minutes long of us just yapping about pizza, mm -hmm. we did have a fuck, Mary kill, an F, Mary kill. <laughs> and it was a F, Mary kill based on what was it? It was a Papa John's. Domino's and Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut right, and if yeah. you have followed the Weird Science crew, Reggie, you have a bit of a problem with the way I and Eric play the game. But, but you I, guys don't know how to play the game. That's all we there is may to it. You not, don't know what you're doing. I'm not <laughs> sure if we do or not, but this clip is going to show you kind of how I played the game, but also a little bit of the end of you, Reggie. Just to say, I, I love your reaction of when I start doing it because I told you for this one i was gonna play by the rules i was right. just gonna go straight up of course we'll see if that happens reggie but here it is 
and I would kill Papa John's because it sucks, and the guy Papa John is a shit bird, and uh, but okay. really because it sucks. Okay, I'm next now. So we're, I now I know the rules. Well, first off, I'm going to marry Papa John's because I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan, and he would probably introduce me. If not, he would be the best man in the wedding. So I would get to have pictures of me with Peyton Manning. Plus, I would believe that Papa John, he probably has some bucks. You know, he's Papa John. Uh-huh, you know, right. And I like the name John, so uh, he, I, he I can go with it. He has some bucks, I'll tell you what. Yes, now I am going to... I'm going to kill Domino's because of that goddamn Noid. I, I don't annoyed. like him. I think that he would probably grab Avoid me and waste. Jim. He would rape me. I don't need that. I, I you know, I like, that I like, a, giving, I like a giving lover. I don't need that. There you go, Reggie. So you're telling me that I was not playing the game right. You, Pretty somehow, much, yeah. Somehow uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, considering the Domino's hasn't had the Noid since about 1995, that's oh. not really a good reason to uh, fear them. You don't them. think that's that's not a good reason to fear no, the Noid? How about so. do you do you agree though that if me and Papa John's got married, Peyton Manning would probably be the best man? I is agree. There, that is I, there I, a possibility? No, well, I we agree. also this week we had the Patreon only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew, boop boop, and they did pick Red Hood and the Outlaws number 14, and this is a little clip from that where me and Eric are discussing kind of the idea of getting into the bat cave. What in the seven beards is up with that door? It's in every room. Where does it lead? And that's Pizarro's big thing. Is like, it isn't the door that's important. It's the doorway. And it does crack me up because the first place they go is the Batcave. And Jason kind of, I don't know where he's been all this time, especially in Rebirth, but he claims that nobody can get into the Batcave. We have seen everybody Non-stop. get that's into the Batcave. Even Batman couldn't break it if he lost his keys. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, that's not true. Every yeah, bunch of motherfuckers in, in here. And that is that clip from there. And obviously, there's more to those shows. But yeah, I just I like to give people a little idea of what they can get in the yeah. Patreon deal. Also, let me I'll give you a little tip too is that if you, you know, Jim is very old, he doesn't really know what's going on. So That's if you go true. over to patreon.com/weirdscience, you can listen to the best song ever podcasts for free. He just, you yes. know, you, you could just rip him right off. Not all of them, Reggie. Some. Oh, some of them are Patreon. Oh, yeah. See, that's I'm I'm putting crumbs out there. I, oh, I I'm see. Not, that's listen, the con. I, I am old, but am I wise as well? I, am I am I crazy <laughs> like a like a wolf? I don't Something know. like that, yeah. <laughs> because, yes, some of them are out there. So if you do go over, that actually is something that I don't think a lot of people would do on Patreon. Uh, I think that that's the way I'm getting them. I'm putting the cheese out there for the rest. There's quite a bit of free, like, because, free yeah, if you go there, over there. And, so you yeah. can see a lot of stuff without paying anything. Yeah, go over and check it out. I just think that that shows the quality of the product. There you go. It's a little free sample. It's like I'm sitting right. outside, you know, those uh, those Asian places in the mall, you know, the China Walk or whatever. What are those places called? Uh, I always I forget the name. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm giving out the General So's chicken, Reggie, so that they can come and eat the lo mein later. See, you get you it. You, you got probably one of the worst drug dealers that ever lived, I, I bet, right? I am probably the worst one. <laughs> that is true. I remember they had a Cajun place in our mall that me and Eric lived near. Uh, and I would go there, and I'd walk up. And this will not shock you. And maybe it will. Would it shock you that I would go up and I'd say, oh, 
What's that bourbon chicken? Okay, I'll have a little taste of that. It's on the toothpick, and I eat it, and then I do a little lap, and then I come back. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm like, yeah. me too, boss. Me too. And I'm exactly. like, huh, what is that called? Bourbon chicken? <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. Could I try some of that? Uh-huh. And, then I, you know, and then I'd go home stuffed. There then you, you go. come back around with a comb over your lip, and you say, oh, yeah. Mamma mia, what the kind of a <laughs> tea is What do you call this? The chicken. This isn't the Parmesan chicken. What are you doing? And then I have that, and then I go around, and then I do something else. Oh, I got her own tea. Let me try that. That's my Cajun. I don't have a very good Cajun accent. But, yeah, and then I eat my fill, and then I go home. That That is how I play that Reggie. But if you also go to the Patreon account, you can go to the full-out level, Reggie. And if you go to the full-out level, you become a badass of the Ooh. Get Fresh crew, and that's what we're going to do now. It's time for the badass roll call. Here we go. I got. I always have problems with the level here because I lowered it. Now I'm gonna go right there. How about there? Does that that sounds good. Then the, then the next thing is gonna be uh, all over the place. That is true. I, well, I tried to get it better, but here we go. This is the badass roll call. We got Dave J, uh, all new Dave, Rob Lewis, Matthew Rapier, Richard Richardson, Simon, G Man, Monty, Akeem, Jolly, Manship. T. Werner, she goes by now. T. Werner, Reggie. Ian, D-Man, Reggie, Swanee. Now, here we go. See, it's it's getting loud now. I can never get this right. I, I'm telling you, I can never get it right. Now, I got to go here. Okay, well, Swanee gets a double. Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Little MRT, Bobby, Jazz, Havlin, Pete from NYC, uh, Batman Beyond Mark, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. There you go, Reggie. I'll never get it right. I will never get it right, but... I salute those badasses, and thank you, and thank everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, At least they can get it right. That's why I have the badasses, because if you're a badass on the Patreon, you actually get to pick and choose what shows we do, which uh, spotlight. You can't rely on me. I'm terrible (laughs) with you, obviously. I I just proved that. Uh, But also, we have a rant and rave line, and you can call 641-715-3900, enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign, Reginald. It's just that easy. It is just that easy, and here's the theme. And it's low, Reggie. (laughs) I told you. (laughs) I'm the worst. You can bitch about your job, you can bitch about a hood, you 
right? Can we hire well, a, somebody to work the soundboard for me? You I definitely need a DJ. Sound. You definitely yes, need some I need sort of a somebody. Producer. I'm telling you, I have 17 windows open trying to get here <laughs> and there and the other place. But yes, this is the rant and rave section. We're going to start with our man, Rob Lewis. Hey, yeah. Jim. Hey, Eric, Reggie, and members of the Get Fresh Who? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop. This is your man, Rob Lewis, calling to rant about two books that he really enjoyed this week. The first book I want to talk about is Metal Number 2. We're going to start out with the obvious. Capullo's artwork was amazing. I really enjoyed the way he, he draws Batman. Scott Snyder, on the other hand, has a history of dragging his plot lines on a little too long. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. And I'm really enjoying the way he's balancing out the different locations and different teams that he packed into this outstanding 23-page issue. And how about that crazy ending? (laughs) I want to tell you, this is the Justice League book we deserve, and we're not getting from Hitch. But the book that really impressed me is Action 987. With this book, Jurgens has put Superman in an incredible position. And I want to tell you, I really want to see how this is going to end. Rob's not going to let me and Eric What I want to call <laughs> something that's going to shake up the imbalance of the entire DC universe. And let's see what they're going to do. Are they going to cop out? Or if they're going to stay the course and give us something really, ama- really amazing? Let's see what's going to happen. You know what else I really enjoyed? This was a very visual book. Fantastic art panels and layouts. Really something interesting to look at. And you know what else I really enjoyed? Jurgen gave us a a tremendously heroic Superman. I want to give this book a 9 out of 10. Really great stuff. Well, that's about it. Talk to you guys next week. All right, Rob. Yeah, uh, right. the one thing about it is when Superman was going around when he you know, couldn't get everywhere and do all that, it, it, for some reason it did kind of remind me a little of the truth story in the New 52 when he lost his powers and his identity, but mostly his powers. And yeah. I was really hoping that they would show, like, oh, why Superman is super. Be, oh, you know what? Even without powers, he'd be super. And I think that maybe that's kind of the vibe here because he couldn't save everyone. Actually, somebody died in his arm pretty much right. when that one explosion uh spoilers there but uh yeah i like I, I, I the pretty much most of the comic the end was the letdown but you yeah, know, I, and, I agree and, with rob that i think it was a well done comic overall nuts and bolts of it you know what i mean the the storytelling yep. and the art and everything and the way he writes superman is good and if they make something of the bombshell yes. ending that was not really <laughs> no, as much of a bombshell as we would have liked. No. Yeah, this could be a great story. And, we'll and the thing that gets me with that ending, it just seemed like it was another of these tacked-on stories that wasn't what it was at the beginning. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, they're just decided, like, that. it seems like they have these meetings to just like, huh, you know what? We were going to have it be Osmodeus at one point, but we're not going to do that because everybody thinks it's going to be. So let's make it, you know, I, I'm not even going to say what or who it is at the moment just because, you know, if somebody's right. just listening to this and have them. But I, I was a little disappointed, not by who the reveal was, but what led up to it. And I, I have a feeling that it's a ruse. I, I can't think that this is what it's going to end up I feel like being. that's true, too. Or there, yeah. or there's 
much more, you know, obviously there's a lot to the story. Yes. Uh, I, we don't want to give away spoilers, yeah, but yeah. I basically agree with Rob. You know, I think it was a, I don't know if I'd say nine out of 10, but I, I liked the issue. The end, I was like, huh. Yeah. That's yeah. a bit of a, you but know. Yeah, what, obviously, flat, will be. A flat yeah, it was. But they could make a lot out of it. You know, that's yeah, all I'm and saying. They it, could just, turn it what, around easily. The other thing that's weird with it going on with metal and and the Doomsday Clock coming up and this really not having any crossovers, it, it just or tie-ins. I know that some people will be like, "I'm glad, I'm glad there's no tie-in, so I can just yeah. get the one story." But it does seem kind of small out, out of nowhere. Suddenly, where, it's like the smallest quote-unquote yeah, event yeah, book, and yeah, this is like this, we've been, something that was changing the whole DCU for months yeah, now. You know, yeah, yeah we've been like waiting for year, this. So. Yeah. This was the it is big strange. thing. It seems to have gotten diminished. I also yes. agree, and I think there was a very uh, boorish person that called in to say that I think Scott Snyder on Justice League would be kind of cool. Yes, I really I, like the way he writes these guys, these people, and yes. I love the action. And, I agree. You know, the zipping back and forth. Everything but, Rob said was correct about that. I yes, totally and agree. We'll, we'll hear in the news that that ain't happening. But that'll be yeah, in the news. Uh, I actually messaged Scott Snyder before that news of uh, Christopher Priest going on to Justice League. Uh, I actually messaged him to see if maybe he was going to do – him and Greg Capullo were going to do the Justice League because really you have to think – they are, you know, and Scott Snyder's doing this and that and the other thing, but him and Greg Capullo, it seems like Metal is there, you know, okay, they're back. Welcome back, uh, guys. But after Metal, they, they don't have any book. So they oh. have to be on something going. Now Scott Snyder's going to be doing that Challengers of the Unknown book, but who knows how long that's going to last and if that's, you know, with those uh, miniseries type deals or if they're ongoing. But they really don't have a book set up, so I'm wondering because they – you figure they have to have a book. You know what I mean? But yeah. And I know that Dancing Mike would agree because – and really Definitely. what Dancing Mike wants for Christmas is a <laughs> Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo book that it features Harper Rowe. Is what he really wants. But here is Dancing Mike with his rant and rave. Hi, Jim, and hello, mother. So I actually decided to use the rant and rave line to call in rather than sending it to Jim. And while I'm recording, it goes off because I was re-recording to try to clean things up. (laughs) How stupid that was of me. So anyway, Jim, (laughs) if you heard another rant and rave, get rid of that one. Play this one. Here we go. I bought two DC comics this week. (sighs) Ah. Wonder Woman, what an underwhelming ending to an underwhelming arc. Very preachy, dense issue. I gave Shea Fontana a chance, but I, yeah, she maybe needs to come back to the drawing board with some better ideas and stories. Uh, Looking forward to what's coming up next, although I never read The Dark Side War, so I might be a bit lost when it comes to Diana's brother. And I also bought Detective Comics, which... I, while I enjoyed getting name dropped in the review on the award winning, award winning yep. website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, I didn't enjoy the reason that I was name dropped. It was because <laughs> Jar Jar Binks has returned. Oh, wait, it wasn't Jar Jar Binks. It was, it was Scrappy Doo. Oh no, it was that other character that is just like those two. See, shouldn't he be happy? I actually put his name in my review because I knew he would flip his lid. That's so, well, that, I don't know why he'd be happy about that. Then. No, you know, you oh. still get a shout out. I, you know. up his blood over there. I like know? to give him shout man, outs and stuff. <laughs> I love the guy, so I gave him a shout out. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, so that gives me, I think I gave it a negative 10 or a negative zero out 10, of 10 yes. or maybe a negative 10. It's, it's, yeah, it was bad because I didn't want to see that again, and it's back. I just hope it stays in Monster Town and doesn't fuck up my comic What anymore. goes in Monster Town and stays in Monster Town. 
all those people in the new 52 wanting them to bring back Stephanie, uh, Stephanie it's like, yeah, yeah, I didn't think yeah. that's the character they wanted. Just no. like, hey, let's, everyone She's wants Cassandra terrible. back. And no, when they brought these characters back in the new 52, they really kind of, yeah, they really kind of screwed us over when they brought them back. Because here are these well-established characters when we bring back just, it's like they've got the name and kind of the look, but yeah, not the heart. And I thought Rebirth was supposed to bring back the heart, but nah, it's not working out for me. So not really high on my comic books this week. Um, yeah, and there was, I guess there was the big, the big one was the dark metal, the heavy metal <laughs> brother, Scott, brother, Capullo, brother, <laughs> this, brother. the big bad brother, as big Scott Snyder said. Um, yeah, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I listened to the review, Dancing read the review, Mike. listened to the out. spotlight. Um, sounds like a <laughs> bunch of Snyderific stuff to me. I'll probably expound more on that in the future, but yeah, I'm not going to invest my money in that. So, um, yeah, that was not really high on my comics this week, so I don't know. I'm just not feeling it sounds this week, depressed. but anyway, maybe next week. Really? Maybe next week will be... There's Next next week has more comics. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe I'll... Uh, it's Batman again. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's all I've got for this week. So uh, until next week, um, watch out because you never know when they might come behind you and pop some culture in your ass or something like that. Yep. Uh, spotlight out and see you in seven. See you in seven, indeed. Yep, Batman's now, coming out. Think, do you think we could re- rehabilitate Harper Rose image for Mike if we have her promote a craft beer called Victorian water wheel lager. You think that would help? <laughs> no, no, I you think know, you'd give up you drinking that. What, no, if, what, I, if, what if she's what if she's promoting one called Beaver Tail Whipping? Am- maybe that. Maybe yeah. if she goes and drops a ceremonial, uh, you know, center ice puck at the Ice Bears game. That might that, do it. Yeah. You think that might do it? She'll be there. Uh, Mike, he, he does not like the, well, really in the story in detective Harper does show up and she's in the utopia under monster town. It, yeah. She may be dead anyway. So, you know, maybe Michael, I, get I, his... I gotta admit, I didn't even think she was acting uh, congruent to the way she's acted, no. you know, previously. I was like, who the hell is this weirdo? Yeah, and the, it was, you know? it made me laugh because uh, you'll hear in the review after when Stephanie realizes that freaking anarchy's not on the up and up and Batman comes to, you know, freaking bash some heads in stephanie just runs out and harper's there she leaves harper there she doesn't even say like let's go harper you're my best friend let's go i don't think stephanie likes her either so there you go mikey you're in uh you you have a lot of company i guess because they're (laughs) underneath and also would you eat any vegetables and what anarchy what lonnie says is oh our tilapia farm it's going to be ready soon would you eat anything that is grown under Monster Town. I mean, you're basically talking about definitely if it's an animal farm, you're talking about an animal that's eating its own waste. I'm just yeah. saying that. I want to put that out yeah. there right there. Also, now, the waste of Monster Town. Yeah, yeah know, just well, Monster it's... Town. That's seeping shit from above. Yeah. The, the plants, I'm telling you. Either you're going to die a horrific death or you're going to get superpowers a la Gilligan's Island when the to, seeds to washed up on shore. To answer your question, I would eat it, but I am disgusting. That is true. I, I probably would too. But the the problem is, seemed like a little too many vegetables down below for me. Yeah, you I'm not that. that I'm not that hip with that. 
you know, maybe I'll go with the, the meat that's eating its own waste or whatever. But I, I probably would have, by the point where they showed the book this week, I would have already uh, resorted to cannibalism. They, they would have had to have gotten rid of me because I would have been going around and going to town. But the next one, and thanks, Mike, and the next rant and rave is from our man, Jolly Drew. Yeah. Yo, 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 guys, guess what? It's Jelly Drew in the house. You can't get rid of me no matter how hard you try. I don't try. Um, oh, I haven't been keeping up to date with my uh, rant and raves. Uh, honestly, it's been a couple weeks since I stopped by the comic book shop. I've been out of town for a hot minute. Um, but It sounds like you know, he's under the I bridge right I'd call now. In and, uh, Tough times. Uh, I hope you guys... Uh, catch up with what I've been doing recently so uh, here it goes <clears throat> cause I'm catching up with Jolly Drew <clears throat> he's buying comics and new shoes. new shoes you wanna know what he's been doing cause I'm catching up with Jolly Drew oh brother I've got <laughs> such a head cold right now this is my annual head cold I'm uh, not trying to complain or anything because there's people without power in uh, Florida right now. There's people without food in many parts of the world. So I try never to complain too much when I got a head cold. But goddamn, is it annoying. The world yes. is complicated enough without... Well, I'll tell you, I, I got from a credible source that some places in Florida, the McDonald's only have five menu items, Reggie, Whoa. and that is nonsense. And that none of them are a burger. Nonsense. None of them nope. are burgers. So that's no, really I... Blew my mind. That's what Missy T told us. She said that they have, I believe, was the six-piece nuggets, the small fry, the medium fry, the small Coke, and the medium Coke. Which there really is three items, too. I, mean, <laughs> I know. That's what I got. When I'm reading it, I'm like, okay, well, who really? You're going, why do they even have the small? I guess they want to get rid of the cups. I don't know why they even have the small of either. So, yes, yeah, three, really. three menu items. And chicken nuggets, which I hate. I cannot stand chicken nuggets. I can't stand McDonald's chicken nuggets, which Eric claims are one of the best foods ever. Uh, my friend, when I was growing up, just called them chicken McTumors. And I actually think that that threw me off a lot with them, but I never liked them. Every time I get one, I get some weird pieces in them, and it, yeah, that, it just that's really... The, that's the chicken knuckle, you see. Oh. Originally, originally they weren't called chicken nuggets. They were they called, were called chicken, knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> chicken McNuckles. Uh -huh. oh, and then they God. said that the, that the testing group didn't like that, so no, they, they, they went against that and then went yeah. with the, you know, chicken paste and knuckles. I just, mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't like any sort of chicken nuggets. You give me a strip, then I'm in. But the, the nugget, it's just, it's not right, the nugget. But yeah, Eric, when Eric goes, just to tell everybody, he does go and he gets two uh, double quarter pounders. He gets a large fry and at least a 20-piece nuggets and, and a drink. Jesus fucking Christ. That's what he gets. And sometimes he has even gone to like the 50-piece nuggets with that and just sits and eats the whole thing. And, and, then says, when, and then when he takes his shit three days later, it's tremendous. It feels yes, awesome. That's it is. Happens. And he'll even say that sometimes that doesn't even fill him up. He's a tall man, I guess. But no, he's a glutton. He, he is. He's a glutton. But let's get back to Jelly Drill. Me having to, you know, lie awake at night with a with a giant headache. So, uh, you know, all I have to say is fuck head colds because you can't complain <laughs> about them, but they still suck. All right, what have I been doing? Oh, I got my head cold when I went to my cousin's wedding uh, this last weekend. Um, it was not a fun wedding. Uh, I had to be the designated driver for me and my girlfriend. Uh, 
And my family is not exactly the biggest bunch of party animals. They're actually pretty boring. I felt bad for the DJ because no one was really, uh, you know, getting wasted. They didn't do the electric the slide. Um, I had a couple uh, younglings, which I know you, you might be pretty, you know, bored of. But it, it you yes. know, it's a, it's, it's Yangling a rare, is, is brewed like it's a rare thing for house. me because we don't get it out oldest. in this part of the country yep. very often. Um, it's okay. What was I talking about? It's you better just fucking watch the head road. cold, guys. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, you shouldn't be driving. Oh, yeah. I wanted to update you guys on my $25 pull list. Um, it seems to me that at one time, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Detective Comics, Action Comics, those are the mainstays of yeah, like they, my they favorite for most comics. They would pull, show up on my uh, $25 pull list. None to be found on my nope. pull list. Uh-uh. In fact, I am really... Cl I already dropped Wonder Woman halfway through the Shea Fontana. I'm, I'm going to pick it back up and try out the new arc. But uh, Detective had the good Zatanna arc, and that was it. Um, Batman so continues kind. to piss me off. Uh, Superman has been down ever since the... Uh, uh, Ever since that one good arc finished the road uh, trip? with uh, oh. Oh, yeah. what's his yeah, face black, oh my god, guys, I am Manchester so Black, Manchester up right Black now on cough oh, medicine. Yeah. Right. Oh brother, uh, <laughs> there's little kids crossing the street illegally. They're about to get fucking hit. Oh no, there's just so <laughs> much chaos problems. going on in my life drunk. right now with a head cold. Got a hell Fine, head cold, I will complain all. it about it. I do have a head cold, He's not and it complain. sucks. You can hear it in my voice, and I'm cracking up. Yes. Well, um, he's not complaining. No, he doesn't complain. He's uh, not yeah, my $25 pull list is. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like me when I'm you know, drinking. Mr. Miracle. I'm gonna stick with it for now. I, it still intrigues me. Um, Doom Patrol. You. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal, uh, New Superman, yep. Super Sons, and Wildstorm. Even though it seems like Wildstorm hasn't come out like for a while. Sounds like this pull list is like uh, a forty-dollar pull list. Yeah, really. Its first arc was just absolutely <laughs> fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So I really like the Wildstorm, and that has graduated to my twenty-five-dollar pull list. Nice. Shade the Changing Girl, which I think was the best young animal book uh, to come out this year. Um, it's uh, now on yep. hiatus. Um, but I love that book so much, and I'm disappointed that I'm not going to be able to read a new issue for a while. Um, uh, what else? Uh, catching up with Jolly Drew. <laughs> nice. um, that's just about it for now. Um, uh, none of my friends wanted to come out and say hi today, especially Rant and Rave Randy. He's still got a he's still you in, know he's still working out his in routine the, in the stew pot <laughs> for a little longer. He's got a steep in the teapot for That's right. You a, don't want a, a bizarro. Hi, guys. I'm Rat hey, guys. I'm Brad Randy. Uh, yeah, see, he's just not coming out quite no. right yet. So um, with all that nonsense, you know, I'll let you guys go. These things don't need to be longer than five minutes, and so we're about to hit that right now. See you guys later. Boom, five minutes. Peace. Perfect. <laughs> he did it. Nice. Very but good. Yes, Very good. That is, I want to, hey, guys, I'm right, right, oh, Randy. That's not like a that's crazy my... Andy Rooney, isn't it? Hey, right. I want to tell you a little, little story. You were talking about uh, wedding DJs. At my yeah, yes. wedding, we had a DJ, and we, we didn't give him a lot of instructions, gave him a little bit of a playlist guidance, but told him, no requests, period. Really? No requests for everybody. Because we just knew it was going to be everyone wants to go up and listen to their fucking song. And lo and you behold, didn't. I'd say like two hours into it, my mother-in-law comes going. over to me 
wasted. Oh. And she's like, she's like the the DJ says he won't take requests. I said I'm the mother. I was like, nope, no requests. She said he won't play. It's raining men. <laughs> I was like, oh. get the fuck. I was like, gay marriage is legal now. Go head over to the, one of those. You'll definitely hear the goddamn <laughs> Say song. that or, or have him call Dance and Mike. He'll sing the male song. He'll yeah. <laughs> He'll do that. You'll have that. I just imagine like, hey, Reggie, you fuck, I'm your mother, and they won't even play the boot scooting boogie. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> you know, you, that shit goes on, and it, it just ruins everything. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you are a sourpuss. You oh, ruined yeah. the wedding for everybody there. They're but not I allowed to play their favorites. I want to be myself. a cowboy, somebody wanted, but they, they weren't allowed to play it. I love that your mother-in-law wanted to play It's Raining Men. Yeah. Holy That's moly. Ridiculous. Holy moly. Like nuts about it. Yes. Uh, the next rant and rave is uh, from Raging Rob Lewis. Raging Rob Lewis. Uh-oh. Wait, I'm going to have to up this. It, Rob's uh, I thing was down. I'm going to see. I'm working the board, Reggie. Here we go. All right. And I'm, I'm going, and now I have to get it up here. Oh, goodness gracious. It, it is such a fiasco. Here we go. Welcome to Raging Rob's DC rant where we're going to talk about Red Hood and the Outlaws number 14. Remember, this is a spoiler rant, so if you didn't read the book, go read it and come back so you can better enjoy the rant. (laughs) (laughs) I want to tell you, when you buy DC, don't buy one book, buy them in bundles, bundles, bundles. (laughs) That's the way to get DC. Now, I must first apologize for any name butchery. I'm really geeking out over this book. This is the greatest <laughs> book that DC has ever published. I want to tell you, DC is the greatest com- comic company ever, and every book that they publish is amazing. I love the direction that DC is going. They can do no wrong. And remember this, Sean and Jim, imitation is the sincerest form Oh, flattery. Yes, yes, there you go. There is a little uh, Oh, God, image. yeah, that was great. Oh, God, I love yeah. that. Oh, yes, I just want, uh, I, you know, I hear that Rob Lewis, I just want more and more and more. And I just think more, it's just so more, good. I more. want to get it more and more. More, yes. Rob has a little <laughs> shout-out to the Raging Bullets podcast there. That is awesome. I knew that you'd get a kick out of that. Reggie, and then we have yeah. one more, Rant and Rave, and this one I want to call the editor. They call him the editor. Now his watch has ended. R.I.P. in peace. Entered we, a.k.a. the we marine. <laughs> I finally able to decipher what? one of these. I never could decipher him before. So about the Ween Berean? It, it's about Len Ween. He oh, said right. it's the editor. He he threw in a little uh, thing for Watchmen. Then he had the the Ween Vereen at the end for the sure. Wolverine. Right. So yeah, oh, right. I, I finally of all these times that we get that, and really any time we get that shout out, it's always when somebody dies. So that that's such a a happy. Rant and rave when we get nice. that, but that is the end of the intro of the podcast, and now it is time to go to the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the
yeah, and I guess Eric's Reggie's. there, too. <laughs> uh, yes, you know why I love the fact that we're at the news now? Now I don't what? have to worry about fucking 800 sounds and, and clips. <laughs> now we can just, I can settle down, I can drink my coffee, and we can get into the news, which we haven't had news in a while. Like no. I said, I waited till we had a 15-hour podcast to bring it back. But there was some big news and some stuff that the Get Fresh crew wanted to hear. So the first one is, you ever hear the joke, a priest with a wood walks into a bar? You ever hear that one, Reggie? Yeah, you so hear that one? You didn't hear yeah. that one? Uh, yeah. Priest and Woods take over Justice League title. And this is the thing. For a while now, including when Brian Hitch was throwing shade at me on Twitter where he, you know, basically he had already announced that he was going to be off the book. Right. And yeah. he did go, I think, in my mind, and when I look back and me and Eric were talking about it at one point, I think that he spelled out the issue that he was going to be leaving when he was yelling at me. Because at I think that he did point, give some number. He was yes. like, I'm off in X issue. Yeah, he said, I'm yeah. sure you're going to be happy because I'm going to be off at number 33, something, something like, like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I, I felt bad because I, I know I've had some issues with him and his writing and things like that. But I, I end up feeling bad for people when I'm a dick like that. And he thought I was a dick, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I was being Well, he was dick. right. You, I mean, you are a dick. That is true. I guess he's a man that speaks the truth, right? Well, here you go. Uh, for the longest time, though, but that was a while. That was, you know, a month or so ago. A couple of months and ago, even. it yeah. just kept going where they weren't announcing who was going to be on the title. And I obviously, I think that I wasn't the only one who thought, well, they're, they're trying to find somebody good, number one. But I actually thought, and some other people thought, like it might have been a, like a Mark Waite or somebody that they couldn't announce it right away. Jonathan Hickman. That's or Jonathan like a, Hickman, a stuff like that. Yeah. Years now. yeah, and I thought that it was going to be someone along those lines that they had to work out the fine print and things like that. And yeah, I mean, because you grab guys like this uh, from outside the DC company, you, you got to work out like books that they're doing now and how they're going to finish those and things like that so I thought that that was going to be but that is not the case because it is Christopher Priest and Pete Woods are the new creative team for DC Comics Justice League title beginning with December 6th number 34 and the duo pick up after the outgoing writer artist Brian Hitch and what Priest calls DC's largest stage the festival of big gun characters Priest has never before been invited to write is what he said and yes he did say himself uh, he put himself in the third person, which is always my favorite. Well, uh, you know, when you when change it's... your name to Christopher Priest, I think that's what you have to do after yeah, that. I, <laughs> I actually, and I do like it that he just, I don't even think he calls himself Christopher anymore. He just goes full out with Priest, oh, including right. yeah. including on the credits page yeah. of the Deathstroke book, which I, I refuse to do that. He's no prince. He's a comic book writer. He's so you, so not... you'll change the name for Kay Perkins to Perkins, yes, but it won't change Because Kay Priest Perkins has – there's something up with that. She actually went on Twitter. Kay Perkins, the writer of Superwoman, you'll hear later, that mid-review I start just calling her Perkins uh -huh. because she seemed to be very upset about something with her name. So I'll then go with that. Then towards the end he starts calling her Porkins, and I was like, yeah, whoa, whoa, Porkins. Take it and, easy uh, now. Take and then it she easy. dies at the end on the Death Star run, and I'm very <laughs> yep. upset about it. But – the the problem is is priest he seems like he he's a little too big with his in his britches uh, here with maybe. this priest I don't know what's going on he's a good writer though I'll tell you he, he is a really good writer he wants. he's a good writer and, uh, and this yes. is good news as far as it is I, myself and everyone in the in the Get Fresh crew is concerned I, I, it was like boom. a party in the Slack chat they were just thrilled it about was. it it was I will tell them why they shouldn't be as excited when we get them this new story but it is my goal. 
uh, to mine a bit of new ore from this 50-plus-year-old franchise by taking the tech Jeff Johns and I developed for Deathstroke, a real-world approach, and exploring the character's humanity introspectively preset. Right there, I'm telling you, it's a little bit of a red light going off in my head, only because we have to have some books that have some fun, and I really want it to be the Justice League book. It does not seem like he wants to have any fun, but we'll see. It's Oops. it's going to be well-written. I'm, I'm never going to say that. I love his Destro. He, he writes probably the best dialogue. He writes pretty much the best story of tying things together. You really have to be on your toes everything you read, and you know that he will come back and tie it in just the whole idea of you know a real world approach to the justice league kind of throws mm. me off a little it does yeah, throw but, me but off also, a bit it's also sort of meaningless so we'll see what that we'll see yeah. what really happens you know it's just like he's saying things Yes, but, yes. Uh, that's cool. and then and then Pete Woods says, I cannot express enough how excited I am to be working with Christopher on the Justice League. He called him Christopher. He may be off now. You don't mm. call him Christopher. He's Priest. Woods added, the story we've got in store is something I think is a unique take. Again, I'm starting to worry. Okay. We want to give readers a different angle on the characters, their relationships, and just what it means to be a member of the Justice League. And I just, it's so weird to just in their announcement to already say, it's almost like they're prepping everyone. Like, listen, this isn't just going to be them punching Starro and, yeah. or, you know, this sort of thing. This is going to be a bit different. Which is actually what I would like to see more. That's of. what I, I want to see. see. I mean, like a robot suit or, you know, punching yeah. Starro. Yeah, I want to have some fun. I, I actually said that. Eric, when this was announced, I'm excited for it. I love Christopher Priest, or mm. Priest, if you will, but I actually wish there was almost like, and I'm not saying that Shea Fontana's bid on Wonder Woman was such a, a tremendous success, because I thought it wasn't, uh, but I would have liked to have maybe six issues of just somebody writing, you know, a Tom Taylor, come on, if he's not going to be on it full time, to come on and just have some fun with it, have some freaking, just a space adventure or something going on. Yeah, that'd be but we'll cool, see. yeah. But I, I do think that it'll be better than what we've had. And well, be- you know, I came up with a short list of people. I mean, I'm glad uh, Priest is going to be writing it. Yes. But uh, I came up with a short list of people that I think I'd also like to see write uh, Justice League of America other than uh, Brian Hitch. Okay, yes. can, I, can yes. I read a couple of the names? Oh, I, I can't wait for this. List. Okay, so, <laughs> so people I'd rather write Justice League other than Brian Hitch. Uh, little MRT Missy, uh, <laughs> Bad Touch Doctor Light, Crow yes. T Robot Fifty Five, Dan Mike, too. Uh, Sixty Champion, <laughs> Jolly Drew, and Robert Lewis Three. Those are all people I'd really like to see them take a stab at it. I other would than, like them to another take one, a stab Rafe, at Rafe it. Werner. That would be a good Rafe one. Werner. Like how about this? How about the situation? How about situation uh, would be a good uh, one? Aaron Judge uh, of the Yankees and uh, 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 Tom Brady. Uh, Wrong Tom turn. Brady. Wrong turn. He'd be good. Uh, be, he'd be better than Brian Hitch. And <laughs> then possibly uh, Humphrey Bogart. Would, would that be okay? Can we get him? <laughs> Somebody yeah. get him on the yeah. line. Gee, we get him? Andy God, Rooney. Yeah. He'd be good. What's and, the deal with Starro over here? Why do they call them chicken nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry Seinfeld. There you go. Those, Those are all my picks. And even possibly Rihanna. Well, I'll throw her in as well. I'm throwing her name in and maybe Migos. There we go. All all of Migos in there. But that is it is good news. And we'll see what's going on. And that is in December. But that's not the only changes. Sam Humphreys, Bernard Chang to take over Nightwing. Tim Seeley's heading off to 
greener pastures. You see what I did there, Reggie? Because he's going nice. to Green Lanterns. Green Lantern, you get it. very Do you good. you get movie. it? And Sam Humphreys is filling the void. It was reported earlier that Seeley would be taking over Humphreys' Green Lantern's book in November. Now it seems that Humphreys is returning the favor. He will begin his run with Bernard Chang on art in issue number 35 coming out on December 20th. And I think that's what it was. It was they traded Seeley for Sam Humphreys and a player to be named later is what it ended yeah. up being. But here is the solicit for that the untouchable hunters nightwing finally feels like he's got his life and blood haven under control but the one thing he wasn't expecting for, for was for a case from his past in gotham city to rear its head here a murderer he never set eyes on but whose unmistakable signature has arrived in his new city how many people will die before he stopped this time or worse than that what if dick can't stop him incoming creative team sam humphreys and bernard chang kick off a story that will take nightwing back to his days as robin and force him to question his future as well. And I know that a lot of people have been, you know, hyped up for Tim Seeley's uh, Nightwing. I, I don't like it at all. And I, think I don't like it he, either. No, I, it I seems really. Like he's I actually stuck haven't read the last two or three issues. Yeah. I think I just kind of walked away from it. Yeah, it it's just been seems really like lame. I think. Yeah, he he's just stuck doing. So I actually think that this is great news. And I think that Sam yeah. Humphreys. I actually. I've, I've liked his Green Lantern. I have the character too. Work is good. You know, that's what I was going to say. Concepts are. All right, you know, but yeah. the, the character work I like a lot. Yes, I love the way I he writes too. Jessica and, and Simon. And Simon, and I do too. Bernard Chang, you know that's going to look great. You yeah, know? I mean, so Bernard I actually, Chang's- and that's my main thing. Like you just said, I think that he uh, writes characters very well. And I think that that Nightwing book is already stale and they need some things. And really, I hope that this is the beginning of a bunch of changes. I would like I would like Green Arrow maybe to get a new writer. I think Ben Percy's been on it too long, even going back to the end of the New 52 when he was on it. Uh, maybe give him another book that maybe he can kind of, you know, stoke the fires creatively for himself because he doesn't seem to, you know, be down with it. I, I don't know. It's just boring. So hopefully this is the kind of thing that we're going to get because they're not going to they're never going to you know cancel uh they might cancel green lanterns but i think they're going to try their best to keep nightwing going so you know change they, it up they, a there'd be some you know there would be some green lantern book for sure but you're no, right they yeah. might take that book off the table i have a feeling uh, that if I'd they like, would I'd like to see more of this rather than reboots you know like that's what i'm saying yes that's what i want I think that that's a good idea. Now, would you think that if they do end up, say, they're like, listen, Green Lanterns goes from twice monthly down to single shipping, and then it, it's just not working out. People aren't liking it, whatever, and it gets canceled. Do you think then that they will rebrand the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern core book? Do you think maybe they'd have Hal go off to his own book so they maintain two Green Lanterns books, or do you think they'd just go with the one book? Because neither of those are selling that great anyway. No. It's I a shame. I don't know. Uh, I get. I get the feeling they'd want to have two Lantern books of some yeah. stripe. Yeah, but that's they. What I, I think, think they could be anything. I think it could be even like Green Lantern Core, and then like I don't know, Guardians and the White Lantern, or yeah, whatever the hell. Something like Who that. knows where the story will yeah, be at yeah. the time? So they would do something. I hope they don't like relegate Simon and Jessica. You know, I mean, now we're kind of thinking ahead to that book being yeah, canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, they did, I, then I all they they'd be on. I relegate them to, like, the background after yeah, that. Yeah, they I would only like be characters. on, then, the Justice League would be the only book, right. or they'd have them show up occasionally. But I do, I love Simon and Jessica. Those are two yeah. of my favorite characters. And I just, I hope that this, and Tim Seeley, I know I've been down with him, but maybe he'll have something to do. And, and when he shows up in the Green Lantern's book, he'll wow us as well. Maybe sure. it's just like a change of scenery will help us both uh but the last 
story is a somber one, and mm-hmm. it is Len Wein, famed comic book writer who created Swamp Thing and Wolverine, dead at 69. And Len Wein, a prolific which and is a, Which is a pretty cool age to die at. It is. Admit. It That's is pretty nice. good. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, uh, Gronkowski on the Patriots, he would really appreciate that. He's trying to get his name cha- or his number changed to 69 nice. like a douchebag. <laughs> Len Wein, a prolific and influential comic book writer who gave life and dimension to fan-favorite characters, including Swamp Thing and Wolverine, has died while hospitalized in Los Angeles. Wien, who died Sunday at 69, has been struggling with poor health for months, a battle he chronicled, sometimes with a touch of humor, sometimes with resignation on Twitter. Mm. And during a decades-long career, Wien was a mainstay of the comic industry, laying hands on classic good-versus-evil characters like Batman and Superman, but more often introducing or reviving characters who struggled with human frailties and the complexities of life. And Diane Nelson, president of DC Entertainment, said Wien was regarded as a legend in the industry and she wrote on the DC website he wrote or edited almost every major DC character that's hardly a facet of DC's uh, there hardly is a facet of DC's world that Len didn't touch she said on their website and it is a shame and he was kind of in and out on Twitter and things like that but he had been having problems for a while yeah he and, was in and out of the hospital he actually had longer posts on Facebook and yeah. really this is Lifelong, something I read, you know, after his passing was a story that when he was 17, he had some kind of blood disease and he was told he wouldn't live uh, the year out. He would die really? within the year. So he he grabbed 52 extra years on top of that. You know, that's pretty awesome. He yeah, uh, that, hung around crazy. a lot longer than people expected. And uh, yeah, too bad, really. You know, not yeah. not not that young, but maybe too no. young to die. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it, know. you know, when when you get as old as me. Yeah, you start, you know, you start to look at the uh, frailties of life when things yeah. like this happen. I, I'm telling you, I wake up and get in a karate stance, thinking that the goddamn Grim Reaper's right behind, ready to grab me. <laughs> so I got to be on the up and up here. But yeah, it's a shame. And when if people jumping on Rebirth really wouldn't have gotten a chance, but if you do, he right before Rebirth started, he did have a Swamp Thing miniseries. A, a that six part arc. It was pretty good. Yeah, we like. I remember being a little like confused at the beginning because. It was a kind of a different swamp thing. Yes. But yes. Uh, I enjoyed it by the end. I was glad to have read it. And-, and and the best thing I can say about it is if you are interested to read that one, but you really, you can go and read a lot of things by him. But if you were interested in that, you can jump in and eventually it is a self-contained story. You, you really yeah. don't have to know too much by the end. Uh, actually, I think that our problem was you knew too much and it started to confuse exactly you and things like was, that. Yeah. that. That was the problem, but it was good. And I know you did. did you met him, right? When, I did. Uh, I met him yeah. at San Diego Comic Con, and I got him to sign a yes, uh, print to you that said "fuck you," yes, which he was he very did. he was very glad to write that. He was yes. like, "Yeah, no problem." And he yeah. said, "Fuck you, Jim," or whatever. I have a lean uh, print that I says mean, I mean, "fuck no, for you, me, Jim." For, for me personally, Swamp Thing is the character that really brought me into superhero comics. You know, yeah. I've been reading them kind of like liking them okay, but when I first read, and it wasn't Len Wein Swamp Thing, but it was his character. Uh, yeah. really pulled me in and then through that I got into Batman and then so yeah. on and so on and then it became something I, more part of my interest but uh, you know you can't diminish Len Wein the man yeah. had really did do it all in comics uh, yeah. great 
Good guy. And even uh, he was the editor on that, Watchmen, but... right? He did the Watchmen. He was the editor there. He did a lot of crazy right. stuff. I uh, I got to hang up that print. I got to hang a bunch of stuff up. And in my room, I'll have it right next to the dirty sock and the mattress behind me. I'll, I'll tack it onto the mattress. I'll tell you, at one point, if I took a picture, I always see these people. I told Eric this. I think it was this week where I saw somebody else with like, hey, just moved into the new studio. And I'm looking. I'm like, what? The, what are these Rockefellers? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have the I'm telling you shit's falling apart in this room and I'll, I'll right in the middle of Len Wein print I'll take a picture. If somebody looked they would think that I might be like human trafficking in this room. Yeah. It's that bad. I imagine it, it looks like a crack house. I'm imagining it does. pretty much. Yeah. Oh, th- this room, you know, th- my house is a wreck anyway because of all the kids, but this room pretty much doesn't really get touched by anybody, so there is about 17 million freaking coffee. It's a it's a wreck. My wife goes by and just looks at it, shakes her head, and walks on by, and I tell her, you keep walking. You, you don't stop. You keep walking. You look again. You're going to be hurt. But now the studio gonna... in your house is the bad neighborhood in the house. You know that you is like, true. I did say I... the, the light yeah. outside is shot out. You know what I mean? Whatever. Exactly. We just... Well, I did say that's the only thing that I really wish that I had like a recording, like recording light, because I, I'm recording and they come in busting in the house, screaming and yelling. They know I usually record at a certain time. They come in screaming yeah, like. Day. It's the worst. It's the worst. But yes, well, that is it for the news. And it's sad that, that Lem Wings passed. But like you said, he had a, a big life, especially in comics. And, you know, it's just yeah. a shame he wasn't around a little longer. And really, the the main shame to me is that he was suffering for a while. I mean, he's mm. been sick for a little bit. So well, on that summer note, we'll go off and go to the mail. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. done we should have had eric take his laptop uh and get just drunk we could have had uh, drunk eric part two i just that would have been nice yeah i did see him online today he was on twitter so i don't know if that was just on jess's phone or, or whatnot but that that would have been a pretty good call in maybe but, he lied maybe there is no wedding and he's I was just thinking home of playing that with too. his imagined that son of a that's bitch it. Yeah, you know, he got that snake mountain. With that castle, that snake mountain. Yeah, he got right. the he's snake like... mountain from from Dance of Mike. I got a thing or two to tell Dance of Mike. He he ruined Eric for the whole week. I'm telling you, it, it, he got it in on Tuesday too, so he had reviews to do. Next thing you know, he's playing with Snake Mountain, sitting like well, a, all he did was complain all week about how he didn't have enough time to play with Snake Mountain. That yeah, he had that's to do all other it things. was. <laughs> nothing else, nothing you know, nothing going on. Not like, hey, I'm in the middle of getting my my cellar dweller show together, <laughs> which later on in the show you'll hear Reggie is as throwing down the gauntlet. He is making a bet that is crazy yeah. later on in the show about Eric. I'm going to be okay. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I think you will as well. Well, we're going to start the first mail section with All New Dave. And if you want to get involved like All New Dave, all you have to do is email us at uh, weirdscience.com. 
DCComics at gmail.com. I got to I gotta pace myself here, Reggie. I'm getting all excited. When I start right. talking trash on Eric, uh, my heart aflutters. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop. I get all giddy. But All New Dave says, hi, Jim, Eric, and the entire Get Fresh crew, boop, boop, including <laughs> Reginald. Long Hello. time, no speak. I managed to catch up with Action Comics, which I think will have to be my entire pull list for a while. I enjoyed the revenge arc and thought the only human one was okay. The first issue of The Oz Effect was a little disappointing for me, as I was hoping for Mr. Oz to be revealed as Osmondeus. And it's funny, if it was a little bit before, until Jarrell, this is why I think that it, it was revealed as Jarrell and it's not really Jarrell, because if all of this and it's Osmondeus, and that's what people would be like, really? All right. this time he went by Mr. Oz, and that's the reveal? I think this is Jarrell is new Coke. You you get Jarrell, and then you're like, oh man, that doesn't make much sense. Oh, but I'll go with it. And then the big reveal in three issues is that it is Ozzy from it the is Watchmen. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think that that's around the lines of what's going on. It just yeah. seems just doesn't fit. I sat there, and really, the main thing that I think of it's Jarrell, and he's that concerned with his son, and he's all this. Why wouldn't he just come and just reveal himself? There's yeah, no reason there's for him to be behind the scenes. Sure. Yeah, and, and there's other people who think like he's being controlled by somebody, he, you know, something like that. But we'll see. But although Jarrell makes sense looking back, he says, "I, I can't, I can't put it together." The one thing that got me, and I thought was the big reveal, the first appearance in Superman number thirty-two in the New Fifty Two, Jeff Johns and that awful John Romita art. Uh, mm. He first saw. You first saw Mr. Oz, and he's watching on the monitors, and he says, okay. And it's a, I think it was the machinist that Superman was fighting, and he was also with Ulysses and all that nonsense back in the New 52. And he was down on the ground, and Mr. Oz was like, come on, get up, get up, Clark, just like I taught just you. Just like I taught you, yeah. Yes, and I was like, huh, that makes sense, until Eric's like, how the fuck does that make sense? He was a baby. He wasn't yeah. teaching a baby how to do anything. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Sometimes, Eric Shea, you're right on the nose. So it's definitely Jonathan Kent. That's what you're That's, telling us. Okay, I'm telling you, right. would it be crazy that it is a Superman reborn combo of Jarrell and Jonathan Kent as the father? I don't know. I mean, anything I goes as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, really, know. really. Oh, the, and it's funny, too, because in that first couple issues with it, he also kept going and talking to somebody that was trapped there behind a door and like, you know, right. you would love it if you saw what was going on and shit like that. So I would assume that was Mixie, but who knows? Everything. This is just like how they tied the Watchmen in to what happened at the beginning of the New 52 because everything is very vague so that you can kind of make it work later. I think that that's their game anymore yeah. at DC is just just be as vague as possible so we can figure out shit two weeks before it comes out. <laughs> he says, do you think this was always the plan or are changes being made along the way? And I think that I've pretty there much spelled it out. Yeah. I think that there are changes made along the way. And also, this is the other thing that I, I don't even know if me and Eric talk about it in a little bit with the book. Um, you had Mixie, and he was there, and you really got no inkling that it was him until all of a sudden when it looked like, okay, it's going to be him, so they had him eating candy and shit mm -hmm. like that. But still, it was out of nowhere. With Jarrell, the last issue where all of a sudden you had these you know, agents of Oz, like all of a sudden that popped up, and then that's a big thing. And that's why I think that it was – it's you know on the fly. They're calling audibles at the line is what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, I do. It, I think so odd. too. 
Jarrell does seem more of a bad guy than I would have expected. The next issues will have plenty of family drama and a swerve or two, so I'm optimistic going forward. Also, I really like the art, especially the last panel reveal. The art was great. That last mm-hmm. panel was incredible. Uh, the other thing that I have to say, if you go and look, I do believe if you look at that original, you know, his origin when he first showed up, it does not look like that eye was messed up in that original deal. So I think that that's something that's going to play out as well. We'll see. I'd like to finish to, by saying thanks to Jim for all the help getting me set back up last weekend. I said, I'm a nice guy, Reggie. What did you do? No, he he had to get back on Slack, and and he actually joined the Patreon. Awesome. He's a badass and stuff like that. So I got him all set up and and got him involved. Uh, Just normal stuff. It's because I'm a nice guy, Reggie. What a guy. What a guy. People may say that I'm an asshole, but I'm a caring asshole. Also, Reggie, I'm your asshole. So at least that that means something. (laughs) Hope everyone has a good week going forward. And that is from All New Dave. And welcome back, All New Dave. And that's awesome. Uh, Yeah. I hope that you Thanks, enjoy Dave. the Patreon. That that just shows you. All new Dave came back, and he right away he he ended up getting a new job and ended up joining the Patreon right away. And he he awesome. can only afford one darn book, but yeah, he's on the Patreon as a badass. So that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, the next one though is Stu. Mm. And I don't know if Stu's listening. Just or, dancing or what. Stu from The Simpsons. It, it might be. It's Disco <laughs> Stu. Disco you know Stu. What? That's right. Disco Stu. Does not advertise. That is true. He does not advertise. But Stu says, hello. Hello. I just wanted to drop you guys a line to test your read everything policy. So he was wondering if I was actually going to read this. I started listening to you when Rebirth started and couldn't get through too much of the podcast due to your excessive cursing and faux anger, Reggie. Faux anger. Faux, and I love this faux anger that you have. It's like yeah, people uh. say, people need to hear you when we don't record. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the shit really hits so the fan. so fucking angry. Oh, my God, yes. Seriously. You can't yeah, really. When I'm yelling about stuff that I don't want people to hear, boy, I, I flip a fucking <laughs> lid. Oh, my God. Seriously, you can't expect us to believe you care that much about comic books that it sounds like you're having a coronary every two minutes. I got news uh, for you, boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. real. I, I'm telling you, I wish it wasn't. Plus, yeah. how do you expect people to get through a seven-hour podcast? I said, there's the stat. Seven hours. I'm yeah, that, telling you, that's half seven. of this one. So yeah, yeah. really. I'm, I'm telling you, seven hours. And I get I, when a podcast hits and it's seven hours, I, I get like seven messages asking me if everything's all right. <laughs> what, what, was there a death in the family or something? It's seven hours. I get, most people were like, that doesn't even get me through one day of work. And that's the thing. Now, Eric, in the meantime, Eric has this weird plan that he said from the, what he wants to do. I think he mentions it sometime in this podcast as well, or maybe on the Patreon. I forget which one it was that we recorded, that he said he wants to split up each week the podcast into three sections. And he wanted to have like the first section come out on Wednesday that would be three hours, then the next one on Friday at three hours, and then the the, the Sunday night one being the end or whatever. And I said, I don't know, because a lot of people, what they tell me is they look forward to Monday where they have to go back to their shitty jobs, and they look forward to the new podcast. 
podcast. So I, I think that that would throw all of that out also, of the mix. So how are you gonna how are you gonna fit a fifteen hour podcast into three know. three parts of three hours each? Yeah, well I know. Yeah, it really he should be three <laughs> You'd parts be fucking of five. Record five hours. But then five I told him too because be here's it. here's what he doesn't realize. It's like even when we do the Patreon or the regular spotlight. Here's Eric. It's like all right, power down that Patreon spotlight. My day is done. Looks like yeah. I'm going to go watch three movies where I'm sitting there editing for an gonna hour edit. after that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you Shut son up. of a – Sunday, on Sundays when I'm editing the podcast, he like, he'll like he write messages to me and like, man, this sucks. I was going to watch this, 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 and this, but I only <laughs> can watch this, this, and this. I'm like, I am halfway through editing the podcast that I've been doing for six hours. And you're you're doing this nonsense. So then he's just like, we should do that. And then he goes, would that mean more editing for you? I'm like, fuck yeah, it would. I'd be up until every every day of the week. I'd be up till midnight. Son of a bitch. Wow. That's all he does. And then, now that my watch, that's all. He, he, yeah, while I'm doing it, he's at Taco Bell. Oh, yes, but seven hours. That that's like a dream. Oh. Give it up, guys. It's not like you are even that popular. <laughs> Oh, geez. This is like I'm in high school again. Exactly. By the way, by the way, your Patreon page is an epic failure, just like the two of you are in real life. And that is sign Stu. And I can only imagine, Reggie, that he knew that you were going to be on. He means you. Definitely. That's me and you, both epic failures. Am I really an life. epic failure, though? I mean, I think I'm sort of like a, a normal one of the I mill failure. I, nah, I, no, you're an epic failure. All right. Both yeah. of us are. I, here's the thing. I'll go full out and tell you. If you're going to be a failure, might as well be an epic failure. Why, why be so. a run go of the mill failure? Go, right? <laughs> go down in a blaze of goddamn glory. Also, it would have been funny at the end if it was signed Rafe. Then I then I would understand. I would understand what's going on. Uh, I had to yell at them in between there, in between segments, because all of a sudden they decide it's a goddamn party downstairs. They put on Family Guy. It's at a a fucking eight million decibels. They're (laughs) dancing around, making soup in the microwave with uh, styrofoam freaking bowls. Shit's melting. It's on fire. Nice. Last week they started a fire in the in the microwave, and now they almost did again. But that is thank you, Stu. I think I think maybe instead of a uh, box spring up against your door, you should just nail yourself in there and just let, should, the, let them like have the rest coffin, of the house. Like a coffin. When they exactly. finally do, when they finally do try to get me out, I, I have like scratch marks on the door as I'm trying to claw my way out there. Yep. Uh, but yes, uh, do you think Stu likes the name Stuart? Do you think that's why it goes um, by Stu? Not, no. Do you like no. the name Stu? Not really, no. I, I, the only one I like, Stuart Copeland, who was in The Police, but that, that's about it, I think. It wasn't there that character on Saturday Night Live, Stuart? Wasn't it like Stuart Saves the World or whatever that? Wasn't, there, wasn't it Stuart Smalley? Wasn't that the guy? I who think was, that's what it did, was. You know, gosh darn, you're good enough. Whatever, <laughs> yes, I like that's you. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I think that that's maybe that was him. Maybe that that was, that was Al, Al Franken. That was an Al Senator, Franken character. Yes, Senator Al Senator. Franken. Senator Al Franken. But that is it for the first mail section. Thanks, Stu, for making me want to jump off a goddamn bridge. And uh, we'll be back uh, in a minute with the books.
Eric Shea, it's your turn to shine, my friend. What are you talking about? I'm it's not here. Your, I'm at a wedding. It's your time to shine. By the time this comes out, you're going to be hungover. We talked about this already. You're going to be hungover. Many I am going to I'm going to guess that you're going to go into this wedding with a full idea that you will not drink, and that'll go down the tubes because you'll get nervous and anxious, and then it'll be all down the tubes, right? I have a feeling that I'm going to get drunk before the wedding even takes place. Oh, you are? Like what? You're going to get like, the edge off, Jim. You're going to get the edge off, huh? A little wine cooler, some Bartles and James for you. Do they <laughs> Something still make like Bartles that. and James? I don't know. I have no idea. But, Eric, I know what this is, and this is the first book section of oh. the podcast and probably one of the biggest book sections that we've had since Rebirth started with the, you know, the Oz, Mr. Oz reveal and then medal number two. And we'll and start Clayface off And Clayface going bad. And Clayface Going bad, kind of. Good. Not yet, but yes. And will he? And yeah. Uh, we, we've been saying that all along, which we'll get into that. Uh, but this is the book section of the podcast. You can go and read our reviews at weirdsciencedccomics.com. And you can then throw shade at me in the comment section like everybody that seems, seems to, to be. That seems to be what everybody does. Yeah. Yeah, at one point, I, I could walk in, do my reviews, and sit back and laugh at Eric Shea getting shamed by everyone. Nope, now it's me getting shamed, and I think it's because I put my balls on the line, Eric. I put them on the line. You know, read between the lines, buddy. What goes but around comes around, That's man. right. Well, it, it, the problem is... I have to tell you, some of these books, I end up kind of in your mode of the Burnside Batgirl. You didn't like it. Nope. You told people how. And I would hope that – I know, and even in the Slack chat, there kind of a heated discussion at one point uh, about Mr. Miracle that we'll hear about later. Uh, but, yeah, these books, there is no agenda except to get them the, the hell done and go to bed. That's Seriously. my Tuesday agenda. night. I would like to do something other than read and review comic yeah. books until freaking eleven o'clock. Yeah, at night. I mean, if people listening are thinking like, "Oh man, Jim has this thing," and he, oh man, he's he's mad with power. This man, <laughs> uh, I was I was mad with tiredness the because I got is home some free time. Oh uh, yeah, I got yeah, really, I got home at three three thirty, I believe, uh, on like Tuesday, that. and I was reviewing books until eleven thirty at night. And yep. yes, at one point, I did stop to make dinner for my kids but i didn't even eat i just i had to do stuff and it's hard to the way i have this little table that i have my computer on it's hard for me to have any food around that anyway so i just kept going and then usually i stay up till 12 to make sure everything hits right and we have the comic book roundup and stuff like that this I, Tuesday. I passed out I, yeah. I ended up hit fucking, you know, I, I scheduled it, whatever, and then I, I conked out, and I woke up the next morning, and I'm like, I don't even, it's one of those, I didn't even remember going to sleep, I was so tired. But yeah, I don't know why, I'm, I'm singing the blues. I I'm, I guess, Eric, I'm a crybaby, is I know, what they what say. I heard on the, the word on the yeah. street. 
Somebody on the, the comments said, ha ha, cry baby. I, I don't know what that means uh, because all I did was say what cry, I thought. Baby. Yeah, well, I, it, it was very odd the, the way it was used. And I hate these anonymous comments then when I say, listen, Tom King, just use your real name. <laughs> don't sit there and try to hide. No, and I sit there and I'm like, okay, care to explain? And then I get mad because they don't. So then I, I start responding to my goddamn self. And then I'm yelling and I'm yeah. And then I, I actually was on edge because then there's people left and right. Every review. I'm sorry. But in my mind, not every book this week was a 10 out of 10. I no. don't know. It, it, it might just be me. I guess I'm but, the only one. I'm Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative the Nancy. thing is, nobody told the other reviewers out there when everything special, nothing is. Yeah, that's true. You give a 10 out of 10, then there's no such thing as anything else. I mean, you can't just And when you give everything out. a 10 out of 10, Jesus. Everything's a 10 out of 10. And, I, I just, and then I get mad because people are saying stuff. I'm like, okay. You motherfuckers. And then I start, like, now I'm throwing out stats. Like, I don't know. In my 1,968 reviews, I, you know, I, I have to drop stats. That's when I'm dropping stats and science and, and knowledge and bombs, Eric, and pants oh. and kids off to school and Here. candy bars. And Better peanuts. Put those pants back on and and drop little Debbie snack cakes, preferably Star Crunch. And cereal, everything but a grape nuts or a Cheerios, Eric. I'm just dropping it all. Dropping it all, Eric. Ain't dropping that weight, apparently. <sighs> no, no. And and what you mean is this unwanted weight I have uh, that is a Eric family. Shea on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> They're like, oh, did you drop that weight? Yeah, I dropped that dead weight. Yeah, he, he's at a, a wedding. <laughs> he's at a wedding this week. Yeah, I dropped it. You want to get into this? You want to talk about the books? Because Let's do the, the books. first book is Detective Comics, and I'll just get right to it. And then we'll discuss what we did not like and did like, Eric, because it's not huh? like we hate everything about everything. No. We only hate most things about most things. Detective Comics number 964, written by James Tynan IV, which actually it's story by and written by, script by Chris Sabella. And if people don't know, we mentioned it last time, I just want to throw it out there right now. Chris Sabella will be the one who is taking over Blue Beetle. While I don't understand why he's doing this, I, I really don't know why he's doing this little couple issues. Uh, unless something that we don't know about James Tynan, because I, unless he's working on, he Bat did Woman? do. Yeah, but he's been doing Batwoman. There has to be something else. There has to be something that would make sense why Chris Sabella would go in. Well, maybe James Tynan just wanted a break, and they said, you know what, Chris Sabella, you're not be. supposed to be on Blue Beetle for a little while. You want to step in, you know, put yes. some stuff here before you get the deep into your goddamn Blue Beetle The problem with that, though, run? in my mind, usually when that happens, you get the machinist show up, Eric, or you get Lex Luthor, who's going wonky. You get these type of stories. This story goes full in with what and ties into past continuity of this book. Yeah. To me, it's a very odd thing because it seems like it's an integral part of this run to have him just step in. It's it just me thinking that, especially with the stuff that goes on with Clayface. This is stuff that, you know, James Tynan has been setting up since the beginning of Rebirth to have somebody else come in and do it. It just seems weird. And I want to know what it is, Eric. I am not the world's greatest detective, though. Uh, unfortunately, just I, the world's I greatest haven't found that. The world's greatest buffet analyzer. Art by Carmen Canero, Ulysses Ariola, and Eric, one Sal Cipriano. 
Cipriano. I'm telling you, I don't feel it today. Fine. <laughs> I don't feel. I don't know. I, but it's never Sal Cipriano that I like, Eric. It's always it's a sexy brother. Talk about my sexy it's brother. a sexy brother. I think that Sal Cipriano's sexy brother is living in the utopia. There you go, the tent to city. Would you be caught dead in that tent city? No. No. It's like a little Hooverville down there. I don't need that shit. Close quarters. Guys with guns Uh, walking around. Yeah, that's that's what threw me off. Uh, uh, When we get to that, remind me. Yeah, Guns. Utopia. And then he goes into this, you know, thing, and Stephanie just has to walk by these armed gorillas. And I don't mean from Gorilla City, Eric. Detective Comics this week is all about being reminded that Clayface is a monster and the victim syndicate are still hanging around, Eric. We also get a very confusing anarchy Stephanie Brown story. An art that was good, but panel progression that had me scratching my head more than once. And I do think that this issue in general was uh, very confusing to me of what was going on, what we were supposed to be getting here. Uh, Even it starts off Arkham Asylum yesterday and you have this ha ha ha. And there's a guy, you know, working the grounds. He's just uh, freaking raking up leaves. Oh, God, not that sound again. Are we supposed to think that he's saying that because that's something that the Joker used to do around there? But to me, it, it seemed like going in this, it seemed so stupid to think that that's what it was because then you have where Basil has been visiting Glory, Mudface, Mud all face, this time. Yeah. So then you even get like the, are, is he just mad because there's some people having fun in here and it's Basil and that, but they're talking about it and he goes and visits them. This was set up, again, before where he was upset about Glory, really felt bad and was going to go visit her in Arkham because he didn't want her to be alone and just rot in jail. And, you know, so he goes there and they talk about the good old times. They're talking about all the stuff that, you know, happened in the jail at the, it starts with, but then they're talking also about when they were both on movie sets and they did work together if you're not aware if you just jumped in uh glory was somebody who was working on a movie with basil when he turned into clayface and then he came back to kind of get revenge or just go because she was almost like his biggest fan but plus like a uh, personal yeah assistant but uh, yeah times. it kind of changed you know what i mean it kind of changed from being the biggest fan who was just kind of a fangirl to being a personal assistant slash being part of the crew, it seems, because yeah. she's like around. But the the problem is, is where you have the victim syndicate, where they're based on the whole concept of listen, Batman. You may think he's good, but what he does, he leaves these victims behind. There's the people he forgets, like some, even like somebody. If me and Eric Shea are driving home from work, and Superman swoops in to stop, I don't know. Uh, who who metallo and then our car ends up going off a bridge and we die or you die or whatever but that's the people that batman leaves behind well and batman that's the ones he leaves behind the chaos of of his life ends up ruining a lot of people's lives that batman doesn't seem to really care about or at least that's what the victim syndicate wants to tell you now glory here is kind of a microcosm of that as well because she is basically Clayface's first victim. She has really not a lot to do with Batman. It's more of the Clayface. So how she is there as kind of a female Clayface was all because of what Basil did when he turned into Clayface. But they're there and they're having tea. And that's one of the things here because, you know, we have the whole New 52 rebirth continuity and we don't really discuss on about how Basil became Clayface in this continuity. And like, you know, 
what was the point of him becoming Clayface and then taking these toxins and pouring it on Glory? Like, yeah. it's never really – it's just something that he did, but I don't know why. And I yeah, never yeah, explained and, and this. It's, it's so weird because the way it, it seemed to me was like he came back to kind of like destroy what he cared about that he could never have. Like something like that, but it's just – it's really forced with what he supposedly did to glory but he's there he feels bad and seems to be friendly with her here and they're talking about the old times and like i said at one point you have basically he's there like hey speaking of remember bear ruin choir which is so funny because he says that as if like hey does that jog your memory right behind him the panel before is the movie poster for bear ruin it's so forced and the art doesn't match up it's not a huge thing but it it just threw me off oh my god and they tell the story and it really is filler i mean it really all it's basically trying to show you is that they were friends yeah uh before they they don't give me the things that i want to know like why did he end up doing this how did he become clayface that in this continuity that like made him become the monster that he is now and like lead him to do these things i'm like they're they keep playing the aspect like even if you're cured once we get to it you're always going to be the monster that yeah. did this to me, but I want to know what led to that. I don't yeah, want to hear and, about and the good funny times. Is, you're, though, you're skipping over all the stuff yeah. that is important to the story right and now. And instead of that, they're going to give you the good old times to show that this Glory was a good person that really got along with, with Basil. And then so when he does turn and when she does say that, that's where it's kind of a forced way to be like, okay, I understand where she's coming from, but we didn't before. And it's bad enough that she – but they're talking. They're having fun talking about this. And on the set, they had a drunken writer who who yeah, didn't really care. He's collecting a big paycheck. He had a director who seemed like a prima donna. And what ended up happening, which doesn't really make a lot of sense anyway, was Hope – or Glory and uh, Basil went in. And Glory redid the script while Basil made sure this drunk – didn't wake up but still how does that go from that to actually being filmed with this it, it's a again it's very forced and they made an awful movie they yeah. it was terrible which made me laugh anyway because they're there and like yep we we made a hell of a team too bad we didn't make a good movie and that's where uh glory's like uh I'd kill to work on a big movie that bad again. And that's where you have Clayface or Basil's like, listen, I got some good news for both of us. There might be a cure. And I'm thinking, okay, this is good. And that's where she, I see. And this is where he explains it. Like, listen, this Dr. October, she's real smart. She has an idea of this thing you and me got. And, you know, as she's like, we can finally put this behind us, uh, you know, mud face or glory. We can do this. And this is where she flips out. Now, it's weird because... He was Clayface when this happened. This was not – like I would think by now he would explain to her, listen, I'm trying to get away from this Clayface thing. You know I'm – Clayface, I didn't have a mind. I had lost my mind. She just goes full out like, you know, fuck you. You know what? There's no going back. You're a monster. You always will be and turns on him on a dime. Oh, it's nice talking about the good old days or whatever. You're still a monster. You always will be. Talking about good times, but – you're still a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, basically like that. Now, in the meantime, it's just it just out of nowhere. And I know it does make sense to a point, but the way they did it was so – Chris Sabella made it so forced into a point where you want to have you know, those two almost be the best of friends – 
just so she can turn and then you can see like oh my god this victim syndicate they mean business and and that's all it seems to me and and because they can't really have the first victim do this this is like the surrogate version of what the first victim has the problems with batman you can't batman isn't going to talk to the first victim so you can't have and it's never going to be something like hey you know what let's slap hands and fucking you know be friends they couldn't do that. So this, to me, is a very forced way to just reestablish the problem that the first you know, or the victim syndicate has, that there's no way you can make us better. You have already done it. You know, it's almost like you're out of order. Batman's out of order. The system's out of order. And you go from there. And it just, to me, it just felt very forced. And then you go and basically it leads from that into where Clayface is now. And Dr. October is doing this thing where she's trying to make him, you know, become Clayface long enough and see if he can hold it long. But I just want to ask you, what's so bad about him living the rest of his life with that gauntlet, the, the bracer that know. makes him the in the basement? It seems like I think they said earlier on that it will stop working eventually. Yeah, but that that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? For what they're doing. Uh, to eventually say, he'll become immune to it or something like that. I, yeah, but we don't really – you know what I'm saying? We've never had it where he's out and all of a sudden it conks out because it's been too long. All we're being stressed of is the length of time he can't be Clayface. And then she says even, even Duck. After October, while she's trying to explain, is like you got to do this so that you can go. But just holding the clay face form to me—that's not what he wants. That—that's not. You know what I'm saying? No. As and basically, there she's saying like you got to learn to take it so your mind doesn't go. It just to me is very odd in general of how this is played out because the best times he's had is with this bracelet thing on. But it never seems. I think that they should have done the opposite of you wear this bracelet too much and somehow and you're gonna your brain. you're gonna lose your mind i think that that would be the better play because at this point they're making the it only fall then yes well you get everything you want you get to be basil carlo again but it destroys your mind in the yeah, process it's gonna destroy your mind again and i think that what's happening is they're making a little metaphor here too is that pretty much that bracelet or whatever you'd call it uh is kind of like the drug and, and he, you know, as he's Clayface, he just wants it back because, you know, he he's having withdrawal oh, from yeah. doing like that and all going that. Through withdrawal yeah, the way so he's it's acting something right with here. that. Like he just wants he can't do it. He he needs a little bit longer. Like, yeah. Because at the one point when we see him here, when we get to the present day, he's now at twelve hours and twenty three minutes at being yeah. in the Clayface form, and he is just losing his shit. Yeah, over and it they and said before lashing out because he doesn't yeah. want to do it anymore. And they even said before, like twelve hours seemed to be like the crazy deal, but like I'm saying, like. Where do you get the idea that the cure revolves around him maintaining himself as Clayface? I don't know, man. I'm not some can. kind of clay doctor. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not either. And it's never been fully explained. But just in this thing, like he's there, he's having fun with Mudface until she kind of throws shade at him. But then when he goes back, like I just don't get the idea. And maybe that we end up having that Dr. October is kind of – on the sly, fucking, I don't know. Maybe no. it's a plan because it just, I don't get what the cure would be and why that would revolve around him maintaining his, his clay face form. Uh, like all right now, I can Batman say is. trust Dr. October. Yeah, she Everything does. And that's ever, why. She's on the up and up. So I, yeah, I, I can't think even she say is. she's doing anything on the sly. No, I, I think she is. But like, like I said, if it was one of those, like, well, when you're going to be clay face, we have to, I just, I just don't get it in general. And here he just goes nuts. He goes nuts. And then we kind of get the reminder again. This is kind of a, 
Now to recap, but it's going to reestablish some things for maybe new readers jumping on of the fact that pretty much Cass can, you know, kind of take care of him and kind of help him. And even at this point, she's struggling with that and basically has to kind of beat him down and throw the, you know, the bracelet on or the bracer. And uh, yeah, she does. She loves him. This is like her dad, I think, you know, a surrogate dad to her, at least a brother or something. But yeah, she really does. Yeah, yeah, and really at the end you even see it even more later. But even the like the point where you have that where she grabs the the bracer and puts it on him and then all of a sudden there's like it almost is like a fear construct, a yellow construct behind him. I'm, I don't get it. I, like is that just supposed, you know, it's in the bracer, it's coming out, but it just seems so weird how they, they I don't even understand that. how she got the bracer. Like she f- shoved her arms inside of him while she had the bracer and then put it on. It was a, it was an odd transition to yeah. show how he got she got the bracelet back on him in the clay face yeah. form. I'm like, okay, I'll go with it. I don't quite understand what happened right there, but whatever. And that was like, here's where you have the continuation of the problem where you have basically like, oh, I didn't mean it. Because while he was doing it, he was yelling some pretty awful things at Dr. October. You know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to make you hurt. And then when he gets the thing, again, she should be another one who realizes that's not him. That's him losing his mind. And then he's like, listen, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't want to hurt anyone. God, are you okay, Victoria? And she's like, I'm fine. Just don't. And so I'm you like, never turn your back on an addict. I'm like, why are why are you why are you mad now? And then she's like, maybe we shouldn't pass the 12 hour threshold next time. And he's like, listen, I just make everything worse. I don't want to be put like I don't want to be part of this. It's you know, I it's part of me. I can't help it. And not once does she say she has her arms crossed in the next panel. It doesn't say, listen. I'm the one who understands this. I'm trying to – no, it's like you are continually just making this so that Basil is going to leave and he's just yeah. going to be like, fuck it. I'm Clayface I, because all it's doing is in his mind making it so that when he does leave, he says, you know what? Almost like we think with Deathstroke at the end of the Stroke Squad when everybody still treats him as a villain and he might go off and like, eh, you think I'm a villain? I, I might as well it. be. I'll show you a goddamn villain. Yeah, Clayface to me is going to leave and like, you know what? It's not worth it. Nobody, all, all people see is Clayface. Fuck it, I'm gonna be Clayface, and then go fucking ham, Eric, as they say. Thing is, I can understand Doctor October saying, like, imagine you're like some kind of nurse or a doctor working in a psych ward or something like that, and you have a violent patient, and you're trying to help that person. You know the only reason they're violent is because of their goddamn condition, and they attack you and try to kill you. You're gonna be a little ra- like shaken up a bit. Yeah, but no, I don't think so. Because that's what you're there for. She's there. She's his doctor that's trying to help him. Like, yeah, but like, that doesn't matter. She the, knows that. Death, you're yeah, get here's the deal. Death. Okay, you're my doctor. And uh, I say to you, listen, if, if you know, the last time somebody injected me with, you know, whatever it would be, this experimental drug, I flipped out and tried to kill them. And you said, eh, you know what? Let's try it again. We're going to have to do it. And I'm like, listen, because he's. He's warned her over and over. We can't do this. I can't do it this long. It's going to turn out bad. I keep telling you that, and you're like, no, no. This is what we have to do. This is what I'm here for. I'm your doctor. I'm the one who's trained. Don't You have to listen to me. And then you do it, and I act exactly like you would expect me to act. You wouldn't be – you couldn't say, oh, just don't. If all of a sudden you go, because if when I come out of it as Clayface, I'm not going to say, hey, by the way, Doc, sorry. Didn't mean that you. No, I'd come out and go. The fuck are you trying to do? 
You knew this was going to happen, and you fucking just made me almost kill two people that I really care for when you should have known that wasn't going to – that's what I'm going to do. I'm trying to help you, Crazy Jim. Yeah, but no way should you go, just don't. When I say, you know what, I'm really sorry what happened. No, fuck you. Then you know what? Don't be my doctor anymore, Eric. You're no longer my doctor. Yeah, out. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I was all going to be a is, painter anyway. It, it is only there because you have to have that push of, oh my, Basil's, oh my God, everybody around me hates me. Oh my God, I'm a danger to everyone. No, she should have been like, listen, I understand. I shouldn't have pushed you that far. You are right. I am sorry. You shouldn't be sorry. You're just doing something that you can't control. I'm the one in control here, and I fucked up. It got me so angry because that's just bullshit. That's it. I'm done. You are no longer my doctor. I'm doctor go love, they call you. Doctor feel good. But yeah, <laughs> then, then you go back. And in the meantime, we did kind of brush past the point just to get through that where you did go down to Utopia, and you had Stephanie yeah, walking around with anarchy. And he's given the whole, you know, deal. It's a shanty town, this place. You got a lot of craziness. But yeah, he's going, hey, listen, this can be overwhelming. But man, we have a lot of stuff. You know, we live, it's a socialist community. I wish he's like, you damn socialist. <laughs> hey, listen to me. We divvy up responsibilities each week. This guy, he's cleaning all the wash in his bathtub right now while he's taking the shower. This guy's doing that. I love the one point. Like, pretty soon, we'll have the tilapia farm up and running. And I'm thinking to myself. Just imagine. It's like, you know, but everybody gets it. Like, every week, like, a new person comes in for a council who they get a chance to lead and put a vote. Like, you know, they put a vote towards yeah. something. Like, all of a sudden, it's my week. I say our current currency is going to be He-Man action figures. Yeah, all just right, that. Uh, even not, so, it's not like, going to be a freaking you, leader anymore. You know what I don't like? Cabbage. Cabbage is out because everywhere I see they're growing cabbage. But yeah, oh the, oh, the tilapia fun. That sounds great. Like, all I really want in my life is to eat vegetables and goddamn fish from underneath where the monster men were. That yep. sounds beautiful to me. Oh, please grow that corn right there. I'm in. I'm expecting this corn to, to come to life and kill everyone. I don't. You have, how do you know what's going on with the fucking water supply what and shit like that, that down there? The corn came to, was that a Swamp Thing book? It might have been, yes. The corn yes. came to yeah, life came when you trying that's to watch what, a movie and it was funny as That's what I'm hell. expecting. I'm ex- yeah, it was. It was. I'm expecting the corn to just come to life. <laughs> yeah, but then they're there and all of a sudden you have to like, there's Leslie Tompkins down there. There's Harper Rowe. I mean, they all keep coming out like, oh, man, how are you? And then Harper comes out and I'm like, are all these people forgetting that Anarchy is not a good guy? Even if this Lonnie yeah. isn't, you know, he's taking the, the, you know, he's using the guise of a villain. I don't care if he's bad, whatever. But again, this just goes and you see that all of a sudden it's such a forced thing into them also being the victim syndicate because of what happened. And it just, it, it's ridiculous to me and why I'm just Harper pissed off and Steph is walking around this entire place with her mask off. People yeah. are calling her Steph yep. left and right. I'm like, spoiler's identity is yeah, just she, like gone She has now. her and full even, costume on. If anybody says, well, hey, what are you, a spoiler cast player? No, she's just walking around with her costume off and everybody's just yelling out Steph. It, it's done. And the fact that And if obviously, I'm anarchy and I, I, yeah. I have this civilization down here and harper road or steph and her costume and shit like that and leslie Thompson. Yeah, now you're starting to make to them yeah. more closely now to yeah. figure out who the hell they are and what their connection to batman is yeah you can only think they have a connection to batman and just the whole this whole deal but yeah as they're walking around you see all these people hey hey harper i'm gonna go because lonnie's like 
can can I have her by myself here? Can I have some time? And like, and then Harper's like, hey, don't do anything I wouldn't. And then they go, and then there's everybody that is just full out armed guards. Uh, what is going on Dude, in Utopia? Pink. Yeah, they, what is go? Uh, nobody questions this. Nobody says, oh, okay, we're going into your you know headquarters here. Why are there two guys with shotguns outside the door? If this is such a quote unquote utopia, but now, it's like, never what said. What are they guarding? I don't know. His bed? I don't know because they go then and they they go in and that's where you have Lonnie's talking about listen, you know what? You're you're thinking you you're thinking globally but acting locally. You should be doing yeah. both globally. You you're doing too much. It, this isn't just about Gotham though. Everything we've seen with him has been just Gotham, but that's fine. He's thinking yeah. big. And he's like, "You know what?" But then he throws this weird thing and he's like, this room is special. The person I built the city with, they lived here. We created a whole world inside these walls. And you find out later that that's the first victim. And to me, it seems weird. <laughs> it just seems odd to me. It even seemed weirder to find out the connection that like Anarchy has with the victim yeah. syndicate. Because he even says, talking about the first victim being the person he built the city with, yeah. yes, I built their suit. Yeah, like, I, I don't understand. It's because... the first victim person you bought them that's one suit that you built i don't yeah. understand what you're talking about yeah i don't i don't know either and with this you have them kiss you have stephanie's like oh where do i fit in this world oh i want to do it with you right but it, it basically mirrors what tim and her were saying when they were sitting on the rooftops now that you have to remember that scene as well because going forward somehow the the whole wraparound is they grab Steph's phone and they clone it at some point. I wish that there was some point when they're like, no phones allowed, and she hands it to somebody who runs off with it. And I just then imagine it was a proximity it. thing where they cloned her phone that she has on her. I guess, but I'm saying it would be the phone she has on her. But really, yeah. they, they how about giving us a little hint of what went on? I mean, there's never anything plus if because Batman shows up in the scene, she kisses Lonnie, pushes away, and's like, you know what? Not like this. Uh, it's too quick, and that's where you know. Batman shows up and says all of this is a lie. Now, I would think that Batman would also have some tech that would show that there's some proximity things, like you said, something that's cloning things, whatever, and maybe, but who knows? Uh, I don't know. It's just, he just shows Stephanie up. Brown is just the worst hero in all of this because yeah. he keeps doing all these fucked up things that will only endanger the rest of the Bat family at yeah, this point. Yeah. Not only just walking around with their mask off all the damn time, but, yeah. you know, taking videos of Tim with his mask yep. off and yeah. doing these freaking video training yeah, montages who knows with, what else. Batman yeah, yeah, with Batman and Clayface. Yeah. All the stuff that they're doing, it just endangers the Bat family. Like, it even does. when we had in the Teen Titans when Damien was talking to Batman before, and Batman's like, look, the first thing you need to do with your team, get them the fuck off their phones yeah, get off, them the off the social the internet. media. Because it's just, it makes you a goddamn target, is what it does. Yes, and just having him, like, you know, bring Stephanie Brown in with how naive she is, with, you know, you have the fat going on with all these celebrities freaking nude photos are being leaked from the freaking cloud and their cell phones and yeah. shit. she is a superhero she has identity she knows multiple people's identities and hey let's selfie with your mask off like no not this yeah. shit all yeah yeah no and but it's the like other thing the though is burnside stuff that i hated is just stephanie brown right now yeah yeah now can you explain how batman got where he is there were armed guards. You, you think they would have made Batman. noise? You would have thought, but still, he just shows up. He doesn't seem to come through. What, did he walk through the door? Because out of nowhere, he's just there. And he's like, uh, is it, you know, you've got one chance to tell the truth. I would take it, son. 
And I'm like, well, how the fuck did he get in there? With look, Al- look, I've already read metal at this point. Batman can do a lot of things. He can, but when I'm looking at the outside of when he goes in, there, there's at least 28 people out there. You don't think one person would be like, oh, hey, Batman. All right, the bat's in town. Just so weird for him just to show up out of nowhere to say that. As And also – Kind of materializes between Lonnie and Steph. Steph yeah, never says weird, anything. Like he like it's weird because it seems like he walked out of the shadows, but right behind him is a big old like lamp with freaking shining light everywhere. So I'm yeah, like, where everywhere, did he come and from? she's behind him, and it just it, it threw me off. That was one of like I said, I think that the panel progression in this book was a little off. But yeah, it keeps going, and then Lonnie just he just goes nuts and like you're dead, you're a dead, and then Batman's like, tell her uh, make uh, tell her or I'll make you. You tell her all it's the first victim. The first victim. Is that the story you want gladly? And then basically must headbutt or hit Batman because now he's going back. I'm, I'm telling, telling you, you, there has to be a headbutt. It was such a weird program. Like, what that's the fuck what I'm just saying. happened to Batman? The progression is so odd. Then Batman tries a leg sweep. Lonnie jumps up. And then out of that, Batman's back in the shadows, standing on the side there. And Steph and Anarchy are, are arguing. I'm like, this is the weirdest fight. And then Lonnie Batman. Yeah, this is the weirdest fight I've ever seen in my life. At this point, Batman, even the look of him in the panel, looks like he's just waiting so that Lonnie can talk a little more. And by this point, shit's already hit the fan. So then they're I'm fighting saying, and Lonnie. We have Batman take on ninjas, assassins, yeah. like the worst of the worst, the most trained freaking killers in the world. It really bothers me that Lonnie Macon freaking gives him this much of yeah. a trouble, this well, much trouble in a fight. And then Lonnie... Uh, seems to electrocute Batman with his staff, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next panel, it looks like Batman has grabbed the staff and, and turned the tables. Lonnie. But then somebody, which is Lonnie, presses a button on his goddamn fucking, you know, his, his crazy-ass his 80s fucking yeah. gloves without fingers. The, it opens a trap door that Batman falls into but is standing. Then Lonnie looks down and Batman's falling through. A th- Honestly, I don't know what's going is, on. Look, look, look. The progression here is, as I saw it, he hit a switch on his glove, right? It yeah. opened up a trap door a trap above door. Batman, freaking dropping stuff on top of him, and then that added weight caused the floor to break it's over. It's crazy, like saying, though. It is is a crazy transition because I didn't know like after all the stuff fell on Batman, the next panel is him standing there in a bunch of rubble. That's like, what I'm saying. I don't not- see any creak or you know things. Or Batman would know that it is compromised that the table. Plus, when they do go and he does fall, it looks like now Lonnie is on that floor. It seems, and I don't get it. I really don't because there's the rubble around him. That so he had to have jumped down through the trapdoor himself, sat there right as the point when Batman went down. I'm telling you, it's such a weird progression of what's going on. Now, he is touching his glove again, Eric, so who knows? But then then out of nowhere, Steph comes running in from the side and, you know, in full costume. Now she, you know, after all this, she decides to put the mask on, knocks Lonnie down into this pit. She goes to catapult in, but he grabs her. I'm telling you, I don't know how this progression goes because then all of a sudden there's Stephanie standing with Batman. I'm like, where is all of this happening? I don't understand. I had a hard time trying to read this freaking page. It was a spread page of a bunch of panels here and like the progression throughout. I'm like, then we have Batman and stuff in the middle, which doesn't seem to make sense for what is going on. In the action scene right now, and it's also she can tell her, stay back, Batman. This one's mine. Yeah, yeah. Basically, through this whole thing, uh, Stephanie is going to, you know, keep going. And, and Lonnie's like, you know what? Uh, you hold the key to all this stuff. We can bring Batman down. 
this whole time it's like, listen, the victim syndicate were right. They were the victims. Everybody is the victim. Batman's the bad guy. You hold the key to bring him down. And then he says, so enough coddling. Are you in or out? And she doesn't want to be in. And I no. do say one thing that I do like with this is that this was not one of those really forced things of, no, Lonnie, I'm not in. I know I'm on the right side. No, she doesn't go with Batman either. No. She's going to stick with what she thought she wanted to do. But, yeah, basically they're just going on and on. I'm not in. I'm done, Lonnie. And then, you know, I ignored it at first. And then all of a sudden you get this out of nowhere. She's like, hey, I don't like how you talk down to me. <laughs> we didn't get enough conversations between them to really see what was going on. He seemed to be very smitten with her and basically saying to her, you can do a lot more. You are great. Like at the one point when he said, you're, you're focusing on Gotham. Think bigger. You are better than that. You are, you know, one of the best people I've ever met that you could really do more. It's not talking down. I think that Stephanie is is just confused at this moment because it's just nonsense. And she comes off to I'm me. I'm confused too the whole time, honestly, because then when she leaves and freaking Harper Rose, like, Steph, hey, stop. Wait, Steph. And she just yeah. leaves the whole thing. Just leaves. Batman's Never out there and, with anarchy yeah. and like. How does this utopia continue without yeah, anarchy? Well, and the he best was like more is of a figurehead yeah. since he built it. I don't know. And the best is to me, you have a Leslie Tompkins that is somebody that you really respect, right? Yeah. You have Harper Rowe that's her best friend. I I'm telling you, if you're there and all this shit happens and I walk out and you're like, hey, Jimmy boy, I'm like – Get your bags. We're getting the fuck out of here. I'll explain later. Just fuck your bags. Let's go. You got to get out of here. Shit is not right. You shouldn't be here. She just walks right on by. But yeah, even at this, you get where anarchy then. You, you have this weird thing that all of a sudden his gloves have goddamn fucking wires hanging out and stuff like this. These fucking magic gloves that he is. And it, it's just a setup so that you can see when he gets his his uh, staff, he's going to have a wire go around Stephanie. He's going to kill her. He's, he's going to electrocute her here. And basically he's like, you know what? We could have done such great things, but you know what? You, you, you're not in, so that's it. You got one last chance, and that's when Steph's like, uh, one is all I need. Uh, you're just like the rest of them after all, and we've established the world doesn't need more of those. I'm sorry. This is going to hurt a lot. And then Batman just comes and hits him on the back of the head. Like Batman all this time has just been standing there waiting. Well, asked him to. And then just – it doesn't matter. She at points in this looks like she's about to die like three times, and now he just hits him on the back of the head. She's like, that's it. I'm gone, and that's where you see. You see Harper with all the cables doing her goddamn electric work, and Steph doesn't even say anything. Just leaves her there to possibly die. Yeah, because there's these guys. What happens when, like you said, Lonnie is not no longer there? Who knows that these guys with these guns don't get weird know, plans? The guys with the guns become the freaking yeah. the, the leaders now. Yeah. In my mind, and they now take they, over, now they got they some weird ideas. Them. Yeah, and then now it's problems. But yeah, now you I get have to them. choose who are my seven wives. You're yeah, there. Yeah, you really. have no choice. You are living in utopia. Yep. So Steph comes out of the you know the open uh, entrance that they went in the you know the railway entrance the yeah. tunnel. She walks out, and then all of a sudden, Batman's just there with Lonnie. Like, he yeah. grabbed them and took them out. But why aren't there anybody stopping them? Because this is the leader of the city. 
And he just must have walked right out with them. You don't know because they're just there. And then that's where I said they kind of went into a corner here because you can't have Batman like, that's it, this city shuts down now. I know why those guys with guns never came in when they heard all the commotion. That's what I'm saying. All this stuff happened. You can only imagine that he knocked them out, but we didn't see that. So you don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, he's like, listen, you know, that's it. You shut down. And then Lonnie's like, you wouldn't take this place from these people. They need it. They're, you're not that cruel, Batman. And he's like, no, no, they can have their city. But why aren't you going back to help them set up something or doing something? Uh, but he says, but they don't need you. And he's going to take Lonnie away, obviously. But then he says, Steph, listen, spoiler, we need to talk. All of a sudden now everybody's using their code names after not using them for a fucking whole three issues. He's like, hey, you know what? It's important. I have to talk to you. It's about. And then she's gone. He's like, he's alive, Steph. Tim's alive. I'm like, really? And it, it's such a subdued voice. Like, he like he could be yeah. yelling that Tim's alive, so she'll come yeah. back. No, Tim's alive. Tim's, Tim's alive, Steph. Tim's alive, Steph. You gotta watch out. And yeah, and, and you know, and like I said before about this goddamn oh, utopia, it's right under what appears to be a dinosaur monster man. I'm telling you, I used to background. see that freaking rib cage of that giant yeah. monster yeah, I'm man. I'm not eating any of that goddamn food that, in no. that soil. That, that's just nonsense. But then you go back to the belfry, and that's what Basil is thinking. He's like, you know, that's it, Basil. Congrats, you're done. Burn the last good thing in your life, you idiot, you monstrous damn. And then Cash shows up, and he's like, Cash, just go away. You're not safe here. No one is, not until I'm far away, and that's in the Clayface font. And then you go, and all of a sudden, and it is, I understand the stylistic choice of this, but there's got to be some people, because all of a sudden he's Clayface, that he's not. But he's like, no, 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 Cash, back away. Don't you get it? You understand what I am? And she's just like, yeah, same as me. And then he's down on his knees and hugging her, and she, the funny thing, the art makes it seem like okay they're there <laughs> she's not very personal with that and it was like okay that's okay but yeah it so seems the, like the way, the way the one hand is playing like oh god I, why is he I, hugging me now yeah yeah and all i all i can say is usually along these lines eric is when i start to to predict death I don't – what I think is when this all goes down, the first – the victim syndicate is going to end up hurting Cass. She is going to get hurt, and Basil is going to go nuts, and he is going to become Clayface, and he will not turn back from that because they are really stressing here that the only thing that can really keep him from being a monster again would be Cass. And I think something – not that she'll die. I just think that he will go and – go to town and maybe even kill somebody one of the you know the first victim maybe something like that that is my prediction i just want to throw it because then you go back to arkham Asylum. my prediction is that this book will become a lot like flash previously and a lot like supergirl now where all yeah. of the city is turned against its heroes because they find out a secret that's being kept. well yeah it's so weird because what happens is the whole thing of all of this is while steph was down in utopia somebody did clone her phone there are the the victim syndicate seems to have a little in with some pieces shit guards and things and so in arkham they end up getting this clone phone to the first victim where he looks and he's like oh this is all we need we got all the evidence we need the next stage can finally begin and basically all this is is batman looking like it the art's a little off because like you said it, it i thought it was training it probably is in the mud room right. but that doesn't what would incriminating be because batman has been seen out and about with clayface already they tried to back that off but here they are training and Clayface, though, for the most part, has been a good guy. This could only mean that they're waiting for Basil to go completely nuts and become Clayface again so they can say, look, 
Batman had a chance to take him down. Look, he killed 10 people yesterday, and look what Batman didn't stop him. He could have stopped them then because just them training to me does not make a the next stage can finally begin. They have to have the next deal is to fully get Clayface to go bonkers, and the only way that that seems that it's going to happen is with Dr. October, which is, is unfortunate because, like we said, we think she's on the up and up. I yeah. don't think that. And Batman trusts her fully, but really – do you can you think of anything else this would mean except that they have footage of Batman helping Clayface for when Clayface goes nuts so they can say, look, he had a villain. Look, he let him go. He actually trained him, and now yeah, he's I, doing this. The thing is, even with uh, Clayface not going crazy, I just think the idea of this killer Clayface that Batman's working with, you know, it's just, it puts people thinking that I Batman's know, but we dealt with this before anymore. in this book. They That has gotten out already, and they had it on the news, and Batman's like, you know what? We're going to have to make sure this doesn't happen again and things like that. This has been discussed been in that? the series. Okay. Yeah, in Rebirth. And just that was where we thought that it was like Clayface was going to end up being the 2 a.m. girlfriend, that he could go and help, but he wasn't allowed to be seen. He'd have to sneak out the back door. But yeah, You can't be in the Clayface mode. The thing is, when when we're in Arkham Asylum and we have this guard getting handed the clone phone, who is that who's handing him the phone? I don't know. It's just Because I don't know. Is it like one of the victim syndicate? Because the thing is, since that victim syndicate came about – they weren't really that well, like, fleshed out these characters. No, I don't so think – it know. doesn't seem – this At this seems... point, it's, we are so far away from it as well, too. I can't tell you what their powers are anymore. Is there yeah. a guy who freaking has some digital powers or some shit no, like the that? The only progression I, no I can think is – this guy is who's no. in a cell, opens – gives a, a phone to a guard – a guy who's in a cell gives a phone to a guard who walks it down to freaking another cell and gives it to yeah. the first victim. I just I, don't know how to get to that I'm point. telling you, the only way I can go with this was somebody who was part of Utopia and got sent to Arkham and then had a visitor that brought the phone, but we don't see any of this. Oh, I you can know only what? I'm a fucking that. idiot. You know, this is probably Lonnie. Yeah, yeah, actually. But yeah. I just don't know how he's in the freaking cell with the cell yeah. phone. Yeah, actually, you're right that he had it hidden. It doesn't even look like him, though. But you're no. right. It's probably – no, it, I don't – well, that's the thing. You don't even know what he really looks like fully. We did see him. He looks sexy. But, yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. It, it's it's confusing to me. And it says now, so I don't think he'd be right into Arkham. So I don't know. I can't tell you because it's confusing, but I gave it a 6 out of 10. I did like the art, and I I don't mind. I'm really, actually, until until Glory gets upset at the beginning, I was really enjoying that part with, with Mudface and Basil, and I thought this is pretty cool, and then it just went a little too far, and everything in this is a little too far and a little too rushed from where we were to get to where they seem to be going, but I'm confused to where they're going, so I, I really had some problems with this, but what would you give it? I did like the I, art, though. I like the art in this issue as well. I'd give it a 6 out of 10 as well. It's just like, you know, it's weird because all the stuff we have with Spoiler, which should be the big story because now that we know Tim is alive, we have this big connection yeah. going forward. All the stuff with her and the story, it didn't mean anything to me. The whole thing with anarchy and his utopia, like, yeah. all right, he anarchy is in prison now or uh, Arkham now, I guess. And like, you know, yeah. Stephanie leaves. We have these yeah, it's people so still funny because that's what it stuff. must be. And I, it just the the art wasn't great there because it was hard to tell. And at least you could have had the guard like, hey, what do you want, Lonnie? At least Make say him, a name. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anarchy even. And then you know, ooh, he's in. He, he's a bad dude. But, like, yeah. I cared about the Clayface stuff the most here, and it's just – it's leading to something that I don't really want to see because I like Clayface on the team. I don't want to see him go bad. Uh, it's just it, – it was a lot of fun. Like, you know, we have to go back and see the good times of freaking glory yeah. and Clayface yeah. back in the day, and all I want to know is – 
what led Clayface to pouring this toxin all over? Yeah, I, I just got Clayface the idea that he became, again, I, I got the idea that he just lost his mind and was just doing shit and fucking piss. But yeah, and the weird thing is, is if you think if Stephanie did agree and basically it was the phone, it seemed that they wanted like she agrees. Yeah, I'm in. OK, we got that. Now, how does the first victim get the phone then? If, if the plan was to, it just didn't make sense but yeah we're gonna he goes in on. on visiting day with a fucking smoke uh, that's when i thought what would have kind of happened who knows but yeah how did he get into arkham with a phone that had to have been in the butthole but yeah we're gonna move on to the next issue which is yours action comics number 987 written by dan jurgens with art by victor bogdanovich jonathan glapian jay light leiston mike spicer and rob lee the world's full – oh, I'm sorry. I, I fucked this up, but the world is full of pieces of shit, and after Mr. Oz kills Metallo by stealing his kryptonite heart, he shows Superman just that by having his agents across the world whisper in people's ears to see if they're willing to do the wrong thing in a situation. I don't know what the fuck I just wrote there. With all hell breaking loose across the world, Superman finds himself overwhelmed and is confronted by Mr. Oz, who tells him that he's his father, Jarrell, who survived Krypton's destruction and who made a terrible mistake by sending his only son to Earth. Yes. Yes, indeed. Now, you God just said damn. it ends up that Mr. Oz is Jarrell. I don't mind that being the reveal. I don't mind that being the end. It's just that everything leading to it and everything in this issue, I, it just doesn't make sense. And it seems it like doesn't. another and mixy situation. That, it, it's got to be a red herring. I Like this whole big yes. reveal of what who Mr. Oz finally is, I don't think this is the big reveal of Mr. Oz. I think this is something DC's putting out there to fool everybody. Now, this goes with the, the idea. Do you think that when at the end Jarrell says he is Jarrell, do you think he thinks he is? It's a because possibility. I think he is. I think he yeah. thinks he is. If he, it, but it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make no. sense. Now, here's the thing: if you want to do, if you want to go back, the Jeff Johns and John Romita run of Superman in the New Fifty Two is where Mister Oz first was, you know, his origin or when he yeah, showed up. And he showed appearance. up in issue number thirty-two, and you can go back. Now, I will tell you right now: I know that me and you like the continuity. We were fans of the New Fifty Two, so we like to think that that all stands and whatever yeah. but if you go back i can't tell you that you can go back to every time because in that little bit that little run that jeff johns has almost every issue mr oz has a couple panels then he kind of goes away for a little bit comes back at the end i can't say that you can go back to that and read anything from that and nope. think okay this is what this is this is what that because without even me telling you that i don't even think that the truth at that point was going to happen where superman lost his identity and also lost his powers i think that that came about i think that that was one of the main things of jeff johns like okay you know what i'm not down with that you it'd be better if we get somebody else in when you got gene luan yang on hey this uh, book. hey guys guys i know i'm setting up this mr oz stuff i got the machinist all about i got freaking uh yes. what the hell is his name ulysses all about ulysses but hollywood called they need jeff johns over yeah there to and, and because stuff, so and why you later bitches. Yeah, and why i really say that first off you can go back and you can see that when you first see him he does not have a bad eye like this Jarrell Mr. Oz has, number one. But also at the very end of the run, which, you know, if it wasn't going to be the end, you did have this cliffhanger of a book being given and Mr. Oz having somebody this, uh, I think it was like uh, Miss Jessica or something or Miss Jane. I think is, right. you know, calls Mr. Oz on the phone. I've given it. I've delivered the package and the package ended up being like this scrapbook that was basically like, look, hey. Uh, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. I know your identity. The problem yeah, essentially, is essentially, Mister Mister Oz sent Clark Kent a book on Superman. Yeah, and basically, the problem with that is 
is not including Convergence because that was then two months. But within two issues, three issues, everybody in the world knew the identity. So it yep. kind of threw that whole, like, why would that have been a cliffhanger if the continuing story was going to be that everybody knew who Clark Kent and, you know, Superman was Clark Kent. So to me, it ended up, and then really, we didn't see Mr. Oz again until Rebirth. So you had all this going, and then it just kind of, boom. You didn't have anything, and then all of a sudden the Rebirth special and all this where – and even before, like you had the, the stuff going, but everybody to the point where it was so non-important uh, that it seemed that by the time that Rebirth came, it, people still to this day don't even realize that Mr. Raj showed up in the new 52. Oh, no. So, and, and like I said, you go back and you can't you can't tell what's going on, and they could, they could always throw the Superman Reborn and whatever they can say or whatever they want to do of what's going on. But I don't even, even know if that's in that, continuity anymore. That's or what like I'm saying. Well, the, even, the truth stuff. Well, it's weird too because Ulysses is and the Machinist, and they say so. Who knows what is and isn't? But the thing that I have a problem with mainly is you have Jarrell who shows up at the end, and we'll we'll go through the whole thing. But by the end, he comes. This does not seem like a father who had sent his son away and hadn't seen him. He was a baby and sent him away. He does not act like a father. If this was no. full out from the very beginning of yeah he grabbed doomsday hey that's fine but yeah, the guy who he, killed my son yeah but, i'm getting him off the playlist Bam. that's fine but he sat and watched him fight doomsday for what appeared to be an extended battle I, and it points seemed on his more monitor. to the point where he was trying to say like okay it was more to, in my mind to deal with the whole the blue and red aspects of yeah. superman where he knew you, use your use your mind the, use exactly, this you know as we saw in the freaking you know the rebirth special where he tells clark you're not what you think you are, and neither is your family. When yes. we jump to the freaking, you know, action comics where Superman is fighting Doomsday and he's looking at him, he's like, use your mind. Don't do it like yeah. before because it seemed like the red was more the, like the, uh, like the, I can't even think of the word, like, not like the not brutal like the aspect, compassion, like the but yeah, fist. it's like the, yeah, like he was the, the, like, you know, jump into action yes, without the emotions. Kind of and if, exactly. If you and the blue was more the intellect kind of the thing. Thinking, so yeah. that's what it was. It seemed like that was what he was pushing towards. Like, yes, I need you to be a better Superman than you were before you learn from your mistakes and all this other stuff. And then just takes him off the game board anyway. So it was a weird thing to have him do yes. all of this, but all of that. the whole reborn, which he didn't even think a Superman could do. Yeah. Just that this whole Jarrell reveal at the end. But again, you also you had Jarrell show up in Rebirth, the Rebirth number one, and all he had to do was go up to Clark and say, "Listen, the boy, I'm your dad. You know what? You're not what you think you are. We're gonna we're gonna get this solved. We're gonna do this." Instead, he's like, "You're not," and then disappear. And then Clark, you know, again, I always say it, it's a weird thing to think what X-ray vision would be, but you kind of got the idea. He could have looked and at least seen. Oh, that, that guy looks a little familiar. With not yeah. he was a baby, uh, you know, you know what I mean. But even well, then, we he's is, seen he him since. What and looks like yeah, he does. Of the crystal font. Yeah, even yeah, he has all that, and you know, you even had stuff where he went back in Krypton Returns, and he, you yeah. know, things where it's all wonky and all that. But yeah, he should know. But you have that. But also, you have the thing where Mister Oz has been led. We're led to believe almost that this guy is a. You know, all-knowing, all-seeing guy. Now, number one, I don't think that anybody can tell me that the power set that Mr. Oz has shown is a telltale sign that it is Jarrell. It's not no. that. And and then also, there's been times in this re 
Rebirth, where Not he the is, last issue, where out of nowhere, well, this he is where vision. I said with Mixie. All of a sudden, with Mixie, you had all of a sudden he starts eating fucking candy out of nowhere, and then as Clark out of nowhere when he goes in the Clark's apartment, even though he is Clark Kent and believes he's Clark Kent and not Mixoplex, somehow yeah. he teleports and he's okay with that. And, and where I get another weird thing about this is, is that you have him there and his grandson John, correct? Yeah. Where there's points when John was to the point where, you know, he almost was dead. You know, people were really – now they were trying to protect him. and the But you know what? They were screwing with him, and he just sat back and watched. There's a lot of times that things have gone on to me that he has just sat back and watched too much to be – who he says he is. It just does not seem right. It's like Mixoplex out of nowhere. You have the part where it's revealed and you're like, wait a second. That doesn't make sense for this, this, no. and this until it seemed like they wanted it to make sense. And to me, unfortunately, that seems like last issue where all yeah. of a sudden we haven't seen these agents of Oz for the longest time. We, we ended up seeing them at the one point where they took Doomsday. Uh, but, yeah, we haven't seen that sort of thing. It just seemed like he was the quote-unquote like the watch. Agents of Oz might have been a, like a shock troop freaking squad, and they might have all been killed by Doomsday at that yeah. point. I don't and, know. And then, and then you have the other thing is why did he take Tim Drake now? Yeah. What, why does that make sense? Why, uh, you know, yeah, Doomsday makes sense, but it wasn't. Prophecy. I see people, Pixel like you said, Prophecy. And Prophecy took again and said, listen, what you're doing is right. You're you're gathering an army for the impending war. You're too early. You're not, you know, you got to back yeah. off a little. You're, you're a little too early, but you're right. Doomsday, you can say, oh, he wanted to protect him, but he didn't. He you waited right and waited idea, and waited. You're going about it the wrong way. You have to remember with, with Doomsday, he did not – Mr. Oz did not grab Doomsday. He waited till Superman defeated him and then sent him to the Phantom Zone and intercepted and the right Phantom Zone. That, yeah. So there was no time where it was like one of those where it was like something like that. So it was very, very odd. But yeah, you have that. But Tim Drake makes no sense whatsoever. And even in this issue, having these things with the agents of Oz and having this and having him basically – by the end, you have Jarrell who basically, I sent you to the wrong planet. People are awful. That doesn't make sense to me that for doesn't Superman. Jive with everything else we've seen no. of Miss Ross, since what does he care about these goddamn people? And all of a sudden, it's just, it seems to be his main thing right now is that, you know what, Earth is full of pieces of shit. I better, yeah. like, you know, just show my son that they're pieces of shit out of nowhere, even though we've had this character for freaking over two years now. Hasn't done anything about it. Yeah, and and even then you have, well, we'll just get into it because, yeah, and even by the time you get Jarell at the end, it just seems smaller than it should have been when it yeah. said because all the stuff leading up to it, you're like, that doesn't really make much sense because it starts off and you do have Metallo. He's in Argus and they, they so look like So it seems like he got picked up after yeah, the he Superman got Revenge Squad the and Revenge taken to Argus squad. to be held captive. And you have Mr. Oz just show up and basically two things, grabs his kryptonite. Which he shouldn't be able to. Exactly. Right now we have the reveal at the end that he is Jor-El, a Kryptonian, but this Kryptonite doesn't seem to affect him at all. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a tell to me. Uh, but then also he's just like, you're not going to fuck with my, you know, not my son, but you're not going to fuck with him anymore. You're not going to do it anymore. And then basically looks like, you know, he's done. He, he's going to kill him. Uh, but then in the meantime you go and then you're going to get these all these things around where it's these people being awful. And it starts off with Superman pretty much saying, Saving some medicine that was going to go off to, go to, to, an African village, to yeah. Africa, but even then you have some people being just jerks and and not being good people. And every time something happens, then it ends up being.
seeing this whole thing with the Mr. Oz tattoos. And it's just stressed and, and just, just in a weird with way. Mr. Oz tattoos, it is so similar to the freaking the, the Vite Industries Nostalgia Perfume logo. Yeah, that yeah like, and that's you how you find out it is Jarrell. I'm like, how do you have all this stuff put in Osmondeus and no. this is freaking Jarrell? It's just such an odd thing. Yeah, and we had that even when he first showed up. Our buddy yeah. Ange from the Supergirl Comic Box commentary, he actually pointed out right away, like, boy, this is weird. This looks like, you know, Osmondeus thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really, I can't really accept that this is Jarrell. And if it is, it's so forced. But yeah, you have all of a sudden in this whole issue is basically yeah. Superman trying to be good. While we see that the world's awful. But the problem is I don't know if you, you have – are these sleeper agents of Oz that all of a sudden they're activated and that's what – but it doesn't seem that way. It doesn't no. seem like they're mind-controlled. So the whole thing is why now? Why is it now that every all the shit is hitting the fan? You know what I mean? Like why is it now that the people are all really mad at, or want to kill a rhino or do this and that? It's just – the whole issue just feels very small to me, though. It doesn't seem that important when this should be pretty much the most important thing we've gotten in Rebirth. Exactly. And it, it really because and, it, and you, when a lot of the page space is taken up with just Lombard talking to John, I'm telling you, like, yeah, we have an issue. We got to have this big Mister Oz reveal. We're going to start the Oz effect. Oh. And we have to spend pages after page yeah. dealing with Lombard trying to tell John well, what again, a big shot and, freaking and, sports and hero he was. Because what they wanted to do, and I, I don't think that it's well played out here, uh, only because you've been announcing that this is the issue that you're getting the reveal. So if you're going to do that, and this is months. I mean, I remember when the, when the solicits came out uh, for September, it was announced. This is when yeah. you're going to get it. So if you're going to do that, you do not have to wait for it to be a cliffhanger. You've already let the cat out of the bag that you're going to get this reveal why not do it in the third page and then explain some explain yeah. to us how this makes sense explain to us what's going on you do not have to have this huge setup and then the reveal at the end is basically Jarrell is upset that he sent superman to earth because people are awful no he's been watching superman now since the new 52 whether you know whatever you can count but he has been watching him and he should know what makes him tick in fact he's even at point said Oh my God! This—that's—that's that's my boy. You know, almost saying like, "Come on, use your head and do this." Oh, take him out of the. You know, don't fight in the city. Take him out. Use your. But now all of a sudden, it's going to be that Jarrell is an anti-human thing. That yeah. really, I've seen this from the Eradicator. I've seen this from pretty much Cyborg Superman. We saw from Cyborg Superman and the so, whole thing. You know. Yeah. So why in this? Just to wrap it around, why in the Supergirl issue did he end up before the big reveal of this? Why did he? go to Supergirl to, to National City and kill Zorel. Why would he know. kill his brother who really, you know, when all of a sudden be like, holy crap, you know, you're you're alive too? Oh my God. Like because they're getting just in this issue to the reveal, like I said, it seems like another one of these, I'm Kryptonian, you're not good enough, look at Superman, I'm going to prove to Superman that these people are pieces of shit. Now, the problem is, is Superman, because of who he is and what he does... I can't say that there's ever going to be a time that Earth will be something to him like, 
yeah, these people are all pieces of shit because the more pieces of shit there are, the more victims there are as well, and Superman will always be there for him. So I, I don't get the whole idea of Jarrell thinking that he can make these people be awful. And awful in the point of there's a guy who's a, a Lex Oil fucking, you know, captain driving stag the stag oil. The, yeah, and then it's a stag oil, which is so ridiculously wrong in what they're they're pulling out there. But why would this guy this guy hey, how about a beer, buddy? How about some whiskey is what it looks like. Yeah, you know yeah. what? They take us hey, away from yo, our Captain, families. you want a drink? Don't mind if I do. Yeah, no. It's, it's weird. And also where it is is if you're going to go with a full out, say, like mind control. Like if you told me that these Oz tattoos like glowed and they did something bad, then you're just cheating anyway. And, and like you said, you had Lombard. Is Lombard supposed to be like, look at him. He's a piece of shit too because he is. But he's, not, he's, he's just always so been a piece of shit, but he's not a piece of shit on the level that everybody no, else is. No, not like this, this because basically – John doesn't want to, you know, pay attention to Lombard. He's like, yeah, you know what? Your old man never told you. Oh, I was, yeah, I was a metropolis finest. Yeah, I'll get you my old school jersey. Will you do this? But then as you go on, it's just people around the world being pieces of shit. And he's like, yeah. there's, there's what ends up being Jarrell. Today, man proves his true nature. No, you know what? The, the things that are going on here, unfortunately, have been going on for all time. Exactly. I mean, you have a sweatshop. Yeah. Exactly, and the thing is, too, where he's trying to prove it, we, we don't need your agents of Oz to freaking, you no. know, go and whisper no. in people's ear because if they weren't there, this shit would still be going on. Yeah, the shit would still be going on, which makes me wonder why they didn't go now. This is, again, something that's been in everything in Supergirl and Flash. We've said it. It was just in Supergirl. Why wasn't Jarrell set up? To make the world against Superman because that seems like it would be something that Superman then wouldn't be able to take, you know. And then exactly. what basically what he does, what Jarrell does. Everybody else is telling that story right so, now. And and that's the yeah, I know. And what's the weirdest thing about this is Jarrell sets up a situation where Superman's greatest fear comes true. And his greatest fear, one of them, is He's not able to save everyone. Too much yeah. shit goes down. He can't be everywhere all at once. And this goes, but that's not a way to prove to him that the world is shitty. That, no, to me, makes Superman think he's got to buckle down. Or maybe a piece of shit. Yeah, or, yeah, eventually, or just thinking, you know what? I got to step up the training with John. We, we got to get shit done because, yeah, you just, and it's just the whole thing of, you know, this guy who has the, you know, the American flag bandana. He's pissed that he's going to lose his job to yeah. foreigners and, you know, I'm going to send you back to where you came from and goes to shoot him and Superman's there to save them. And that's the thing. If what Jarrell's doing, if Superman agrees with them, basically Superman's agreeing to, okay, when that white supremacist starts opening fire, Eh, fuck it. Those people deserve it. That's not Superman. You're no. really setting up a story based on a fact that you have your Jarrell who wants to prove to Superman something that isn't what. And again, is this going to be the story that just. And I really do think going forward from this, unfortunately, I think once I saw it was Jarrell, I thought, okay, and I already mentioned this issue to me feels smaller than it should. But yeah. I think that the story itself is going to be smaller. I think that it's going to end up almost like the Supergirl with Kara having to choose Earth 
over her insane father. It does seem set up just to be like that, that in a couple issues, you're just going to basically have Jarrell say, I'm your dad, you know, and like, you know what? I came here and I had another dad, a dad that taught me that this and that and the other thing and I'm a good guy and you know what, you you weren't there and you know stuff like that and I think that's all it's leading to. I, I, all it's leading to to me is for him to say, you know what, if if this is really you, I don't need that, you know, no, and then it'll it'll reverse around and it's not going to be him and then it's just no. going to be nonsense. And I, I just that's what I think because really there's not a lot more to talk like about. Hush, where we had Jason Todd come back and it turned out to be Clayface at the end. Yeah, yeah, maybe Jarrell's Clayface would be hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, uh, even so there you have We don't know that this story takes place months after Detective Comics where Clayface yeah. has already turned bad. Yeah, <laughs> and you yeah, really you have Superman going around the world where all this stuff that Oz has set up with these agents of Oz and he's going around he's getting depressed he's like oh man i was late here i was late there there's a rhino that doesn't have the horn because a kid was told to shoot him there's a guy who's going to take down the one percenters that's the thing is we have a whole bunch of terrible shit going on around the world and a lot of it's being televised it's how clark finds out that shit's going wrong all at once and he has to try to step up his game and try to get there yeah the rhino getting shot. Who, who's reporting on that? No, and, right and the, the rhino. All that is is when they were writing this. I guess they just found out about that lion, and then it, was it was like, so who? Because really, though, that guy who shot that dentist, I guess it was the who dentist, shot that yeah. lion, it just seemed that that one moment was the biggest piece of shit on the earth. So that's all they're going with. It's really like to me that was that, like the okay. rhino was just the weirdest one in there because who's reporting this out of yeah, nowhere? Yeah, I know. Like, well, then, the reporter's sitting there waiting. Oh, this motherfucker's about to shoot. Keep rolling the film. Keep rolling. Yeah, and then the weirdest thing is he goes there and you have where there's this, you know, a little kid lying there and he's like, oh, gorillas, they do. And oh my God, save me. And Superman's there and then all of a sudden a bomb. they get bombed. And the, he can't save him. The person died. He's like, I couldn't save her. I and it's couldn't. it's its own freaking Who military that bombs them because they believe that the freaking guerrilla forces yeah. are still in the village. So and whether like, they don't want to sacrifice themselves yeah. going in there or like, you know, try to get hurt. So they just bomb the shit out of the yeah. area because yeah. they think the guerrillas in there and kill everybody who's still and alive. And then, of so course, the guy who's. The guy who's in charge has an Oz tattoo. So yeah. it's all forced anyway. They're, they're, he's cheating. But even then, Superman shows up and just starts going to town. And it's like, you are, it's so forced to me of what's going on. And then they blow up. And then I mean, the everybody's blowing fire up. back at yeah. the military. So everybody dies essentially. Yeah, everybody except for dies. that lone gorilla who's shooting mortars out of yep. nowhere. And then Mr. Oz comes out of the, you know, the rubble and the smoke and all. And he's like, you know what? You should have realized by now. And he says, because, you know, people are petty. Because he's like, why? Why would you do this to each other? And he's yelling at the people. And it's just, uh, you know what, Superman? You've seen a lot. I, and the I mean, thing is, I do like really this, though, where people. he is just he is sitting in the ash of this rig yeah. what was these people. And the thing is, he couldn't save both sides of this no, conflict. No, he couldn't. Like, well, the problem actually, is, this has this happened to him over and over, though. This is not new to him. This has happened many a time for him in, in things. This happened in Superman Wonder Woman, whether or not you say that didn't happen or whatever. But this is not Why something that happen? Superman is sitting there in the watchtower with the Justice League that wouldn't sit there and think, oh, my God, why are people fighting with each other? Oh, my God. I could just see Batman sitting there like, 
the fuck? Are you not been paying attention? Like, this is what happens every fucking day on Earth. I mean, uh, somebody who believes in this God is going to always kill the person who believes in that God. Plus, we have a, a girl here who's a goddamn God. Yeah, you have a, a freaking, what's his name, Arthur, who keeps getting knocked out of Atlantis, then has to get back. Surface World is trying to kill him every step of the way. And you're wondering why this happens? This is not something new. But it, it's here it is, it seems. Why is this happening? No, it happens all the time. And that's where usually a Superman would then go and try and to make it right. But instead he's just fucking looks like he's crying there. And then Oz comes out to say, because they're petty, self-obsessed, and capable of looking past themselves to care for one another. You should have realized that by now. These people don't deserve you. They haven't since the moment you arrived. And... Yeah, he'd be, fuck, fuck, what are you talking about? I'm just a little upset. Some people died here. You know, you're starting to talk crazy because, you know, again, I'm a member of the Justice League. I am the guy who wants to save everyone. This is why I'm upset. I'm not upset. Basically, the main thing in his mind to me is upset because he couldn't save them, not just the, oh, my goodness, why is this happening? And that's where Oz is like, you can see he recognizes him. It's you, Oz. And he's like, the time has come for us to talk, not here, somewhere, and then just teleports them to the Fortress of Solitude. And right there, where where would Jarrell get that power? It just I don't know. Is that that staff of his? I, we still don't know what the hell I he's carrying know. that staff around for, but or what the hell know. it is. And and you're never given any sort of clue that it would be that. So he's there, but maybe it would be. And he's like, oh, we're there. And it's funny too because you have the big statue of him and Laura behind, and you do have in the continuity of the Smash statue of you know Martha and John there. And you're going with this, and he's like, you know what? I've been here. Before and uh, okay, and then Did they're going. Did have that in this one? I thought couldn't that was re- only in the Himalayan uh, fortress. I couldn't remember, so I was like, okay, I guess that they've looked into this. It says action nine seventy eight, so I'll go with it. But I thought it was the Himalayan one. But and he's just like, you know, why are you doing this? You're the one who's wrong. You know, you call them humans. You aren't and of Earth. No. Had I only known what a cesspool this place is, I would have sent you somewhere better. Sent? What are you talking about? Who are you? And that's what he says. I fashioned a spacecraft that enabled you to escape Krypton's demise. I sent you here. You can, and then he says, and I actually survived. I'm your father, Jarrell. And he does go, and it, you know, it looks like a fucking. And Jarrell has seen better days. Yes, he has. He's all screwed up. But again, he he has, you know, his whole freaking, you know, the uh, what would you call it? Not a tiara. What what do they call the the headband? Uh, that he headband. Has. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where I'm like, at some point, you would have thought Superman would have seen through that cloak. Then again, you could tell me the cloak wouldn't allow that. But again, what is what? Because it's just thrown at you then, and to me, nothing jives. It does not jive that he would do no, this. And now we have seen of Mr. Oz with this, like this is a complete character like betrayal at this point where he just becomes something else to fit the story that they want to tell at this yeah, moment. Because, because why is it this, this moment? Why is it this moment that he's just like, okay, you know what? Plan B is in effect, and off we go, because he could have at any point just come. And that's the weirdest thing, that he seems to be trying to, you know, change the... He's trying to cheat the game a bit, but he could have just come out right away and said, 
hey, you know what? This, you know, what? Uh, it's just weird. And the the story, what makes me also that seems weird is the story when he first showed up in that new fifty two was a story where Ulysses had been gone, and they his parents thought he was dead, and then he showed Wait, he was up like a dimension four. Yeah, he was in dimension four, and he showed back up, and he was pretending to be a great guy for Earth, but instead was actually trying to gather humans to go off to be fuel for his, you know, his adoptive parents' fucking planet. And it's just a weird kind of juxtaposition of how Jarrell now Soil is here. Soil and people. It was, yeah. It was very odd the way this kind of is now Jarrell showing up and looking real bad. And it just, it's just really odd the way, it, it, you know. And I'm telling you, it is, is not – I don't buy it just because of how no. out of character it seems for everything we've been given up to. So to have this reveal of Jarrell and to see the character become this thing out of nowhere, it does not jive at all. And this reveal at the end, yeah. it just – it doesn't feel right because no. it it just everything we had doesn't lead to this. Yeah, it doesn't feel. A right. does not. A, 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 a no, B does doesn't. not equal C here. It's A plus B equals hamburger. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, here's the thing. We'll we'll go with this, and we'll go from here. And the next issue, it says next, the secret origin of Mr. Oz. It'd be funny if it said the not so see something, because I guess we're gonna find out. Uh, I'm guessing that we're gonna see a little bit of play of the like, who that doesn't look right, just like the kryptonite. At the beginning. Right. I mean, if he's Kryptonian, he should not be able to handle that. Now they kind of do play that the staff's there and whatever. Yeah, the but scepter's yeah. like doing we'll everything with see. that. But even the, the proximity, though, of the Kryptonite, was, he was yeah. right next to the goddamn yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it just seemed odd. Uh, so we'll go. And again, we're just, I keep having to center on the fact that he has Tim Drake. And yeah. said, I need I need you because you're the hope. You're the hope of the universe, and I needed to get you out of play. How does that lead to that? You can't tell me that Tim Drake is the reason why the world wasn't pieces of shit. And the minute that he was out, they turned into pieces of shit because that's not You the cracked case. the code. That's exactly what happened, Jim. Yeah, it's nonsense. But, yeah, what did you give this? I gave this issue a 6 out of 10. I really liked the art in this issue because I'm telling you, while like, I do like Victor Bogdanovich – I was not a huge fan of what he was doing in the Superman oh, Revenge the Squad story arc. Yeah. Like it was just a few faces here yeah. and there, but I really like what he did here. But yeah. and I, I'm sorry, you don't like it, but where Superman's like, why, why are you like, why did yeah. you like kill each other and shit like that? I thought it was a very cool scene. I because it is Superman's like worst fears coming to life, and I just thought it was really cool. But the reveal at the end, it's just it's lackluster because Man. you know everybody's been saying there's been so many rumors online that oh, Mister Raz is Jarrell and all this stuff. I didn't want to buy into it because it didn't make sense to me for everything we've yeah. seen. Um, and especially now, like this whole character change, it doesn't, it goes against everything. So I don't even know. I just, I don't even like the reveal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, like I said, I don't mind it being Jarrell, but I do mind that it doesn't seem to make sense. And after the mixy thing that seemed like at the last second, they decided to just plug that in. It seems like that again. It really does seem like a plug-in deal where they just sat there and like, okay, Mr. Oz was going to be this, that, or the other thing originally, and now we're not going to do that right away. Maybe they're stalling with this little fake reveal, or if it is the real reveal, it just seems odd and seems like it doesn't fit the story that we were led up to this that we read there's got to be another man behind the curtain in my mind so we'll see we'll see but i give it a six out of ten as well though i really did like the art and next issue if they explain if we see an origin i'm like 
holy shit, that makes sense, or that really shows you this yeah. or that or the other thing. Maybe he came back before they Superman do Reborn. Yeah, maybe before Reborn, he was something else. a story else. that yeah. all t- ties everything together, fine. I'll go with it, but right now right. it's weird. Yeah, it is very weird. Like I was saying, if, if all of a sudden we find out that he was back but didn't realize, and then once Superman Reborn, I don't know. It's just very odd, but we'll move on to the next book. Dark Knight's Metal Number 2, written by Scott Snyder, art by Greg Capullo, Jonathan Glapion, and FCO Placencia. With issue number two of Metal, it really feels like the event is finally kicking off. Mm-hmm. See, Eric? See there? Seeing a scared Batman trying to make things right while his friends try to stop him is great, and by the end, we finally see the horrors of the dark multiverse. This is the kind of event I've been waiting for in Rebirth, and I wanted to keep that pretty, you know, to the, you know, so we can get right into this. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it does start off and you do have continuing Carter Hall journal and this part of the journal is really talking about the formation of the multiverse and how uh, Krona saw this and actually if you do know and the because whole of idea, him witnessing it it yes. splintered the universe off and that's the what multiverse I was say. as we know it they, they don't go fully into it but I really think that it's a very good quick summation of number one kind of mentioning the multiverse number two Really throwing it out there that, yes, this is part of, you know, there was no crisis and this is going because that would have been averted. Because there was no crisis, this doesn't make any sense no, to it begin doesn't, for a little but bit. That's because where... it, it opened up millions of worlds, which yes. we know we only have 52 worlds in the multiverse as we know of right now. Yes. Now, it's because, you know, that's the one thing I had a problem with the last issue is because I don't know what is and is not in continuity anymore. Because it really seems like DC nowadays, since Rebirth happened, they are trying to yep. bring as much old continuity back yeah, as they, they can without explaining themselves at all about it. So this is one of those things where – we have millions of worlds are open up. That's the old, you know, pre-crisis yes, universe, that is multiverse. The pre-crisis. And then, like, you know, with this whole thing, the way we know the multiverse, we saw the map last issue, so we know what the multiverse looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a dark multiverse yep. to it now, but be- this thing agree. is like this. It seems like everything is in continuity again, and that's a little, like, you know, I need a little bit more explanation I behind Actually, that. the way I went with it, if this was Batman or Superman saying it, I'm, ooh, what's going on? But because it's Carter and because he knows of Krona, because of this, I'm almost thinking that we're going to have to wait for an explanation down the line because this might be a thing that he wrote knowing something more than we do or what, you oh, know. Oh, it's possible. I, These are one of those things like I was talking about when we, when we talk about Mr. Miracle later on. It's just that – I'm looking for these clues and stuff yes. like that. And that's yeah. one of those things that's like, you know, well, phrases that come jumps out at you I, like, oh, I, yeah, what's going on I, with this? I'd love to tell you that I have been told the answer to all your problems, Eric. Oh, but I what I, I'd I love think, to hear it. I actually think the answer, and you won't like it, but I think the answer is we're leading into a continuity that is an open continuity, that we're going to have to go and we'll know something's in continuity when we see it. And I, I really think uh, we're heart. already we're already oh, seeing that. <laughs> Elizabeth, uh, I'm coming. Elizabeth, I'm coming. No, baby. I'm telling you, I think that we're already seeing that. We're seeing that in a lot of books where you do have it, and even craziness like in the Red Hood that we did on the Patreon where it's, they you know, Professor Pig just animal, says, yeah. yeah, and Professor Pig, oh, yeah, that, I haven't yeah. dealt with him in this continuity. I mean, things are, it might be the Wild West for a little, and you may have to go with the idea. It's not story over continuity. It's what continuity you see is what continuity you get. And I think you have to kind of go with it. But it is it, it, it is a nice like little thing 
No, I know you don't. But yeah, in the meantime, you do have Superman and he's flying above Earth and he sees and we see that the metal in the Earth, and this was alluded to before, that all the metal is reacting into these bat symbols around the world. And they're, you know, like you we have, had at the end of last issue and yeah, that bat symbol saying. burned yep. through the Wayne yeah. Manor and showed Carter Hall's journal. Yeah, so it shows you that it's it's a bigger thing as well, that all the metal's reacting like this. And basically, it's a visual. You have it. Yeah. Superman's up there. He's talking to Wonder Woman uh, with it. And I appreciate the breather, though some so do people I. don't. But if he's going to talk in space, you can't talk. You you can have Superman who can breathe in space or not have to breathe. Just but better to not talk, talk. But talk, you need air. So I like that, and I always did. So I'll always continue to point that out. But yeah, it gives you a little space, with the no great hand. scream, let alone That talk. is true. But then basically superman's like you know shit this is all over the world are you seeing this we need to find batman right now and you find out they're already idea alone where we need to find batman right now that is a great opening scene to get you on with what's going to happen in this book and it's the hunt for batman alone where like not only the just like any hero they can find at that moment is on the yeah. hunt for Batman. And, and I like, love it. really and starts I, things yeah. up in an awesome note. And again, this is where if you talk to people about and, – and I don't know at this point. I'm hoping this would be as big as a, you know, a crisis or as big as a – you know, one of those big trades that people talk years from now. I'm hoping that almost every – you know, event will end up being like this. But listening to you, like you just read Final Crisis, you yeah. had read Crisis on Infinite Earth, stuff like that. And really, when you talk to people about this, unless me and Eric are the most insane people that were not like normal people, which, you know, that may be true. Yeah, but weirdos. when I ask you about it and when you come in to talk to me, you will usually go, you won't come in and go, oh man, you should have saw it. Batman told this guy to go to hell. No, you know what you'd say? You come into work all giddy. Oh my God! There was Blue Beetle, and there was Booster Gold, and there were you just go through a list of the characters. When I told you about the Cry for Freedom, or you know that that tra- basically this was the team. It was them, and them, and them. This is well, where I love team. this scene. This is why I love it because that's something that an event and things like that. It, it's always cool. And like exactly we had said, when you open up the whole DCU to freaking every character you can grab yes. a hold of and bring everybody into what's going yes. on because the the like the threat it's is so that large. Cool. That and single it's so character cool. or a single team can't handle it. And really, if you want to know behind the scenes when me and Eric are at you know work and talking about, say, the doomsday clock and things, and the, me and Eric aren't sitting there, and like other people, it seems like, oh, which Watchmen do you want? Or Watchmen this, Watchmen that? No, me and Eric are trying to decide which characters we would love to see and what they're doing. That's what we yeah. always do when we sit there. And even so, we sit at work, and, and Eric out of nowhere will be like, what would you do if you were writing a cyborg book? And yeah. really, it always comes down to, I'd have this guy, I'd have that guy, and I'd have him fighting that. It's all characters. So I really like this, that you see some characters that you would not expect, especially Blue Beetle and, and yeah. even Green Arrow. And I know so like people Blue like – Blue Beetle and Metropolis, that's, that's, that alone is like that, – that's cool. Yes, I want to see more of what's awesome. going on. Where, and, where's and the tie into that? I need the, to see that. The thing that gets me is everybody's kind of tying this. Oh, we saw Oliver talking to the Justice League before. Like, I actually think – I wish that he hadn't. You know why? It's because I want this to be a scene where Superman says we have to find Batman now. And then you see some characters that you're like – 
you know what? Number one, this shows that Batman is loved by everyone. It doesn't matter if he's a sourpuss or he's this. If Batman's in trouble, people respond. You will get everybody involved. And I wish that it was more like that because it kind of goes with, okay, I see Green Arrow's been talking to the Justice yeah. League recently. Then you have Zatanna. Oh, she was in Detective Comics. I actually think it plays off and better. And Constantine and Trinity and, and all Constantine that good stuff. And, and it plays off better to me is when you see Blue Beetle. And that's where I get that whole deal like – Oh my God, Blue Beetles involved! Like this is like all hands on deck now. Like they are going to everybody. Too that you know, he's like Blue Beetle. I need you to Metropolis. We need to find Batman. He's just there. He doesn't even know why they're finding Batman. This is what I'm saying. This is what I love the idea of. If you know, all of a sudden they get word, "Hey, Aquaman's in trouble." And you know what? Yeah, it's almost like somebody calling to move. Hey, I need you to help move. Oh, you know what? I, or I, I call you and I'm like, we, we have a lot of books for a podcast this week. <laughs> I got a wedding that week. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Groomsman territory yeah, over yeah, but here, when, baby when boy. When Batman is in trouble, uh, then that means, number one, shit has hit the fan. But also, you, you got to respond. You, you don't get to call in sick. When Batman's in trouble, and I thought and that not, was not really, really cool. Not only the whole really idea cool. of Batman's in trouble and we need to find him, that is a cool aspect of him. But when you tie the fact that Batman doesn't want to be found, that's what I you mean. Just yeah, up the ante so goddamn much. Yeah, because I'm telling shit's you, one of my crazy. things, like people hate the whole Bat God aspect where Batman yeah. can just do anything because he's Batman. But we're like, like when you're in the House of Mystery with Zatanna and Constantine, yep. and they find that the heartbeat that had been tracking is just a transmitter. It's like, how the bloody hell did he hide a transmitter on a yeah. wall made of souls? And I'm like. Yeah. That's because it's Batman, and I, it's I Batman. love just saying that, and it makes me happy. And and it makes me happy with this because it's such a crazy thing. Because as as we learn as we go through these couple pages, is you know Superman they have basically strike teams out. They have people around looking for Batman and all these different things because unfortunately his heartbeat is being heard all over the world. So yep. they have to go to each one hoping that the last one or the next one they go to is the legit thing. Uh, they end up being trackers that Batman has set up. I mean, one's in gra- And this shows you, again, it, it's the guy who prepares for everything and, and is able to do stuff like that because one's in Gorilla City where you have Green Arrow. And like, Green Arrow, you got anything? He's like, nope. Transmitter or Heartbeat was a transmitter. Just monkey business. And it's a, it's a over-the-top, like, yeah. it's a dad joke. It's kind of funny, though. It makes me laugh because I do like the fact that this is a very – it ends up being a really, really dark issue, but it really does have a sense of humor as well so that you're having fun reading and a really crazy – And before it gets to that crazy... darkness aspect, it's a wild ride, especially oh, when yeah. we get to the Bat family aspect. And yeah. Just, yeah, Damian and it's awesome. Wayne alone – Made me smile so much with his response to Wonder Woman. Because, yeah, like you said, you go then to the House of Mystery, and that's where Constantine and Zatanna are, and they're like, no, no, just another sleight of hand, Superman. And then says her backward magic of, you know, children of the grave, uh, be gone, gone. because there's spirits there. And basically that's where uh, you have Constantine saying, how the bloody hell did he hide a transmitter and walls made of souls? And that's like, that's something that's even beyond fucking constantine like he's just like how the fuck did he do it then you go off to uh lexcore h uh, hq in metropolis you have blue beetles flying he's like now i had no luck here but by the way why are we hunting him and superman says 
For one, because he's our friend and he's in trouble, and for another, if Kendra and the Blackhawks are correct, he just stole the most dangerous weapon in the universe, and we need to find him yesterday. Now, I know that this is supposed to be set up for a twist or whatever, but you can only think that he means the shard the of shard, metal yeah. that he stole uh, from the Blackhawks, uh, the, the base Blackhawk on Blackhawk Island. Hawk yeah. Island. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be, uh, because what ends up happening, and I'll just say, it ends up that he has grabbed freaking baby dark side and that is that's crazy that's crazy but that's what's the weird thing he says if kendra and the blackhawks are correct he just stole and it, it just that's the one thing really one of the few things that i'm like how would she know and why would she know about this and all that stuff it just seemed very odd that you can tell me they have surveillance everywhere exactly. but that they would are mean, surveilling a lot of things and they have that, that would all mean you would be able place. to follow him from there and know which one was the right one. It just seemed weirder. They got word. I don't know. It's not. That's the one thing where I'm like. Be, but at this point, again, what happens twice in this issue is the kind of sleight of hand again, and that's what this is. You're supposed to believe that it is the nth metal and yeah. keep going with it until it's so not. So you can so have I'll, your big reveal. So yeah. So I'll, I'll go with it for the reveal. Uh, but yeah, as you're going on, then it's Superman. He's like, Hey, Cyborg, we have the dark energy rising, causing storms everywhere. Bad symbols. Lighting up, you know, you have all that, and he says, "You know what? Please tell me." And then they're like, "We found them. They have them. I have eyes on them." And I love, I'm telling you, I love seeing Cyborg flying through the rainforest because you don't <laughs> really get that that much in his book. He's what, always he's boom a, tubing, and or he's, he's not on monitor duty. That's what I mean. He's, he's always on monitor duty. To actually see him flying, I'm telling you, we do not get to see that that often no. of him flying along with Green, you know, Green Lantern and. Uh, Wonder Woman. Now, again, this is the other thing, though, I have to point out again that Scott Snyder actually told me because I asked him, why isn't it Simon and Jessica? And he was asked by Sam Humphreys not to include him because his story towards this, it wouldn't make sense. So we, exactly. Right now, Simon and Jessica are back in like 10 yeah, they're back years in, in the time. past. Yeah, 10, and, uh, and 10 billion years in the past. Because yeah. really, you have Hal Jordan, uh, you know, that's fine. But at this point, if Simon and Jessica are around, they should be there. And really, I wish they were. I wish they were with Hal. I wish you had the three of them together so you can get that back and forth too and even kind of progress that story and th those characters a little. But when they found them, the thing is, it's so funny the way the dialogue goes because you have that, thank God, and this is Superman. Thank God, just pin him down. Remember, for all his tricks, he's just only one man. And the problem uh. is, is he's not at this moment. There are a bunch of them. It's a whole Bat family disguised as him on basically, I don't even know what you'd call them. They're not even motorcycles. They're like sled cycles kind Stuff of thing. Like that. I, yeah, I have a Maginax action figure like it. Yeah, well, like they're, they're in the rainforest doing that while the big bat hog, which is huge, is being driven. And I'll tell you, I think that where we both thought that Greg – I like Greg Capullo's art a little more than you did last issue, but we both agreed that it looked like he was kind of getting back into the flow. Yeah. I think that one of the best panels in this whole freaking issue is with Damien in I the bat hogs. What you, you only see his little head right above the steering wheel. He barely reaches over the steering wheel. It's not no. even above the steering wheel. It's so funny. He, you see him and just his head poking Pull over up. now, Robin. It, There's no uh, waiting here. Listen, lady, I'm 13 years old oh, and driving so a bat hog through the Amazon on a Tuesday morning. 
I've already, I'm yeah, already I'm winning. I'm already winning. And it's so funny because when they show that, because I'm telling you, the panel before where you just see the hug, you can barely see his head over. Then you see the, the thing through the steering wheel. He's not seeing anything. This better have a lot of controls. And he's driving. And it's so funny. And it's so good. And this is where you get a Damien where you don't have to have Damien, you know, be complete asshole. You you have a Damien here who's basically like, you know, I'm pretty kick-ass. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. doing all this. And it's amazing. Yeah, and it is. And that's where he says, listen, family, evasive action now. And Damien's plan at this point is to have all of these duplicate Batmans that are the bat family disguised as batman all split up so that everybody has to split up to find you know which is which and they just go off and they're going to go and try to get which you know which one you have aquaman go on probably the biggest goddamn catfish i've ever seen in my life and you know basically throws his harpoon into one of them knocks that batman off and they want to see what's in the bag and basically it is yeah basically it is Look in the bag and see if it's there. And they're like, no, no, it's not there. Just a, you know, a, a disguise and whatever. And then you have Flash going off, and he's, you know, you have a flash fact. You have some fun dialogue. But yeah, then you have a flash fact, and you have a bad fact. It's cool back and forth because once you yeah. get in Flash involved in this whole situation, you like as soon as the Flash, all right, this is going to be over pretty fast. But that's what the thing is, you know, like the Batman I love. Like you say, you might call him the Bat God or whatever. Yeah. It's the Batman who is prepared for everything. That's yeah. the Batman I love. So when he does get like fucked up and shit like that, it always bothers me because like, why wouldn't he have a contingency for things like that? And this whole aspect where the Justice League is coming after the Bat family because one of them may be Batman. He has contingencies all lined out. And it's amazing. Yeah, he does. And and but the problem is is also. Flash is pretty kick-ass. He's fast. He can gather them all up. But I really did like it. The only thing that I wish, I wish that they would have had a thing because at first you do have a little interaction between Aquaman and whoever that is who's making the fish jokes. Number one, I wish that we would have found out who that was because I would have liked that to be Jason. And he's like, oh, he's telling those stupid jokes. So you know what? And then I would have liked a little more interaction and kind of try to guess like, oh, that sounded like Batgirl or stuff like right. that. But it, you can't take that much time. But I would have liked that. But it ends up that obviously the one who's kind of in the lead of the disguised Batmans is Nightwing. And that's where Cyborg's like, you know what? I've cracked the code here. I've cracked your code. I can see you, Nightwing. And then you see there that Nightwing does have that holographic, you know, the disguise thing that oh, was from the Court of Owls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was the first issue of the New 52 where he had that, where he was even pretending he was Joker yeah. and he had that disguise. I thought that was a great call out. And I really, really like the way it played out there. Uh, this next part is a little. I don't know. It seemed a little bit forced only because they were – it was setting up that the Bat family was trying to go through the rainforest and ending up at a part where they were going to be in big trouble because they have these flowers. And they're like, hey, the local tribe translates this flower into the terrible green beatdown. Don't know why that is. And as this is going, the ground starts shaking. You see Nightwing gets the fuck out. I don't know that he frees the rest because they are all tied up to the trees there. And they do say – and they, they even say, we see you, Nightwing, and you, Batwoman, Batgirl, Red Hood. Batwing, you know, you even have Batwing, which was cool. And it's funny, though, when he says this and you find out that they are pretty much right 
at Swamp Thing, where Swamp Thing like comes out and says, "Who dares harm the green here at the Parliament of Trees?" I'm because like, okay. all the flowers that the freaking Bat family had brought in their bags are actually dangerous to other plants. So them yeah, actually yeah. being there with this plant is freaking is a, a danger. It's to a call freaking Swamp yeah. Thing. Exactly. It's a whole threat to where they are and where the you know the rainforest. And this would be to me, I get the idea of the Parliament of Trees. I just didn't think that it was just a place there, and that might just be my naivety or stupidity uh but it's cool that swamp things there like how dare you come and threaten us like this and actually does go and the vines go so you can see that this is one of those where they're trying to this is a delay tactic obviously while they're gonna have to sort things out with swamp thing but you do see that nightwing just drives off then which is kind of funny well damien thinks that it's all worked and he's like hey basic and another great panel because he's there driving basic strategy father separate distract and regroup so what's the rendezvous and batman's just in the back looking through the the <laughs> don't get khaki slow down before you and this is when superman goes and gets him and this is where i do have a problem with what ends up happening because this is what happens is now I'll just say it this batman that superman goes it's another diversion it is it's clayface and he's playing the role of batman to try to distract Superman especially, but Wonder Woman when she shows up so that Batman can do what he can do. The problem is is when they do have Clayface and why I really get irritated with Clayface as a villain like this and as a red herring type of deal – it always is too far. It always is too much explanation and too much too much like the regular guy to end up being wrapped around that. I can only think that when is Batman sitting and describing to Basil all the things that he has to know to say that he says here, which Look, ends up being Basil's a narration. A actor. He oh, needs I to know have that. Lines. But you are using this scene as a very, very strong setup to what's happening and it ends up not being batman and it just seems a little bit too much you know when he's talking about being the in the fact lab that basil is the one who's telling everybody about the whole freaking metals and everything like yeah, that that's it what is i'm a saying yes that's and it always ends up this this is why when you end up where the reveal is always it's clay face it always seems too much because they they want to trick you so Scott Snyder's tricking us here, but to do this and to give us the exposition of what sets up the mantling, you know, that's going on, it just seems a little too much for what Clayface would end up doing, but it, it happens. And it is a cool deal because it does show you where he's like, listen, I'm on the run and I'm upset. And the other thing that I like too, as Superman has already mentioned, that this fake heartbeat is a heartbeat of a scared Batman, yeah. and it, it worries him, and it, it really does. But as he's going, you know, Batman, Clayface, is telling him, listen, this has been happening. This has been happening all along. It's the metal. It's the metal that's doing it. And he says, listen, Barbados has its followers treat its prey with five impossibly heavy metals. It's called mandling. When the prey is prepared, Barbados' high priest, the – how do you say it? The, the Strigidae. The Strigidae read the ancient rites, and the prey becomes the doorway. Now he's already been told that he is Wayne, which is the doorway. So he's yeah. freaking out. But now you get the the full out explanation of how he has been infected with the metals. And the first is the Electrum when I was lost in the Owl's Labyrinth. And it's a really great callback to that story. When he was lost in the labyrinth, he was going nuts. He was freaking. He, he was, was dying of, water of thirst. Even though he thought he. 
He knew that it was, it was fucked was up. Poison. And yeah, and when yeah. he did drink it, it did fuck him up a bit. And they show him drinking that. Then he says, I, I had Dionysium when I fought Joker to the death. We know that. Yeah. And then he's like, Prometheum, present in my final machine, which I used to make me Batman again after I died. It's completely now, legit. I don't recall but, the Prometheum thing. As I Going through this, it all comes to, you know, it all came crashing back. You know, the lecture on the Dionysium. Okay, these are all things that, like, we have. Yeah. The Prometheum was nothing that ever really jumped out at me. No, if that I was think ever that it was just spelled out. And, and it made sense to us when we were talking about just because, oh, Prometheus, the Prometheum. But it wasn't something that was like, boy, this is important or whatever. Yeah, but like it, it said, ends Dionysium up... and the Electrum, they both seem important. For whatever, the Prometheum, if it was talked about in the Batman yeah, book, yeah. I don't recall it, though. Yeah, and then you go to the next one, he says, and again, is this? it's not, it, it's just being infected or exposed to the metal and the exposure to the nth metal was when he looked the into dagger. the you know the dark the problem is also is i could have thought that they could have tied that into just recently when he grabbed that sliver as well because right. he grabbed what was the most pure version of that left in the in the universe that they said so you could go but yeah he said when i saw that and i really like the description here because it really spells out and this is where again it's too much for clayface to be saying i think but he says listen it's a cosmic counterweight. You're getting the rules here of when he becomes the door, he does not die. He says he comes here with whatever nightmares of mine he's pulled from the dark, but I go there. Yeah. It's a switcheroo. And so I think that's very important here to realize because by the end, he is basically just getting taken into the dark multiverse, not dying. And I think no. that that's very important here to realize what he is saying. Uh, and it, then it's a little, you know, hey, the metals are screaming out across the world. You you do see the daily planet, you know, the globe and stuff. And that's OK. But, you know, you're going with that. And that's when he's like, listen, you know, there has to be a way to fight this. We have to be able to do this. And then that's where Batman's like, ah, oh, there might be. And it's far from here. You guys could come with me. And that's where Superman realizes something is happening. And like, even Wonder Woman's like, enough. He's still lying. I don't yeah. need my lesson to tell me that he's stalling us. And yeah, fucking... yeah. yeah. <laughs> Superman goes and pulls an injustice out of yep, nowhere. He to... does. He just okay. It's goes. one of those things. Like, you. You spoiled it for me telling me beforehand, but just this whole thing, I'm like, this is just like injustice and it's creepy as hell because you don't yeah. even get the idea until you turn the page because when no. he punches through this Batman who is Clayface, there it just looks, looks like, like blood, blood and viscera. Yeah, like, yeah. It does not and look you're like, like right what away. the fuck is going on? And almost like you're, was he infected already in Superman? But yeah, it's Clayface. And I really like the panel where Wonder Woman's looking through the <laughs> other side. And I do also like the fact that Clayface is there but still has the Batman belt pants and boots there are not really dissipated away yet. I thought that's cool. And yeah, he's like, you know, more damn tricks, huh? And I love that Basil there. This is the, the multiverse of everything that they know of existence. And, and Basil knows because he just described all the shit going down. He's just worried if he did a good job. He's like, huh, I got him down pretty good, huh? And I thought that was awesome. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, Superman at this point, because Wonder Woman's calmed down, Superman's freaking out. And that's where he's like, listen, I told you before. And he said he was going around and listening, and I know his heartbeat and all this. So, you know, this transmitter was doing its job, at least there. And he's like, he's scared. Diana, yeah. he's more scared than I've ever seen him, and I'm scared for him and for all of us. And I thought that was a really awesome line to to throw in there. And then the like, we'll solve this, Superman, if it takes us to the ends of the earth. We will, says Wonder Woman. Again, you want to go with the whole deal? There is a very 
confident and hopeful Wonder Woman that everybody loves. Everybody loves that, you know, confident, hopeful deal, and that's what you get. Well, then you go to the ends of the world, which, and you know, you the ends of the world. And you turn the page, and you make Eric Shea smile again by giving him the Legion of Doom headquarters. Yeah. And there's the Legion of Doom headquarters, and where I love this, where this is not, like you said, you did think that they threw a lot of things out there, the last issue, to kind of like wow you and things like this. This is a little different to me. This is there to make you smile. That's all it's there for. And I, and I like to smile. talked about where, you know, I built this for something later down yeah, the Vandal. line, but we'll use it as our meeting place yeah, for right Van- now talking so, about Vandal Savage. Yeah, so, like, so Vandal Savage is setting up. I can't wait to find out up. Vandal yeah. Savage's Secret Society where yeah. they use the Legion of Doom headquarters. Yep, I want that, that story now. And that's where Kendra's shown up, and it is the immortals at this point. It's like, you know, like you said, we had to do this, and then, hey, you know, Kendra says, I, I wouldn't associate with you if this wasn't dire like you're a piece of shit vandal but yeah. this is this is bad and batman's still missing and the visions have started dr fate john henry irons they they've seen barbados's army and then they're like and one called plastic man it's funny too because you don't get any plastic man at all here but it ends up really pushing the fact that he is really important oh yeah because he's yeah, the key yeah. to understanding what's yeah. coming if we can That's find crazy him. and yeah so we're gonna get plastic man again another character that when the 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 whole thing is done and people talk about it. And then there was Plastic Man and stuff. But they go into the Immortals headquarters in the Legion of Doom here. And the whole thing is they've taken a vote where they have the brain. Uh, it's crazy. The right? They have the brain. anti-monitors astral brain. And, and the I way... don't quite understand what's no, going on. No, I don't understand this either. astral brain. Yeah, I can't say that I do either. But I'm interested to find out where they say... This is and this is a last resort because even oh, yeah. Kendra's like really you know we can't do this there's still hope or we could try something but they've they've voted and they thought no we're going to use the astral brain and we're going to shoot it through the multiverse into the rock of eternity and it will destroy the dark multiverse. So whatever this that is, is – That is the focal point of the multiverse yeah. is the rock of eternity right there in the smack dab in the middle. So you fire so, that right and, at that to go through, puncture it and freaking get to the dark. You're like you have antimatter meeting dark matter. Yeah. I don't even know what will happen. Well, and, and here's the thing. When you do go back and look at when Krona and all the multiverse started, there was that whole anti-matter versus matter and the, you know, the anti-monitor versus the monitor. So I guess yeah. I, I have a feeling if we really sat down and thought out, you know, crunched the numbers there, that would make a little more sense. But well, it's saying, not well, at really that explained. point, though, we had anti-matter versus matter. Yeah. I don't know about dark matter, though. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It seems like maybe it, it – but I don't know. I, and also the, the thing that you're going to have to realize by the end is if they do decide to do this, by the end, they will end up killing Batman because he's yeah. in the dark multiverse at the by time. By the end of the so issue, it yeah. seems like by the end of the issue, this might be pulled off the, the table because of the shit that goes down. But there is that possibility that if they don't realize, you could think that, oh, my God, they're they're going to kill – if they destroy the dark multiverse, Batman's in it right now. But they're going on, and I love race here because they're just talking like, you know, and they, hey, we all we all – figured this out you know mixing antimatter and dark matter is what kendra says listen you can't do this mixing uh you know the antimatter and dark matter it could and like no no we're doing this and what other choice do we have and she says we keep looking and vandal's like no no the time's over and this is where race steps up and it's so good because you're you're used to race being the big bad is like i've lived all my life you know for centuries detective and doing this 
He's the low man on the totem pole it's here. So and it funny. really it reminds me of I the Stonecutter Simpsons. Uh, it reminds me of Mr. Burns being a stonecutter, but he, you know, Lenny is kicking him in the butt because he's lower. Climb the ladder, Monty. But it just reminded me of that because he's just I'm just a young guy here. You know, you guys are, you know, whatever, but I know the detective more than you guys. I know him real well, and there's no way he's sitting back. Right now, he's going he is to going to be to trying to fight a way to fight. Is there anything wrong with that? Would that impulse lead him to some troubles? And that's where Kendra's like, oh, no, the only way he'd be able to go back is to the start. And for that, he'd need to find the ancient resting place of. And this is where you get the idea that in that book that Carter had left, Carter Hall, Carter's Journal, they, yeah. they had mentioned that. And he had mentioned that the tomb of Prince Khufu is the starting point. That's where you go if something goes on. And he did leave this you know, for Batman when he left it there for him. So I would only guess that in that he's like, okay, when if something goes wrong, you go back here. Or if you want to find me, the problem is what we find out is the Court of Owls are involved and they knew all along that that book was there. This is all Batman being played. And they implanted information in there to lead Batman yes. to the wrong and place. Where and where I think yes. that, like, you know, there is a way to stop this by if you go to the certain place. Yes. But it's all a ruse. It's all a ruse. And he's going down. He's there at the tomb of Prince Which Kufu. Which I didn't get at first Hawkman. when I read this. The whole idea, too, like, you know, he thinks he's going to Prince Khufu, you know, original yeah. Carter Hall's tomb. We find yeah. out it's half sets tomb. And at first when I read this, I did not understand. I'm like, well, why would that matter? Why would we have to go to freaking yeah. Carter Hall's tomb and stuff like that? Or like uh, Prince Khufu's tomb. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter in the long run. It is half sets tomb just because, setup. you know, Kendra, like, you know, how long ago destroyed that tomb for uh, Prince Khufu. Yeah. So at the end, it doesn't really matter. It's just no, a way to get freaking, you know, Batman to a place for the Court of the Owls and the freaking Stygian, or not just, the Stygian, yeah. freaking uh, Stygiday, Stygiday, to freaking have him where they need him to be. And, and to make under him the finish the, the mantling. That it is yeah. Prince Khufu's, which makes uh, sense to him. And yeah, and and where I do think that it's something that I didn't see a lot of people saying. We we were talking earlier where oh you know what you got to go with oh it's Batman it's the Bat God oh you have this he always prepares or whatever. When also in the whole wraparound story is he's being duped. He yeah. is not the Bat God right now. He is being played a hundred percent, and he. Is because, and I think that where Superman spelled it out, I think that Scott Snyder's giving you a Batman who is scared and he is impulsive, like they say, and he is trying desperately to figure out a way because he blames oh, himself right, yeah, for right whatever's going to go. The only freaking lead he has to stopping any of this is from the Journal of Carter Hall, so yeah. he's going on the only lead he has. I mean, basically, he could commit suicide, Eric, and then he'd save everyone and be done, but he's not going to do that, right? Right? Well, it's what he kind of <laughs> is, like, you know, his yeah, plan. He he is almost committing well, suicide. But he is, but in a different way. Like if he dies right here, if he falls as he's going into the Prince Kufu's deal, it's over. The, the hey, mantling I, I can't is say done. That freaking his body is there, and they freaking put like you're finishing the mantling. Know, I'm not saying yeah. that he I'm can't just be saying, the doorway. Still. This is a Batman though, is so desperate because again he thinks that he has doomed the entire universe. And while he's doing this, because I don't think he's thinking completely right, he is really desperate right now to try to stop it, and has a suicide mission that he's trying to set up. He he's not thinking things through, and he's letting himself be caught because it does say. I would say in the book, you have to go down get Carter's you know mace and that or you know the deal and that leads him right to where he needs to be for the manling so he he's being completely duped but as he goes in dreams there and he's like listen dream 
tell me my plan's the right one. And Dream's like, I, I can't tell you that. I don't, I, I can't speak for your plan. You know, I can do what I can do here, but that's, that's not for me. But he does say then, if the nightmare army succeeds, if the world goes dark, call to me in the place of the black sun. I wish you luck. And then he's like, wait, am I doing the right thing? And he's gone. And God I think, damn it, you know, Dream, you did nothing for me. No, but again, Dream will be in the Dark Multiverse. Yeah. It's pretty much spelled out there, so at least he has that. But when he's like, am I doing the right thing, Dream? And it's super – no, I don't know what you're talking to, Bruce, but no. The answer is no, you're not. Yeah. And Superman and Wonder Woman have shown up, and they're trying to figure out, and they're like, give us what's in the bag. And at this point, we still think it's that shard. So yeah. we're like, boy, okay. So he goes to reach in and pulls out baby Darkseid. And it's so crazy. And I'm like, this might be the best thing I've ever seen. Though I think that baby Darkseid could have looked a little better. He is a little off to me, but it's the best thing because I'll give up. I don't care because he's flashing the devil horns for metal. And I think that that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, I could just, it's so funny through all of this. He was basically running around like a mom with baby Darkseid in that pouch. And he's got a little, just you know, baby I don't even think of it as a pouch. Just imagine putting a baby in a backpack and going about your yeah. day. Just run, it's so funny. And he's like, you know, I'm here to use him. He's got he's fucking dark side. And like, listen, dark side. And this is where I thought, where Wonder Woman's like, dark side? And so I don't know if she knew. It just seemed weird. It went back and forth as if they knew what was going on. Just because no, they should all been... know about baby dark yeah. side. Oh, no, I mean that I, it almost seems like she's surprised that's what he has. Because uh, she goes dark side, but it seemed like it was pushing that way. It seems very odd. They're like, just because he's been transformed into a baby doesn't make him any less dangerous. And like, you know, the Omega Beams once unhinged me from time itself. And this goes back to, you know, after Final Crisis and all this that, that yeah, led the end to of all Final this. Crisis, anything. Yeah. It went to the return of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, the return of Bruce Wayne. And, and, and the continuity's good here. He's like, listen, I went. And it's funny, too, because it makes it seem like. Grail was sleeping. She she wasn't watching. She was drunk. And I went in there. I grabbed Baby Dark. Said she went out for a pack him. of smokes. Yeah, I'm gonna use him. Take him back. So she. It really seems like. Listen, we got to do this before she finds out. And it just made me laugh. But yeah, he basically wants to get zapped back in with the Omega Protocol and and the Omega Sanction and go yeah. back in time so that he could just it can all end. He can destroy everything and he will be erased from existence. That's his plan. Batman no longer I, I exists. Just, that's the only problem I really have with this issue is that I don't understand the plan. If I get hit with the Omega Sanction again, get sucked back in time where I you know would then travel back through time. I don't know because of the whole idea of the hyper adaptive because well hyper there is yeah and it and, does like that is Barbados or uh. But it's not at the same time, which seems like that was a separate entity than the freaking yeah. dark multiverse god. Well, even so there, I don't know he's what saying I think that basically I what don't he's know saying, what, him getting hit with the Omega Sanction again, going back in time to stop, you know, Barbados. Yeah. How that will erase him from existence? Yeah, I but just even don't then, get that he aspect. just says the only reason he survived the last time and came back and wasn't erased was because Barbados didn't want him to die. He says, the, the only reason you came back before, he says, because Barbados wanted me to. And like, yeah, it's pure madness. If you go back, you'll erase yourself from the world. You'll erase Batman forever. And I just get the idea that he'll just be stuck in time and, and then they can't go any step. Now, I don't say that it would be – I think that the you'll erase Batman forever is odd to say. Yeah. I think that he's just – if he goes back in time, Barbados is not in this universe at this point. So he can't chase him anymore and he'll just be stuck in caveman time then and then 
then Barbados can never open up the portal. He'll never exist past this one moment where they need Barbados to be and then to trap. So I thought it was more of that. It's just odd, the a race existing, you know, Batman forever. That seems to be like I'd need a more of a description of that to actually, you know, go with that. But oh, yeah. to me, he's just going to be, listen, if I'm lost in time, he ain't finding me this time. The only reason I came out was because he was there chasing me last time. He's not chasing me. He's not here now, and he will never be here because I won't be here either. I no longer can be a doorway, you know, a million years ago in history. So I thought that that's how it went. Yeah, there's just baby Darkseid. That's funny. He's just sitting there. I imagine he's like blowing bubbles and shit like that. It made me laugh. But the problem is, and right before the the main problem goes, and he, but he does say, I have Hawkman's mace now. Barbados was beaten with it once before. The only time he walked Earth, I'm going to use it. So it never really even says like it kind of points to he's going to come back and i'm going to kill him again but it's weird but he does say listen watch over my family and you know all of them and tell damien help him become a better man than i ever was and tell them all you know him and all of them i'm sorry and i said when that hit i thought to myself you know what what did they know he was going to do? Like, did they really know that he was trying to erase I don't know, because himself? Batman keeps a lot of stuff close. You know, he'll That's tell you saying. part of the plan, but not yeah. all of it. No, I don't think that board. they have the whole plan. And basically, they're going to end up for the rest of their life really pretty much being a family that gave an assisted suicide. Like, you are really going to end up being, a you know, Damien was full out part of a plan to get rid of his father. Now, again, you say all this crazy stuff, and how do you do that if you're erased from existence? If Batman leaves and is erased from existence, Superman ain't going to remember shit. He's erased from existence, and you can't go on. Then there's no Damien. So, yeah. it, you know, I don't think that that was fully what it meant, but that's why. But, yeah, it's it's all a ruse. And you see, and I said to you, it's such a cool thing for a place name there because you have the Tomb of Prince Khufu as like the And then the, that slashed the out deal. of the Tomb of Hatset yeah, is and emboldened like over top of it. Yeah, I think that's the greatest version of a, you know, a thing there where it shows you where the setting is or where the place thing is. I thought it was really cool. But, yeah, now you get what was looks like the shit that was coming out of the Daily Planet, the reaction from the metals appears to be what is grabbing Superman and Wonder Woman. Again, it's not really explained. No. Uh, so we're going to have to see what's happening. But you have but the that- freaking Judas tribe, the freaking uh, – I can I, – now I can't even remember the fucking name, the Strigaday. You know, yeah. they have power among themselves. So whatever yes. they're doing, we don't know a lot about the Strigaday at this point. Yep. I have to assume, though, that they have power because all, yeah. all the stuff they're doing all over the world. But, and the weird thing is it does look exactly like that stuff that was oh, coming out when the metal – so whatever's going on. But, yeah, Batman is now – He's duped, and they start they start hitting him with a bunch of like you know poison darts or darts. It's almost like an Indiana Jones thing, which is causing him to bleed. It's causing him to bleed, and also causing it where if they do get this last metal that they need to open this doorway, it has a lot of places that it can enter. Yeah, it has a lot of entry points. And then they said, you know what? This is what we do. We've been waiting. We've been waiting and serving the dark god Barbados in, in your name and, you know, saying that so long. Have we waited for this day for the mantling? It's upon us. And then Batman's like, how did you do this? You know, what is going on? And that's when the, the owls come out. There's three owls and they come out and like, you know what? We've been hiding through history. That's our greatest thing. That's our superpower. And you know what? We were kicked out and condemned as the Judas tribe and we've helped our dark brethren. 
brethren. All these years we've been preparing you for him, infecting you, weighing you down each step, bringing you closer. And then says, now our pact is complete. We've woken the ancient Strigaday so they might bring the back God here from the dark. And so that's it's all been now, a the ruse. thing I mean, is, I, I have to go back and reread it, even though we just did in the New 52 review a couple of weeks ago, you know, the Court of Alice freaking trade. This is a little weird to have the court of Alice come out of nowhere to say this is what we've been preparing you for just because it really seemed like they were trying to kill Batman all the time. They were, now, but you again. Could say that this plays in and Lincoln Marshall was not going with what their plans were and Lincoln yeah. Marshall was acting as his lone kind of freaking you know, rogue freaking Al. Yeah, you could do that. And he wanted to kill Batman. I, I could go really with the fact that, you know, the fact that if you're not almost like how we had with the Batwoman, the new 52, where he, he, Bruce was pretending to be a bad guy to see if if Kate was Batwoman. Maybe the court was all along. They realized if we don't go full out and pretend we're trying to kill him, he's going to see right through this and know that we're setting him up. I don't know. I'm telling you, freaking that first thing when he goes against that town and freaking the uh, the Wayne oh, yeah. uh, Tower and he freaking jump like they pushes him out the window. I'm like, there was like if if Bruce Wayne. Wasn't oh, Batman and the luckiest motherfucker alive. He was yeah. dead right there. Yeah. But really what, what it all ends up here is they, they have set him up. They say, we knew where Carter Hall's journal was hid. We changed it. We led you yeah. here. We, and we, we knew that you're reckless. places in yeah. Wayne pre- places through yeah. like centuries now. This. We knew that this was here. Yeah. We freaking like changed it like, you know, decades ago. Yeah. And he says, you know, your reckless obsession did the rest. And it's true. It really yeah. is. And at this point, one of the owls has baby dark side just holding them. And uh, it even says, hush now, baby dark side. We think you will like this bedtime story. But in the meantime, when you see the art and see what's going on, you see that Batman, when he, where he had to go to f- get what he thought he needed, the mace, and thought this was, you know, Hawkman's mace, when he went to get it, it's the exact position where he needs to be for the mantling to happen. So all of this is completely set up. And then they say, now the final step of the mantling was a challenge. We didn't have the last medal. It didn't exist in the world. And this goes back to Super Heavy and all that at the so end nice. of the New 52. It says, we funded the science so all that powers stuff and the powers collider this was all in the story was being funded secretly by the court of owls so really you can go back to everything that pretty much happened in the court of owls all the things that led were all set up by the court of owls the new 52 was basically even after we saw the court of owls they just continued behind the scenes fucking with batman the whole time including what seems to be setting up for him to die with the joker and then and i'm telling you with this here i really just wish we didn't have that green arrow issue with Batman or really made the scene in yeah. the court of Alice yeah. at this oh, point yeah. were just jokes because that were freaking, then you, yeah. you know, we have nothing left. We're going to dress up like talents and just hunt homeless yeah, people. No. It really so, made them look yeah, like shit that, for that. that. Really, Ben Percy really screwed with you know the integrity of the Owls because and honestly, yeah, too, the here, whole Parliament of Owls too and Tim Seeley's Nightwing run yeah, doesn't that was really go pretty, in with all of this no, either. No, that was bullshit too. So yeah, and he says like it was the great powers collider in Gotham that finally did the trick. And when he when they right when he said that. I know, me and you, I know you knew what that meant because oh, when yeah. that was going on, they I were trying to find. Manium's going to be the final metal yeah. for Oh, a yeah, while yeah. Now. And that's the whole thing. When you had Jerry Powers in the New 52, where Gordon was the Batman, when Bruce was dead and just coming back without his memories and stuff like that, there was a big scene where they were walking through a room where, as they hit, the elements were lighting up on the floor. And then they went beyond the element, you Bruce know, the Grimmel. periodic table. We're beyond that. We're finding things. We found this new one. Batmanium, and this was fully spelled out. This is not something where I saw people like, oh, that's so hokey. Yeah, it is a little hokey, but it yeah. is something in continuity and has been and around. And not only that, if they wanted to talk, I did more with 
about we are creating universes with this collider. Yeah, dark that's you. what she said. Yeah, throughout the whole world, they were creating these dark multiverses and, and going on. Well, that's it. He's infected. The Batmanium comes in and infects him as Superman and Wonder Woman are trying to stop it and they can't. And they're like, no, it's coming. And that's where you see Batman, where all of a sudden it looks like blood and all this, the Batmanium, it's all going he all over just, him. Yeah, he is just absorbed into a freaking... Like he's a turning into Starman. Yeah, and, and he's gone. He's done. And they're like, yep, it's opening. He's become the doorway. The bat god comes in. This is the best. Is you have these owls, and they're like, oh, my God, he's going to reward us. Barbados Hail is Barbados. Hail, hail Barbados. And we've seen this on, I mean, Mars Attacks. We have every uh, – you could name a million movies where this happens, uh, where any time this goes, they, you have these stupid motherfuckers who think they're the ones who are going to be, oh, my God, we'll be rewarded. They are always the first to die. And that's what happens. Oh, you, yeah. have these, you have these dark multiverse uh, robins come out. You mean and crows? Crows is what we think that that's why they're saying it. They're going to, uh, you know, they're they're killing and eating. The, I mean, entrails and shit. And that's where you do see at this point where you know, Batman or Superman and Wonder Woman still can't do anything, but they want to, you know, where's Bruce? Where is he? And then boom, everybody's come through. They've switched. They've done this counter. You want Bruce Wayne? I'll look around. I'll give you Bruce yeah. Wayne. And you see Barbados in the back while all of these other. Bruce Wayne, Batman, there they are. And they're like, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Me too, boss. Me too, boss, is what it reminded me of. And I was not looking forward to I just want to know why these. that freaking that female dark universe Aquaman is a uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I don't we'll, – we'll have to find out. But yeah, to me, I was not looking forward to these one shots. After seeing them, I'm like, okay. I'm kind of in. They look pretty cool. I want to know more about them and what's going like that on. that Hades Batman for the Wonder Woman Batman. I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I want to yeah, know more about that. That is pretty cool. We'll we'll have to see what. Who's they your favorite explain. of the freaking Dark Multiverse Batman right the here? The favorite uh, has to be, I guess it would be. Is that the one in the middle? The one who laughs? Do you think? Is it's that the Batman the one who with laughs? The that's who I think that is. Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite. He looks like a big gimp. And you know how I like gimps. I mean, oh, that I doomsday looking one is fucked thing up is, in I the think back. The, the, the drowned Batman's my favorite. The female like freaking the, Aquaman Batman. Yeah, you like that? I think that that's interesting, like you said, to figure out how that. It also looks very steampunk, which yeah. we always like and stuff like that. But yeah, we're going to see what's going on with these in those one shots. Yeah, emo steampunk. I like the gimp. Uh, but yeah, they're like, hey, I think I'm the here. Worst I'm is here. The Aquaman Batman. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're all ready to rock and they're they're there. Uh, but then you have Barbados coming in and basically taunting, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman and saying, all you know, hey, you know, they say we've beaten, you know, more gods, gods and monsters, and monsters like you. Before. And he's like, because I let you. Welcome to the dark. And every, and then they start just getting ripped apart. So we're going to have to see what's going I'll on. Say, Superman and Wonder Woman, like if you remember back in like, you know, the Dark Knight Returns when uh, Superman took on that atomic blast. Yeah. That's what it looks like Barbados yeah, is doing to both it Superman does. and Wonder yeah, Woman and he, at this point. He's just turning them into emaciated yeah, zombies. Yeah, he's just going like to town on them. Yeah, and they, they are. They're they're just going, you know, they're, they're falling apart here. And that's where you have the whole ending of Carter Hall in the journal and says, I didn't tell you the whole story the origin of the multiverse because the thing is as much as i've played the truth the fact is the story of crone is also a tragedy and he was reviled for his hubris and that it is true oh, yeah. and at the beginning it's it's kind of a, a cool tie-in here because at the beginning it did say like when batman was trying to find a way and go this you had that beginning narration of basically like hey the multiverse and all this 
pretty much based on just exploration. And you're like, yeah. okay, I get it. And then That's at the cool. end, after after Batman is the counterweight and now shit's gone wrong, is where you get that whole thing. Like, I also forgot to tell you, like, Krona, he was looked at as a pretty bad piece of shit that turns, fucked up shit doing this. Turns out just the like origin Batman story did. of our multiverse, it's a cautionary tale. It says yeah, it is. It is a cautionary far, tale. And you may become the villain of your own story. Yeah, yeah, it's that, yeah. And they, they say that it's like, you know, for the, you know, you don't wish too hard because you might get what you wish for type of deal. Yeah. But this is the ultimate monkey paw in, in the story like this. And, yeah, you have the next Rise of the Dark Knights. And you have Barbados like, this is going to be fun. And actually, and while I think I've that is saying, actually you know, the other guy. But yeah, and the, while I've been saying that I've been on board, you know, this whole thing, this issue has put me over the top where I am finally really excited for what DC is putting out. Yeah, I am too. Like, you know, I hate a bunch of tie-ins. We have, I think, was it, 25 tie-ins or all like all together yeah. stories for this yeah. whole metal thing. And like, yep. I want to see every bit of it at this point yeah, because I, I need to know more what's going I'm on in. and I look forward to knowing more. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I think, I, I don't know what you would say, but we like the Dark Side War deal. It just... It, it was delayed and it kind of got a little wonky. It's something like this, but I remember you going. I'm telling you, even Ella was there and it didn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm saying when Forever Evil, though, you were in. Like you were really, so you know, in. fired up, and that's how I feel now with this. This feels like, you know, how we were excited back with uh, Forever Evil, and it's funny too because that came about around the same time and numbering of these issues as well. So yeah. maybe it's another thing. And I think that when we were doing the site for a, a bit, and then Forever Evil came, it did kind of kickstart us again and kind of get us excited for things. And we were talking about shit and all that stuff. But yeah, I even like at the very end, you have Baby Darkside because uh, the owl that. They got killed. Baby Darkseid's just sitting there pointing. He's just sitting there like a little baby. Looks like he's pointing up at those bad Batman. And again, is this something that's going to tie in? Because who is getting Baby Darkseid now? Because if you would think that one of these bad Batman might. Yeah, because he's just there. And Superman and Wonder Woman look like they are being aged to the nth degree. So where is Baby Darkseid going to go? I want to see. And I look forward to it, too, because in my mind, we have Baby Darkseid out and about. It's not getting returned to Grail anytime soon. So in my mind, that means Grail is going to have to come looking for him. Yeah, she's going to have to come. The daughter of Darkseid into the story, which I look forward to as well. Yeah, which is another crazy, like, we would never have thought that we'd see her in this. But, yeah, Yeah. I think that that's the case. And I think that's why Batman even said, Grail's going to be come looking for him. Yeah, yeah, we get the foreshadowing because i think she's going to and at a point what happens when at one point where superman and wonder woman have to work with Grell because they both want baby you know one of those you know the enemy of my enemy type deal that would be pretty cool too so we'll see how it goes we'll see how it works out but i loved it i really did and i know that some people don't want to like it and if they don't that's fine if they have reasons for it they but it's but i had a grand old time Grand old time, Eric. I was smiling. I was laughing. You had a lot of things to kind of make you smile, but also a cool story. And now you have a lot of things like, where the fuck is Batman? And now we're going to get to see the horrors from the dark multiverse, but you fully expect, that, obviously. That's the crazy, awesome part about this, because while we have all these Batman, these evil dark multiverse yeah. Batman in our world, we got shit that's going to happen and have to happen in the dark multiverse. Yeah, that's as well. what I so want to have- see. That's exactly. what I want to see. So how are we going to deal with both things? You know, if our I, heroes are in the dark yeah. multiverse and all the bad guys are in a regular yeah. universe. And I, and I think that one of the things is, is that's why I think they threw in those one shots because they don't want to spend too much time well, you doing got six those. Issues for this. Yeah. And they, yeah. So you want to show some cool, cause to me where the dark multiverse is, where it's going to be some really cool shit 
Uh, but again, where people were like, oh, the dark multiverse, no, it's an Elseworlds because of that, or you're going to fuck something up. Most of the heroes aren't in that dark multiverse. You still have most of them in our regular universe trying to fight off the horrors from there to try to reverse counterweight, you know, get Batman back because he's already said. And that's one of those things where like we talked about in Forever Evil where I had a big problem because we had most of our, we had our Justice League and our Justice League of America were trapped inside the Firestorm Matrix while the crime syndicate were had and all the other villains were taking over the world. I'm like, what, where were the rest of the heroes? Why weren't anybody taking care of this whole thing? Hopefully now with most of our heroes going to go to the dark multiverse we had these lesser heroes taking up the goddamn yeah, we'll bit see. and trying to save the world from the freaking dark but Batman that's what i'm saying i'm not so sure that they're going to the dark multiverse because most of these tie-ins have most of the heroes involved that's with true, fighting you're off right. the things you have flash uh fighting it off the one point you have all these so you may only have batman in the dark multiverse and him trying now in the end the kind of the way to get him back is just to get Barbados back in. But again, if you kill Barbados in this universe, in our universe, I think that traps Batman forever in the dark. Nah, you send him back a dead body, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 you do that. But yeah, it, you know what it reminds me of when they talk about that counterweight and stuff? It reminds me of like a, a big, like a haunted house where the bookcase swings around. And oh, then, yeah. You know, that's what every time I think of it, I think of that. But yeah, I'm intrigued. But I gave it a 9.3. It's one of my favorite issues that we've had in a very long time. Time. And please, everybody, let me have some fun. Yeah, I'm getting seriously. a lot of – I'm getting a, some flack for this because it's like, oh, there's Jim, Mr. Miserable. And then the next part, I like an issue, and now I'm getting flack for that too. I can't goddamn win anymore, and I don't understand. Just let me – if you don't like it, fun. Just let me have some fun. Please, Eric. But what did you? what do you think? I think I'd give this a three out of ten. A three out of ten. <laughs> what is, no, what I would give? give this. I would give this a nine out of ten. Yeah, I nine actually, out of I'm ten. Telling, Besides for not understanding why, you know, like, you know, Batman would be erased from time and stuff like that. It's, it's more minor things like that, you know, where I just don't understand because they haven't told me yet. I have some problems with. But overall, the fun of this issue just overcomes that because, you know, yeah. I hate, you know, giving faith to the writer that they'll tie everything up that I have questions for. I'll yeah. give a little bit here because we have set so much up and the thing and I had so much fun reading this issue it's yeah, just well, incorporating the all of these characters you're setting up this gigantic almost a crisis situation and it, it was a lot of fun just going through yeah, the whole well, thing and, and I really and- thought the art picked up a lot from last issue here yeah i think so too and and the way that i'll explain it because you'll be hearing us talk about it and everybody's going to compare it they're going to compare what i say and what you say of mr miracle and uh, in that later i'll give you a little spoiler that i was upset because i had no idea what the hell's going on and i can't judge a book a as here. one issue and say okay i think it's going to do the problem is here or the why i like this is i i have to tell you that if i never read another metal issue this issue remains a 9.3 it doesn't change yes mr miracle at the end where you might get the final issue where all of a sudden everything makes sense it's a goddamn sixth sense where you see dead people and now all of a sudden a movie that kind of was boring throughout the whole deal makes sense that you want to go back and read it again that that's fine but i read this one issue and i had a ball and and that's not going to change the next issue. If next issue we find out that this is one thing and that the other, I still had a ball reading this issue. I don't need more to say this is better or worse. You know, I'm yeah. going and I I had a great time. So that's what I need. If you're going to have it's a, it's a fine line of having a mystery plus 
enjoying the the ride, and I'm enjoying the ride immensely. And so am I. And, and I'm buying a ticket for the rest of the ride yeah, too, because and, I was, yeah. you know, Ooh, I, you're buying a ticket, are you? You're only going to need the edge, is what you're going <laughs> to need, my friend. But yeah, I, I really like it. I, I really had fun. And I want to get just, me some backstage passes. God damn you! You're gonna go. What? Uh, everybody else is. What medal are you doing? I just want to point out that in in my review, where everybody else seemed to want to throw in a reference to a heavy metal band or song, I referenced the Beach Boys, Eric. I know. That's what I do. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, 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 Eric. But yeah, we'll go off now uh, to some mail. Understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man. The time on the podcast is here, the voice that we all want to hear. So here we go. to get uh dancing mike to do some reggie uh in, improv oh, no. songs as I well i love that, so that one way. though that's one of my oh, that's one of my favorites mics. reggie don't understand <laughs> <laughs> yes that is one of my favorite actually the male songs in general i think are my favorite of all the dancing mike hits so, mm. but this is I know, you know i really love uh uh I am a burn victim. The over the yes, rainbow that, one. That, that doesn't good. get played. There's no reason no, to play it. No, it doesn't get played a lot, but I do like that as well. I'm looking. You mean this one here? Where I'm just gonna play it now, just to play it a little. All bit. right. That one. Yes, I love it. This is a classic. This is gonna be on the Dancing Mike's Greatest Hits album. <laughs> oh, yes. I just want to get to it. It freaks Eric out every time. It's a great one. One night. I fell asleep when I had been smoking I woke up with my bed in flames You're gonna have to you're gonna have to tune in later for that's more right. Of that. All right but this this mail section mail section number two is Brandon's mail section. Brandon says, Sup, fellas. Poor yep. Eric away at another wedding. I was on one of those strings a couple years back where literally I was at a wedding every other weekend for a two-month span. I said, none of them his own. I, I want to point that out. <laughs> I'm telling you. He, he messages me the one day, and he's like, ah, I'm looking for a house and things like that. I'm like, you better stop calling your girlfriend the roomie if yeah, you're really. looking for a house. You can't do that. Nonsense. 
Put a ring on that finger, Brandon. Girl. Girl. I still swear to this day all those people got together to plan that out and really fucked me over. But no evidence was found. I will tell you, I will stick to my notion that the reason why Eric is actually in these weddings is because every one of his friends knows that if he isn't in the wedding, he will never show. He will bail at the last second. But if he has to get a, you know, a tux and be, you know, counted on for that, that's why he goes. He was thinking – Probably up until Wednesday, he was trying to kind of skirt the issue of maybe he could get out of it, but he yeah. wasn't going to. Uh, but anyway, you mentioned potlucks at some point this or last week, and my beef with these fucking things isn't making something and worrying people won't like it at all. I usually do quite well in that regard. My beef is I'm a very picky fucking eater, and at times like or enjoy almost fucking nothing at a potluck. The fatties at work, however, think they are fabulous. Uh, is he talking about me? And they pretty much use any day ending in a Y as an excuse to hold them constantly. I'm telling you, I got to get to Buffalo and and work (laughs) at at Brandon's work. I have still, to this day, yet to participate or contribute to these often repeated functions. Second point, potlucks, it seems, have devolved into just various dishes consisting of who can shove the most shit in a bowl, stir it up, and use tortilla chips to scoop it out and shovel it into your mouth. No fucking hot dogs or any real meat I can sink my teeth into. Hot dogs are real. Real meat. Just 28 different avocado dips these bitches find on Pinterest. Fuck them. I'm out on pot lux, he says. Our problem is we have a very big a dividing line, uh, the people that work at our at our work, me and Eric, mm-hmm. where half of them are Hispanic. And I mean that some of them it, – it's one of those where I think – that there's probably, say, 40 Hispanic ladies that work at our work, and maybe five of them speak English. And they and I'm not joking. This is not anything crazy. They right. have to translate for them. Whenever we have meetings and stuff, they have one translate. So they bring things in, and I love trying anything, especially, you know, some crazy you – know, not even crazy food, but food that I've never had and stuff like that. The problem is I can never find out what is in these dishes until it's too late. And sometimes <laughs> I eat some stuff that has some it, really crazy stuff. Basically like, pure well, garlic, so it goes yeah, right through Yeah, you garlic know. is the problem with me. <laughs> but even like hot to the point. And the one lady, I remember the last time we had this, there was this dip. And I'm telling you, it's one of those, like Brandon's saying, a dip. But you walk by and your nose burns from ha- just the smell. Right. So I said to this one lady, the one lady, and I'm like – that's pretty hot, right? No, 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 no hot. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Boom. It was the hottest shit I ever ate in my yeah. life. I was like, it's, oh my it's God. It's people hot. You know, it's a, yep. it's a shade above ketchup, so there you oh go. Oh my you God. Have- it was so hot. And then the only thing to drink was pineapple soda, which I hate, but I drank some pineapple soda. I'll tell you. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you something, Jim. I was thinking about it the other day. You you know, the, the way that you eat, you do, you love cheap hot dogs, right? Yes. Yes. You love to oh, eat yeah. your kids the crust of your kids' pizza. Yes. You love uh, potato <laughs> salad up up a sleeve, up right? Up my sleeve. Yep. So uh, basically, you eat the same diet as a New York City pigeon. Yeah, a pigeon right? or a same homeless guy. Homeless <laughs> guy. I'm a homeless same guy or thing. a pigeon. I'm telling you, they they look at me as if like they wonder if I actually have a home. The way I devour <laughs> the food, but I just I'm telling you, I love food. 
Ooh, I love free food. Free and food I'll, is the I'll best bring him food as well. Now, the, the next thing that the one guy who Eric calls the great melding man, the guy who ends up like getting his back and his arms kinked in a way that he's walking around with his arms up in the air. And the one time I came in early to work and he was laying on the floor of the warehouse and moaning. And then I'm like, hey, are you okay? And then he sprung up and acted like nothing <laughs> was going on. Well, his wife is making apple dumplings. And it, that's a big thing in this area. It's more of yeah. a Pennsylvania Dutch thing. The problem is he has told me many a time that when she cooks, something happens and it screws up with her colostomy bag. So sure. I don't know if I really want to eat these things, but I feel bad because he knows that I really enjoy the uh, the stuff, the uh, apple dumplings. So yeah. I, I'm in a little bit of a conundrum. But we will. You'll eat them. <laughs> I probably will. Rafe loves apple dumplings, and I said, you, the lady who's making them has a colostomy bag and doesn't really know how it operates. It seems because a lot of times he'll get this guy will get calls and have to leave work because the colostomy bag has busted open and shit like that. Rafe doesn't care. That's how much he loves the apple dumpling. So I hope that everybody now is thrown up in their mouth thinking nice. about the colostomy bag apple dumpling. But lost out on a bit on my first attempt to buy a house this week. Week. And that's what I said. He's got to put a ring on that finger and ended up ringing stuff. Let me tell you what. I've never seen more made-up charges for things in my life than when I finally put an offer together to submit and saw legit final prices all written out in front of me oh, dollar God. for dollar. There are fees, taxes, charges, or things I think uh, they're just flat out making up. On top of that, I worked a shit ton of overtime, and taxes really took a nice bite on my ass this week as well. I, I had that. When I first started working with Aaron, we were working – 70 to 80 hour weeks mm -hmm. and it seemed like the greatest thing until i was like really all those it was nonsense so, yeah I, i've dialed back from that hitting that just sweet enough spot where essentially you get that well what the hell did i stay that long for feeling and i i actually there were people that when i worked i hate them I know this. I don't like when you go into a work and you have the people who have figured out to the, like the second when they can work and when it, it goes down and things like that. And then they're out and that it, it just gets on my nerves. Those people, yeah. they're up to something. I, I was working with a girl way back at my old job and she worked part time and she was on like uh, she was on like welfare or whatever, but she could work certain hours. And my boss actually offered her a very good paying full job full-time job and she did, she said no no i don't want to do that because i'd rather work you know two hours a day and then get free money so it would fuck it up just, her welfare yeah, yeah no, it would fuck it know. up it just it, it annoyed me but yeah books, action listen i think this reveals a bit of a mixed bag and i'm not sure it was really the original intent but i don't hate and think it can lead to some interesting things to explore can't be worse than dealing with mixie so i'm very open-minded right now also i can't believe i avoided this spoiler somehow without much effort this next one red hood bizarro as a smart guy is a bit unsettling and kind of creepy but while i think he's smart he has a bit of trouble with boundary issues and right and wrong still you can't just go walking into bat caves and fortresses all willy-nilly it was like his 300 iq took a momentary break to recharge or something also where's bizarro getting all these materials to build unlimited awesome <laughs> things i want to know why is it that when you become a genius you also become sexy as hell 
because well, I've seen some people like a Reginald. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, you know, I've seen some of these people who are quote-unquote geniuses. They're not the best-looking people. They're not very time. sexy, but yeah, apparently no. he got the sexy gene along with he the smarts. He did get the sexy gene. It was like his third. Uh, also, where is Bizarro getting all these materials? He said, it is true. Where are they getting the money? Who is he robbing or swindling for yeah, these goods? Yeah, I just think it was one of those that Scott Liddell wanted to have fun. The whole time it would take for him to build all that doesn't bother me nearly as much as where old Busy's getting this stuff from. Metal. Disclaimer for Dancing Mike. I may do some praising of Scott Snyder below, so he might want to skip 30 seconds. God damn it, this was a good fucking comic book. Issues like these are the entire reason I buy and read these things. I get a chub when books... I, I haven't heard somebody say chub. Yeah, really. In a long, long time. Bring it back. I get a chub when books I've been reading for five plus years tie together and connect in ways that are right under my nose with things I may or may not have missed throughout. I just get the feeling Scott has his court of owls flow back with this story, and it's been one of the things I look forward to most each month. Teen Titans, I might be making the following tie and decision. I'm thinking of now only getting the title Batman tie-in issues featuring the villains and not bothering with this Gotham resistance stuff written by all different people that's what i say later on it's me and chris talking about yeah. it. not you reggie because i forgot to tell you what time we were gonna that's do right. it I was sleeping, uh, but, but i basically said to chris that i think with this being the first tie-in i think it's gonna throw people off not just because it wasn't that great but because it was unnecessary and and why then are you gonna buy fucking 25 tie-ins if they're unnecessary you're gonna save some money he says i just wasn't crazy about this issue although i did enjoy the batman who laughs uh bits a little opinions and yeah it was okay he's here uh, also i don't know if you were aware reggie chris showed up to record with me with a song in hand, he Is was gonna right? he was gonna sing a song, and then he chickened out. He backed out me, at the really? last wow. moment. Yes, he said he wanted to do a song, and he had it. He had it all ready, and then he didn't he didn't feel comfortable doing it. But I told him next month he's in. He you better do come a song. with a song. That's amazing. He better come correct. I, told I gotta him. say, I'm, I'm I'm a little I'm a little shocked that he would do that, but that's <laughs> yes. that's awesome yeah. that he went in and, that deep. Yeah, he was gonna do it, and it made me laugh. I was like, oh, that'd be so awesome. But he said, well, I just did my part to hit the 15 hour mark. I right, fellas, <laughs> and that's Brandon, and what he's gonna be talking with Trevitt this week on the Marvel Minute is Secret Empire Omega, and he says, and with this choice, it's official. The listeners hate us, and the weird <laughs> thing is, the Runaways came out this week. That was one of the picks who the hell is picking secret empire omega after the runaways number people, one people including myself almost always pick whatever the number one is because yes. that's the one i want to hear about like that's what is what this I book about hear. what's going on yeah uh but yeah they wanted to hear this and brandon said i only know from twitter he said it was one of the worst comics he ever read in his yeah, life that's so. what he said and and the <laughs> runaways was not the run I, I don't know the runaways i always hear as being this huge thing and I'm, I'm really, you know i never read it but i've heard great things both like online and also from really? uh, old girlfriend i had loved it a lot of people I, i've always wanted to check it out i never got around to it but oh, it's an old flame it. was it reggie yeah, an old flame well, like that. that huh you you too are you a little runaways back in the day holding <laughs> your hands no i i always heard about it that was one it's so weird of the books that i used to hear about 
before I was even in the comics, that actually was one of them. And uh, yeah, I, I've never read any, but I was looking forward to it. I think I'm going to, because I think that we're going to actually, even though this is going to be probably the longest podcast we'll ever have, I uh-huh. think that on this, we're recording on Saturday night, I think we're going to get done fairly early, uh, cr- you know, fingers crossed. Reasonably and, uh, speaking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is like, you know, 10, 30, 11 at night. I might actually read The Runaways. Maybe I'll get it and give it a shot. But we're going to listen to now. I don't think I'm going to be reading Secret Empire Omega. But we're going to hear Brandon and Trevitt talk about it right now. You fucking suck. Suck, 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 suck. You fucking, you fucking, you fucking suck, suck, suck. Suck, you fucking suck. Suck, suck. Suck. You fucking suck. 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 Suck, suck, suck. All right. Yeah. How are we doing, guys? Welcome. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. How are we doing, Trevitt? Not bad. We're uh, getting this Secret Empire Omega number one done and out of the way for you guys. Uh, Yay! In a busy week of comics, this was really kind of overlooked. I totally for, really forgot it was out until I looked at the list and, and you know put up the poll because uh, I usually throw number ones up there, and this is why that got that treatment. Not even really thinking it would win, but here, here we go. It wins. Beats Runaways number one also, and... Uh, the third book. Do you know off the top of your head? Because <laughs> I don't. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't. I'm totally Venom drawing a blank two. right now. Venomverse 2. Venomverse 2. There it is. Yeah, so our long-running joke goes one more week, and uh, it beat both those books out. And I would have rather have had either of those two books over this one. But you guys, of course, get the choice, and we're doing what you want. Uh, so Secret Empire Omega number 1. Writer Nick Spencer. He wraps up his epic... Uh, I guess you could call it epic story. Uh, art team, Andrea Sorrentino, Joe Bennett with Joe Pim- Pimentel, Scott Hanna, Rachel Rosenberg. It's a Marvel Comics production. Uh, I don't know what oh, that with means. Do you think that was he like his anchor? Um, with Joe, yeah, I think he's the anchor. Okay, all right. Um, I was like, what, what? Does he jump in when Joe Bennett's hand gets tired? The other Joe takes over? <laughs> Just <laughs> I didn't know what was going on there. I think it probably um, says uh, with um, Joe Pimentel, Scott Hanna, and R- R- Rochelle Rosenberg. Cause, oh, like, they're a team too? Color. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I got gotcha. you. Makes a little more sense now. Uh, but we're going to get into the blurb. Whoop. What What are you going to say? I just, said, I just realized something that's crazy. It has nothing to do with Marvel. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. But I, I got Bloodshot. Salvation digitally, uh, it comes out next week. I got it this week. No wonder why nobody had it in their pull pictures. <laughs> what do you mean? You got the book this week? Yeah, it leaked a week early. The hard copy or the <laughs> the, um, the digital copy? Oh, the digital. I got yeah. the because di- everybody mm-hmm. I talked to is like, oh, I didn't see it at the store. I would have gotten it, and I was like, yeah, I was like, it came out on the the torrent. So I was like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got well, that's it a week early. the review copy snuck out because Valen always pushes the review copies out a week early. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're going to get into the blurb here. Then we're going to spit the bit about this Omega issue. 
so who's in the mood to beat a dead horse back to life? Apparently Nick Spencer <laughs> and Marvel, that's who. All in an attempt to get five more dollars from everyone as they're treated to an epilogue that really doesn't do much of anything or go anywhere interesting in particular. So sit back and soak up what the Marvel Minute listeners are trolling us to talk about this week. Secret Empire Omega number one. And there better never be a number two. <laughs> um, so yeah, this issue starts off with uh, narration from the the brand new old Captain America, who's back, and uh, he's he's got his hoodie on, and he is breaking into some super secret prison called uh, Shadow of Pilar, which is off of American soil, but you know American run kind of secret prison, long abandoned. There's currently only one prisoner there. Um, and that is Steve Rogers, who is the doppelganger to the good cap. Uh, there's actually, this is my favorite page of art in the whole book, uh, showing like Cap's path sneaking through to get to the cell. Do you like that page? Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, um, I like that a lot. Yeah, I stared at it for a while. Uh, uh, but did Captain America steal someone's eye to break into this thing? Um, you know what? <laughs> it made me. I, I, it, it looks like that thing that Loki used in the first Avengers movie yeah, when he took that guy's eye. Like. <laughs> and and if you look in the panel like up above before he he puts it into that like eye sensor, there's some dude holding his eye, or holding his face. Oh like yeah, yeah. Stole his eyeball. Yeah, maybe he took a copy of uh of the the iris or whatever. Yeah, and it just hurts like hell. I don't I don't know. Um. <laughs> But yeah, you know, Cap's usually on the up and up with Shield, and he's just flat out pulling eyeballs out of Shield agents, at least from the looks of it here. So he he's really on a mission to get to the cell where Steve Rogers is. Uh, scans this retina, gets on in there, and there's no like bars between them. There's there's no secret meeting room with glass between them or nothing. They're literally face to face here, uh, and, and they're gonna have a little chit chat for pretty much a large majority of the issue. Um, so <laughs> so I said, this reminded me of like, you know, when the, the presidential debates or the big debates are going on right before the election and they give them like three minutes to get their answer out and they like ring the bell when the time's up. Like I felt like this is, <laughs> this is what was occurring between the two Captain Americas uh, really for most of the issue because uh, we get, you know, Nick Spencer's wet dream where he gets to debate semantics and politics with himself as if he's drawn as Captain America. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you want to add anything to, like, what Evil Cap is saying? Because he pretty much takes the majority of the uh, page space, this issue, just rambling on and on and on and on and on. Uh, yeah, he does. He does. I, I mean, really. Couple... Oh, good. Good. Oh, no, I was gonna say a couple of things. I was, just, I was just gonna do the summary of it. it. I I think what it comes down to at this point, at least the first quarter of the book, for the most part, he he's basically saying, I basically did nothing wrong. You know, he he emphasizes how the rules suck and they're meant to hold people down in a way. Uh, it's it's crazy because in the Captain America run, they dedicated like you know, I mean, it was it was probably like a whole. I think it was a whole entire story arc where. Um, where Maria Hill, it was the trial on Maria Hill, you know, like well, yeah. after she got found guilty, they had, um, what's her name, Sharon running shields for a little while, yeah, and, and you know, she wasn't, so they asked who, 
should be running shield and and you know steve didn't want any part of it i mean he on, honestly he did want it but he uh you know he was like oh, i i'm not i don't want to do it i don't want to do it blah 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 and she goes and she recommends him and uh and, and he he kind of like from behind the scenes without anybody realizing it pushed all this stuff into go like tricked everybody into like putting him into that position yeah. you know yeah, like I mean? movie, being the like chess master behind the scenes putting all the pieces into place so all the dominoes would yeah. fall and and that would happen for him and tricked them uh and tricked them into the shield act and like he even set it up that like quasar like when they were training quasar he would hinder her training so she wouldn't get powerful enough to go right. against him yeah. like yeah, so I, I, yeah, that's why I kind of say it's like semantics because he all plays stupid like, oh, I didn't do anything. People did this for me. But really, like, yeah. it was because of the things you were doing in the background. It's not necessarily of their own it free is. will, you know? He's, um, he's, he's acting innocent, but he, he, he did trick them all into it. And in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Act, which was the biggest fuck-up on the face of the planet, gave him the power. Like, whoever was the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in, in the time of, of, in a state of emergency in martial law, the person who runs S.H.I.E.L.D. becomes, like, uh, the end-all, be-all for all law enforcement and military. He makes all the security decisions for the country. So, like, yeah. they handed over the country to him, like, willingly. So, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, and that's, that's the point he's driving at. Yeah, that's what he's saying here. Uh, so, we take a break from... Steve will preaching and, and we go to like a funeral scene of Black Widow who looks like a teacher in her funeral picture, doesn't she? Doesn't that look like a, a picture, a teacher, a teacher in fucking school she day? Does look like, I mean, she does I did look like for a 10 teacher. years. That would be like my teacher picture every year. Uh, but anyway. A blazer, <laughs> yeah, we get like Hawkeye who's like having an emotional breakdown because Black Widow. You know, I, I didn't. Were they dating for any longer than just the events of Secret Empire? Uh, well, you know, they've always had that close relationship, but no, they just started banging uh, yeah. during Secret Empire. So yeah, so he lost, uh, he lost his girl, so close. he's really sad. Um, that, I don't close know. I, I, yeah, they don't show you her, uh, which leads into the next part, which we see is Bucky. It took me a minute to realize it was Bucky until the next page, really. Um, where Bucky's like, you let me know, ask you. Go ahead. Let me ask you one thing real quick, right? So, you know, we're looking at this page right now, right? Now, would you think the same guy who drew this page drew Red Hood and the Outlaws this week? Yeah, no way. Because <laughs> it's, no. it's, it's the same exact guy, and I was like, oh, yeah, my God, no. it looks almost nothing like it. <laughs> I think it's just because of the way it's, like, just colored so dull on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, and the inking isn't really super detailed. Um, but, but anyway, like, it's just Bucky – you know, going through memories of him and Black Widow, and he he's he's like, I you know, I'm not really sad. I lost a former lover. He's like, I still think she's out there. So, I I don't know where he gets this idea. Uh, there haven't really oh. been any any hints, have there? It's uh right on this page where that guy gets assassinated. Yeah, it's like he's he's there. Like uh, he gets the the intel that that guy's gonna get assassinated, and the way it's set up, the way the shot was taken, like it's completely Black Widow's mo from her assassination days, and he recognizes okay. that because they have a history back like when he was the Winter Soldier. You so know? he, see, and they I thought before she took the shot because I got that part, but I thought before all that happened, like those events, that he was already hunting her down. Is that? Or he's just following up on a separate, non-related lead, and this is when he thinks it's Black Widow. 
No, I think you're right. I think he was already hunting her down. Like by like he through the grapevine, uh, he heard some noise that you know it could be her, and then he went to right. check it out, and then he sees the mo, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he thinks it's her. It is her. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's a weird twist because there weren't really. I don't know. I mean, I haven't read every tie-in, but I didn't see any hints as far as in the main book of her not being dead. Um, aside from you know Kobic changing shit when she came back, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it, so it, it they have the funeral scene, and then two panels later, like you know, take the impact out of that funeral scene, so Black Widow is possibly alive still. Um, really, cut, kind of tying up that thread. Uh, then Hydra Cap, we move back to him and he continues to go on and on about, you know, how people got a taste of this, uh, Hydra America and they'll always remember that. So when things go bad next time, you know, it's, it can always happen again. And, you know, reminiscing about what he saw when, um, things were changed for that brief moment in time. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know if he goes on in this part or just the next part about how he, even though Cap's like, Kobik changed your, you know, your thinking into thinking that the Nazis won the war and all that, basically, you know, and that the the good guys changed it into their favor with the cube. He, he's got it all mixed up, and they're debating back and forth about this, about who's right and who's wrong. Um, and then we check in on new tie-in. Uh, and, and this is like the California area of the United States where they – handed that over to the mutants to be like their safe haven. Uh, really kind of because Captain America was still always going to dick them over in the long run. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so uh, you get this moment where Emma's just looking on, you know, as things go back to normal and the military moves in, you know, kind of telling the mutants to disperse um, as people come back to, probably their old homes, I guess. <laughs> I don't know really what's going on here. <laughs> uh, I think they're knocking down like the castle that they had built. Yeah, like any new uh, structures that represent this, you know, reign of uh, Hydra they're, they're knocking down is, is the gist I got. Um, the mutants aren't real happy Sentinel. that <laughs> Sentinels are present. Yeah, they're not thrilled about that. Uh, Beast then pops up to chat with Emma a little bit. And I, I said this is like... This is like Beast almost being a full-on bad guy at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just like we we should just maybe keep this and maybe we should fight. like almost like off. dropping seeds of doubt in Emma's head because she's just gonna go along with it almost. You know? This this scene pissed me off so bad because it, <laughs> no, like, I'm sucks. glad it did you too because I, I at this oh. point I was like almost done with the book anyway because I was really just bored with politics and um, you know what else though? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it sucks all the life out of the ending, even though it wasn't a good event to begin with anyway. Uh, I mean, it was better than this, but it sucks all the air out of Inhumans vs. X Men end when she goes all nuts and becomes a villain. Because yeah. now what? Everybody's accepting of her, and it's oh, like she was supposed to like. Remember the end? Like you, she puts on that new yeah, suit. Yeah, she went all psycho biker chick. Yeah, yeah. And what <laughs> happened to that? Like, she was that no go? longer the white queen. She was like the black queen. Yeah. And she was all fucking crazy looking with that weird friggin' um, helmet from Spaceballs that she had on. And yep. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. And she's all in white here, and and kind of just like nobody's gonna remember me being good here. They're just always gonna still remember the bad me, 
And th this is just going to be forgotten because of the Hydra rain when really it was something more than that. And it was something good, at least in her eyes, you know, like she was still really yeah. influencing Zorn to control the mutants that didn't agree with her and locking people up and even that didn't agree with her. And even Beast is like down with her at this point too. He's like, "Oh, look what you did! You gave us a glimpse of what we could have, what we could have been." He's like, yeah. "You know, the mutants are gonna remember this forever." And like, just, come on, stop right. licking our balls. Like, like, like Beast is advocating for here, uh, basically an entire segment of the race in the United States to just go to California and that be theirs, and no other race of people be allowed in. That that's <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. like what he wants to happen. <laughs> We want to insulate ourselves and yeah. uh, treat humans like second-class citizens instead yeah. of vice versa. <laughs> right. It's like such a narrow-minded point of view and just really stupid. Um, and that's all we get of the mutants, where they end up just deciding, eh, let's let things go back to normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the X-Men books will never touch on this, probably. <laughs> no, no. And Beast looks like shit. Like, uh, just to be honest, like, Beast looks like a troll in some of these panels. Like, he doesn't look like, not even He really cat. does. I mean. He looks like, um, in this one, he looks like Shrek. Yeah, in he the does. middle panel. He fucking does. He looks like Shrek. On. And this is, I mean, I love Joe Bennett. Like, he, his, him and, uh, he did Deathstroke in the beginning of Rebirth. Like, yeah. he did half of those first 22 issues with uh, Carlo Pagualian and, like, he did that Red Hood issue. He's been doing all. He's been freelancing all over the place, and his art's always great. But right here, it's eh. yeah, yeah. It's I, not I guess he gave all his energy to Red Hood this month. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like Sorrentino ran out of time to finish anything that wasn't the splash page, and <laughs> he's like, "Can we get somebody to do like pages five, six, twelve, thirteen? Uh, you know, like <laughs> shit like that." Um. <sighs> Yeah, where are we at here? We move back to the Caps, um, continuing to talk. They're really kind of having like a Bendis back and forth conversation here at this point. Mm -hmm. Cap finally starts speaking up a little bit. Um, the panel looks cool, like the splash page panel with the upside down dudes and the, the right side up people, like just kind of showing you everybody involved in the event. Um, but I don't know. I really don't have much more to say. It's, it's just continuing it's like this philosophical philosophical debate between the two caps and how they're both just steadfast in each of their beliefs one being on the the far left one being on the far right you know what i'm saying basically yeah they're not getting anywhere they like cat one cap's like you know my version of reality is real and blah 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 i brought the truth out and the other one's like you're full of shit i'm the truth motherfucker you know like that's the <laughs> yeah, whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, and it's a lot of words to just keep saying it, it I text you uh, when I was reading this. I'm like, I feel like I am having a, uh, you know, reading an argument I've had with a crazy ex-girlfriend at one point that's then transcribed back to you and you're reading it back after it's over with. And it's like something you just don't want to revisit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, my God, you're reading all these stupid things you're saying. Uh, oh, man. Then we, we're going to close another plot hole here. Um, this is the Punisher plot hole, and he is no longer Hydra. He's back to hunting down all these people that are still Hydra loyal now. So he's blowing people's Will brains out. Um, this was probably, I don't know, my favorite part in a shitty book, I guess. Uh, seeing Punisher just <laughs> kill the bad guys again. 
Um, his, I was tricked. Yeah, he, he's all healed from double knives through the kneecaps. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I, that that's that's I, I you know I didn't even think of that when reading that this book, and that, it just makes me even more mad because the, the way they treat him right here and in the regular series, like Punisher, like I know he loves Cap and I know he respects Cap, but I don't for one fucking minute think that he's fucking this dumb like so fucking dumb that he's just gonna like follow hydra like i i just i'm not i just don't buy it and then this just what the fuck is this yeah and then this just like turns it over like oh yeah you know now he thinks he was on the wrong side and he's mad about it so he's burning hydra flags what the fuck what the fuck yeah so so you see um nick fury jr looking down on him and he's he's like uh watching frank castle just burn down this hydra fortress and he's like he's ready and this is obviously alluding to the <laughs> punisher line uh in legacy right where he's going to be in the war machine armor war machine yeah yeah he's yeah oh, work God. For shield um but like, he's just he's ready ready for what he kicks a bunch of hydra guys he's ready to go with the war machine armor now yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck this is so like fucking his, stupid his knees are all better he's ready <laughs> <laughs> So then we get uh we get another splash page here uh of the Captain America's debating again. This is mostly uh the good cap talking at this point. Uh where he kind of just tells the evil Steve really like why he's come. Um he's like, you know, I don't really know even what to say about it. <laughs> to be honest, he yeah. just he basically goes over the story. The important part is that he tells Steve this story about how when he's helping clean things up, he finds a little boy in the rubble and he goes to help the little boy out of the rubble and the little boy like shudders away from him. Like he doesn't trust cap. And this is now alluding to what's going to be the Mark Wade series where cap is on a mission to get his good name back. And I don't know what he's going to do. Take a road trip or or traveling hero or something. Yeah. One page. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> it makes it's the only part of the book that makes any fucking sense. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, that that's what you know. It's just all leading up into these little legacy plots and and things uh-huh. that are going to pick up later. And so Cap says how this you know kind of like broke his heart and it's a scar that will never heal. And you're the one that did it to me. Uh, you know, to totally shift and blame onto Steve, the other Steve. And uh, he, he's like, this is something that, you know, I just realized it, it'll always be there whether you were responsible for it or not. It's what I, I'm here to fight and what I'll always fight is if you sum it up, I guess the best way you could say what yeah. Steve ends up saying to the other Steve. And the other one's like, you know, you know, you think you really won, but, you know, don't forget the whole entire world saw my side of things and some of them liked it. So, I mean, when you think of it, though, like right now you got shield agents, you got government people, you got people in their houses like that liked it better with Hydra, you know, like, you know, probably people in the south or something. Yeah. Hey, don't go too far. <laughs> Illinois gives us our most downloads for our, our Marvel podcast. Don't be don't be hating on the South. I don't know if that's below the Dixon uh, line or not. So that's Midwest. <laughs> I could say that that's uh, like places like okay. Ohio, Indiana. You guys are safe. That's Midwest. But I'm talking about like Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana. Like fuck those places. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> we we love you if you're not a total scumbag. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, 
yeah, I mean, this kind of wraps up with an alert going off at this prison, uh, which means, I don't know, I guess Cap set off an alarm when he, he got in to alert somebody to come check something out. Like, they probably think the evil Steve is, is escaping or something's going on. So he gets the hell out of Dodge. He pulls his hoodie up and disappears. Uh, and, and the evil Steve is just left here in this prison. We see all these armed guards come storming into the room. Um, they're like, secure the prisoner. I've, I've got him. I don't know what they thought was going on if he's still in a locked cell. So, But anyway, they, they like smash him to the ground. Yeah, he's not like that prisoner throwing feces all over the room like when you watch that <laughs> prison shows. Yeah, yeah. Stand in there. <laughs> oh. uh, but anyway, they end up taking him down to the ground. And uh, I don't know if they're pushing him up against the wall or down on the ground, one of the two. Um, and the guard that ends up taking him down whispers in his ear, Hail Hydra, as they, I don't know, what do they, chain him just back up and leave him? Yeah, yeah. And they just leave, chain him back up, make sure he's good, and they walk out the door. Yeah, he wasn't chained up before, so now he's chained up. He can't do pull-ups anymore. <laughs> he's going to have a weak upper chest. Can't prepare for his next fight. Um but yeah, it just says the last words are this war. This is a war that never ends, and that's Captain America's The Good Ones narration ending the book. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't say what I wrote to, to wrap this up because my daughter's laying on the ground in front of me. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. You can say it for me. Uh, it, it was just very boring, like very, very boring conclusion. Oof. Wrapping up any like lingering question anyone bitched about on the internet after number 10 up in a nice little bow. Uh, nobody's dead, I guess. Um, because, because who's the other person they're looking for? Uh, oh. uh, just Black Widow. Rick Jones is dead. I yeah, know that. okay, that's dead the sure. one that's, yeah, that's the one that's dead. He didn't come back, but he, he'll probably come I back some, sometime down the line. Yeah. Uh, when they start unpacking the, the rubble that is Las Vegas, that's not really rubble because Scarlet Spider's chilling in Las Vegas. But uh, I really thought the death, that death, um, what was that chick's name? Marguerite or whatever uh, in Scarlet Spider, yeah, have- the persona death on Earth. Um, I thought she was just going to like do something to make it all fine, but she's already out of the book. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> God knows what they're going to do about that. Yeah. But it's just, that's one of the big kind of matzo balls hanging out of the mouth right there. Um, but yeah, the buy, borrow or forget. I'll do it just short and sweet. I, I don't suggest anybody unless you've, you really urge for concluding the series and binding it into a hardcover series later, like spend the $5 it takes to, purchase this title it's not very good it's not very interesting if you feel like dealing with like a political debate and reading it on a page in the form of a comic book you might might be down with this but that's really the only only people i can see enjoying it uh the columbus guy said they were excited for the new tie the new tie-in stuff when i was talking to him earlier this week uh, and I don't know how you can be excited for it after that like it's <laughs> it was just, that what? was like the worst part of the book the X Men. Oh, stuff. from the the mutant tie in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it yeah. was like he Ryan asked me about it too. He's like, What happened? I was like, ah, it was nothing. I was like, it was just 
them being new ten being yeah. torn down. And he's he's better off it. not reading it. He'll have lesser opinion of Beast than he already you know than someone already does probably. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna be showing up in Uncanny Avengers and 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 they didn't even reference that. Yeah. In in this book at all, yeah. <laughs> like he's on the cover the next issue. Him and Wonder Man are joining the team. Like <laughs> I, I like to think that uh, was Mystique in a bad transformation of Beast. That's <laughs> like that's more that'd what be, I think happened there. <laughs> that'd be cool, you know. And maybe she went from there in the Beast form over to Astonishing X Men. That could totally make sense. I like yeah. that. See, there yeah, you go. Cat Beast just solved that uh, problem. <laughs> so yeah, there. Hire me. Um. Anyway. I don't suggest you buy it. It's a forget for me. I didn't like the art. There were a few nice splash pages, and my favorite page was literally page two of the book where Cap sneaks in, and it's like the outline of the building showing you how he got in. Um, other than that, the, I, there was nothing really redeeming said in the book or characters had nothing redeeming to do other than the Punisher. Uh, so, yeah, forget it. What about you? All right. I wrote my thoughts down because I had a lot of complaints. So uh, I had to write them down. To yeah, you were. Sure I mean, I got you, were way, you read it from the very beginning, all the way starting with Cap. So it was something you were more invested in. I was in and out of Cap. Like yeah, I, yeah. I read it for reviews and stuff, but that was it. And uh, it, it was appropriate. I wrote these notes while taking. A, I wrote this these final thoughts while taking a shit. So it was very appropriate. <laughs> so. <laughs> So here it goes. So uh, Secret Empire ended on a real bad note because Spencer went back on his word and did everything that he promised he wouldn't do. Uh, if if you thought you would find a little bit of a better ending in this Omega issue, you're probably going to be disappointed. What we ended up getting was a conversation between two different versions of Green Arrow. I, I mean Steve Rogers. Uh, and some <laughs> <set>. <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> And uh, some setup for other characters down the road. New TN has fallen. Uh, the Punisher is back on the job, kicking uh, Hydra red shirt asses and burning flags. And one of the two lasting consequences of the story is being retracted with Bucky believing that Widow is still out there somewhere. But hey, Las Vegas is still fucked, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, Sorrentino's art in this was was good it's not awful but overall this event has me burned out on his style this is all there is almost no discernible difference between any male or female characters uh for example you could line up hawkeye steve rogers and green arrow all drawn by sorrentino and 10 out of 10 doctors couldn't tell the fucking difference you know what i mean like they, like there's there's no uh, discerning qualities between any of his people, like uh, Steve Rogers could be uh, could be Clint Barton, it could be Oliver Queen, or it could be Logan with uh, with no mutton chops. Like yeah. it could be yeah, he the just same adds the mutton chops. You're right. Sometimes he gives them little oh. spiky hair. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the only difference. Not to mention the color palette that never changes. We get greens, reds, blacks, grays, and. Uh, Maybe Flags. if you're lucky, you'll get a little bit of blue if you play your cards right. Like, what the fuck? I know. Um, Joe, Joe Bennett does all right, but, you know, if you read Red Hood this week, then, you know, it's definitely not his fucking yeah, you know he best can do book. Better. You know. I know. Yeah, but one thing, you know, the switching of the back and forth between the two art styles uh, makes the art in this you're... book just as inconsistent as every other issue of Secret just Empire. Just because your thoughts are more... <laughs> well organized than mine because I just wanted to be done with this book. Like I really don't want to see Sorrentino art for a while. Like I need a break no. from, <laughs> from no, his art I style. Need a break too. 
Yeah. After Old Man Logan and then right into this, like I don't I just don't want to see it for a while. I need a long break. I was I read like three, four I read the three reviews that were on Comic Book Roundup for this book, um, just to see like where my opinion and the opinion of the reviewers differed and like you know, just in case like there was something that I wasn't gonna think of but would piss me off as I was reading the book and I wanted a clear opinion on it. Like, Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Let me write something about that. So fucking um Sorrentino is one of those things. And one of the reviewers said, like, you know, he's got to try to, like, up his game a little bit and start doing more detail. Or, like, if all of his characters are, are like, pre-made figures as they seem to be, just, like, yeah. with different hair, yeah. uh, he's got to start putting detail in that face because it's just, you know, I mean, it was cool at first, but now he's starting to come off like a one-trick pony. And, yeah, it really yeah. is. It's wearing... It's, it, it, that's the perfect way to describe it. It's a one-trick pony thing. Like, once you've seen it in one series, if you go into another series with the same type of style and art, like, it doesn't feel like you're reading a different story at all. It feels like you're just... No. no. Going on. <laughs> and, and, and his art made... Like, every issue I read of his made me feel like it took fucking forever to read. Like, I was just like, is it gonna end? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. like, yeah, I checked. Uh, I checked page count twice in this issue. Like uh, at like ten, I'm like, fuck, I'm only at ten. And then at twenty, I was like, god damn, there's twelve more pages. <laughs> oh yeah, I I, re- I read it a second time, and and like uh, I was speed reading it because I was like, I can't, I can't slowly read this again and like pay it to. I was like, I read it once and I I paid good attention to it. I was like, now I'm just gonna breeze through it this time just so I can yeah. get my bearings and. Yeah, remember but, uh, the I gotta, order things happened in. Yeah, yeah. So there was one thing I, I liked, and just one thing, that's it. And uh, it's the flashback scene where the good guy Cap is helping with the cleanup in Washington, and he finds the kid uh-huh. under the giant pillar, which the giant pillar should have fucking crushed that kid, if you ask me. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, he extends his hand, the kid recoils and whatnot. And, and, you know, I mean, the whole, even though the whole world saw him, like, the real Captain America pop out of thin air uh, and, and fight Stevel and... It, they still, you know, they still got a bad taste in their mouth with Captain America. So his name is still tarnished, and and that's cool, I guess. I mean, that's one part of the story that had a lasting effect, and it's gonna be a whole run, like a twelve issue run on Cap, just just about that. And uh, <laughs> that, that's and not, how he feels. But about that's it. not an interesting story either. Like if if you want to no. move on from this event that didn't sell all that great, and like you know, the Omega issue got is at four reviews right now compared to the first issue, which had twenty nine. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's lost yeah, yeah. interest. I don't think dragging out Cap's redemption story out of this for 12 issues no. is a good way to get the Cap no. book selling strong out of the gate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah no. I, I mean, and I'm like, I know a lot of people are gonna buy it because it's Wade and Samney, but and and I'm one of those people. But um, but I hope what it is is you know, it, it's a redemption story. I get that. That's cool. It, it gives more validity to this story, but also. I hope that it's like his own story, but we happen to be dealing with the effects throughout the story. So they could do something cool, but you know, we still have to deal with what happened here. So I, I just hope it just doesn't pay way too much attention to this story and it doesn't become more Secret Empire. Like I yeah. just want it to be its own thing with Secret Empire lasting effects. Like I don't I don't want to have a whole rehash and every issue I have to hear the fucking story. Like, you know, like every month they want to remind somebody. So like every issue, we're going to get this recap at the beginning of the issue about like, oh yeah, I have this evil Steve and blah, blah, fucking blah, blah. You know, but you, <laughs> you know, he's going to come back. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, and he's actually okay with people, um, 
not uh, you know being a little not okay with him because you know he always said that you shouldn't put too much stock in one person. You know, don't put all your faith in one guy because you know he could let you down. And this is the type of shit that happens. Blah blah blah. I mean, and he that I mean that was some real Captain America shit where he's yeah. like, you know, don't I put like too much faith. In- that was like the one one yeah. of the few lines where it felt like he was actually talking. I mean, uh, that that's the most Captain America thing I've heard in the past year and a half come out of mm-hmm. Captain America's mouth. So it was yeah. nice to hear. I agree. Um, uh, all in all, this issue was a complete fucking bust. It was a repeat of Civil War II, The Oath. I firmly believe, and I'm sure that you agree, uh, this is a waste of time. And the whole purpose is just to juice you for another fucking $5. Yeah. And it's a forget altogether, save yourself, run away in the opposite direction. I know. So- <laughs> I, the, and just to wrap things up, like I was so mad when that guard says Hail Hydra at the end. I was just like, oh, fuck you, Nick Spencer. Like, I don't want to deal with this shit ever again. Ever again. And like you, you giving yourself a little pat on the back at the end there just angered me to no end. I was just, yeah. ugh. I'll block you uh, on Twitter because you fucking annoy me so bad. God damn it! Uh, I, don't, I, I hope they don't make. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they don't make like a giant story. Like, like let's leave. Like, okay, if we run into more Hydra people down the road, or like, I just don't want the next twelve issues of Captain America, like, starting in November, to be about Hydra. I'm done with Hydra. Like, yeah, do it somewhere else. Do it in some other book. Like, I, you know, or leave it for a year or two. Like, make it like. You know, there are cells of Hydra all over the world after Secret Empire, and they're all gathering together, but we're not going to hear about that for, like, another year or two in real time. I can accept that, and then it blows up in his face down the road. That'd be cool, but I don't want to hear it right away. Yeah, I'm I fucking done either. with Hydra. <laughs> I know. No more Hydra. I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm worn out, too. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not going to cover this book this week on Marvel madness. Uh, we're going to give ourselves a mental break. We covered every other book. Uh, if you guys want to hear about four other Marvel books besides this one, you can find us there. Marvel madness comics podcast, or you can find us on our individual Twitters. I'm at Beamer three, six, six, zero. Trevor, where are you at? I am at Afrin addict. And we're there all week hollering, sharing polls, doing whatever. So find us there. Uh, But we're going to wrap this up. Our party is over. We did our part to contribute to the 15-hour extravaganza this week. Uh, And we'll talk to you next week, guys. Adios. Peace.
Oh, Eric That's me. Shea, that is you. And I, I, since you are going away this weekend, I wanted to make sure that a lot of these songs are featuring you, my friend. You as a, a distant memory of someone who used to be on the podcast. I, I never told you. This is your last Smell episode. Smell you later, folks. I'm actually giving you your free time back. You, you are. This is actually the prison sentence is up. You're no longer my bitch, Eric. You're allowed to oh, go up right. and do what you want. We were talking today. We were talking today, and I actually got two emails today as we record this, which it is Monday, so it's crazy. But I already got two emails of people asking what we're going to do for episode 150, and I said, well, for our last episode, we probably will do something big. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start that whole controversy all over again. But yeah, it was weird. We actually, we were at work today and we were wondering when the 150th episode will hit. And it actually is the week before December, or December, the week before Christmas (laughs) in December. And we probably will try to do something special. I know that Dancing Mike, who you just heard sing your praises, he has a couple things that he has in mind for episode 150 as well. Guess who's not drinking an entire bottle of gin again? Me. This guy. Oh, that guy. Maybe maybe it's time that I drink for an episode. The whole thing. The problem is I like to keep control of the oh, flow of the podcast, so I may have to hand that over to you. And then. I like when you remember to push record. Yes, that is true as well. What you say that, let me check right now, Eric. We are recording right Thank now. Thank God. And also the the other thing is I wanted to see how many books we were going to have because I believe the, the, end, the date ends up being December 18th. Yeah. I do believe that is the Saturday. We'll have something special. We'll, we'll have a big get-together on Mixler for a live show probably. But I want to come up with something cool. Also, a week after Eric Shea's 48th birthday. So I'd like to wish him a happy birthday then as well. You're so 48, old. right? That, yeah, that day. Like that. Yeah, something like that. And when we do it, we'll see what's, what's going down. But I wanted to see how many books there were, and I didn't realize or I forgot. We don't have the solicits. Yeah, solicits haven't come out yet. yet. So we have to wait for those, which will be... Should be pretty soon. So, yeah, it's usually around the 23rd or so, the third week of the month. So, we'll see how that is going. But, Eric, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about comic books. And this is what I'd like to call the section the speedster section. Is that, would that be the section? The speedster section. Because we will be talking about Mr. Miracle. uh, I was just going to make up three books that made no sense. (laughs) No, we're actually talking The Flash and the Titans book. And I am going to start it out, Eric, with The Flash, The Flash number 30, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Neil Gooch. The Gooch Gooch. is in town with a few panels to thrill. Ivan Placencia, for me, yeah. No, I I was not so thrilled. And Steve Wands, adorable, and I, I would say he is reliable Steve Wands is what I would call him, right? I think he's very reliable as a letterer. Joshua Williamson starts a new arc, but the story in the villain blood work already feels tired. Maybe because we already saw this story in the Wonder Woman book, or because it's just cliched as hell. Above all that, we continue getting a Flash book with an unlikable Barry Allen and a Flash that really can't do much. That's basically it. And, and that's the this... thing is we have a goddamn new villain. We're just moving right along in this whole thing while we're still dealing with the negative speed force. And Flash doesn't even understand 
his powers or how yeah. to use them. Yeah, that's the thing. Deal with one thing before the other, and that's kind of a, a problem with this book since it began. We we did have Godspeed, but even with Godspeed, we worked this and that. It took so long to find out. It's just – I'll tell you, this blood work villain – not interesting at all no. to me, and especially because we've just had this exact story pretty much in Wonder Woman. It didn't get as far as the whole this. Hemophilia and but yeah, and that's, the, that's the worst part. It's even another hemophiliac, which makes yeah. it worse. So it starts off, and you get a little bit of a origin without knowing who the villain is at this point and if actually if you're paying attention and especially if you go back and read it more than once you, you realize right away who this blood work would be because you can, he has a very distinct profile and where he is does seem like a lab or a coroner's office or a you, morgue or a morgue but yeah you see him and he's talking about how blood, blood holds the key to everything Eric it, it also has a self-destruct switch that makes our bodies old but you know what if we can check that out and make it do something different we can unlock its secrets and be immortal well it also has another power it makes me disappear yeah it makes you disappear and run screaming for you know whatever i might have the speed force how fast i'm running but we have that quick and it's a little thing and now the problem i have and it's not a problem because joshua williamson is what i think mostly a horror writer he nail biter's great that is a really really good book and it's really well set up and things he wants to turn the flash into a horror series it seems that's what it kind of seems like especially this arc and it's him going pretty much with what he does best this hard the problem is he doesn't set it up well at no. all and, and that's my main problem it's not the horror aspect of this it's just everything is glossed over when it shouldn't be everything is like again we say this all the time it's like a surface level storytelling but when you actually think about it some of the things don't even make sense but well, we have our is, new villain blood work and I'm like i don't know why no, why, and, and I have no idea why because he's a villain that, at the end of the goddamn yeah, issue. Yeah, and because of that, he's not even interesting. No. But he ends up – and uh, we'll go into it because uh, you have pretty much Barry getting his ass reamed by Singh because he didn't go uh, – you know, he didn't follow orders. And remember at the last issue, he went to the records department, the, the police department, and tried to get these records. And whoever Burns the Amaro villain told was – told him not to go by himself. Yeah, yeah Burns Amaro said, don't go by yourself, and he went against them. Singh even says, listen, I put you on a team because you never – you're not a team player, and he's no. trying to help him out by doing this. And in the meantime, he even throws. He's like, I talked to Burns and Morrow. They told me that they warned you about going to the records room alone, but you still went. And again, if you don't remember the, the last issues, cliffhanger was somebody had set fire, basically knocked out everybody in the records room, uh, you know, in the records hall, whatever, and set it on fire. And Barry yeah. was there trying to save them, but he didn't want to do it as the Flash because if he did, he was afraid he may kill His them. Because of the negative somebody, speed yeah. force powers. So he tried to do it as Barry himself, thought he could do it, and then just passed out. Well, we don't really see what happened, but obviously he was saved. They did save everyone, it seems, uh, uh, including Barry. But now he's getting yelled at by Singh. And Singh's just like, you know, this is why I told you to work with the team, Barry, to follow my orders to report to me. Because where Barry Allen goes, trouble follows. And Barry just gets up, and he's walking. And before that, the best is, he goes, and Kristen said, you might even be drunk at work. And I'm like. And like, way to throw it. Kristen right under the goddamn bus. Yeah, and she's bus. like, oh no. And uh, the problem is, this never it never comes home to roost or anything. No. Barry just gets up and sings like, what are you leaving? And he's like, don't go away. All you do is you always disappear when you're needed. Now, everything up until now, 100% Sing is in the right. 
You can, yeah. you know, bosses can get mad. Bosses can tell you why you have been an awful worker. And Barry has not been a good worker since we've seen, you know, really all the time. I'll tell you, though, because he's a lot never of time there at the CCPD now. He's, we haven't seen it before this for a lot. No. You know, like before that, besides for that first arc with Godspeed, even that one freaking, you didn't see him at the CCPD yes. a lot. But yeah, he doesn't show up to work all the time. And it's funny because he then says, I don't know how Iris put up with you for as long as she did. And Ooh. that's where he crossed the line. Now it's funny because I was thinking in my mind, if he wasn't dating Iris, if he didn't do anything with Iris, I swear to God that Singh would have said, all you cared about was your mother's murder. And I think that that would have been a little better because really that's when, when his mother's murder was on the line in the cold case, he was doing all he can and showing up all the time. I actually think that that but I think Joshua Williamson probably thought that's really that's overstepping. But it really, it seems like that's the only time he was really concerned. And now that that's over with, he just comes and goes as he pleases. But he gets mad and he's like, what? And, when and then he you does, see a close up. Be, oh, I'm telling yes. you, that negative speed force runs his eyes and face and this is where i realized i'm not really a fan of the guja's artwork in this issue because no. barry looks like a mongoloid yeah and barry even from mongoloid. there from there even when he's yelling he looks like his face is signed i like the guja i actually like neil guja's art and have liked it when he stepped in on this book i don't like this issue i think no. that his barry is way off and the problem is you have a you have a flash book here that's 99 barry because he doesn't want to be the, the Flash because of the negative speed force. Yeah. I think that maybe before when Googe was on it, we actually – you could get away from – because I do remember saying that we didn't like his Barry, but we liked his Flash. Right. But the problem is we're not getting a lot of Flash here. We're going to get a lot of Barry, and I think his Barry's off. But he's just like – basically says, listen, I'm, I'm sick of this tough love act thing. You know, I bailed the crime. And basically says this crime lab is a joke. I'm the only one who made it. The rep, you guys are fucking nonsense. I'm the one who – came and he says you only have two kind of cases cold cases that were never solved or rush cases that won't hold up in court if it wasn't for me the streets would be overrun with criminals again i think that he's also kind of saying this as the flash as well without them knowing basically about the criminals but then poor forest steps up oh, and he's like Forrest. hey now barry you of all people know everyone here puts in long hours and really all well, forest wants you, to you say and me, we're gonna go to big belly burger we'll talk this yeah, out yeah we'll yeah he's being out, nice it's funny though because all Forrest thinks is he comes and goes and 100% everything in his mind hours put in because yeah. he says it again because yeah Barry's like and it's so bad he's like hey come on why don't we go down the big belly burger and huh so the crime lab mascot decides to finally speak up and Forrest just looks at him like what now here's the problem that I have because later Barry does say right after this says oh my god this negative speed why not have a little bit of that? So I know that he, you know, Neil and uh, Joshua Williamson probably don't want to kind of show their cards that Barry is as for the other people in the room. Like you can't have Sing going, yeah. what the fuck's wrong with your eyes or whatever. I still think it's off to just have Barry as Barry saying this without anything because it just, he just comes off as a complete and utter dick. Even if the, he later says, oh my God, it must be the negative speed force. Uh, I still think that, boy, he really comes off as a dick. And again, we have a, a flash book where I don't like Barry anymore. Whether no. it's the negative speed force or not, the problem is you said it. We don't know. We don't know what this negative speed force is or what it's doing. This points out that emotions run high. The negative speed force kicks in and kind of makes you a dick. 
We don't know that, though. And he even says in it, it's so, I don't even understand the line because then there's Forrest. He's like, what? He's like, you just sit all day. What do you actually contribute to the lab? And that's where, that's where freaking Forrest, that isn't fair. I put in my time. <laughs> After I retire, me and my boat are going to, there is no boat, Forrest. What, what, no what about you would boat. retire it? I'm talking about now, fat man. Yeah, and I'm just like, why, why isn't there a boat? Why is he yelling about the boat? That's that's for a stream, just to be that boat and sail away. There's There's no boat. That's not up to Barry. There's no boat. The the cake's a lie. And and it really looks like Forrest is a big fan of that Big Belly Burger. He ain't going to live to retire. No, that's the problem. He said, there's no boat, fat ass. You're going (laughs) to die. But yeah, they're yelling, and it's like, what's wrong with you, Barry? I'm giving you your last shot to fix this. And he's like, don't bother. And you're so unhappy with me. Fire me already. And again, I really, really don't like barry's art but yeah you have everyone there and they're trying to stop him uh yeah but you you also have what appears to be you know the bad guy there as well but we'll, we'll see because as it goes on he goes out and he's like yeah, what did ramsey get there all of a sudden yeah he's just, he's just there all of a sudden and i i'm telling you the first time that i read it he seemed to be there the whole time like he's yeah. there poking around but it doesn't seem like the corner should be anywhere near no, where they are the and they should... just hanging out i don't even yeah. know what this is if it's just freaking a, like an office but he's got a freaking microscope there he's yep. just looking at shit in my like, what are you doing up yeah. here, fucking dead yeah. man? He's up there. And, you, go play, uh, you go put the dead things down below, you ghoul. And Singh is kind of, you know, throwing out some stuff there. So he's getting some info. But yeah, Barry just basically like, go fuck yourself. All of you. I'm out of here. And walks away. And uh, that's when Kristen comes Kristen, up. And Kristen yeah. comes and's like, huh, that was fun. Now, all up until this, I, I think that this is a little off because Kristen has been pretty much on Barry's ass about how awful he is, which yeah. seemed bad because she was just an intern that got hired, but yet she was doing all the work. She comes off as fully like, oh, my God, you know what, Barry, I've dealt with a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of horrors we see. I understand. And also I've dealt with some crazy breakups. I understand. Why didn't she understand the day before? When Barry came in and she thought he was drunk, why didn't she think like, oh, my God, are you okay? Because, no, she was like, what are you doing? You're tired. Yeah, you show up. You see like is, you're drunk. Kristen realized she was in trouble. She like, you know. She thought yeah. Barry was drunk. She went and snitched on his yeah, ass. Yeah, she snitched. She overheard Singh throwing her in the bus. So when this happened, Over here, he, always he was screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. The, so that's what you think. Story ready to go because that's what's going to get you. She's out trying of this to cover her tracks because she's yeah. like, listen, when I first became an intern, my parents died, and Barry's like, I, I didn't know. She's like, I didn't tell anybody. I I'm wasn't sharing. Private, I, you know, but up. now I'm going to share. Yeah. Uh, and my parents, they got killed in a car accident. The whole, and it, it really is a long-winded story about how her sister stopped talking to her when their parents Started died. And she said. Out. And yeah, and she's like, I recognize the little things now. Really? You, you said that he was drunk a day, but I don't think you're recognizing shit. But really, why does it that your sister stopped talking to you? It's one thing to say. It's just a weird thing. I recognize the little things because the well, little be- things because her sister ended up killing herself. Well, he did, but she did. But the thing is, it's not like she didn't recognize that her sister. It, it was more to me of you got to talk to people before it's too late. Yeah. But she pushes that as this. I recognize little things now and then. This was a big thing. Barry blew the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I said, (laughs) fire me. She's like, there's one way we can do this. Let's solve the case. 
And, and if this was a TV show or movie, montage. we probably would have full montage right here. It would be. It'd be full out montage. They'd be putting the yarn there. It would have been microscopes. Oh like yeah, would have been the pictures, kick like ass. crossing names off a list. Then all of a sudden, Barry's using people. Barry's using a torch. Barry. Oh, sorry. He puts that down and gets back to it. But yeah, they're doing this, and they realize. And it's to me, it's very forced because like, okay. It, this person, they're on to us. They know that we're, they know we're on to them a bit. So they got rid of the evidence in the records room. The next thing they'll do is get rid of these blood samples. And I thought, why? Yeah. They, he's already, whoever he or she has already seems to me gotten rid of the tracks. You know what I mean? You don't go, you, you don't steal diamonds and then get rid of your tracks and then get rid of the diamonds. That You keep what you have stolen. You get rid of the tracks to that, which it seems like burning down. And you already had where Ramsey, he was already up there listening. I think that he would know that, yes, they're on to somebody, but there's no evidence. They cannot get me. Somehow this ties into, you know, if you stole a lot of blood, you have to get rid of it, and you can't just flush it down the toilet. And again, I was like, I, I don't know that you can't I just could. throw it out in a goddamn fucking an abandoned building. You I don't, don't know why I can't just flush it, it down the toilet. Yeah, and, and really you're saying you can't flush it down the toilet because there would be DNA evidence in that toilet. I understand what she's saying. But I don't understand yeah, the fact. That point. Yeah, they, but yeah, they have to know who it is. If this is Eric Shea and he's flushing it down the toilet, th- the way they have it and the way they're figuring out, they have no leads. They'll no. never find out. And in fact, this is what leads Barry. They're trying to think: where can you get rid of a lot of blood without anybody noticing? Or I'm wh- where it you, wouldn't stand out. Yeah, I'm telling you, the morgue is not my first pick. That oh. would not be the where I would think it would be is like a blood bank. I don't know. I'm like wherever you know a hospital, an emergency room. I don't know what they do with that blood, all that stuff. A and goddamn gutter in the street. And this is the funny thing is basically say say that Ramsey had the blood at home, right? He had it at home. It was in his apartment. Barry's like, you know what? I know where they they would do this. The morgue down where the coroner is. That's where it'd be. The lab down there. And he goes down there, and Ramsey doesn't have the blood there. What would happen next? Because there would nothing would happen next because no. they would not have a lead. They would go down. Hey, Ramsey, what's going on? Hey, just me and a couple stiffs. Just cutting up some more dead bodies. Yeah, just me and the stiff. And that dead body. Waka waka. He's like, I don't know. This guy ain't talking. You know, his lips are sealed. And you look and he's, he's stitched the lips together. And the, he's he's a little off, Eric. I, I'm telling you, when you see horror movies and they stitch somebody's mouth shut, that freaks me the fuck out. Really? It really does. But if Barry goes down and Ramsey is not trying to get rid of the evidence, if he has it at his house, if he has it in a storage unit, the, the cold case remains ice cold. They would honestly, never be able to connect to it. Because as we start this issue out, it looks like Ramsey's injecting himself with some of yeah. the blood and shit yep. like that. And when we go down after this point, he still has a shitload of blood. I'm like, how much fucking blood was stolen? Now, I in my mind, the whole evidence we're talking about, oh, some evidence, some blood evidence has been yeah. taken. It wasn't the amount that we're looking at here because he just says vile after no, vile. No, and, and what he happens that makes it worse. Blood. If yeah, they've ever done it. Seems and what like makes it him. worse, it seems like he's already done enough to do what he had to do. Yeah. So why would he keep this? Why wouldn't he have disposed of this blood last week? I don't know when it was stolen and all that stuff. But I'll just continue saying that if Barry went down, if if freaking Ramsey held tight 
and never brought the evidence back in there to dispose of it exactly the way that Barry and Kristen thought he would, nothing would go on. The story would fall. Sh- and I'm saying you could say there and go, well, Jim, they have to keep the story going. Yeah. But because of that, I just thought, why the fuck would he do this? I My wife watches these CSI shows and whatever. And, and I get mad when I see shit like this that's so forced. But it is very, very forced because to me, Joshua Williamson just wants us to get this blood work villain without really putting in the time to establish it it, because when he goes down barry does go down as the flash and his negative speed force is kind of kicking in he does do this thinking i gotta go down there i can't let Kristen be involved because if she does she might get hurt so especially because he's pretty much hook line and sinker thinks he's gonna go down there and catch ramsey in the act which he does which he does but he goes down, and then Ramsey just looks at him and is like, hey there, what's going on, Flash? And all of a sudden, Barry's like, you know, he bends over, and this is part of Ramsey's powers that he can kind of use everybody's blood. He can make it, you know, burn, or he can make it congeal, what, all up, this. Yeah. And then we find out, he's like, hey, look at me. I can't be cut. And he goes with his little scalpel and tries to cut himself. I'm invulnerable. I'll never bleed again. And I thought right there – you better not be a hemophiliac just like we had with Mayfly <laughs> and freaking Wonder Woman. I'll, I'll kill somebody, but that's what it is. Basically, he grew up. He was a hemophiliac. His he wasn't parents, allowed to play with other kids. He was not allowed to play around. If he did, that's a death sentence if he bleeds. And then he became a coroner. And then he realized the next step was and I'm not, seeing I'm not all a these dead bodies. And I'm not that anybody can't do something because of fucking, like, you know, a predisposed disposition yeah, or yeah. whatever. Oh, I know. Like, He's working around a lot of medical, knives. Medical school yeah. and the freaking cutting and stuff like that. You yes. are bound to have an accident, especially early on starting out. This seems like a profession yep. you shouldn't be allowed to do And it's funny, too, point. because as they go, I guess Joshua Williamson thinks that being a coroner wouldn't be enough for him to know what to do. So he's like, listen, I was a coroner. Also, I did a lot of studying on blood because of the, my condition, of my so I became yeah. this blood guy. I mean, also, this is a good time to bring in Barry's dad. Who would know a lot about this stuff as well, but they don't do that. But as it goes on, you you have him say, you know, hey, I I got I, – I wanted to just be – he was happy being a coroner is what I'm saying. You know, hey, I was happy doing my job. But you know what? I started getting to thinking all these dead bodies, you know, life is pretty short. And, I, I yeah. you know, I have problems. So I figured what the heck. I'm going to start injecting people's blood into mine because maybe that will happen. And what he because says – Because I'm gross. Yeah, and he says, oh, a lot of uh, criminals came through here, a lot of evidence. Some of the metahumans that the CCPD locks up in Iron Heights, I stole from old cold cases and experimented on my blood. The thing is, he's a coroner. I don't know any time that a coroner, after the fact that the thing is done, they said these cases were done, people were already in jail, why they would let a coroner go and check out evidence and blood because he did do that. That's what he yeah. tried to cover. I don't know how things work, but it seems like I. a coroner's job. And even you know, when you have the bodies there, that's dead blood. I don't think it's yeah. the same kind yeah, of thing. You know, it's, really it's weird. Me I don't, maybe but you can like, my, you know, make it fucking yeah. uh, stable no, again or whatever. But my biggest problem is the fact that he basically says, I started injecting myself with metahuman blood to cure my condition. I did, and I also got these other special powers. Yet we don't know what metahumans – I want to know what metahumans – I want to know how injecting these metahuman people, you know, heroes, villains, blood 
helped his condition and gave him these powers exactly. because you I can't figure it out. Blood of a metahuman. All of a sudden, you can you're not hemophiliac anymore. You can't be cut. You're invulnerable, and you can control blood. I'm like, yeah. Which metahuman are you saying that it's tit for tat? That one of the metahumans had these powers and you got it from the blood? Are you saying that you had a dormant metahuman gene? Even will go as far as saying the quote unquote metal that this was reactivated or something at least in that wonder woman story that we had at least we knew the players we oh, knew yeah. a hemophiliac and we knew that you know and even before that with dr crawford but we knew that they were getting diana's blood because and she even was that, a medic become like a wonder woman-esque power set you know it's not you yes. don't have your own set of powers because you yeah. injected yourself with wonder so Woman's blood. basically it's just the, the whole thing is explained by i injected some blood and I got some powers. Barry freaks out because then, you know, he goes a little too far. Again, why even say this? But, yeah, Barry seems to be having almost like a heart. His blood is working against him at this point. And even blood coming out of his eyes, it looks like, at one point, though, that is very wonky because of the negative speed force yeah. powers as well. And his nose is bleeding and stuff like that. Well, not only but, that, I don't even know how he's controlling the blood because we said he I can know. make it burn, he can make it geo. He's making it come out of Barry's eyes and then float yeah, yeah, up. He's doing like, all right, this, it you, just, do you have gravity yeah. powers? Yeah, what is he doing? But he's like, listen, you know what? I know that you guys are on to me, especially now you've you've caught me red-handed. So I guess I'm just going to kill you and the rest of the cops. Everybody here, I'm going to kill everybody in the CCPD. And then that's when Barry flips out. Again, it was set up that emotions trigger the negative yeah. speed force in him. He yells no and basically fires Ramsey out of the building. He fucking crashes through. With a black lightning with, bolt yeah, out with of a his black, back black and then shoots bolt. him through the freaking building. I'm like, I don't yeah. understand these powers And then all. there's the people around. And it, again, now you're getting like a Supergirl type thing or even a Flash thing from the New 52 when, you know, with uh, Professor Zoom where you have everybody like, oh my God, the Flash killed him. They even throw out that whole thing about uh, what's his name with those bikers. With, oh, uh, it's uh, Shrapnel. But Shrapnel, yeah. For some reason, I was going to call him Shard. But yeah, Shrapnel and that. So they, he even throws Ramsey because Ramsey's not dead. And it's funny, too, because whenever we have these scenes, you always have the, oh, my God, did you see that Flash killed him? And then when the guy gets up, this happened in Supergirl as well. When the guy gets up. There's never somebody like, oh, my God, he isn't dead. Or, oh, my, Thank what God. the fuck? I saw this guy die. Why isn't he dead? But, yeah, he gets, he gets up, and then in a weird turn, he says, hey, all I wanted to do was protect myself, Flash. And we're like, okay, whatever. And then he's like, but I would have shared that. My experiments could have helped others like me. You just jeopardized that. And you I think that Fla everybody, yeah, I think Flash should have said, Let's rewind a bit because you just said you're going to kill me and all of the CCPD. You know, you're starting to tell the story. What are you, wrong turn? Switching the Seriously. story here. But yeah, and he's like, you know, I was wondering how invulnerable I was. Thanks for testing that. And then in probably the best part of the book, he actually says, you know what? Let's have some fun. You know yeah. what, Flash? All of your villains have these crazy names. And it's so funny. Your villains always pick these names that are right on the nose. That, you know, Captain Cold, Heat Wave, Weather Wizard, Mirror Master. Now, he doesn't go as far as, you know, saying all the, like, Golden Glide. No, that doesn't, well, that doesn't really so don't worry, say no. that. But he's like, I'm going to do that to myself. And I really like where Flash is like, Ramsey, you're not a rogue. And we did see in last issue, Ramsey seemed like a nice guy then. They yeah, were, and, they were and joking. Barry, they were like, Barry like was chummy they, with There's him. a lot of camaraderie between Barry yeah. Allen and freaking, you know, Ramsey here yeah, with the whole idea of justice. 
I think that one of the biggest problems with this, now this isn't a problem with the story. I think that it's well done here. I think that if Barry would have just went down as Barry and not as the Flash, maybe something could have been worked out because I do think that Ramsey really liked Barry. Uh, really liked him. No, really? I, I just think that they were friends and he could have probably have talked him down of things and tried to figure it out. I don't know because the whole thing is like, he's like, oh, Flash, if you're here, that means the cops would be right behind yeah, you. That means well, I have that's to kill you and everybody maybe, else. Maybe. If Barry, yeah. should, oh Barry, you're here. That means yeah, the cops Barry, are on. I'm gonna have, have to kill, kill. you and everybody else. Maybe he was else. just gonna kill Barry. <laughs> I don't even know why. If he just kills Flash, why does he have to kill the rest of the cops? They wouldn't know. He'd get away. But I guess he's saying, you know, you guys know. But yeah, then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna call myself Bloodwork. But in the meantime, I-, I think that Joshua Williamson has watched Cobra. Uh, with Sylvester Stallone and had the worst amalgam of Cobra's, you're the disease, I'm the cure. He says, you are an infection inside Central City, and I'm the antibody inside of it that will remove you. I'm like, Sylvester Stallone, you are not. Yeah, it is not Sylvester Stallone there. Go watch Cobra if you really want that life. I'm the cure. Yeah, that's all you need. This is so, as this is going, I would have expected Barry to punch him seven times as he's going through, and I'm the antibody inside of it and it'll remove you if you don't watch out because I'm going to be there because antibodies never go away. And Shut the fuck I'm like, up. Jesus Christ, you, you may have a name. Long you ain't got the trash bitch. talk down. And then he does throw in, like I said, he says, I saw the news and destruction in Central City. You helped shrapnel kill those bikers, which we know that wasn't what happened and that's yeah. what Barry says. But he's like, you know what? And, and Flash says, I don't want to hurt you, Ramsey. And then he says, I won't be one of your victims, Flash. Blood work will make you the victim. And again, it's like... It's going back and forth. He he goes down. Barry goes down. Hey, I don't want to be caught. Barry knocks him out. Then he says, oh, my God, this could have been some research that could have helped. Then you have this with the I won't be your victim. You also had before where he was sheltered and things like that. And he, this guy's all over the place without really telling us. I don't really understand his motivations Yeah, that's all. what I'm saying. You don't have any motivations because we get probably six different versions of what you think his motivations were. You should have had him – Maybe made fun of as a kid because he couldn't go out or whatever because I really don't – his motivation right now is he tried to cure himself and he got caught doing something wrong and now he's going to kill everybody. That's basically the motivation and you end up in the last page where he's like, I'm blood work. He looks like Slim Good Buddy and I'm telling you, look up Slim Good Buddy and you'll have a laugh. Because he was a guy when I was a kid that would be on like in between commercials and things right. uh, on Saturday mornings, and he he was a joke. And this is what this this blood work reminds me of. I just and know he, at the end when he reveals he himself terrible. and his whole blood work look to himself, you it's know, it's terrible. all red and blues yeah. and veins and shit. I'm getting the fuck out of Central City because he's also yeah. covered everything in fucking blood. Yeah, it's all blood and goo, and but yeah. You look up Slim Good Buddy. You'll, you'll get I'm a chuckle there. You, you have to look it up at some point. It'll make you laugh. It will. It'll make you giggle. But yeah, I, I'm i going to give this a 5.5. I don't think the art is very good for what we got. I think no. the, uh, Neil Gooch is good normally. Uh, this is off, and I think it's because like, you get a lot about of we Barry. Like Barry. I don't even like his flash in this. Yeah, I usually do. It's it's okay. The problem is you have that negative speed force flash, so I don't know. But it's the eyes that are all fucked up. But yeah, I I think this is a down issue to start an arc and it just continues the whole deal with the flash just not being that good and it's one of my favorite characters i know i always say arc? 
Yeah, it's the blood work arc. It's because okay, it's just, it just because we had going. everything set up that we were like yeah. in the arc. It felt like because we were dealing with the whole blood case, and then we yes. had the villain reveal. Now this seems like the same arc, while we also have the negative speed force. But yeah, it's blood work part one. It, the okay. way he's doing it, it it's kind of like it, nothing is a clean cut start. So it, this right. is blood work part one. But I even said that the start of an arc, but it is kind of a continuation of the story. But I, I just. I don't like it. It's just – it's not that exciting to me. It's something – it's very cliched that we've seen. It's a shame that we just saw it in Wonder Woman. So it's not anything that's original to me, and it's kind of just there. And without knowing the motivation and really how Bloodwork came to be, I can't say that I'm very impressed with Bloodwork, and I think that his uh, you know, character model there is just nonsense. So uh, I'll give it a 5.5. Five. What would you give it? I'd probably give it a five. I was going to go a 5.8, but probably a 5.5 five as well because I don't like the art. I don't understand anything about the negative speed force except that emotion drives it and makes you into an yeah. asshole. And then we have a new villain out of the, nowhere where I don't understand his motivation. So really, I got done this issue. Like, I don't know anything that's going on anymore. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not really that impressed. Um, yeah, 5.5, 5, I guess. But it's just Slim there were aspects here. to it that, you know <laughs> – it's one of these – it's a hard I know, issue. It's, I know. It's not great. That, that's the thing. I want to like it. I always talk about uh, Dick Grayson being my favorite character. Pretty much Barry Allen Flash is my second or oh, third, yeah. probably second. And I just – why can't I enjoy my characters? I, I never can anymore. <sighs> but we're going to move on to the next book that does have my other favorite character in it sure with does. Dick Grayson. So give it to us there. Titans number 15, written by Dan Abnett, with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratmond, Andrew Dollhouse, and Josh Reed. All the Titans cards are on the table this issue after Arsenal believes that he caught Nightwing working for Hive, but it turns out that while Hive was using Dick Grayson as a way to spy on our heroes, he knew about it and was using the connection to find out where Bumblebee's memories are being held. We also have Omen finally telling everyone that she may bring the end of the world because of a prophecy, and finally Wally West deciding to resign from the Titans, but two weeks until retirement is a bitch because after the Titans go after Hive, they find Harold and Gnark taken over by a baddie, and to save Dick's life, Wally might have to end his might have ended his own yes yes yeah uh yeah th- this issue i don't know it, it just continues this whole thing where you, you kind of go it, it's mc scat Kent. you go two steps forward one step back continuously in this book and to me we're on issue 15 boy oh, we have not gotten a lot of story though this does point to a very very big thing that you figured out my friend and it does for all those people who are reading titans hunt and then going to here it looks like that we're about to get kind of a conclusion to titans hunt as well Which I've as been this waiting arc. for because that yes. was so ambiguous at the end that i still don't understand what fully happened in that freaking you know that yeah now mi- the, i can't the say thing- it's a mini series but that, yeah. that titans hunt series in general for how like weird it was with you know yep we, we jump into this we know that wally west says it was 10 years taken away from the entire universe the mm-hmm. world whatever and but when we were in titans hunting still in the end of the new 52 the titans had five years wiped from their memories pr- yes. purposely so they could forget about mr twister so almost like a freddy krueger effect where if we don't know he exists he doesn't exist yeah so yeah. like it was a very odd thing to try to figure out like what well they know, and even then when know, that happened even with, working with the timeline yeah. itself and with that happened, when that happened, we had no idea about rebirth and things like that. And we thought that they, Ooh. you know, Dan Abnett was playing this game so that you can have the Titans have been the Teen Titans without anybody knowing about exactly. it. Exactly. And then rebirth kind of happened. I think they picked that up and ran with it to try to make it make even more sense with this. Well, it still never and, made sense. Because, yeah, it you know, never made sense. That, uh, Omen like wiped everybody's memories on the team that they they were a part of a team at one point that they yeah. knew each other. Like. 
Well, the rest of the world would have fucking knew your team. Yeah, and it what seemed like Batman they weren't. Yeah, and we that? said this all along, and it just seemed like once Rebirth came, we thought, okay, I see. Everybody. It just kind of seemed like that because they didn't remember Wally. And now Wally's back. People seem to remember things. And, yeah, we wanted – but you wanted a conclusion because it really ended up pretty ambiguous. And then it yeah. led into this Rebirth Titans, and things were kind of thrown in there. You had you know, you had Abracadabra and that sort of thing, but you still didn't really get a complete ending to the titans hunt and then especially when narc shows up here and stuff like that we're like okay maybe it will and this does point to on what you said it kind of points out to that kind of gives you i don't know if it's an ending to titans hunt but it makes it i more, think we like, might be getting towards yeah, that it though, makes like a freaking, it seem more it's like a sequel to titans hunt that yes. will wrap things up wholly and what's in my weird mind. though is that 15 issues though and we're still not there and it just seems to keep it this whole who's the traitor and things it just keeps ping-ponging back and forth to see what's going on but like you said basically it was the the spy version of i thought you were teaching me but i was actually being you know that sort of thing And i'm telling you i did love the opening of this issue because when the last time we talked about this for the cliffhanger we saw that dick grayson was talking to hive and you're like you were all upset like why doesn't anybody hear him? He just like, did he walk away into yeah, another yeah, room to find out the tell. Yes, And but, so yeah. like, when we opened this up though, Roy was right behind him. Who the fuck were you yeah, just talking to? Yeah, who the fuck to? are you talking to? And it's good. And in the meantime, you do get a running narration of a letter that we see Wally writing to Dick, uh, pretty much retiring, pretty much yep. saying, you know what? I'm done. I, I can't do this. I didn't know what my life would be like without being the Flash, but because of this pacemaker, damn Damien, that, that I have now, I really can't be the Flash. I'm going to just have to try – to go out and see what life would be like without being it. I'm as retiring. Wally West, yeah. As Wally West, and in the meantime, also pointing Wally out West and stressing. Because still isn't really known in this universe besides no. for the Titans themselves. So, like, you know, he only has the Flash as an identity, so he's going to go and yeah. see what it's like to try to yeah, be Wally West. Yeah, he's going to go see West. what it's like. I, I would think he'd go to Barry, too, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But he, he basically is giving this letter and saying, listen, Dick, you, you're my best friend. You're a great guy. You did what you did. I thought that this letter also kind of threw in a thing like, listen, this Lazarus contract, uh, you, you didn't do anything wrong. You were right. No. You have kept the team together. Where, and I, I can only imagine how hard it is to lead a team that's of also friends. your friends yeah. and best friends. And this would be like me and you decide we're going to start a landscaping business and we get all your friends. And then I say to you, you know, you're going to have to get cuts over here and tell him he better fucking work harder. It'd be real tough for you to go over and tell Cuts that he's got to work cuts. harder. Yeah, not, don't do it to Cuts. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and I do think that that's true, and I do think that it's well played out. But yeah, it, it just too quickly to me, though, Dick's like, no, no, no. Listen, it, I may have been infected by Hive, but I've been using them to track them. I just think it was too quick for them to be like, holy shit. At one point, Roy looks like he's going to put an arrow in the back of oh, Dick's yeah. head. And then Dick just explains it in two seconds. And he's like, hey, wait, okay, wait, wait. you're when good. When we dealt with the five at the Meta Solutions, Gizmo infected me with a nano spyware. Hive has been seeing everything through me. I was completely unaware of how I was being used until I ran the scans. And then I used that scans to figure out where it was going and called them back so I can you know, trace the call and yes. find out where Karen's memories are being held. Yes, and in the meantime, you also have Mal and Nark, and they're trying to figure out. They're they're tracking Hive and seeing where you know these memories can be as well. When all of a sudden, they're you know 
all of a sudden they're confronted by somebody. And I love Mal in that freaking like yeah, that yeah. pseudo Nightwing costume he's yeah, wearing. Yeah, looks, looks like so an, I said him. it looks like almost like a Flash slash Nightwing costume. But yeah, and he even has you know the sticks and stuff. They're not the the bolo sticks, but they're like night sticks. But I really do like it. And him and Nark are there, and all of a sudden Nark's like, "Huh, I smell somebody." And they're like, "Oh, what? Somebody else is here." And then you see tut tut children poking your noses and where they're not wanted, and it's you know a dark word bubble, and that's where. Mel's like, oh my god, I know that voice. It's and all of a sudden, and they get blasted. Boom. Yeah, they get blasted, and the big reveal of this or the tell is that where they are blasted, the, the scorch marks have feathers there, and this is what got you going. And, and you yeah, right down, like, what. oh shit, that's Mister Twister's staff. The feathers on the staff that give him the yep. powers, shit like yeah. that. You know that he uses. Yep. So yeah, you're like, holy crap. And then we Mr. go back. Mr. Twister's back. And Mr. Twister. But then yeah, we go back, and that's where you have Dick explaining things and basically yeah. saying, listen, uh, they were tracking me, but I knew that I could just go. I'd play around, you know, I'd pretend that nothing happened. It bought me 20 seconds, long enough to trace it, and now I know exactly where they are. And he's like, you know what? It was reckless, but I promised Mal I'd find the memories that Hive stole from Karen. It's really good. I mean, and that I is. And that's a Dick how Grayson. freaking like, enthralled Karen is with Dick at oh, this yeah. point and how yeah. much of a Dick Roy seems like, oh, geez, Dick, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, my God, but it, it's so funny here because even that they're like, listen, no more secrets, guys. We're not telling – this is Wally. And he's like, listen, see, I told you guys. I told you guys no more secrets. Now it's my turn to tell you something. And there's Garth. I'm in love with Lilith. Yes, we know <laughs> like, Garth. Shut we the fuck know up. this, you idiot. But yeah, they are going to do and this. Wally and Wally just says, keeps getting cut off in this entire thing because yeah, he wants keeps, to tell everybody you know, tell about him, him retiring. But yeah, he wants to retire. Him off. But the whole thing is is that Dick says, listen, Hive could have killed us all. They know where we are. They could have planted nanites in us when we were there. They could have put brain bombs in us for all we knew. They could have destroyed us at any time, and they didn't. And the reason is because something fucked up is happening, and they need our help. They really need our help to save the world. And that's where Lilith is like, from me. And they're like, what? And he's I like, wants to save yeah, the world from me. From me. And she's like, wait, I know this. I went to visit Simon again, and he perceived a global scale threat for months. Hive's been preparing for it, and they are creating they're post- collect. They're collecting freaking meta yeah. powers and, and shit this like is that. So they put doing. together endgame soldiers. Yeah, they're, they're making. And again, how many books are we having now where somebody is making super soldiers with meta human powers that seem to be taken? And it's another one here. And they're like, you know what? Uh, they're doing this. They're doing this because the global threat is me and that's where we had where we even said when they said it the girl clay will yeah. unleash destruction i still don't know if it's not you know freaking oh, I, i'm saying donna this whole troy. thing where lilith believes this is her because her yeah. last name is clay i'm like no the girl clay is donna troy because yeah she was and i still clay. think i think that this is like the last bit of you know a sleight of hand to make you think that it is Lilith and I do think it's going to be Donna Troy in the meantime I think that she's going to be able to fight you know the the whole deal off and yeah. it'll be one of those like listen you know prophecies don't always come true and you know that sort of thing but as they're going off like you said Wally keeps trying to tell them listen you know I, he even says then he's like hey you know, there's something else because uh, Donna says, hey, is there something you wanted to tell us? Yep, there is. It's important. I – and then all of a sudden, rant the, what the heck is that? And they're and like – uh, This is the weirdest thing because there's like a – it's a skiz sound and yeah, like what the yep. heck was that? It's like Hive's spyware. Like Hive's reactivated spyware and I'm like – 
Wasn't the spyware in you, Dick? Was that you yeah, making that noise? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what's weird, and it almost seems like now it's in everyone, or it's not, or whatever. It, or it's just in Titan's Tower alone? I but don't know. But yeah, and that's where Hive Control is like, this is Hive Control, Titan's Tower, you're receiving our signal. Like, And he's like, we can hear you, and he's working gadgets on the wall then. Yeah, and he's like, for God's sake, help us. It's killing everyone. It's here. It's, and then they're like, we got to go. And they traced it to Delaware, and they're going. And there's, you know, Rikers Island Correctional Facility there where you see Simon. going on with Simon, where he's and freaking he the says, fuck out. Something's going on in his freaking, you know, the f- psychic like uh, field and shit like yeah, that. And yeah, freaking and he, causing him to go haywire and then uh, zap yeah. himself out of there. And the thing is, he says, it's begun. And this has to be. It can only mean what he has predicted, what Lilith oh, yeah. said he said. So whatever's going on, it's begun. And this is where these guys come in, like, and the, the guards. And, like, sedation. He's like, oh, God, no. Don't go there. You idiots. Don't go there. And he's like, why is he having up the cell? Speaking is of the to be Titans psi- going to where they're, yeah, freaking, they're yeah. being called to. Yep, and they're being called to. And then you have this guy come in. And he's like, don't, you know, the cell's supposed to be side damp. And, and again, it isn't. All of a sudden, boom. They, you know, Simon gets warped away, and again, feathers. there are the feathers again, and then they go to Lithgow, Delaware, and that's where the Titans are showing up, and yeah, there's going to be trouble. Did you guys name John Lithgow? I, I actually thought it would. I love John Lithgow, so I was hoping yes, uh, but when they get there, they're pretty much immediately attacked by Mal and, and Narc, who are being controlled now. They're being mind-controlled. Now, in this thing, this is where I kind of got kind of confused because you do have Simon there and he's like oh no it brought me here what's it going to do to me and going and then I get the idea that he is kind of mind control but it just seems like such a weird progression of what he is then and his whole costume oh, yeah. and he's all be- that he's, just... he's becoming freaking warped like those things that go yeah. around his head showing his brain they become elongated and yeah, freaking warped up yeah but just the costume like a... change just went yeah. through me and I was like okay is that Simon though it is Simon but is it Simon like being more into something yeah it's just i thought in my the progression... mind antithesis taking over his body bringing yeah, him would into be. this world out of limbo be. yeah and that would be the antithesis of him as well because that's who Which, you want to say and who and you that's think what i want to think the big reveal is going to be because we had this whole thing in the titans hunt book where mr twister was the bad guy but we found out towards the end that he was trying to bring bring a bigger bad into this world and it, if you go back to the original teen titans like their first you know adventure like as the story would go yes Mr. Twister was their first villain and antithesis yeah. who was this demonic figure front like who was sent to limbo and like swore revenge on and the Titans. And if you remember if you didn't read Titans Hunt or you did uh, what happened is they were using Mal to draw this in and it really was like a almost like you know to to say it easily it was like this big demonic kind of you know portal type thing that they were trying to bring him into this world mr twister was trying to bring him in and, and it this, didn't and, and quite this big deal is mind control and vampirism and all this yeah. other shit you know astral projection like look i have a, actually a power list here that's Astral projection, dark force manipulation, darkness manipulation, dimensional manipulation, illusion casting, psychic siphon abilities, soul absorption, telepathy, and vampirism. Like, yeah, this guy's crazy. a big motherfucking bad is what he yeah, is. Yeah, so you think it's antithesis is the big yes. villain reveal. And he is taking over. He's controlling Mal and Garth. He's also controlling now Simon. And they are just – and you can tell once they go, uh, you can tell by their word bubbles and things like that. But you don't need to know that. You can no. see. And, and basically 
Mal is attacking uh, Dick and says, you know, you stole everything from me. You stole my wife. And, you know, you know it's not true. You know that Mal wouldn't that. But, again, he's being controlled. And he says, so I'll steal yours and pretty much runs him right and through. impales him. Yeah, impales him. And he is going to die. You can tell that. Well, Wally runs. Wally just reacts. And Wally, and you know, as, he was going to retire. Wally- He's running and reacting. We get a freaking little heart rate monitor going yes. with it, and it's such a fucked yeah. up thing because we've seen in previous ones where, where while he uses the speed force, it, like because of his new pacemaker and his heart problem, yes. if he uses too much of it, time starts changing around him, starts yeah. stopping, and like as we see here, he did, he even freaking makes time go backwards and make well, it yeah, it actually the, just heals the the wound. It closes yeah. the wound as if it, it closes never happened because he, he moves time backwards. With and the again, wound. you see this. I think this is a little bit of a weird progression that I thought it was a little confusing at first. It was I think a little that confusing. Some people won't really get the whole deal, but yeah, this is Wally. Now we've seen when Wally does this, though, it really puts him in danger. And this is where this and happens. Where Wally, is, I don't know. Because because we see that it never really like I never really took it like he was in danger. Like it seemed like well, it was he kept a new saying that set. if he keeps doing it though, that he can't push it that far because every time he did it, he'd get exhausted. And I think that he did even say the last issue or the last time he uses like I can't keep doing this. You know, I don't know how this works. And he was concerned about it. But this is the problem is normally he was just doing this. He was not reacting of his best friend being killed because exactly. if he didn't react here. Dick Grayson's dead. Dan DiDio gets his wish, Eric, and there is no more Nightwing. And when he reacts it, I also think that there's something to do. Again, I think that the progression of it wasn't fully spelled out. But I think that when he did this, when his speed force did go to heal uh, Dick, I think that maybe that was kind of showing you that usually the speed force would be healing him as this power overloads, and it wasn't. It was going to Dick, and it left him vulnerable, and and he went right away, and he's like, too fast? I didn't quite know. And yeah, you see where his freaking heart rate with the monitor in between panels and things, it's going nuts, and then it crashes. And he's like, you know, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't let you know. I couldn't. I I don't quite know how I did it, you know, healing you, because Dick's like, what the hell? I'm fine. What happened? And that's when it crashes. And, and uh, Barry, uh, Barry, Dick goes and's like, Wally, no. And then you see, and it's a pretty good moment. I like the progression because then you see the final bit of this letter where he won it for Dick, and it's like, well, your friend forever, for Dick, yeah. Wally, and he he dies. He, I mean, he's there's no doubt about it at this point. Not that I do, I don't think he's not coming I'm back. T- but and that's he the worst part too, because even jumping into this issue where Wally's ta- writing this letter talking about quitting the Titans, which you know. Is ridiculous because you know we started rebirth with Wally being brought in like he was the big yeah, thing this that was really the big drew deal. this thing going yes. and like the whole idea where all right we've had rebirth for a year what's gonna happen oh Wally's gonna quit oh no Wally's gonna die so yeah. I, that can't be well and here's the thing if you're gonna do anything I I don't know what happened in these meetings with the Lazarus contract and when they talked about it and you have Dan Abnett there and he's a team player I mean yeah. we think that he's a very nice guy and he really I've never heard any gripings about him or him griping about anything else he seems like a guy if they have 20 books and they only have two writers he'll he'll take 18 more it. books he will fill in for anything and do it and I think that may, I could just imagine him at these meetings and Christopher whoever it was you know what we're going to do we're going to make it so that Wally West can't use the speed force and he's going to have a pacemaker. And, and there's Dan Abbott. It's like, 
okay, I'll have to deal with this. I got to get cracking. And he's like, okay. And I think that this is what ends that stupid pacemaker. His heart is now stopped. If anything heals or whatever they do, I do believe that it'll be back 100%. I'm saying that one of the things we just saw now, though, with the way he, you know, he rushed to Dick's aid yeah. because he saw him dying and he like exerted himself more than he ever has. It seems yeah. like with this new like power set kind of thing. Yeah. Time didn't stop like we saw every other time. No. Time ran backwards. So the, yeah. the wound never happened. It healed right there. So I don't know if we're going to have this thing where. Yeah, it's weird because I didn't back, even take you know, it as time moving backwards because well, if it moved Dick backwards. Says, like, yeah, but if, it moved, backwards? if it moved backwards, though, it's weird because then he would have been right in where he would have gotten stabbed again. But he yeah, wasn't but not, there not, in that I'm position. Though, time didn't move backwards and that time moved backwards for the, the wound yeah, but itself. What's weird is they were just there. I just thought the speed force healed his wound because you actually saw the uh you know the lightning putting his uh the right. wound back together so whatever it was but uh, to but me i, it I was just imagine just... though with, with that being the case here that's how dick uh was healed there it maybe it's a whole thing where time will move back to the point where wally didn't have this heart problem yeah well he'll i think i do the point and heal his that's heart. the thing i think that this fully ends this pacemaker thing and then you know even even if it's not next issue but the end of this arc when we finally get antithesis revealed because it says the traitor revealed we finally get all of this done and then we can move on to a, an which actual weird, story in my which mind, i the traitor want was revealed and he wasn't a traitor yeah i know and then and then you have the whole deal hopefully while he's fixed we get done with this traitor nonsense and let's have some fun with this book let's yeah. get a story you know i don't need a huge mind you know altering story Give me a four-issue arc where they're having some fun, and I'll be fine, and hopefully this leads – hopefully it's them like, oh, my God, Wally's dead. He's the heart and soul of our team, and then he comes back and they're like, you know what? Let's all be friends. Let's not fight anymore because they even start this out where during the issue you did have you know Wally talking to Donna Troy and saying, listen, that kiss – uh, I don't really know why I did that. Yeah, we're, you know, we're getting she her, says, him away from the whole thing, like the love interest with Donna yeah. Choi at this point. Yeah, and she said even like, you know what, it was kind of sympathy because I just found out about, you know, that my whole growing up, my whole history, my past that I think was real was fake. It was implanted memories. I see you're having problems. I think that I just kind of felt sorry for it. We kind of bonded for that, but I don't have feelings for you like that. And you had where Garth has finally yelled out, you know, I love Lilith. I'm yeah, in love with know, her. Man. Yeah, yeah. And now you get Bumblebee's, you know, memory spec. So her and Mal could go up because I don't know that they're going to continue on in this book, whatever Nark does. But at least I wish it I seems hope they like, do. I don't know. About I do. Nark, I hope that they're full part of the Harold team. Bumblebee will be an awesome part of the team. I still don't know yeah. how you raise a child like a baby when you're fucking. Well, you tight. have that. But also you have to remember that at some point then you would guess that they're going to go to some goddamn fucking data bank bank and grab out Mal's powers and give him his powers back because he's powerless right now. He's just running around possessed. Yeah. And so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, it's this book is just standard issue all the time. It never it really I'm gets you, it me. had some really cool things that got me excited when I realized it was going to be Antithesis and Mr. Twister. Yeah, like yeah, that's pretty kind of cool. Thing. It got me excited because, like, you know, that's an interesting place to take the story that I want to see. And, yeah. and also, it's going to I tie agree. up, hopefully, the Titans Hunt, which I've had a problem with for over a year now because I always wanted to love that story. It just never came together in no, my mind. Never so if we actually together. get to that point, I'll be happy as hell. It's just this issue, though. Like we had the big thing with Lilith telling everybody about the thing. Like we've dealt with this for two issues. We yeah. as readers have known this for a while now. Yep. Dick being like, oh, I'm not a traitor. I was actually doing this. There was no – we had this giant buildup for a traitor for it to be nothing. And then it, it flip-flopped like. for two seconds to nothing. 
exactly. and everybody goes with it right away. Now, is it because Dick Grayson is such a good guy? They don't think. But if he is being controlled by hype, he would say exactly that. Yeah. You don't. You barely even have Lilith. Like you know, I'm reading his mind. I sense this. It's just basically like like the, the whole yeah. thing now with the whole traitor in it being Dick. It seems like filler because they didn't need to have yeah. this whole thing where Dick it revealed feel, where the memories well, were that, because Gnark yeah. and Malcolm were on the case. Yeah, and it seems like a, a and then lot of these got issues. got a hold of them because they were in trouble. Yeah, a lot of these issues are they do seem to be filler every issue, but it's still good enough for me to. And the, you even said it when we were going. You have a cliffhanger of Wally West dying. I kind of think he's going to live. Yeah. I mean, he is the cool he's the poster boy of exact, rebirth. rebirth. Yeah, yeah. You can't have a and really that's one of our biggest problems of this is that you wanted this book because you love these heroes. You you yeah. love the Titans team. You did Titans Hunt, but also you said specifically to me, this is the book where shit's going to go down. This is the important book because Wally, Wally West, West is in it. That we're going to and I love and it, Wally it West. It hasn't been that it book at all. Not. It hasn't been at all. It's so, been treading we'll water ever since yes, rebirth it started. Has. But it's treading water. It's not awful, though. No, <laughs> well, what I'm would telling you, you right it? now, because like the thing is, I liked a lot of the story. I got excited for the story. It's just yeah. a lot of it was filler and stuff that we've already dealt with and like really non-endings to stuff that was started and just went away. Yeah. I love the freaking art team in this book. It's one of my favorite I DC comics. The panel progression was weird sometimes, yeah. though, and it wasn't up to snuff with what we usually get. You, you I would still the, give this a, yeah. a 7 out of 10, though. I'd give it a 7 as well. That's It's a it's a Dan Abnett 7. It's it's not bad. You know, we have a lot of complaints that we're saying, but they're more generalized complaints of the series. Yeah. Each issue, though, is good enough to keep me going. I just need something more. I think that the thing I have with the art, it's very compact. It's very, like, crowded. Like oh, a yeah. lot the of even the, saying, yeah. the panels are very like weird because usually yes. Brett has these really cool panel like yeah. layouts. He always like has that, those. Yeah, but they're very small at times yes, for the progression the of the story. That's the problem with me. He has a he'll never give you a page with a square six panel layout. Yeah. it's always you know tilted. I said when we first started the site and we tried to grab panels to put on the site for a review. Brett Booth does not make that easy. I don't now, know if he does it on purpose. Out a panel for yeah, you're trying it's to crop out. You can't. You can't. And the but the way this issue played out, there is a lot of really small panels, and I don't think it tells the story as well as what his art usually does. Now, every panel of these small are, are kick ass. I oh, love yeah. Brett Booth, and I love this whole art team. It just it seems too crowded some of the times on the page. I agree. But we're gonna go on and see what's next, Eric. you just like you yeah but not like eric not like eric that guy's Uh taking breaks left and right Uh uh-uh girl 
I'm telling you, I want to know when. When's my break? When do I get to stay somewhere or go somewhere? And you and Eric have a show. That's what I want to see. You're gonna die. That is true. I'm telling you, I'm like Jay Leno. I will not take a break because then I think people like you and Eric. That's right. You'll come right back. No, I'd be so angry. I was actually thinking like what I'd be doing if I was at this wedding instead of Eric, and the whole time I'd just be worried. That that people would like you and Eric more, so I would I would have been tuning in to the Mixler and throwing shade as some made up guy. I'd just be throwing shade left and right. Like, hey, where's Jim? Yeah, I don't like this sort of thing going on here. Clayface yeah. League loves Jim. Yeah, Bring what's Jim going back. on? Tom King's ego is pissed off. <laughs> here is mail section number three, and we're going to start with a Travis. And Travis says, I just want you to know how hard it is to admit that you were right on this. And it's even worse because it came so soon. Now, this is Travis is actually talking about me. One Jim Verner who said that Bizarro would not remain smarty pants Bizarro for very long. And he said, but that last page of Red Hoods and the Outlaws made me so sad for him already. You were right. I I told everybody. I said, this is what's going to happen. I talk about it in the Patreon-only spotlight as well that, yeah, they're going to make it so that you really have a good time with smarty pants Bizarro, and then they will pull the rug right from out from under you, and you are going to get very upset, and it's already happened for him. And he says, seriously, though, this comic is so good. By far the biggest surprise hit of Rebirth for me. I'm loving it. Damn, I had to say that. Now I need to go to McDonald's. See, he's going he's gonna to go and go to McDonald's. Don't have McNuggets, though. Go why, and get, why is I, he going to McDonald's? I guess just because I told him he should go to McDonald's. That he should, oh, he, right, yeah, so enough. there you go. I'm telling you, my favorite item at McDonald's, a large Diet Coke. How about that? Actually, wow. if, if everything's perfect to the T of how it should be made, the McDonald's fries are, are the best. They yeah. are so good. It's just you got to get them at the right time, and if they're not good, any fry like can all, end up yeah, going to shit. All fries, they, you have to get them made well, and then there really is like – Maybe a seven-minute window. Yeah, to no, eat I'm them. telling if, you. If you don't, if you don't hit those within that time, they're, they exactly. might have to throw this them right out. This is why you do not wait till you get home. If you're in the no. drive-through, you can't, and I never do. That's on the way home. That's, I'm they eating made them the fries. That That's what they made them like. That yes. so you can eat them while you drive and get your yep. steering wheel sticky, and then you, it slips you out of your hands. Nonsense. You crash and kill your family. Yeah, and kill your family, and then you have more <laughs> money to buy fries the next day after <laughs> the funeral. Beautiful. Just don't pay for the funeral. Just ditch out on that. Go get more fries. <laughs> hey, there's other families out there. There's a lot of people in this world. It's uh, true. But yeah, I, I definitely, I always eat the fries on the way home. Plus, what you do is if your kids get fries, this is why families are good to have because if the kids do get fries you get the bag and you look and say you have three large fries in there what you do is they're like hey dad can i have my fries because again right. they think the same thing but as you get them you tip them a little you can get yep, a little, yep. those I, extra know, fries. I know where you're going with this there yeah. you go there's your fries rafe and he's like huh they didn't fill those up i'm like those sons of bitches they always <laughs> they always get you and then i get the other here's ethan's you need a little freaking there on the bottom and you go and then i just eat all the fries from the bottom and then just shove them in my face the bag yeah. fries are dads that's the bag the fries are dads indeed that's why i really do like five guys burgers though uh have oh, you ever do they have five guys in, yeah yeah in they here? got them here and then the boy they, they, they gave it's ridiculous yeah they make sure 
that you have like an extra fry in your bag, and by the time you get home with that, it's translucent. The bag yeah. you could see through that bag. Oh it's my so god! Crazy. As a matter of fact, you know, you know, uh, Five Guys originally from the Virginia, Maryland yes. area. Yep. You know that. So I went down there. My wife is from there, and I've been down there. And when I when we go there. They really do give you practically a full bag, practically yeah. like full to the top, like groceries. Yep. In New York, they did that at first, but New York rents being what they are, they had to they, back off. They on had that. to kind of pull back, but it still is ridiculous. You still get like two full orders of fries yeah. every oh, time yeah. you order yeah. one. I sit there and you go and you have that, the, you know, one of their big things you see the, on the board. Like these fries today are made from, you know, this town in Idaho. Later on in the day, I'm cursing that town out like <laughs> like they've never been cursed out before. When I can't get off the toilet, I'm like, God damn you, Idaho. That town? Colon blow yeah, Idaho? Yeah, keep, keep your fries in Idaho. <laughs> God damn it. It's killing me. I, I don't I, – I think that Five Guys is a little overrated with the burger only because I always – I must just eat so much. When I go there, because I always I'm out of commission for a day after eating there. It's so heavy it's, that it's, it a, just, it's a good burger, but it, it's like it nine is. nine to twelve bucks or something. It's a lot yeah, of money is. for a even here. Burger. You know, I know yeah. New York. You know, I, you told me the other day that a six piece McNuggets in New York now cost a hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, I couldn't right. believe that. Mm. Plus, when you say you know you want an extra sauce, that's an extra two hundred and seventy two dollars, and right. that be, that's really that's on the verge of being a little ridiculous. Ridiculous. A little bit, uh, yeah. But yeah, Five Guys is always uh, expensive. Now, I have eaten at In-N-Out Burger, and I do have to say the hype of In-N-Out Burger is legit, and I really, really liked it. I, I ate there in Arizona uh, when we went to see Tanya's aunt and uncle, and I really liked it. But those uh, – basically what people say on the East Coast, they all want – In-N-Out Burger isn't on the East Coast. It's just out no. west. And a lot of people are like, well, it's kind of like Five Guys, but I, I disagree. No, it isn't I, at all. Disagree, but yeah, thanks, Travis. We're gonna move on to the next one. Is from Mark, and Mark says, and Mark knows what's going on. He's oh, a hi, guy Mark. that pays attention. He says, "Sup, Jim and Reggie." See, he knows Ooh. where it's at. He knows where to come correct. Since Eric is away at a wedding, this is the perfect opportunity to spam his Twitter to make him horribly confused and possibly scared when he gets back home and over his inevitable hangover. So everyone Ooh. in the Mixler chat tonight, and heck, anyone listening in the future, remember, tweet hashtag drunk Eric at Eric Elshay, I believe, is his Twitter handle. So you have to go to that. And feel free yep. to add your favorite drunk Eric quote. I do this because I care. And then he says, insert evil left here. Also, if you want to go with uh, Rob Lewis's way of freaking out, Eric, just send him odd pictures of clowns. And, and Eric, <laughs> <laughs> it really, it does, it freaks Eric out. And it really does. And Rob's listening now on the Mixler. And I'm telling you, I love it. Eric comes in the room like, Rob sent me another picture of a clown last night. I, I don't know what he's talking. I don't know if he's trying to scare me or he thinks I know clowns. He's so confused with the clowns, and it makes me laugh every time. Uh, but, yes, yeah, everybody go to Eric L. Shea on Twitter and just – Hashtag anything to him and I, hashtag I about him it. being hashtag drunk. Hashtag drunk Eric and then, then you know, whatever Eric. your favorite thing is. Yes, yes. Segregation Reggie has to be the number one drunk Eric quote, right? Is there anything better than that? Um, I have to get it. That's a classic. Uh, they're all so good, though. You know, who Segregation I, 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 Reggie. 
You know, how about I think that uh, as a thing that is not great to tweet, but this one is probably one of my favorites as well. Who is laughing? I hate them. <laughs> I love that one. Who is uh, laughing? That, that is so good. And you can hear the glee in his voice that he rarely has. Who is laughing? I hate them. I'm telling you later, I forget what book it is. I actually thought that I had to have an intervention later on in the podcast. And we may have had it already. I don't even know what section, you know, the books we're on or whatnot. But there's one point that he seems so down. When we were talking, I thought an intervention had to happen. But, yeah, go to at Eric L. Shea and tweet all of your favorite Eric quotes when he's drunk. But that's it for mail section number three, and we'll go off to more books. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are just okay now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what jim will say we're waiting to hear all jim scores we don't want to hear eric shay all right not gonna hear tons of eric well we will hear tons of eric i'm gonna say i'm on most of the show what are you talking about but uh, no, I don't think it'll be half of the show because the mail and Reggie Maybe. has tons of books yeah, as well, yeah. which we just probably just came from some mail with Reggie, with Reginald. So who knows? Who What's knows that Reggie up to? Tell I me from the future. Know. What's going on what with Reginald? Drink he, water. He's laughing at me being crazy. That's oh, that what I think. But we're back. With what may be the third section of books. We are recording these so out of order. I don't know. But this is a short section, Eric. It's only going to be two books in this section. I like to call it the Jala Miracle section. That's what the I Jala call it. The Jala Miracle. Who else would, what else would you call it? I don't know what anybody else could come up with besides American that. American Miracle. American Miracle. Isn't, that is you, Eric Shea. An American, American Miracle. Miracle. An American Original and miracle but we're gonna start that we're just gonna get right to it we're gonna start with justice league of america number 14 written by steve orlando art by evan rice julio ferreira marcelo maialo and clayton cows the panic in the microverse continues and while it is still the same steve orlando nonsense going on i like seeing ryan finally step up his game and we get the thing we've won it since rebirth started ray palmer i liked ivan rice i almost just freaking i know there i don't know what happened i gulped in some air for some reason holy moly Eric. i think that's I like, the onset of a stroke i liked ivan ivan rice's art a lot more of this issue than last and hope that somehow orlando can pull it together to give us an even better issue next time around it's weird to call him orlando doesn't up, seem orlando. right to just say orlando because I'll, I'll write some things and like you know i'll be doing the flash and i'm like listen williamson better do this that and the other thing but it seems weird to call him orlando I always usually go the full Steve Orlando. Hey there, Stevie boy. Hey, Orlando. Just sounds weird saying. I don't know. I used to know a guy named Orlando. Yeah, that was probably his first name, right? It was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It feels weird just calling Steve Orlando Orlando. Now, we're going to get into this book, Eric. We're going to have... Uh, the Like I said in that blurb there, we're going to get our usual Steve Orlando or Orlando, Just Orlando. Uh, nonsense with this. I, I do think that for some reason the nonsense is a little less 
but <laughs> am I right or wrong? Because I, I don't know. I'm know. telling you, it, it's a little less, but there's certain freaking phrases and words in there here. Is. Like, okay, that that's a Steve Orlando. Yeah, there's bit a right Steve there. Orlando deal because it starts off in Lima, where you have Vixen, and Vixen has gone to Gregorio, who actually, if you are a Steve Orlando reader. If not fan, you yeah. will know you will know Gregorio, especially from the Rebirth era. Uh, Midnight and Apollo. Midnighter and Apollo. Gregorio was a really big part of that, and I am a fan of the character Gregorio. So it was kind of funny. Because your seeing favorite part that. of that many. Yeah, I, I thought that that was a pretty funny thing to to have, and also works well with the character. Though yeah. here, I'll just tell you. In the Midnighter Apollo book, he was very, like, over-the-top flamboyant. Like, he really – that's why I liked him. I thought he was such an over-the-top character. Here he's very subdued, and I don't know if that's supposed to show – Steve Orlando is, is kind of showing you that this is a very dire situation. But the problem is I don't know that a lot of people know Gregorio. So no. if that's what he's playing at, Honestly, uh, I, I don't really know where he's going. I love the inclusion of Gregorio here because whenever you have anything mystic or anything, oh, shit, we got to go see John Constantine. Oh, yeah, shit, no, we got to go see Zatanna. Cool. Yep. Gregorio, and I'm like, all right, we have other options and like less freaking, you know, you know, you don't have to have somebody running yes. around with fish nests. You don't have to have a no, goddamn no, no. monster. No, no, no. You have Gregorio, who I like. And uh, this is the other thing about Steve Orlando. It's almost like I would say that he's almost like a, a Joss Whedon, even though people throw shade at Joss Whedon now. Yeah. Or uh, I'm trying to think of other movie guys or TV guys that really like to keep including the guys that they like. You know yeah. what I mean? You'll you'll have a guy who has a, a movie and it's always like the like you have a uh, Tim Burton. You know that Johnny Depp is soon to follow as well as uh what's Helena her name? Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. And he is like that with his characters. He likes well, certain it's funny. characters. It's like we, we had freaking um what the hell is it? oh afterthought in the Midnighter run and then we had freaking Gregorio in the Midnighter and Apollo yeah. run. Yeah. He likes to reuse the same characters, and he's yeah. almost, you know, it's almost like the Orlando verse, like when Brian Hitch is doing the Justice League, it's all stemming from his JLA run in the New 52, so he is reusing those ideas yeah, and, and some of these characters, through, like, his whole story arc. And some of these characters aren't just characters he made, so it's not just like, oh, he wants to get money for his, you know, whatever, but Jack yeah. Vixen's there and talking, of trying to look into, which I don't mind, it's very quick. And he, it seems like Steve Orlando was like, I, I got to do a little with this might be on the mirror because Batman did leave, you know, them in charge. The people who didn't go to the microverse, especially Vixen here, uh, was left. Her, Black Canary, and Ray All right, were told listen to. Listen here, leaguers. We got yeah. two things going on while two I'm gone. Things, Get to the yes. bottom of it. We got the mic behind the mirror and we got afterthought. Get to the bottom of this by the and time And we had I get a little back. afterthought last issue with Black Canary and Ray, uh, or the Ray. And now we see Vixen. She's working the deal and trying to go. And this is where Gregorio's like, okay, I'm looking at this. And he's looking at this thing and he's like, hey, when Vixen gives me a notebook uh, full of writing and stories of the Lords of Order, I clear my schedule. Okay. And then Vixen's like, hey, you know what? Everybody's writing the same story. Uh, they're getting wishes she grants wishes that might be on the mirror and that's when gregario's like wait uh, this is a spell it's building coalescing something piece by piece from outside reality story isn't itself novel it fits comfortably into the prop morphology now this oh, is the damn. thing the prop morphology is a definite thing 
It is yeah. a thing that a Vladimir Prop used, a Soviet folklorist and scholar used to analyze the basic plot components of Russian folk tales to identify their simplest narrative elements. This is a thing. I read it. I'm not going to bore people with it. If they want to look it up, look up Vladimir Prop or Prop Morphology. The thing is, I read it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense how he's using it. This is something that seemed, I think, pretty cool to him to kind of throw out there but really as far as my dummy brain yeah as far as my dummy brain can go because there is like 31 rules of the prop morphology that includes how a story is structured and how all this nothing is there that people keep writing the same things but then get because this is basically the story that he i think is saying that that gregorio is saying is okay you know what everybody around the world's writing the same thing but from that stems a wish that goes separate to their thing that that that's all i can go with and right. that is not what the the prop morphology has anything to do with so i just think and and really to throw out something like that it is kind of nonsense, and it is Steve Orlando nonsense, yeah. though it doesn't ruin anything. Actually, I've gotten to the point where I see something like prop morphology in a in bold, and it makes me giggle. I'm just like, really? There we go again. I'm going down this rabbit hole of Wikipedia and nonsense. But then he's like, hey, but this story isn't about the might be on the mirror. Maybe it is the might be on the Ooh. mirror. And now I'm thinking like, okay, well. We already know we saw this in Vanity, and what we saw was that whoever the might be on the mirror is needed to have people write this stuff down, almost like an American Gods thing we said. Right. They, they, this, and it's a she. They keep saying she. She needed people to praise her so that she could break the spell, break the barrier, come to the deal. So we already kind of know what he's saying he's saying the story and everything's writing might just be the well that isn't anything new it no. really isn't and, and, and that's what is, gets though, me the thing here that really felt new to me though because i might be completely wrong on this i want to know how you remember it but the whole idea i thought was you have a dream about the might be on the mirror and then you wake up and you write a bunch of stuff down it wasn't like you know you're dreaming while no, you some write of them the were down. writing while they were dreaming you woke some, up no, and you tried to write down now what some saw. of them seemed to say that that when they woke up they knew they saw that they had written stuff and were confused but the problem is we're getting this we only really had one real piece of evidence when we had the one guy who the had guy fibromyalgia. fibromyalgia god forbid he, he wished his fibromyalgia went away and uh yeah that was the only one we really and that's the problem and and i will throw full out props to chatterjee eric chatterjee i didn't know i don't know if you saw chatterjee actually commented on steve orlando's superwoman or supergirl on the site uh this week and i think that what he or she said kind of goes very well with this book and Steve Orlando in general. What Steve Orlando wants to do is throw big ideas at you, but he never really sets them up. We've said this before, but the real problem is we never get any characterizations. So when something like this, where you have the might be on the mirror and where Vixen, I think it goes right with that as well, where you have Vixen saying this and Gungario telling us some things, but we don't know anything. Oh, yeah, about we leave the this whole thing the with more goddamn questions than yes, we do so answers. Basically, at the end of this, to me, 
it's just a bunch of words on a page that don't mean anything. When he says, you know what, it might not be that might be on the mirror, but it might be that might be on. I'm like, I don't right, so know what Well, you're telling me, Gregorio, is I got to take these freaking notepads that these these crazy fuckers been writing on, and I got to burn them. Then I'll kill them yeah, right behind yeah, the mirror, then, right? Then, he, then he's dead, or she's dead. And the, the thing that gets me, though, is that I obviously I don't think Gregorio has solved the mystery here. Yeah. It's just a cool little shout out to people who would recognize him from, you know, like you said, recently, Midnight or an Apollo. But really, I don't think that Vixen has gotten any bit further in no, trying to find out. She got a nice out. lunch out of it, maybe a coffee at a cafe. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And she got to go to Lima. Hey, yeah. I, I'd never been to Peru, so I, I'd like to go there. But really, it's Not almost me. like a, it's almost like a, hey, look, guys, people are doing things in this book. So, so we can at least say, hey, what's going on? Though, if you just had them in the microverse and then when they came out batman saying to vixen hey vixen what did you find oh i found this i i would have been fine with that, that I, I really just would as well i would have been fine with that uh because then we just go in the microverse and you have uh continuing ridiculous lobo and lobo over the top lobo is basically just write him with just he says fragging and bastage Frag, every two seconds trib, trib and bastage over yeah. and over again and throw a masturbation joke in yeah. there call call killer frost popsicle hands popsicle and hands to go and done it's almost like when you you could have and it'd be funny if i could make it i would a lobo dialogue maker online you just oh, actually yeah. like yeah type in a set i'm going to the uh the market and then it like spits out listen here here, Trib, you bastard, I'm going to the frag market, popsicle hands. And then at the end, then I'm going to jerk off. And there you go, oh, Lobo. Yeah, I'll carry Classic the milk Lobo. in one hand because all I need to jerk off is another one. You, you get my saying, trib? trib? You get my Trib, bastard? telling you, it's so bad that we talk about the Cyborg book and we want Cyborg to say booyah all the time. Can you imagine if Steve Orlando was writing Cyborg? It, it would oh just be God. booyah, and then it would have translation on the bottom. He's like, booyah! That means, hey, I'll be back in a minute. It would just uh. be nonsense like that. But basically, the, the people are freaking out. You had the quantum storms. They continue to freak out, though. It's weird because this seems more like a attack. Then I'm just you, it a almost riot? seems like it's a like telling you like instead of a they're kind of making it like a stampede, but like mm-hmm. people are trying to get away, people are getting trampled, but like I don't know, it seems like this like they have to fight these people off when they can just you know I mean. have Lobo stand in front of somebody and just point them in the direction they need to run to and, because and, the quantum yeah. storms are coming. Yeah, and you have the the classic almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger thing where Lobo is he seems to be beating people off with his arm. Yeah. You know, that ha- has been removed. Uh, but, yeah, you just have that. You have uh, Dr. Ott, who's like – he doesn't even seem like he can even take care of himself at this point. Uh, you know, you have uh, Killer Frost yelling, you know, don't let them trample Dr. Ott. That's when, again, you have Quantum Storms got these bastards rioting in fear. And that atomic lightning's fragging my, with my healing. Not that I can't do uh, entertain myself with one hand. I'm, oh, God, really? Yeah, this is nothing. And and like I said, all this is I, – I don't even know why you have this scene. I know people are, are you know stampeding, but it, it's like it, Lobo is taking pleasure in just beating the shit out of people when all they are is afraid. Like yep. you would think Batman – and even Batman has clenched fists at these people when really he should be telling people to settle the fuck down and try to get people to leave this area, though – it's quantum storms. You're quantum not storms, better man. off. Atomic this is, yeah, and this isn't like, you know, all of a sudden they realize they're under a tin roof with a big tree. 
anywhere they go is going to be the same amount of danger in my mind. They're, they're not going to find any freedom anywhere if these quantum storms continue. Now, the problem I have with at this point, you do get a little bit of looking in the background of quantum storms going on. The problem is from here on out. There ain't no quantum storms going on. You see it, but nobody is ever affected. They're running, and it might hit. Like Steve Orlando does this again later with Ryan and his bio belt, where he wants you to have attention, but there's nothing ever as a result of it. So it ends up seeming kind of goofy that these people are just running around as these quantum storms supposedly are going off, which, like I said, the art shows that. But you never really get anything, you know, that results in anything with that. Look, check this out. There's quantum storms going on. I heard that story because I speak the freaking microverse language. I heard that Ooh. story about how that one uh, couple's boy he got, got turned into water. Bike. He got turned in the water. He had to get mopped up and put into a leather sack. That's why they don't. Nobody they don't want that. that. Well, Lobo got hit. He didn't get turned into water. He just lost an arm, Eric, and he only needs yeah. one. He only needs one arm to pleasure himself. It is fragging with his healing, but why? That's the other thing. It just it I just goes on. No, it's micro. It does stay in the microverse. That's why Lobo's talking about entertaining himself with one hand. Uh, but yeah, then we go to Ryan, and he's deep within the molecular fabric of the planet Mazga. And again, this is something, again, with Steve Orlando, he's not really set up really what this is. I know that we had the quote-unquote sentient planet. Even Ryan says here. Oh, yeah, he's the like, sentient planet that was locked away by a warlord fucking, I don't know, or a wizard or some nonsense. Yeah, I don't yeah, even remember he, how it worked out and, completely. And but, you know, the sentient planet Mazga, where everybody goes to one area, it seems like, to pray to Mazga, even though it's a sentient planet. Yeah, it's a sentient planet. And then when he goes in, you're getting more of the idea of it being a living organism, even though it was supposed to be a sentient planet that was taken over by the, you know, the memories or whatever of a, a freaking wizard and things like that. It, it really, it really was never explained very well. That's no. all I'm saying. And I'm it's telling very you, the whole odd. idea though that shrinking down. This was Ryan's big idea. I yep. had to get the Mazgaz level to freaking talk to him, like. He's a planet. Why do you think yeah. that getting smaller would be able to make him hear? Well, here's the thing. And, but but Eric, he's also like a living organism. And you know, when you want to speak to the heart, what you would do is instead of talking to somebody, you would shrink down and actually go in their heart. You oh. don't know this. You don't know that that's what, what you do. I hope God they give me a bio ship. Yeah, really, because he's there. He gets there. And the biggest problem leading into this was the bio belt. He was told that his bio belt was compromised. He and if you told shrink down crazy Frost, levels, crazy shrinking, crazy shrinking as if it was. If he does any crazy shrinking, then it could really cause trouble. So when he goes down, he's going down to that level into the more of the – it's like the micro of the microverse to the molecular core of Mazga. The belt gives him a warning. Bio belt core compromise, and he's and it says it twice, and he's like, oh no, oh no, oh no, hold together, hold together, please don't blow up, please don't blow up. That's all he does. I mean, yep. is this the is this the first uh, thing where we think Mazga gave him a wish? Because that was, really, yeah, that was a miracle right there. Yeah, there's a miracle because it's compromised. It's gonna blow. All he does is he he is a scientist as well, and all he's like, no, 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 don't blow up, don't blow up. Oh no, wait, I made it. There it is. It was two panels that he's all upset. We had this, all this, and it was so spelled out that if he does crazy shrinking, it could do it. And you have this, and it's such a, it's such a dud when it happens. But then what's funny to me is you also have the big picture of him. Like he's there as this big 
self with panels above them. And at the very bottom of the page, after you know, and it's just the layout and the progression of this that I think is way off. After you know, okay, nothing's going to happen with them. Then you actually, before turning the page, see the belt kind of falling apart. But that was oh yeah, it's deteriorating. Yeah, yeah, and it's like really, you you already showed us that that's not going to happen. But the way the panel layout is with that background image, it gives you that. But really, you spelled all that out to do nothing. We we don't and really to hey, me. Hey, we could still do some more crazy shrinking coming well, up. No, the 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 best part for me is that at some point he has to crazy enlarging. But yeah. he he only said crazy shrinking her because there's nothing about it when that has to happen. When he has to morph back and crazy enlarge, there's no oh no oh no hold together. No, Steve Orlando well, that's, seems that's to pass this by. Is that we have the whole like you know we have the bio belt that allows him to freaking shrink with the white dwarf star and stuff like yes. that and enlarge. But when we get to the bio ship later, is he making the bio ship shrink and enlarge, or is it the actual bio ship itself? It seems like the bio ship. That that's the problem. Is now the bio all of a sudden the bio belt can do whatever it wants with no sort of anything going on. Again, I said the last issue. Prion, when she got frozen by Aunt, she has a working yeah, belt. At least we Ray think Palmer's is working. working Ray belt. Palmer's belt. Why didn't he grab that? I mean, just just to get it off of her anyway, when Ott says she is the bad guy, she's the bad guy, why freeze her and leave her with Ray Palmer's bio belt? It, I it even just have a problem with that for when we have freaking Ray Palmer's bio yeah, signature later. later on that was, yeah. you know, it was supposed to be hooked up to the belt signature. Yep. And so oh, all of I'm a sudden it that just, signature again. I'm yeah, like, all of a sudden it gets his signature. Way back over the fucking yep, city It doesn't make any Apata. sense. Yep, when we get that, it doesn't make sense. Well, then we're up on the surface again where, you know, Ray is just, he's, he's stabilized whatever. So Somehow by praying to the belt that it worked and he's going to go look for Mazga. In the meantime, up on the surface of Mazga, uh, Batman is elbowing people. Like I said, these people are not bad guys. These are people who have kids. These are people who are, I would call, pilgrims that came to Mazga to pray so that the microverse would be saved. Batman is giving them the shoulder. Like, like he should be get he should get five minutes for roughing here. There are two minutes at least. But he is elbowing people who are just trying to get free and just trying to you know break their way through. Well, maybe he's also stopping them from murdering all like Aaron yeah, but the, at this point you know, stamp, they'd stampede him to death. Yeah, well, the, the problem is, is why you had before where they they saw Prion. And they, they recognized her and went after her. This just seems like just grab Ott and get him the hell out of there. He's in much danger as everybody else there. You know, the guy that Batman is elbowing and, and shoulder checking here is in just as much danger, if not more, than Ott getting trampled. And it's just – I don't think it was well thought out there of Batman just fucking going to town on these people. But then that's where Vixen's like, you know, everybody panic only killer make frost. it worse. Or killer frost. Yeah, panic only make it worse. And then it pretty much attacks them. I think that might make it worse too. And but I'm then they... you, I know we're in a fucked up situation. But when you know Killer Frost is trying to stop these like stampeding forces, and even the goddamn the Null Army when they show up, yeah. When she ends up killing a guy, like nobody even bats a goddamn eye. Nope. You know, it's well. like you know, it's one of those things where like, hey, maybe we should talk about this. But I can kind of understand if we're in a screwed up situation like this, maybe we don't have the time to talk. Yeah, well, Killer Frost then looks like she's p- pretty much cut off a guy's arm first. This fish guy, it kind of looks like. But then that's where she gets, you know, oh no, what's that sound? And it's the Null Warriors, and the Null Army comes out. They are talking a language that we can only read through translation here. But they are saying, you know, that's like every language. 
Joe, know. besides for our heroes. They're like, you know, yeah. it's such a weird thing to have a whole place where everyone's talking, yeah. but none of our heroes understand what the hell no. they're talking about. And then you have the, the Null Army come out. Arm the planet killer. Nothing can hinder the immensity's end. So we get the idea. They want the immensity, which is the microverse, to end. And then Maz God won't be working miracles when he's dead. So they're setting up this planet killer weapon to destroy Maz God because he's not going to do miracles when he's dead. The issue I have with this is it's really been forced he has not talked in a thousand no. years he has not oh you know he hasn't had any miracles in a thousand years so why is it this very moment that they decide that they have to destroy mazga to me mazga at this point now we again i don't steve orlando hasn't set up anything with people in the microverse you tell me that microversians uh, because of the way it's wonky and things like that, they can live to be 10,000 years old. Then I'll say, okay, if this is 1,000 years old, this would be a story that my great-great-grandfather told me, and I would think it's a joke. By the yeah. time that it gets down to me – now, again, the microverse is in big trouble. You start to revert to, you know what, maybe Gramps – maybe Gramps was right. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm heading to Moscow. It's a last-ditch effort. But I don't think that if it was a thousand years ago, this would be anything where somebody would say, okay, this this would be like us going and we're going to attack, I don't know, somehow the U.S. is going to attack Egypt and we send somebody because we think that the uh, curse of King Tut may do something to us. And that's not a thousand years old. That's only a hundred years old. You know what I mean? It really feels yeah, yeah. It really feels wrong to me. That they have decided at this moment, when Ryan is down below, to be. And I told you where I thought that the, what they should have done is the, they should have a prophecy that the last time Mazga talked, something happened. And that happened when Ra Ryan went down. That would show the Null Army. Holy shit. We don't want this to happen. Let's go. But there's no reason why they would show no, up. No, they just show point. up. And it's somebody that we've seen previously just out and about. And I don't know. Sh at this point, fight. it kind of seems like they're following our heroes all, all yeah. the time to go. But they have no real reason to do so. Yeah. So they're there. And that's where, you know, you have Batman. Listen, I need those soldiers out of play, Lobo. If Ryan fails, we still owe these people safety. You, you mean the people you were just shoulder checking and Frost just cut a guy's arm off? But he's like, hey, maybe we don't, Bats. Adam said not to trust folks down here and i'm like that, that was kind of nah. you know nah. that's, a, that's a sketchy sketchy sentence right there but yeah they're gonna go and you go down within mazga and I, you know i'm not gonna go through the tip for tat with this but basically ryan says you know what you haven't talked for a thousand years i understand everybody on the surface they'll feel like ants to you they're in you know they don't really matter much but I'm coming here to talk to you face to face because I really need to help. I want these people to live. I want the microverse to be okay. And I also want to find my mentor, Ray Palmer. And that's what makes Mozgov talk. And basically to me, Mozgov doesn't even go as far as saying, listen, you know what? Y you came to me. You're one of the first persons who asked for something that not for you, but for everyone. Uh, it, it wasn't that way. It basically was, you know what? I like people coming down and shaking my hand, yeah. you know, and, and where I get mad at Mazga here is Mazga says like, yeah, I got, I got too, this shit got bad, you know, shit got too real. So I, I fucking just, it's Eric Shea. People had a lot of problems. Yes. I decided to turn off my ear holes and yep. just take a nap for a while. Yeah, I decided to take a nap. And basically I think a thousand years ago, Mazga went to sleep. And like Eric Shea said, you know what? 
All this shit going on, that's future Mazga's fucking problem. Exactly. Not, not now. The problem I have, though, is that he says, you're the first one to come, you know. He's really the only one who can. Yeah. Besides Ray Palmer, he is actually saying that for a thousand years, with all these people, poor guy came because the goddamn his son got mopped up in a goddamn mop bucket and put in a sack. That guy did not have the opportunity to shrink down. Yeah, he did not have to, white dwarf no, freaking shrinking technology. No, so basically Mazga is a fucking prick. He's a prick there, sitting there like, that's his excuse. I think he's lazy. I think he didn't want to help. He just wants to get on with his life. He j- he just got the stick, Eric. There's a lot of TV shows to There's watch. There's so much TV so to many. watch. It's ridiculous. So his excuse is... Nobody's come down to talk to me face to face. Nobody can. It, that nope. would have been impossible. And look, look, he, look. He was looking for the right person because, you know, whoever could shrink down to the size might be somebody worth talking to. Well, He's got I, fucking yes. millions of people on riding on his goddamn shoulders asking him for things left and right. No. I don't want to hear that shit either. No. Uh, um, it, it's basically – uh, he won the lottery, and it's all his goddamn fucking relatives calling for a fucking piece yeah. of pie. Uh, but he then, after all this, uh, he basically says to Ryan, listen, uh, yeah, I can't really help you. I can't help you. But I did. I said in my review, I thought it was kind of cute, and I still stand by it, that Steve Orlando's big issue that he wanted to get out here was that people have to find time to meet face-to-face and shake each other's hands. I really thought that Steve Orlando at one point was a door-to-door salesman, and he was he would go up and shake people's hands. Well, and, that's again, he hated all these people calling on the telephones at dinner yeah, time. Like, that's not that's the way what you I think. Sale. You go that's face what to I'm face, telling you. knock on doors. You I get think the legwork in. He's old school. He's old school. He doesn't think that you should send emails. You shouldn't do, you know, like you said, freaking call on the phone. You go face to face and you shake hands and you look a guy in his in his eyes. And I thought it was kind of funny. It doesn't make any sense. And then no. basically, like I said, he tells Ryan, listen, I can't help you. You know, what do you think? I'm a miracle man. Yeah, that's what you said. No, no. Some miracles are too big. I'm God damn it. He went all this way. But he says, I can help you find your mentor. He says, I am saying no spaces unmapped to one uh, with my perceptions. I'm saying I can help you find your mentor. Now, the, the where and we do go on. I'll, I'll keep up with that. But I just want to ask you, did you ever get the idea that actually Ray was at the ignition point? Because no. Ray was trying to find the ignition point with Ott, Prion, whoever's telling the truth or telling a lie. The whole thing is, I had no idea where Ray would be because from the story we were told is that freaking, you know, Prion tried to grab, do something with his bio and, belt. And they were. It caused a failsafe yeah. that banished them all to yep. three separate locations. Yeah, they so went I had to three no idea where anybody locations. could be. Especially since nobody has a free, like, Prion could get people to freaking world to world. That was her yes. power for some reason. Everybody else, I have no idea how they're getting around anywhere. No, we anywhere. wouldn't. And, and to me, the the problem being is it was really spelled out that they had to get to the ignition point because that can solve the problem. That would be where the problem was solved. Ray, it seems, has been there all this time. Why hasn't he solved the problem? Why is it going to be that he didn't have his bio belt? Because he shouldn't. He doesn't. But why out of nowhere they've been wanting – and basically Ott has been saying, me and Ray were trying to find the ignition point. Not any point of we got to find Ray and kind of keep the ignition point under wraps. He's been saying we were trying to find that. It's just, again, almost like the Null Army. It's very much a coincidence to me that when he does find Ray – He's at the ignition point and seems yeah. to know when when Ryan's going. Seems to be like a given. 
Uh, that that's going to happen. Uh, but you go back up on the surface and you have the Null Army. See, you know, and they're basically just attacking. And this seemed to be set up so that Killer Frost could get mad and says to the Null Army, "These people are innocent. You're doing this. You're pushing them. You're you're making things worse. All this." And then goes ham, as they say, Eric, on one of these Null warriors, and then says, "Oh my God, I just did that. I, I can't believe I just killed a guy." And and Lobo goes, "Don't worry about it, Frost. There was no other way." She goes, "Really? No, not really." And then we move on. All right. I was and like, nobody okay. speaks of her murdering somebody again. And, and here's the my main issue with this is this is going to probably push it so that Frost really is like, if I don't get cured now, I'm done. I'm never going to do this again. And they'll probably cure or be able to, to get it. This is in the heat of battle with some pretty bad people in the microverse. These yeah, uh, so many people who are trying to destroy a goddamn planet at that yes. time. Yes. And it, it, to me, it's not that over the top what she does. She loses control because she's angry and trying to protect people. Uh, I'm just guessing that it's going to be one of those where Batman's like, listen, we can't kill, but you no. you, you got to learn to control it. But I don't think – it just comes off as kind of filler again because we've kind of seen this before when she almost killed guys in the series. But that's when they're interrupted by the bio ship, Eric, and it looks like – Mazga has given Ryan a bioship, and what's weird is he comes a bio out. bioship, pretty much a ship that's made out of Mazga, so a living yeah. ship that may or may not be able to shrink that Ryan can somehow control. That somehow he seems to control, and that Ryan spells out like it's basically we're riding in his liver. Yep. And, and they go, but the, the funny thing to me is when the ship comes out uh, – you have it, and that's where Killer Frost, Lobo, Batman, they're all getting attacked. They're all just getting, you know, beat the shit. They're fighting people off. All it is is this big fucking nonsense ship, and, and Killer Frost yells, that sound, Ryan? <laughs> like, why, why would you think it's him? And then he says, a bio ship. I don't believe this. But but you're in it. You've been in it. It seems like you would have had to have been in it for at least a little bit of time to get up here again. And he's like, it's incredible. A little gross, but incredible. And then Batman says the weirdest thing where he's like, arm battering, action code, blackout. And then we see what happens. It kind of, you know, it's like an EMP. It's an EMP. It hits right at the freaking it. world it's killer so bomb. It's so weird, that phrasing, though. It just made me laugh. I'm like, why, why would he yell this? I know that it seems like it's voice command to yeah. arm, but it still seems just ridiculous to yell that out. And it does. It, it well, basically... I imagine. It's the thing is you you build a bunch of batarangs. You want them to do a bunch of things. So what do you got? Do you going to have a, a pouch full of regular batarangs, a, a pouch full of blackout? No, you build a bunch that are voice that can do well, a bunch would, of it's stuff. Just, why wouldn't it just be yell EMT, EMP? It's arm battering action code blackout. Like, I don't know. But it, it, uh, EMP is the thing. So it just basically, he likes code names. It basically just shuts down the Null Army's weapons completely. And then it looks like the uh, the bastages, Eric, on the surface now. These pilgrims are going to go and, and take what's theirs. So they're going to attack these people. All right, and all again, the weapons are done. Let's get let's turn yeah, the tides on these motherfuckers. Yeah, now they're turning the tides and everybody's like fighting. At the, you know, and now again, there's a stampede. They got to get the hell out. And there is a part where it does look like Aught is there and the Null Warriors doing something i think that this is supposed to be like the tell before the the big reveal at the end is are you insane stay back do you know who i am he says that in the actual you know no army language and i'm, and I'm so, just sitting there like my like reading this myself i'm like 
Yeah, I guess everybody knows Arenado's good. Well, they that's what it. I'm saying. It, it, does, it doesn't play out that great the way they do it, but I think that that just shows you he's part of the no army and he wants to get that. But they get in the bio ship, they blast off, and then they it, we we find the ignition point. We stop the quantum storms. That's how we help. And they go and basically. That's what happens. They're following yeah. whatever Mazga has told them where this vanishing point is, and they go. But it, it's convoluted in the way of are they actually just – is he going – he says the map of you know this microverse is open to himself. That is what Mazga kind of said. Yeah. But is he actually just sending them to the ignition point, or is he granting a wish to send them where – Ray Palmer is because I don't well, it's ever like get when I either. drive and I don't freaking have my contacts or glasses on. It's like you it's know what, ju- God's it's a, my it's co-pilot. A mystery. Yeah, it is, and that's where they go and they land. Like we finally I just made hope God's it. everybody else's co-pilot because I'm gonna fucking drive in the opposite side of the traffic. Yeah, really. Everybody better be. Everybody better get the hell up. But yeah, we finally made it. And then uh, Killer Frost, you did it. You did it, Ryan. And then uh, Ryan, not without the Justice League. Not with you. Wait, what's wrong? And then they're like, I don't know what's going on the immensity it just goes on and on but that's when ryan gets the thing just a minute my suit's picking up a tether signal and it's just it's weird too before we go into this because it's just like we finally made it caitlin yeah you you made it ryan you did it she kind of seems happy he's like not without the just league and not without you yeah, wait, not with wrong? you. Wait, what's wrong? Yeah, and then it's funny, <laughs> it's like, too. Because you just said, not with me, you yeah, motherfucker. not with you. Uh, and nothing, Ryan. We made it. We just fought so hard to get here. Hard to believe. And that's where Ott says, this place, look at it. To think millions of planets in the immensity at last, we found the site of our salvation. Wonderful. There's Lobo. Keep it in your pants, Duck. It's still just a clay ball and moist. I think I'm going to fuck it. Oh, yeah, what, what is that? What, what the fuck is that line? I'm telling you, it's just throwing moist out there because it's a word that people don't like. Yeah, yeah, my buddy Jay hates that word. I don't I don't care. I like a moist Everybody cake. Everybody knows somebody who hates that word. I like a moist cake. I, who I like, doesn't? Yeah. Uh, there's Ryan, then he's like, I picked up, I'm picking up a tether signal, just like the one when we arrived. And it's funny because Steve Orlando wants you to. Go with it. So he's not going to mention the bio belt at all in that sentence. Just like the one when we got here. I'm like, what? How is this? Because they're always oh, close. Did Prion make her yeah, way here? Yeah, there's Prion there on? then. That's what I expected. I actually thought that Prion and Ott were in it together, and that was a way for Who knows? But, yeah, he's like, he's close. It's Professor Palmer. It has to be. And that's where Professor Palmer turns around. I'm telling you, it's very similar to the look that he had when he called Ryan. And and also, I want to know, where are those instruments and stuff? Where did they I come don't from? know. I'm telling you, I like to – we were talking about this earlier, and I wanted this to be somehow where he turns around – Ryan, because like time works differently in the microverse. So yeah. when he sent Ryan that message, it's actually right then for him, even though it's oh, been yeah. weeks or oh, months. Oh, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome if side. as he's going, they hear not a tether. They hear Ray going, listen, Ryan, you need to come find me. I got lost. I shrunk down to, you know, I found it. It's the microverse. I found that, 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 that. And then Ryan just show up and like Ray, Ray turns around like, Ryan, you're here already. Jesus Like Christ. something that like when Ryan showed up or he hit something kind of thing, like that's the thing that made the transmission go out. Him actually being there. Yeah, and so there is like, that would be cool. And then he's like, Professor. And then that's where Ray's like, You can't be here, not with him. What are you doing with Ott? And then, what? And he's like, 
you were never supposed to bring him here, right? You doomed us all. And be like, where the fuck was that transmission, yeah, asshole? Because the last thing you told me was not to trust the first. This yeah, is the he second. said, and that's the problem is we've had different versions of it. In the Rebirth, the DC Universe Rebirth special by Jeff Johns, the whole thing was, listen, when you get to the first planet, don't believe the first person. You know, and it cut off. Yeah. In the in the actual Ray, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Choi yeah, yeah, Adam yeah. special number one for the jail that was kind of taken out, and now you have this where you had this whole thing where you had Ryan going, I don't believe last issue, I don't believe you had a partner. He didn't tell me that. You know what? He didn't tell you a lot, especially yeah. like don't go with Ott. You know, don't bring Ott. He's well, bad. Ray, Ray, check the shit out. You know what I just went through to find you because the only thing you told me was. Come find me. You yeah. didn't have any stipulations nope, to this nope, goddamn quest. Nothing. You just said, "Come find me." There's a you bio can't be belt mad right me there. Because there's an alt with me. Yeah, don't, don't, you know, grab the bio belt right there, and it'll tether to mine. Though it seemed to tether without his. I even looked. I'm sure you looked to make sure he didn't yep. have a bio belt on. Uh, he's but yeah, he's got a belt. I don't he's know. He's got a belt. Doing. Uh, but yeah, something's going on. But he's so he seems so upset. And, and also, I would love to think that you see the rest of the JLA, Batman, Lobo, Killfront. They're, they're kind of like kind of walking back because they're really the ones who brought on. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, Ryan Ooh. was down below. Yeah, back they're, into the shadows. I could just see a freaking Batman's like, yeah, Ryan, what are you thinking? doing that <laughs> he's you right killer frost uh, yeah yeah I, I don't know what's going on but yeah it, it's it, but i like that we got right this I, actually I finally found my mentor the man who i like to call my friend oh my god right you've doomed us all a little yeah. over the top right yeah Bring it a down a bit. bit now I, I will tell you almost like when we had superman at the end of that first arc where we got sinestro and parallax at the end I really gave this some kudos or pro- more props because we finally get Ray Palmer. And yeah. I've been wanting to see Ray Palmer. I'm hoping that maybe this will. Now, I'm I'm wondering what we're going to do now if he does. I- I'm expecting him to come back with them. Like, does he remain so. in this or does he go? I'm sure he's just going to be like, I have to go up and check things out. But no, I want to see what I him. imagine because Batman originally went to freaking, you yeah. know, uh, Ivy University to find Ray Palmer because he wanted yes. Ray on the team. All right, we got Ray back. Ryan, you're kicked off the yeah, team. Yeah, Ryan, revenge. we don't really need you, though. I think that how Steve Orlando is kind of making his story progress, this is an issue that I also like the fact that Ryan steps up and becomes kind of a hero in this. So you can go from there thinking, okay, Ryan has finally proved his worth, though I did, never thought that he didn't, but they really point out that he does in this issue. So oh, yeah. it's like he's finally proven his worth, and then Ray will probably be like, listen, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. You do this, you know, whatever. But Look, I got some just, classes I got to teach. I'm going to be fucking like, kicked out of the university soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to oh, lose yeah. my apartment he's if done. I don't pay my bills. He's certainly done. He has alimony that he's paying. Payments. He's going to go to jail. Crazy. I, I just wait till he has the trial for the you know missing payments uh, to his wife, and he says, well, "You got to realize, there, Judge, I was in the microverse." And he goes, "No, no, you're in jail." <laughs> he freaking yeah. clock it. Uh, but yeah, I, I like some of the stuff in here. I do like that they finally found Ray, and I think I got a little gaga over that, and I think I probably went a little high on this. And it's gonna be this section is gonna end up with a. Jim went a little high for one book and maybe went a little low for the other. I, just because I was really reactionary with my scores, I think. And I gave this a 6-9. I thought the art was really good. I thought that Ivan Rice, it's still not as good as what I expect from him. 
but it's better. I think better. it was better than last issue. Yeah, I'll I think it, it was too. I, I think that it, it's coming around, and it, like if he continues this, what I think that the next issue will be even better. It seems yeah. like he's kind of getting the you know the feel of these characters and things like that. So I gave it a six nine. I think for the podcast, I could go almost lo- as low as a six, uh, maybe a six five. But what would you give it? I'm giving a six out of ten. I, wow. I actually look at paging through it again. I'm like, I think Ivan did a pretty damn good job on yeah, this freaking issue. That's the but when I have the everything was too convenient for it the is. story. Like, okay, I'm gonna go down and talk to Mazga. Oh, Mazga. Oh, you can't grant the wish. No, but I can do this. Okay, and then yeah. here we go. And, and then you go to the ignition the point. Uh, yeah. works. We're just gonna get to where we need to go. Oh, there's Ray Pomery and the ignition but, point. Yeah. Everything is solved right away just because. The thing it about just, it, just though. It just feels odd, and I wish, I just wish that freaking Steve Orlando would start using, like, freaking, you know, caption boxes for thought because yeah. it just seemed weird for me that, like, you know, Ryan has shrunk down. He's by himself. He won't shut the He's fuck up. He's just talking. You don't like that he uh, he could have you could have keeps kept. reiterating the same shit over and over yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, it is. He does. Uh, I will say, though. With what we usually get for dialogue, uh, this is better Steve Orlando dialogue than most issues. Uh, there's only a couple times where I thought, boy, that that seems like a weird sense, and mostly Lobo. Uh, yeah. But well, yeah, Lobo's for other always than... just off because of the nature of Lobo. Like, how do you yeah. write a good Lobo? Because you want him to be over the top no, and be no, this character, I, I know but if you write him more top. subdued, then he just gets kind of boring because there's nothing going on with but him. But again, we never get any sort of. Now, this is why I think this issue. We did get a little bit of character development with Ryan. We usually never get – and really, you have this JLA, and the whole talk is is that coming up at some point, Batman is going to leave the book for a little, if not for he, – he's unneeded in this book. He does nothing. He, no. He's just there at fucking giving you know forearms and fucking elbows to people. And it's really, nonsense. he's the biggest problem with the powder keg situation that we have, Jim. Yeah, 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 really. But yeah, at least we didn't get the Ray – Fucking bitching and moaning about him. We got that. We didn't get that. That's why he was so high by the end of this. Oh my god, Ray didn't bitch about something. Yeah, (laughs) You're like Ray wasn't even in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But yeah, I liked it enough, so I'm gonna stick with my six. Honestly, it it feels like pretty much more the same. Like I've given way lower scores because, like you said, the dialogue was not as no. The dialogue wasn't the problem as it has. It's just everything is way too convenient for what it needs to do. Yeah, like I anything I need to have happen, it just happens. And we get to where we need to go with no real problems. Yeah. They're fr- like, you know, half the book was, you know, the rest of our leaguers in the microverse, just fighting off these yeah. freaking stampeding forces. And then the no army just showing up just because, yeah, and then we have them to fight. It's it was just, all very convenient, but I don't know. The next book, I have the opposite problem of not knowing what the hell's going on, Eric. And I'll I'll say it in my my ain't nothing blurb convenient here. about this fucking. I'll be that my blurb here and stuff like that. But it's Mister Miracle number two, written by Tom King, art by Mitch Garads and Clayton Cowles. This is already such a hard series to review. I can't just give it high marks because I hope everything will eventually be explained. And this actual issue kind of bored me a bit. I thought that Mitch Garads' art did more to confuse than tell a story. And I know that this is a very very, very unpopular opinion for everybody, it seems. I don't like his art. I think that it's more muddy and confusing, and I, I got confused. But then again, 
I don't even think there's much to draw to tell the story. No, again, there's really we'll, not. The we'll only see. bit of confusion I had was the last page. Yeah, but again, it may all may change when and if the actual nature of the stories is eventually revealed. My biggest problem is that this series so far doesn't even feel like it needs Mr. Miracle in it, and that's my biggest problem. When I go with this, yes, they are on Apocalypse or New Genesis, but this doesn't seem like an integral Mr. Miracle freaking story. I could put this in Gotham and have it be Batman because we do think and I still do think that nothing in this book is actually happening in reality and because of that I don't think there's any weight to the story uh, things pop up and basically by now I think oh that's just a ruse that's just this and I think it's really starting to throw me off already but for the main part I was very interested in this book I gave it a 7-9 the last issue I said I thought it was a good start though it was a little confusing which it would be I yeah. do think that this got is me interested in the series yes though. i do think that this is definitely going to be one of those books that if by issue 12 he sticks the landing tom king sticks the landing it's going to be one of those where okay you read it as a trade yeah that'll it's, be amazing it's going to be amazing i mean this is one where individual issues to me could end up being four out of ten blah, 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 until the last one where then i say you know what the trade's a oh, 9.5 out of 10 but it until all came, then it came all worked out at the yeah, end all right I, i'm reviewing an individual issue and I, can, I can't stress this enough. When we talk about this and also what, when I reviewed it on the site where I was called a crybaby by somebody, Eric. I, 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 don't, I don't understand how just because I said I didn't like it as much as the first issue, I'm a crybaby. Cry, yeah, I don't know. I could be a crybaby sometimes. You go cry on the mama. When I was a kid, I was a kid I'd be a crybaby. But the, the whole thing is with what we're getting panel for panel, page for page – I am not going to fill in the blanks. I, I We talked about it the first time we did it. And the first time we did do Mr. Miracle, number one, it was on Patreon only. So a lot of people did not even hear us talk about it. But you said you were going to go with this. You said, I'm not going to Tom King this, meaning I'm not going to fill in the blanks. And yet we did. We I'm sat there. You, I couldn't stop. I no. freaking went back and I reread the thing yep. over and over again. I paged through it and just trying to piece yes. things together. Like, now, and I, I got excited. I got what the big picture will be. Yep. But the thing is, this is how I used to read Tom King until he did Batman. I am suicide where nothing panned yes. out or and, played and out the even way then. it seemed like it was supposed to. It's just that so we had these grand ideas for yep. what was to come because at this point we thought, okay, Tom King, I trust you to tell a big, amazing story that everything's yes. going to wrap around and shock me at the end. By the end of that, nothing panned out. It didn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah. And then I'm like, because of that, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Well, and, and the problem Going is into this. Yeah. I had a, like the first issue. I'm like, I started jumping. I'm, I'm making my own conclusions of things like, okay, he's doing this because of specific reasons that will come down the line. I'm like, I can't do this because I can't yep. trust him anymore. Well, and just take uh, as an example, me and you started Rebirth. And I, I actually went back because I, I am kind of like, man, we're, we're not liking the books. And I remember, boy, at one point we were li – and when Rebirth first started, we were kicking it. Oh, yeah. I mean I'm telling you, eights, nines, 9.5s. We were loving almost everything we were getting at first uh, because it seemed like everybody was – you know. Everybody was excited. The writers seemed excited and all this. One book that we didn't like as much, Deathstroke. And we sat there and we were confused. And it's very similar to what we're getting here where, okay, things are set up. Obviously, I realized that Tom King is setting things up. But if you look back at our Deathstroke reviews or listen to the podcast, we did not give great, you know, sixes, a five-five, yeah. whatever. Then when things started tying in. Then they started making sense. Now all of a sudden, it's one of our favorite books. He I'm not ever going to say. And kept going with and it. And Tom King may do this. 
Tom King has a limited – he has a set number of 12 issues. He is the one pacing out the story. He knows what his story is. He may be giving us a story that he wants to confuse everyone until issue 10 and then all of a sudden start revealing things. If he's doing that and he does end up tying it up, great. This will be – oh my god, this series is awesome. The problem is reading and reviewing individual issues. I can only give a score of what we got, and I felt that this was a step down from last issue where I was intrigued. Oh, almost was. And even when I just gave it a 7-9, I was intrigued. And really, if I would have talked to you before I reviewed it, I think my score would have went up a little because you got me excited. We had theories. Yeah. We were looking into things. The thing about this is I went into this with that frame of mind. Oh my god. And I ended up with a couple pages where I was like, okay, this might be happening. But for the most part, I was bored. And it did not – I didn't think it grabbed on to that intrigue of the first issue and oh, run exactly. With it. Where we had the first issue where we had these strange things going on where you could read them between the lines yes. for a lot of it. Like you can – You read between the these, lines, Eric. Exactly. You make <laughs> these freaking jumps up. to conclusions, yeah. these wild freaking theories up in your head that do get you excited. This one, I'm going through the book. I'm like – there's really not a lot that no. like, you know, what the first issue had, there's not a lot to it here. Like there's no. just straight up like, you know, repeating dialogue, which is Tom King is known for. And yep. it infuriates me because for the most part, that's what you get with the second issue for the uh, like, yeah. There's none of this hidden stuff no. that you can find deeper meaning into really. There's a couple things that we can go from the first issue and kind of say, okay, I think that this might be continued, but there's nothing, there's nothing here. And where I said to you, if I'm writing 12 issues, I'm not a rightist. Eric, I'm not doing this, but to me, there should be something that you grab from every issue. That you know, you have 12 issues, you have all these pages. Give us something big that we can at least go off and they say, Oh, how was it? Oh my god, you gotta see this one thing, this great thing. And really, all the people that I'm talking about, like Trevitt, I was talking to about this, his big thing is, Man, that shower scene was funny. No, no, that's not what I need from something like this. And really, when you get to the end, you, I will say that some of Tom King's previous stuff, I Am Suicide, things like that, that didn't pan out, that left unanswered questions. You start to get angry even in the second issue, like, well, what? Why, why are you dealing with this? Why are you yeah. wasting time with this? Because it starts off, you have a parademon who's just you know going to town and eating, and it's a whole page. Of, of basically you have six panels, seven panels of wasted space. And then he gets his head blown off and it's Mr. Miracle behind him. Okay, we go. Then and, we go to the – And this is the first bit where I started having little theories because by the time you know I got into this book a little bit more, I'm like, yeah, there's not a lot here to really like, you know, like yeah. satiate my curiosity to make me jump to conclusions or come up with different theories to what's going on, what they're showing me. The only thing I had was this first thing where it goes where you see the TV scramble like we had in the first issue had it before. with the first panel. And I'm like, death lashes out for Mr. Miracle, super escape artist, but it is not the yeah. end, friend. What lies ahead is just to be dreaded even more. And it goes into this whole over-the-top cartoony narrative. I'm like, yes. oh, my God, is this, is this whole thing like a cartoon that Baby yeah, Darkseid is watching in the yeah. long run? Yeah, is like, it wh that? What the or... fuck's going on? And even so, we had the whole thing that he is well-known in the world that, that was set up. He had, like, it looked like he had a TV show or a movie career as well and things like that. And is that this? But the problem is you have that wonky TV-type deal, and the only thing I can get from that is, okay, this isn't really happening, but we yeah. already have that theory. And and really, the the other problem I have, and what I said to you, and I said to a bunch of people, you have a lot of people giving ten out of tens. You know that means it's a perfect issue. The problem is you had most people are doing this. 
don't seem to have any idea. Like, they're basically like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I like the way it's going. Yeah. But, but to me, you have to have a theory. Okay, this is this, this, and this. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I give it a 10 out of 10. What happens in issue eight when you're wrong? What yeah. happens when it's all right? Ra- then are you going to go back and say, shit, those are actually twos? Because because it's not up to us to, to review this with the idea of I think this is happening. But it's obvious that whatever's going on is not real. We get a big moment in this that's a non-continuity thing. Now, again, I've seen people, Tom King himself, say this is in continuity. They backed away from that because I think that it is in continuity. But what Mr. Miracle's seeing and things that are going on in this world that he's in here, they are out of continuity. I think that if they come out and say, listen, this isn't in continuity, or it is, it'll it'll throw out their deal. It'll throw out their deal. But if it is something that is in the mind, Eric, and it's a ruse and things like that, then anything can happen. Again, seems a little bit of a lazy storytelling to allow that. You know what I mean? Because what we go on and he's fighting another uh, deal. And like you said, you had this narration. It's like over the top, almost like a, you know, a serial, those old TV exactly. and movie serials of, of like the or terrible like the X thing, pit. Like even like uh, to a degree, the super friends cartoon back yeah, in the day. Yeah, like, like meanwhile, that. at the fourth yeah, solitude it is. Or whatever, that's what you know, it's the, like. Leads to doom. And then also, to know her is to hate her, granny goodness. And this is where it looks like at this point even that, you know, you have a pretty cool scene, but I don't think the art tells it very well because at this point he actually slices the parademon with his hover discs. And that is awesome. That is a cool freaking thing. The art to me is so confusing that you don't even really get that great progression of what that would be. That's a pretty cool fucking kill right there, but it's just like, okay, whatever. He throws the guy off, he gets ready, and that's where he gets a call from Orion. Orion calls General Free, and he says, yes, Orion, and this is where Orion wants to say, I'm not Orion to you, I'm High Father. And that's the thing is, you told me that earlier when I was reading this too, I didn't know if this was another little clue to say this isn't real. Like Somebody says, General, like, yes, Orion, and they don't know how to respond because they're about to say, wait, this isn't Orion. This is so – oh, wait, yeah, never no, mind. We need you over me, here. To me, the way it goes, it's just to me – it's basically to me. Well, it's again, like, I'm just trying to yeah, find something. But uh, to me, it's like I, I'm not Orion anymore. You know, That's not what you call me. Yeah. I am – but I think that in this you're supposed to think like – I don't got time to fucking argue with right. this. We have another incursion near Loner's Ridge, Lunar's Ridge, and he's like, Lonar, okay. Yeah. And he's like, hey, lead your forces to the Mole Mountains of Grabrar and attack from the way. And basically this goes on, and you it go goes on, on and on and on. page after page, and, and then I going under- to battle after battle, just saying, for new Genesis, yes, yes. Orion, for new Genesis, yeah, yes, Orion. Yeah, and basically to the next place, yes, Orion, for new Genesis, yes, Orion. And I think that you're supposed to get the idea that this is a massive battle. Yeah, I don't battle get it. after battle yeah. and after And you know battle. why I don't get it? I, to me, you, you need a splash page now. And again, you can't stick with this nine panel pages because to me, that's a very personal storytelling deal. And yes, this Mr. Miracle is a personal story. At this point, it's supposed to be a massive planetary intergalactic battle. But you don't get that. And again, at the end of the you know the end of the series, if it pulls back and we see that this wasn't real or whatever, but I didn't get a scope. I didn't get the scope of this with these nine panels. And he's going to stick with this throughout all this. You can have like in the uh, the button. 
And, and even in the re- – you had a lot of the – but then it pulled back and had some spread pages, some big things. And I wish that they would go and kind of break it off it a little bit to show the massive deal of what's going on. But yeah, you have this whole thing, and basically I think that you're supposed to see that Scott – free is getting worn down that he said but i never even really got that either at one point he is bent over it kind of looks like he's gathering his breath and he's like yes the far side at ridges for new genesis for new genesis for new genesis i'm like god darn it we're already halfway through the issue eric and we're really not getting much at all and you go back and also i i really there's a thing here maybe i'm a dummy but half the time i can't even tell you where they are like okay they're in an apartment but you know where what whatever hey this just has to be like a freaking apartment on a new genesis yeah itself. on new genesis an odd thing because you know the whole the whole gag Freaking Scott doesn't know how to use the shower. He's from yeah. fucking Apocalypse. He doesn't know how to use these yeah, fancy yeah. new Genesis yep. fucking showers. Yeah, and they go back to new Genesis. He doesn't know how to use them. And he's like, how does this shower work? And Bart is like, oh, well, why would I know? And he's like, "There, are, there's no knobs. Is there water? And then she says, ask your mother box. And I think this is something that we've seen in two issues now where I do think that this is – a tell. I do believe that we already had that Bard in the first issue. Our eyes changed. They weren't right. They changed back. We They're really haven't seen. Blue. We've only really, and through this, we really see a lot of Barda being the one to use her mother box to go places. When they boom tube, it's usually her saying, boom tube, let's go. Okay, Barda. And really spelling out, okay, Barda. And this is where he says, you know, she says, why don't you use your mother box? He's like, you know, I'm naked. My mother box is by the bed. Can you ask yours? And it's just such an extended, weird scene because she's asked the mother box and the mother box is like, the water's already on. It's already working. It's already going. And then she yells, it says the shower's already on. It is. Am I clean? And then the next thing you see him laying there with he's wet hair. He's getting bed clean, yeah. yeah. I, I have no idea clean. what happened there. And all I can get from this scene, if it's, you know, if you're trying to tell me that it's something to do with the he does not have his mother box and for some reason there's a block where he can't use it or won't go to it or whatever yeah. this thing. Yeah, because he has to wonder that, if just, it was. He's just shy because yeah. for some reason he doesn't want to be around his wife naked. He's a fucking ashamed of his body or something because she has no problem getting naked yeah. in front of him. And then she says, you know, and then he's, she says, you got it to work? I'm now the new god of showers. And then he's like, and then she says, everyone hates Apocalypse, but at least this was easy. We go into the Ember Lakes. We kind of burn if you survive. And now this is the other theory we had is all of this prepping Scott to become the leader of Apocalypse. Are they yeah. trying to give him Right the, now, if this is in continuity, you know, Dark Side's a baby on Earth. There is nobody to lead Apocalypse. And yeah. I don't know if Granny Goodness is leading the charge to try to get Scott to freaking accept the throne of Apocalypse. Yeah. And or is this, like, or yeah. what? I, I'm telling you, there's nothing to really gain on just wild no. theories and jumps to conclusions. Yeah, and there is All wild really theories. And, and the problem is every time you have a theory, something else will pop up that doesn't quite fit the theory. Yeah. And then you like know, last okay. last issue, my theory was you know Scott's in some kind of like you know mental freaking you know trap, kind of like like we talked about this with Double A Ron on the Slack yeah. chat, where it's like you know he's in some kind of mental trap where like you know he's attached to a lump or something like that, and lump is feeding him information as they try to get information from him, where yeah. he is in this dream world and they're trying to find out where Dark Side is, yeah. and that's why we have the whole thing. Dark Side is it's a more of a question than anything else. Yeah, but like here. 
you have one panel with the dark side isn't a whole thing. Yeah, and now it seems I'm to go like, away from I that. I jumped to now. another conclusion just because I don't have anything else to play yeah. on because we're not dealing with the same thing we had in the first issue, the same concepts. Now we're just in a big-ass battle, and I'm like, okay, are we trying to wear him down to the point where he sees that Apocalypse isn't as bad, maybe New Genesis yeah. – is even worse, They're especially the if Orion ones. takes yeah. the throne. Yeah. Who knows? Like you know, we know. need you to be the best leader you can be over an apocalypse. I don't know. This is all I get from this issue. I mean, though. does it end up like a crazy thing? Because somehow you have the escape artist that yeah. is Mister Miracle. But is this going to be somewhere at the end? You you realize that a battle's been going on that through Scott, and it's like an Ender's Game thing that it's all been going on without him knowing, and he's been playing know. his part. It's like so weird. But he says to Barda, she's going to go in the shower, and then, even then she's like, "Is it still on?" And he's like, "I didn't turn it off. I don't know." And then he says, but before that, he's like, you're beautiful. She's nude. She gets, she gets undressed. She, she is beautiful. And she says, I'm too tall. And she mentions that again later to Granny Goodness. And it's just such a weird repeat. But again, Tom King does this. So is That's this a crutch. tell? And where I really the, – the problem that I have, and really we were talking about this today at work. And what the problem I have is I think that Tom King is trying to give us a story where he is giving us hints. He is giving us some tells. But the problem is this is not me- – very different from any of the other things I've read with Tom King. So there's nothing where if this was a Jeff Johns issue and it was exactly how it was, I'd be like, holy shit, something is going on here. I got to figure it out. I want to crack the code. The problem is this repeating dialogue is a Tom King thing. This yeah. nine panel layouts is him with the he loves that. He does that. The, the kind of everything that we get here is things that we have this seen in other this story is a, structure. And really, this reminds me a lot of the Omega Men series. And the Omega Men series was big on not giving you much of the story and trying to figure it out. You know, you have the Omega Men chant just like the for New Genesis. Uh, It's very similar. So I can't say that it is anything different from what we usually get from. So I can't I can't seem to grip what's going on. Exactly. So while it does feel weird and I want to make you think that it is some kind of weird dream state or all of the mind because of how awkward and disjointed it is. I can't say. It's normal writing for him. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's where they get a call. Well, they don't even. You just jump between scenes and you go off to where they go and visit Orion, who was High Father, and they get there, and you have him there, and you have uh, Orion's like General Free, General Barda, and she says High Father, and Scott Free says Orion. He he won't say High Father. He won't accept it, and that's where you get one of the most boring staring contests that the contest that I've seen. It's basically Orion staring at at Scott, him staring back, and Barda kind of forcing Scott to do what he's supposed to do here, uh, because Light Ray's like, listen, you know. We have some formalities that we kind of let slip. You know, we were in peace. You know, the old high father, he yeah. kind of was a little lax. But you know what? You need to understand we need to show our discipline to our enemy. Now, first off, the enemy's not going to see this. So it, no. it's kind of just for show. And obviously to me, O'Brien wants this. But that's where you go. Like, what is real and what isn't? Because why then is this Orion pissed? Yeah, it, it all just swirls around in my head when you go. But they're supposed to bow. They're supposed to kneel for a high father. And you see Barda. She does it first. Scott's not going to do it. She, she grabs pulls him and pulls him down. him down. But at this point, it's just like panel after panel of Orion looking at Scott and just looking at him. And I don't know. You can even see like as you're looking at it, even Orion seems to be kind of dripping apart. 
the way the art is. Oh, like, I know. Is I started looking at this thing because the face was just so odd looking. And Orion's a weird looking dude to begin yeah. with, but yeah, he has his normal looking hologram face on right now. But for how muddy the art is, he looks fucking ugly as is. Yeah, you know, it's is such where, a weird yeah. progression because then and he's looking where, all around. Yeah. This is the weirdest facial, like, you know, looks of different things going on because we focus so much on just his face. Am I, yeah. am I supposed to be gleaming something out of this? Because, yeah, it doesn't look right. Yeah, and I mean, you have probably four or five panels of just him looking, you know, looking stern yeah. at them. And that's when he says, listen. And and that's that's the other thing. We did see at the beginning where, the, you know, Scott was going all over the place to fight these battles. That's fine. We did see, okay, there's a lot of battles. But like I said, I didn't get a scope of this. And then basically you have Orion just say, listen, 250,000 people are dead. We lost a bunch of our, you know, new god brothers. And that's where Scott's like, what? what 200 and what so he's surprised as well and i am as well i'm like that's all you're gonna give us you're just gonna tell us uh, what's going on and we're just gonna move from there now again maybe it's not real so it has to just be told to us uh but then you have that weird thing where he's talking and after the 200 what you have a panel that really seems like it's lost the three-dimensional value of the art there like it's not real it's so weird that panel it's off kilter and it just it's just a weird look but that's when like you know what granny goodness she's leading them i wanted to do what our what high father would usually do and keep emotions out of it those that day is gone we need to do something i try to keep you away from granny goodness yes we're gonna go share with her yeah now you're gonna go and attack her i know that you guys hate her guts i know that everything that she did to you, you you know the torture that was your child childhood she was the one who was to blame for that i need you to go kill her and they go off to go to sleep uh you know ready for the next day they're going to go and attack granny and that's when you see that it looks like scott is having a nightmare or at least a dream and it's metron on the mobius chair again in continuity he's dead yeah, i'm saying metron died at the end of the dark side war the freaking yeah. mobius chair was left on the moon so i yeah. have no idea what the hell is going on with this yeah so this is where i think that it's not real not this isn't and again it's a dream so whatever but granny even asked later did you did metron visit you so it's something it's weird and if they would come out if tom king comes out and says this book is a hundred percent in continuity well, now we know that it isn't. He can't say that anymore because if he does, he's he's shown his hand. We see the cards then, but it still seems like that's going to be the case because basically it is Metron just saying, Scott Free, you are not to know the face of God. And he just keeps repeating it and repeating it. At one point, you know, you have Scott there and he's like, Barta, hey, Barta, Metron's here. And she's like, ah, tell him it's late. You know, we have to be up so early. And again, is that her just, you know, I'll say whatever when I'm a sleep but yeah he he's there that it the nightmare ends and then they are off to you know granny goodness and she barda says you know mother box a boom tube to granny goodness please okay big barda i will have that for you in 0.4 seconds which always says that again i'm not gonna guess or, or do anything but they're gonna head off and basically scott says to barda hey you you like her or hate her? Do you, do you ever like Granny Goodness? Because you know what, she sometimes we were supposed to be in the Judas. To, you know, they, I was supposed to be strapped up and tortured for three weeks. She kind of got me in a week and and then would hold me and I kind of started to like her. You know, I don't really hate her. And Bart is just like, nope, I hate her. 
And it's weird. Like that's again and what leads to this. This actually to me is the most – you know, the most interesting part is when Granny is talking to Scott and then Barta's reactions to all of this. It's such an thing because you know, we, we jump to the scene though. We, we know that you know, Orion's like, all right, you, gotta, you guys got to go and you got to kill Granny Goodness. When we arrive to the battlefield, it seems to be all about the talks of peace. So yes, how does that, we get from it, yeah, one to the other? That's what's weird because Orion does say to him, listen, I've set it up. I've set it up for you. You can get shit done. So you get the idea. But again, I don't think it's very well played out that Orion has said, listen, I'm going to send Scott and Barda. I want them to negotiate peace. In the meantime, has told them, wink, wink, you have to kill Granny. In the meantime, it seems like, wink, wink, Granny's supposed to kill them. It, she's, exactly. He's told Granny as well that yes. freaking Scott and Barda They're are gonna coming. They will kill you. And if you freaking, if they try to kill you, kill them right yes. back and you'll get no repercussions from me. Yep. And the problem I have with this is through this whole deal, I can't get a grip on which would be better for Orion, what's going on, because I, I don't know what's going on in the story. So I don't know if Orion really wants Granny dead or he wants this, that, or the other thing because we don't get enough. But she gets there. We have a whole page of her going from her expression of anger to fear possibly to you know a big smile and laughing. And again, a whole page. And then she's like, my babies, come to Granny. And she's real nice. Oh, look at you, Scott. You've grown up. Oh, my goodness. So handsome. You know, you are. You're my little boy. And oh, look at you, Barda. Oh, my goodness. What happened to that darling pigtailed girl? Oh, your cheeks were always so red. And she's just, I'm, I'm too tall. What? Good. So, oh, you don't know. Every, every, and she's like, oh, no, no. Everybody's too something. Okay, and then we'll go, and she's talking like, hey, you know what? Your new high father wants us to rush, rush, rush to our peace negotiations. Oh, my goodness. He thinks that the planets revolve around him, and oh, my goodness. Come on, because before we do that, we're going to have Jell-O. All right. I've been looking stuff up, so I've been quiet for a bit. For some reason, I got hung up on something we were talking about, and I didn't think about it when I was reading it earlier. But, you know, Scott, you must not see the face of God. Now, you could take that a lot of ways. You know, see the face of God, either you die and you see God, or we're talking about new gods. What are, you know, like the the whole race of people here, like he's a new god and shit like that. I just thought I had an idea, though, like the whole idea of the face of God, because, you know, we talk about High Father being, you know, the, the father of Scott Free and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What about his mother? In my mind, you know, the, the face of God would be the your creator who would be your mother. Maybe, yeah. So, like, because there's not a lot of talk about his mother, Avi, and stuff like that. And I'm like, I, I'm just trying to do, because I'm thinking about it. Like, I don't know a lot about her either. So I was just trying to do some goddamn things. So yeah. maybe the whole face of God, you know, if you take it into the whole face of your mother, the creator kind of thing, yeah. maybe he's talking about the mother in general, but it's such a weird thing. Because now well, I'm jumping to conclusions again off yeah, well, of the you dream are. of freaking Metron coming to him when Metron is dead. So I have yeah. no idea what the well, hell Well, and then also there's a weird thing because you want to tie into that. Granny really kind of gets a little creepy with the basically really, really spelling it out that Scott's her son. She really, really lays it on. Doesn't say, oh, Barda, my little daughter. Oh, my daughter. But she keeps saying to Scott, you know, you are my son. That's why I wanted you to be high father because you're my son and and says it a couple times. And it really – it kind of threw if, me and off a lot, a And a lot of this stuff too, it's behind closed doors after she has knocked Barda yes. out so she can have the secret meeting. And once Barda comes to, she immediately puts an end to freaking yeah. Granny Goodness. And that's 
were my only talk. theories of this because they're eating Jello, and then you see Stormforge was captured by Jello, of course. Yeah, yeah, and there's Stormforge who he got captured. He's part of New Genesis, you know, a general. She captured him and now is torturing him by starving him to death, and she likes to have him watch. Uh, people eat. He even gets to lick the jello at one point, which I thought he was in big trouble. But at this point, I, I think that you're just supposed to get that juxtaposition of Granny, like, oh, there she is. Oh, nice little Granny. And she's doing awful things still. But then you go and you see this little, you know, a whole page of, of Barda and Scott sneaking around, you know, knocking or killing people out, guards and things, to get to Granny. And when they get there, they go in, and Granny is waiting for them and shoots Barda. And Barta is knocked out. And then Scott's like, oh, no. And that's where she says, quick, Scott, darling, quickly. Come on. We don't want to talk by the door. Let's go. You know, who knows who may listen? I thought, okay, is this granny breaking through this crazy world to tell him? And and she lights this candle. And then you're thinking, is that something? And that's when she's like, I'm sorry, sorry, my dear. The candle seems to play a big goddamn part. And I kept going back. And I was staring at this candle because later on when freaking Barda picks it up and then tosses it before they go through the boom tube towards granny's face kind of thing. Yeah. I thought like I tried to find some meaning towards it because it seemed to be really prominent, this candle for some reason. Is this a candle that it's one of those, it's like a new god type thing where if it's lit, you can kind of talk and pr- I don't know, but or is she starting something? I think that it's she's more of a metaphysical kind of thing where, like, you know, the candle just represents, you know, lighting in his mind with the truth Maybe. kind of an idea. But, I don't know. you know, but, you know, she's telling them, she's telling Scott this story about, you know, I had to warn you. Uh, I sadly believe Scott, but, you know, you have the whole thing where Orion's setting this all up. And she's like, listen, be alert. Orion said they'll do anything. I can kill him without repercussions. But then she says, listen, I didn't want to kill you, my own sweet boy. And what what he doesn't know, though, is that I have been a loyal friend to to the High Father, the real High Father. It was me. And you find out that's who – you told that's who went to him and said yeah. had the anti-life equation yeah and then she's basically like listen you know i wanted you to be the new high father we agreed that you the high father meant for you my own child to yeah. have his throne so th- it's weird like you know what i mean like is this actually not granny is this his mother talking and that's where metron and i don't know but then she's like and then you scott you my boy and my is in bold and whatever and i couldn't let dark side hurt his own my own precious boy she just it is so forced in there like okay and the problem i have is a lot of people who are reading this do not know anything about granny goodness they don't know mr miracle they are using this book by tom king to tell us this i would guarantee you that there's Half of the people who are reading this actually think that in continuity, Granny Goodness is his mother. I really yeah. think that the way it's pushed, that they, they, that's where they're going. But, you know, even Barda does not, you know, does she know, does she understand their needs, Scott? And the prophecy is that Darkseid will be killed by his own son. And that's where Scott's like, listen, that's Orion. Is it? Really? Really? And he's like, all right, because he says, Orion's dark side son. She goes, is he, Scott? Is he? And then, or are you? And that's where Barda comes and just clocks her over the head and you and then goes to town and pretty much looks like she has just killed her. beats fucking Granny Goodness's head yep. in. Yeah, and you just, all I can think of, and I said in the Slack chat that it's almost like Barda is in this almost like Sharon Stone in Total Recall. She's there to make sure everything goes the way it's supposed to be planned. Oh yeah, she's Granny, keeping the dream alive. Granny Goodness has just tried to open up the fucking veil 
and now she has paid the price. Whether or not it's even all granny of a sudden, Barta gets back up. She picks up that candle, looks at What did I tell you about going to recall, Scott? Yeah, really. That's what I'm saying. She has it. I fully expected her to blow out that candle to kind of mean something that the candle meant something. Instead, she looks like she throws it down. She gets the boom tube again, it looks like, you know, because yeah. it does say, you know, okay, Big Barta, it'll be available in 0.4 seconds. It's not Scott doing the boom tube. And then they're going out, and that's where you have this over the top deal where they like you know it is said that the ultimate trap is the simplest trap and what could be more simple than entering and leaving a building for mr miracle this could mean defeat and death you'll be mad about his exploits if you swallow the paranoid pill and then it just ends with a very confusing bunch of panels and i just was i i what what just happened and again i have to judge this by the own issue and it seems like as one issue, unfortunately, it does not tell a, a story here that I can say I can even grip. And you tell me that you would read any other issue in any other book and it would be this confusing and you would say it's a perfect issue. I can't see how you can say that. You don't even now, know if this is even really Mr. Miracle. You don't even – nobody knows anything going I, forward. I'm trying Everybody. to think. Like I talked about that whole the candle bit and how I looked yeah. at that because when Barda picks up the candle, she like turns around. Then she like illuminates her face, and then she opens up a boom tube and throws the candle down behind her. And we see it roll down. Yeah, and it rolls, and then something big, happens I mean, uh, to Granny it. Goodness is bashed in face, and then the candle rolls toward but because – this is what the and part I was turns. talking about in the beginning when you were talking about the confusingness of the, of the freaking muddy artwork. I'm like, yeah. these last two panels where the candle rolls to fucking like Granny's somebody... face, I don't know what's going on. Is it like, you know, is it showing? Actually, <laughs> it says somebody's turning it or doing it because it, like they had in that panel of them going through the village and going towards Granny and knocking everyone out. They, they had that whole thing where they're yeah, yeah. sneak, fight, fight, chuck. Chuck, run, run, and it's all spelt wrong. You know, most of it's spelt yeah, yeah. wrong. It's kind of a weird thing. Well, that candle, candle, it says turn, turn. I think it's just but, turning, like it's rolling. It's kind of yeah. Thing. But it's, why it, would you spell that out in the I art? No, it doesn't make sense. And the only other thing, and this is so weird because I see Granny's face in the middle. Where it's turning towards it, but then at the end, it actually looks like somebody is getting it, up. At, you know what I'm well, saying? To me, Don't you it see looks a like little the face figure? Has changed. It, to me, it looks like the face has changed yeah. once the freaking candle rolls towards her face. Know. Now I see the face again. I actually wear her eye and whatever it actually it, looks like. It's very confusing because of how muddy it is. Yeah, it, it just that's where I think that it doesn't help out at all, and we'll see. But yeah, I, I do think I went a little. Uh, here's the weird thing. I actually gave this a five. It wasn't a fuck you. Five. No. I, I, it's, it's more of a average five. So I'm going to change it to a five, 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 one, somewhere around. I still don't like it. I still can't tell you that I'm reading this and I think, wow, oh my God, I can't. If I had to, and I, this is where I say, Steve Orlando, I say to you, hey, you, you don't think his dialogue's that bad? Read it out loud. This one I would love for you to go and explain this issue alone to somebody who doesn't read comics and tell them how great it is. Even the first two because I'll say – you'll say, oh, you need the first one to set up this. You tell me how you're going to explain this as a story because it doesn't matter if it's a comic. This is a story. This is a storytelling medium. You go and explain this to somebody. You go and try to explain what has happened in these two issues, and I guarantee you, you, you won't be able to tell them. You are, you'll be so confused to how to explain this, and that's how I feel because, number one, I don't know much about Scott. 
and Barda and Granny. I know enough, though. I, I do know more than just a standard person, but that knowledge, the little knowledge I have, is not helping me. It's not yeah. helping me do anything, and I think that you have a little more knowledge than me, and it, it's throwing you for a loop. So the it more really you have— It is, because I'm trying to find yeah. the connections here, and it's driving me goddamn mad. And, and uh, this is where I had said when people were like, oh, man, I loved Omega Men, and I didn't like it as much. I didn't think it, it tied it. up very well. And I say, explain to me what happened. And I get these answers like, well, it's more of a feel. It's not really – and that's where I think people would say, well, it's more of the feel of it. And they, you know, oh, the, is the art – well, the art stylistic. No, no, no. Just just say what it is. Up until now, you have two issues that are confusing as hell, and you have no idea what's going on because no, nobody not. does. And there's not – with that in mind – a, a good story will still have something where a layman can grab onto. If I see something in the panel, the first one was uh, Glorious Godfrey. Yeah. You had that, that television talk show. That was pretty cool. I like that. You also started with, you know what? Like Mr. Too. Miracle tried to commit suicide. Okay, that is yeah, a big that's, moment that's, that I can say. That's a good say, catching point right, All right there. All right, I can go. That sounds very intriguing. You have it. And you could even say to somebody when you're explaining, listen, it looks like he's killed himself to try to escape death. It's spelled out. Then he's on a talk show that really is weird. You get to this point now, and you're like, well, you know, he's kind of there, and he's killing paradigms, and then Orion's, he's sending them all over this. Well, why? I don't know. And then he goes to take a shower. There's no knobs, but then the mother – it just gets crazy. So I, I can't give it, but I, I totally – and I, I promise you, Eric Shea, that in my heart, I hope that at the end I can say, you know what? As a whole story, this is awesome. That, that oh, no, it that's ends up all being... I want to happen here because I'm telling you, right now, it's a, like we, we talked about it nonstop at the beginning, talking about how it's difficult to review a book like this yes. for individual issues because it's telling yep. one complete story. So it's very hard to come out and say because when you have a two issues that really don't tell you anything and come off really confusing, yes. what, what are you supposed to do with that? You can't just hope and pray that it'll all turn out well in yeah. the end and say, okay, this is a 10 out of 10 because I have faith. You can't do that. You have to give it, no. go with what you see. And, and you're not getting much, and I didn't no. like the art, so there I there you go. Uh, I said a lot of these people, I really think that they're giving 10 out of 10s. Now, as much as I'm getting uh, you know, frustrated by some of the way Tom King has given us the Batman because Batman is – you know, I did read Grayson as well, but that was with Tim Seeley, and I really did like that. But reading Omega Man, I didn't think it, it, he tied it up at the end, by the end, and all that stuff. Uh, Batman, though, it's just been frustrating all along, yeah. and it's getting more – That the weirdest thing is it seems like Tom King, the longer he goes and the closer he gets to an end of the narc, the less he gives you. Like I can't say that he's going to tie everything up in this book with a nice neat bow to make me wow, but maybe he will, and I hope he does. But I cannot give you the thing, and I think that people giving it a 10 now are doing it. So when he does, if he does – I said they can say I told you so. Oh look, I liked it back in issue two. No, you know what? You you fucking were just throwing it out there to the wind. You know you were just saying that because if I see I read these reviews and nobody is giving me any sort of info. All they say is, oh man, I don't know what's going on, but boy, 
Yeah, this is a ride that I wish I could take. Or, oh, man, it's worth the price of admission. I, I want to see somebody tell me exactly in these two issues why these are perfect issues. Because a lot of people, a majority of the people, have given two 10 out of 10s. I, I can't see it. You're a guy. You see you never is what you're going to say if you <laughs> give something a 10. But it can't be a second issue that is still setting up a mystery that we have no idea what it is. They just can't. <sighs> what did you give it, I think I would give this a 6.5 out of 10 because one reason is you don't get a lot out of this issue. It's telling a a goddamn complex – I can't even say complex. It's telling a weird goddamn story that I am still interested in because I am jumping to these conclusions and coming up with my scenarios, what I think could be going on. And when that's going on, I can at least tell myself I am interested in the story. I don't mind the art as much as you. But there's just a lot of nothing going on in this book, especially I'm talking – not even just the story alone. The panels and the pages, there's a lot of nothing going on between yeah. panels and pages where it's just a bunch of odd looks and a lot of scenes that don't go anywhere. And whether that plays out in the end, I couldn't tell you. But for right now, it just comes off as odd. But yeah. like I gave the last issue, the first one, a 7.5 out of 10 because of the same kind of deal. But I, and was I still gave it a 7.9 myself. because exactly. I was intrigued. I'm less and intrigued And I'm down to now. a 6.5 now because this yeah. is a lesser issue than the previous one. Yeah, I'm just I'm not really intrigued now. He he needs this third issue just for me like he cares, you know. He doesn't yeah. care about me, but I need something to grab onto. I need something where we're going to be a fourth of the way through this next issue and maybe maybe the way he does, but again, I don't have a grip on how he works things like this, but maybe we'll get a little bit more of a reveal for the third issue to then oh take us off to the next quarter of it, but we'll see. But that is the end of this section, Eric. It was a long one. Sure was. We were saying we had nothing to say about these books, but we always do. But we're going to go off now to some mail. It's 10 o'clock we're doing, uh, probably drunk. Actually, he just called him. Wait a minute. Eric, who is your favorite writer? It's a good question. My my favorite writer right now would probably be uh, probably Tomasi, honestly. It, like, I, I, get, I give this fucking annual a low score, but I do love Tomasi Glaces together. Who is oh. laughing? I hate them. So he, he likes Tomas Iglesias? He likes Tomas Iglesias. Oh, yeah. Tomas I like that. Uh, you know, and then, and then the classic, Drunk Eric Shea. Segregation, Reggie! And of then course. the other great one is, we didn't know, Eric is, is a guy who likes to be friends, but 
also relatives with everyone, which we heard the one night. Jim, did you realize tonight that Toby and I became brothers? Toby and him <laughs> became brothers that night. Now, he has already said that episode 150 should be something, you know, a, a little. It's not exactly the 100th episode, but it is a milestone. Sure. Where we, he throws out milestone a lot there. I'm going to say right now, at episode 150... I am going to get as drunk as Eric Shea. I've not drank in a long time. I think I will. I think that I will try. I need to have a, a board like that where I can embarrass myself for years to come. So I, but, I'm going to make you the problem. operate. I mean, you can barely operate the board. So I know. So That's when you're drunk, problem. can you even operate? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have a special pod. The other thing is then that the day after we record, I can't really be hung over. I have to edit you the podcast. To but, right to editing, hey, yeah. And I know uh, just to throw it out there, we actually have looked and the one 150th episode unless we take a week off which that is probably never going to happen again uh but if we did if we don't i mean the 150 episode actually will be the week before christmas so it'll be the saturday before christmas sounds like a really good week to to have some fun you know what i mean and eric has already said that he plans on what we would do is have this big extravaganza for 150 and then take off the next week for christmas but we'll see I know I won't want to take off. I don't like to take do that off. Sort of thing. What the hell? Yeah, what is really he talking about off. crazy is, guy. See, freaking Canadian. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> this is my is, is that a Canadian thing? I don't no, know. No, I just remembered the song with the uh, uh, take off with. Uh, what's oh, it take off, eh? Yeah, take off, eh? But yeah, uh, this is mail section number four, and we have Mark again. And Mark, this is going to be a quick section, uh, though it is a question for you. And he says, hi, Jim and Reggie. Reggie, we don't get you on the mail sections very often, so I was wondering who are some of your favorite superheroes and or comic book characters? And you kind of pointed out earlier about uh, Swamp Thing kind of being a springboard in the things, but what are your favorite superheroes and comic book characters of Reginald? I mean, Swamp Thing would definitely be probably at the very top of the singular characters I like the best. But I'm a huge Justice League fan. I actually have Justice League collections going back to the Silver Age. Really? Uh, I really like uh, the Doom Patrol. Everyone knows that. I'm a huge Ambush Bug fan. Not the new 52 one, but back when it used to be funny. Um, I love Daredevil. Even though okay. I, you know, sometimes forget what his uh, handicap is, but you know, yeah, I do, yeah, I do there, like the yeah, there may be a review out there where you did not remember that he was blind. That's right. I thought he was deaf for a review, yes. but that was that's another story. But that I will made say that laugh. as an eight-year-old boy, I was very unusual among young boys in that I really thought Batman was cool. Yeah. So that yeah. that was that, that, that very set you apart from most people then. Right. Yeah. So I. Uh, I yeah, I was more of a Robin fan as a kid, but mine was all Batman 66. It wasn't comics, though. I did think that I, I was talking at some point. I think I got a hold of a Doom Patrol comic uh, when I was a kid that my aunt had. And, and I had a friend whose father looked like Gene Simmons, uh-huh. and he was divorced and would just bring him loads and loads of toys and comics. But he was a Marvel guy. So I was I was into some crazy – like Silver Surfer and stuff like that. Anything yeah. like that for you? Because I know that you like – I like that too. Basically where the comics are the weirdest usually is where I tend to wake yeah. up and I'm like, oh, I like it when it gets wacky and shit like that. I do like Silver Surfer, although to be honest, I've never liked him as much as I have right now. With yeah. Dan Slott and Mike Allred. I love gotcha. this run right now. has really been a lot of fun. Really well, cool. cool. Uh, How about the X-Men? Yeah. You know, I've never heard you talk shit. about the X-Men much. 
Are you an X-Men fan? I'm not a huge X-Men fan. I do like the, you know, 60s one, but uh, to be honest, like the the run that everyone loves with Claremont and Dave Cockrum and then later John Byrne was drawing – it's so overwritten. Have you ever, have you ever looked at that stuff, too? Yeah, well, here's the thing is what's crazy, and I said this to Eric before, that when, again, being somebody who was kind of on the outside and I'd hear things, and that Chris Claremont, X-Men, I would hear tons and tons of stuff. So when I did get into comics, and especially when I got the Marvel you know, Unlimited right. app, which I still – I love that. I yep. can go on about that app. I could have a whole podcast where I just <laughs> praise that goddamn app. Uh, I went back to read some of it, and yeah, I, I was not that into it. Uh, I actually – and because of you, like I went back and read a couple things of The Hulk. That, that you were more into than you were telling me about and stuff right. like that. So, yeah, I, but yeah, that Chris Claremont stuff. And it's oh, weird. The Peter too because, David Hulk. I, I love yes. that version yep. of the Hulk. I read That's some right. of the that. Hulk. that was That's awesome. what I'm telling you. Anybody who doesn't have that Marvel Unlimited app, I'm telling you, it's so good. And it's it so good. It really is I don't, so worth it. I may even go two months without even looking at it, but then all of a sudden I'll just sit there and go. I was going through it last night looking at a lot of Captain America stuff and, and a bunch of crazy stuff. I just look up and I, I, I love. I love going how they have it set up where you can look at creators and then just go down the link. And I was going through Len Wein's stuff. Uh, the, they have so much. They, they really have an amazing catalog on there. Yeah. It's, it's. I think when I got into it, uh, and I think this will happen again this year in November, they have a okay. sale where it's usually 9 bucks a month, right? Okay, and then they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They charge 7 bucks, so yeah. You, you yeah, save I, two bucks a month if you you know wait for their yearly sale. So there it I, is. I'm a cheap bastard, but that I'm like, yeah, it's worth it. I tell Eric, and then when we're at, at work, Eric will bring up some comedy like, oh man, I really like this, and I'll freaking get my phone out because I have it on my phone as well as my tablet, and I'll just well, boom, it's so good, I love it. But yeah, that that is the mail section number four. He just wanted boom. to know what easy. you were going with. I said we didn't have tons of mail, but I do like the mail that we got. And we're going to be back with more books right about now. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice. And not hear Eric Shea. All right. I, I don't think we're going to hear Eric Shea. I Let's, know. I think you know, I think Dancing Mike got his wish today. He gets his wish, though. It's going to be shattered once you start singing, Reggie. <laughs> That's right. Then he then hey. I really will be breaking his heart. Yes, then I get my wish, and my wish is <laughs> to break Dancing Mike's heart. But yes, we're here. Obviously, Eric is not. And it is funny. He gets so angry when I say that he is not. On, like, oh, you're taking the week off. you taking the week off. I have to do 11 books. Well, that's yeah. the week off. Sorry. You're not here for the whole time, even in spirit. You're done. Right now, he's probably smashed. And that, that his motherfucker. Pay is, his pay got ducked. Yeah, and, and the thing about all this is it makes me laugh because sometimes he will go and listen to these. And he'll listen to mine and your sections now because me and you are going to be talking yeah. about your books, just me and you. And I just want to tell him that I'm fucking furious with that motherfucker because he ended up – he was going to this wedding. So he told the bosses at work, hey, 
Uh, I'm not. I'm going to be in on Friday, but I'm leaving at noon. So I said, okay, you're leaving at noon. You know what? I might leave at noon too. The hell with it. Start the the weekend early. Of course, that in my mind meant I was going to go and do some of my best songs ever or something like that. But uh-huh. unfortunately, uh, well, we're recording Thursday night then, and I say to Eric, you know what? I might just call in. I really don't even want to go in no noon. I just want to start the weekend early. And he's like, oh, man, how am I going to get home at lunch then? Because I'm his ride. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'll go to I'll go till noon with you. We'll get at lunch. We'll both leave. And then, you know, whatever. I go into work today. The motherfucker doesn't show. He didn't show. Didn't message me at all because he always messaged me. Tell them this or that. But he couldn't because he had already. And that's the worst. Eric Shea, who never tells, never calls in. Never tells them ahead of time he's going to be off. Finally does the right thing and tells them on Thursday and then doesn't show at all to fuck that up. Like he cannot with work related like attendance and things like that. He is wrong turn. He can't do anything right. Uh, it just oh, well, he, he is his own worst enemy. We know that. Yes, and then then to make it worse is all of a sudden I have to do his work on top of mine, and I had the shittiest fucking day. I did go, I I left, but I didn't get home until one thirty. I was planning on going at eleven thirty. Didn't get home until one thirty, and then by then it was almost like I put in a whole day anyway, and I was exhausted. So yeah. I, I blame him, that son of a bitch. You also, also he gets out. Uh, of reading some of these books of yours because there, there's a couple that are good enough but boy there, there's a weird turn in this first one because the first one we're going to talk in this section i'll even say it's how jordan the green lantern core uh suicide squad and harley quinn 25th anniversary special i'm telling those people i'm also reminding myself of what the lineup is because we were talking <laughs> before we started recording about everything but what we are going to be talking about. But we're going to talk the first one, as always, in your section. What is it, Reggie? It is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 28, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Tamu Mori. Get your lantern run in. Head out on the starway. Looking for adventure. And that new god named Light Ray. Yeah, Jordan, go and make it happen. Constructing jets is a simple feat. Outrun the black racer, honey. Dad's in the backseat. Uh, with a hot shot head case in green. Who was born to race a new god on skis? It's a race so strong. It's 20 plus pages long. Born to behave childish. Born to behave childish. I thought you'd dig that one. I know you like to put on the bandana, maybe a couple of aviator shades, well, right? Here's the thing. It's not even just that. I will have to pull that around, and it is by Steppenwolf, who is also a new god, Reggie. So it works on Whoa. so many other levels. Whoa! <laughs> you didn't even think of that, did you? <laughs> oh, I didn't actually. No, uh, yes, I was thinking Cats in the Cradle was coming our way, but hey, I think that works. Steppenwolf, boy, that that works. It does. It works in so many levels. Now, <laughs> I'm going to ask you about this issue, just uh, seriously. Uh, and this isn't, is it terrible? Because we'll get to that. Did you not have any time, because I, I'm not reviewing it, obviously. You go to review it. So it, it is a little different way of going into it because we do have a credits page and things like that. But do you think that I am out of my mind that I got done about eight pages of this and then thought, 
Why are they having a fill-in writer? Because this seemed like something that had nothing to do. Obviously, it, it continues this new god stuff. It didn't even feel like a Robert Venditti issue. It felt like such a weird an aside when, when it, his it really father is, showed it, up. This is that. Oh yeah, like that oh. really just came out of nowhere. I mean, yes. why are we doing this weird character building on Hal right now? It's not Who really knew? his style. And he's uh, basically kind of his origin story a bit. It's just weird. This is what we've been talking about all through Rebirth, like, you know, this double shipping. Yeah. The, the is problem is you get you get one issue of story and one yep. issue of total fluff, and this is your issue of fluff. In, in my review, I talked about classic issues of, of Superman and World's Finest where Superman yeah. races the Flash. Yep. This, is, this, this goes even up until, you know, into the 2000s. They bring it out every once in a while because that's the thing. Who's the fastest guy? Yeah, the and it's a cool thing. Two of the most reg- – yeah, exactly. It's always some contrived shit. An alien makes them do it or they do it for charity or they're, whatever it is. It's always some nonsense. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it usually ends where it's sort of a draw or it's, it's yeah. disputable. It's left in, ambiguous. I, I, can't, I can't think of anyone on in walking earth ever that ever <laughs> wanted to know who's going to win between Green Lantern and the Black Racer like who yeah. or Light Ray. You Light know, like, Ray. Yeah, it's not since, since when is Green Lantern even like known no. for being fast? I don't that's, really this understand is the thing this that's, whole thing. Yeah, it's the, it's the stupidest thing, and it basically – here's the thing going in. N- number one, like you said, it seems such like a weird character-building deal. Now, where – why is it – if I'm a guy who's an asshole – I'm not saying Hal Jordan. I'm saying me because I'm an asshole. If you I'm going to have – if you – and now you're the writer, Reggie. You're the writer of the Jim Warner book. It's a it's a hit. I'll tell you that book. But <laughs> if you're going to do character building on Jim Warner the asshole, why is it that you're going to make me more of an asshole? Because Hal is known as the reckless Green Lantern, the Green Lantern who doesn't follow the rules, the Green Lantern who does things his own way because he's hard-headed and, and freaking stubborn. And so the character building is to make him more reckless. It basically yeah. to go past the level of recklessness that he usually is to, to win the day. But in the end, all it is is basically I gotta get, I got to prove that I'm fast enough so that I can take High Father in my back seat and fly away. The whole story to me, there, there's nothing going on here because I, I it mean, seems it, like it, Light it, Ray's again, fine. It, it I, does pick up, yeah. Light Ray is not being chased down by the Omega no. beams, and that's so. It, I mean, it really does pick up directly from the last issue. This is a yeah. this is a continuation, so it's not like this comes out of nowhere. But the fact that the whole issue is this one thing, and it's not. Really, that interesting. It's not you know that I mean? interesting, it's, it's, it's or just, as of now, it doesn't seem like it's even that important yet. Yeah, uh, obviously, it's going to be. They seem it, like, yes, it seems like what they're going to do is give you the stakes of it or the coincidence, the you know, the happenstance that ends up winning the day is because he's going to be with Hal. But in this one, it's so weird, and, and it's one of those that I could say that number one. And you're, we're going to say it about Harley later because Harley is that anniversary issue anthology where you say like, hey, if you haven't read Harley, uh, you can jump into that Harley. We'll say it more later, but I'll say the opposite of this. If you have been reading oh, yeah. this Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, and you need to save two ninety nine. Do it here because Skip all you it. have to know is at the end, High Father is in a construct jet with Hal. That's it. Yeah. That's all Hal, it is. Hal rescues High Father from the Omega Beams. And that's it. That's the end of it, you know? Yeah. The fact that Black Racer is even there, it really seems pointless, too. I mean, yeah, it just seems that is, like it's, that is yeah. the new god shtick that he's death, but 
is it really not that necessary? You're just complicating oh. things. You know, you're adding no, another person to this weird race. And, and, it almost becomes yeah. like wacky races out there. Yeah, and what happens is, and really to me, it's just that Hal is proving to himself, his dead father, uh, and the new gods that he's an okay guy because they, he starts and he's they're in there, and Hal has this conscience. It's just I, I I'm telling you, there's not much to talk about at all here. It's just so weird of what's going on. Also, if you're reading the Mr. Miracle book, seeing Light Ray and having High Father in here, and I know that Tom King is like everything's in continuity or whatever, but it, it does throw things off a bit. Not that it matters, but just seeing Light Ray here and having him in this week. I, I agree the- 100%. We're seeing this all over the place where they have yeah. these little special issues, and at the same time, they see the characters in, and it's like, okay, we're assuming you want to get new readers. So if you're trying yeah. to get new readers into the DC universe, they're going to be confused as fuck because they got, yeah. they got, you know, Light Ray over here and he's acting like, you know, a, a, a weird, like maudlin dickhead. Yeah. So you got Light yeah. Ray over here. He's just the fast. He's the new God flash. Who's like, yeah, yeah. Whisking. Yeah. It, it seems like it's like, is this taking place in the same time? Yeah. Are these even the same and, characters? Yeah. It's just and confusing. even when, yeah, even if they tie it up at the end, say that Mr. Miracle is in a dream world, it still doesn't matter. It's going to confuse people. And then I sit there and think, how, how many goddamn issues can we get light? Like, out of nowhere, Light Ray isn't ever. When did he become a big thing? I, you know, it's just killing me. And I know the whole Jack Kirby anniversary even threw more of that around. And then you get this, but it's just so weird. There's no oversight, Jim. No. There really, it really, there it really speaks to me that, that there's not somebody saying, I mean, to me, there used to be somebody or a couple of editors with a whiteboard saying, you know, somebody would say, can I use. Light ray in this this month, and they yeah, say, maybe like, no, no, you yeah. can't. He's fucking doing nine things over here. And yeah, or you know, working out. I don't think there's anyone doing that at all anymore. No, just and like, everything's on the table. Have fun, you know. And they're used to sing. they used to do this. Uh, you yeah. know, I I said Cullen Bunn at one point was was going to use Starro. And I believe it was his, uh, like, Sinestro book. There was something. He was going to use Starro. And they said, no, 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 you can't. We're going to – and it ended up – he told us this. He said he really had this big story planned out. He was going to use it. But they told him, listen, in about seven months, we have a big Starro story coming. You can't – so there was – you know, now, in the meantime – that big Storo story didn't seem to happen, and so he was kind of screwed out of it. But he did tell me, like, at some point they did seem to be concerned with what's going on. And I, I think that when the New 52 was around, because it being a reboot and them trying to figure out, I think maybe at that point they were trying a little more. Yeah. Now it seems like it's not even – and I even said to Eric this week, it's not just continuity over story. It's just this crazy continuity that they don't care. They're just well, like, you oh, know, well, you, you want to use light as, You put it as what you see is, is what, what you, you get. get. That's and continuity and you go from there. But I don't even think that's it. I think it's I just know. like – any which day, it could be whatever the fuck yeah. they want it to be. I mean, you mentioned, for example, they wouldn't let Snyder use Jessica Cruz and Simon Bass yes. in yep. metal. Yeah, yeah. They so why is somebody over here like, nah, you really can't. I don't want, and, you know, we don't you, want a new God's crossover while this fucking Mr. Miracle 12 issue maxi series is happening. And, and you know what? Here's uh, the no thing where people and Dancing Michael get mad because I'm going to I'm going to lay it down to Scott Snyder, because when I was told that what Scott Snyder said was. I talked to Sam Humphreys, and he asked me not to use him. Scott, and this might be just Scott Snyder's words, but Scott Snyder never said 
the editors said or yeah. the editor did this. No, I don't think these editors do anything. I think it's up to the writers. And if it's a writer who actually is like, okay, you know what? Uh, I'll check out the thing. Now, the, the weird thing about it is in this. Now, it's not like, uh, you know, Venditti screws things up or whatever. Oh. But it just – I think that they're just using – uh, Steve Orlando just grabs characters no matter where or what he wants to do with them and then completely screws them up. This doesn't screw anything up, and it, but it doesn't lead to and, a good and, and story. Quite frankly, you know, you can read The Miss Miracle and this, and it's not, it's not going to blow mm. your mind. But, I mean, if you're brand new to it, if you really are sampling yeah. all this stuff for the first time, it's going to be a little – it's going to – you're going to wonder. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're you say, are. Like, Wait and, a second. And, I just saw this guy in, in this yeah. other comic. Behaving they, this way, and now he's this way. I don't know. It's so funny. Just thinking that somebody – say just a guy's like, you know what? I heard about uh, this Mr. Miracle. Oh, I, I like the grin. And he get, he'll think that Light Ray is the most popular character in the goddamn DCU yeah. It, yeah. because it's just so odd and the high father and whatever. But let's get into it because basically, like you said, Hal is trying to catch up to high father and Light Ray uh, before they get hit with the mega beans. And, and, and of then, course, and what does he make? He makes a jet. Like, yeah, he no, makes a he, jet. Why, why does he make anything? He could just fucking fly. You know? Yeah, but of course, I, I he never understand. It, it's so funny how he has to make a jet. But yeah, they're going <laughs> and then all of a sudden he, there's a voice. From behind him because he's going, you know, hey, I, I bent the throttle before and this never happened because basically his ring tells him that his constructs are going to fall apart. Uh, you know, he's out outdoing his constructs and it's, it's just, actually like rattling apart like yes. constructs screws are coming out and it's yep, fucking yeah, oh, yeah. It's like again, what, what, you, like, you, could only, <laughs> you could only think that he's doing that. If of there's course. actually screws, he's just You're fucking in with himself. Of the screws, Hal, you can actually <laughs> keep them from rattling. He's fucking out. with himself. <laughs> You're right. There's screws popping. The rivets are coming. Yeah. Out. I'm like, You're the one who awesome. made these. They can't be popping out, Hal. They're one single construct. Why did you make it with individual parts? Yeah. Well, uh, like, and, it is mine. He riveted it together. He had the engine on the fucking oh, yeah. assembly line. You know, and we don't know. The reason why he's trying to catch up, it took him three months to build this jet. The, the other thing about it is, really, what would happen if this jet falls apart? Like you said, he's still a Green Lantern with a ring. He's still he's flying. Fine. Like, well, I don't understand. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't really – so it even gets stupider later when he finally finds the willpower within, right, to, yes, yes. to get that burst of speed to overtake the Black Racer and the Omega Beams that are coming from the Golem. That's really what they're yeah, running yeah. from. Yeah, the, the Nth Metal Golem. So suddenly the... he, he, he gets the power within him. But if it's still a construct jet of rivets and bolts, you know what I mean? There's no jet that can fly at this at fucking no. light speed. Nope. No. You know what I mean? I, I so know. I you need know. to come up with another vehicle, maybe. Maybe yeah. you need to do pick something else and, and move in that thing. Pick a construct of the Black Racer. Just sit that in his belly. It's maybe he should so... have some skis on. Maybe skis yeah, maybe. are the thing that... Actually, you know what? If he did that, I think that would have been pretty goddamn cool. I but see. if he did that, you can't have... Dead father as my co-pilot. I, I wish he had a bumper sticker. My dead dad's my co-pilot. Be co because he's going, and then he hears, you know, behind him, because he's having problems. He's like, you know what? I got to get to Light Ray. I, I didn't even get close, because he's going. He pushes it to the max, and he can't even – he he lost distance between him and yeah. Light Ray. So he's like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden from behind him, I'll be your wingman. And he it, there it is. It, it's his father, his dead dad. And this is the problem with this is I understand. Understand it. He's in this, you know, 
the light cosmic, you know, the tripping the light fantastic that things are going wonky. But this just makes his father appear. And to me, this is a very hokey thing to try to do that very much reminds me of Batman going back in the button to the Flashpoint universe to be able to talk to his father because yeah. he's just there. We don't – he's not – really, you know, he's there, but he isn't, but he doesn't understand anyway. You know, hey, I don't know how things work, but you know what? I like talking to you, and then they just talk, and you get – pretty much the conversation of hey dad i think about you every time i fly and then he his dad's like you know what i thought about you every time i flew and i was looking at your picture of you and your mother and me when when i died and, and but, things but like it, that you know i i don't really feel the father-son resolution like no. i mean first of all we've really seen this happen several times i mean he, and even yeah. since you've been reading this yeah. meetup between hal and his ghost dad has happened a few times, you yeah. know what I mean, where something will happen, there'll be some interaction. Even in like the Dark but Side this, War, we had a very didn't seem, similar It just thing. didn't seem like a really meaningful exchange no. between them. No. That it, anything it really happened, up. but it was enough, I guess, to give Hal that boost of confidence. Yeah, and that's needed. all it needed. He needed the confidence in his dad to tell him, not even just like, hey, son, I'm proud of you. But it was just like, you know what, I thought of you too. And listen, you do things your way. And I said his mom and his dad. It's just the picture of him and his dad, obviously. I, I don't know why I said mom. But uh, they're there. And it's just that whole thing of, you know, hey, son, you know, you do things a little different. Keep doing them that way. Keep doing what you're doing. It's like what there my grandfather go. told me in that fucking tape message from the, from the dead. And yeah. even so, like you said, do you get a resolution? Do you ever get the idea at this point and of all the things we've seen that this is something where Hal has these, you know, yeah, he misses his dad. He wishes yeah. his dad didn't die, but this has been played out over and over and over again. I don't feel like again. he's moved past something. I mean, for, for no. frankly, I thought he was pretty much okay with that. You know, he's yeah, dealt with too. his dad's death. That happened when he was a little kid. This isn't yes. something that happened, you know, 10 no. days ago or something. No, or it was when he was a little kid. And this, and exchange, yeah. this exchange, I mean, the exchange you'd want them to have or that they have actually had in the past where he's like, I know I died when you were little, but I've yeah. been, I watch over you. I believe in you. Yeah. You're my son. You're a great guy. This was yeah. kind of like, hey, sport, you yeah. can do it. You, you know, you do don't it. have You're to a be good like guy. an old man or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. You know, well, you like, know what? We have it in our blood. We we want to fly, and that that they're crazy. If we were cavemen, we'd still want to soar. Oh, really? That's interesting. Now, the other thing I can't remember what story it was, but there was one story that had a similar thing like this, and it might have been the Dark Side War one because you had that tie-in and you had some stuff like this. I can't remember which one it would have been, but it was one of those where Hal was getting too reckless, and then it was like he, his dead father talked to him about, listen, don't have a death wish because I died. You know, be your own person, and but you know, you'll you'll meet up with me on the other side. Just let's do it in time. You don't yeah, have don't to hurry rush there. it. And this would now, have been where there's an interaction. You know, yeah, what that's I mean? like, what you right. would have thought you were getting right here. That's what yeah. I'm like. Here we go again because he is about to push it to the point where he's gonna die right. just to kind of. It seems by the end just to prove that he can. And then his dad would show up. Listen, son, you don't have to do this. You do, there's nothing to prove. I love you. I always would have. Even if I wasn't there, I'm always – like you said, I'm always watching over you. But just take your time. 
You don't have to do it. And then somehow that makes Howell relax and then do the job that he has to do anyway. But this is nothing. This is really nothing. And, yeah, yeah. you have Light Ray then who's pissed off. Like, how dare that human think that he's going to take High Father? And High Father's like, no, no. You know what? I always think High Father would talk like Santa Claus for some reason. <laughs> but he's like, no. Ho, yeah, yeah. ho, ho, ho. Listen here, Light Ray. <laughs> But yeah, and he's like, uh, you know what? It, this is cool. This is cool, Light Ray. And, and then he just, you know, rides where Hal's dad was and goes off. And uh, that was just it. And they, he, then you have the whole tie-in of everything where High Father's like, hey, tell me of my son. How did Orion defeat the metal golem that Yuga Khan created to kill him? And I love Hal. He's so nice. He didn't. He died. That's what he yeah. says. It's just, nope. He yeah. died. Like he oh, just yeah, talked to his oh, goddamn man. dead father. He would know I what know. this would mean. Nah, he died. What? You withheld this knowledge from me. From me? <laughs> and then he's just like, settle in. Yeah, yeah. It's all under control, high father. But yeah, then they're like, you know what? The omega beams are on my six now. We're going. And then I have an idea. And of what he's going to do. And then you see the hokiest freaking cliffhanger page. I bet. Does does anybody think that this would be something? Do you think that when they're drawing that, they're like, boy, I'm going to be at these conventions. I'm going to be signing this bitch forever. It's the the fucking jet. You don't even see really how except in the little deal. And I like Rafa Sandoval's art. It's just it is such a hokey. It's a nice page. It's a nicely drawn page. It's just. Yeah, it's just just what it is. Like the big ghost Hal's dad in the back. Yeah, and you don't even see how. I I have no reason. I have no reason to really think this other than it's sort of tinted purple. Mm -hmm. But what if this house dad is a construct of the indigo, like the indigo tribe? That's Carol Ferris from behind. She's no, no. That that would be the. uh, Oh no! Yeah, that's not the indigo. That's indigo tribe. Or the it would be knock. Knock would Uh, just be there. Again, no. I really have. I really have. There's nothing to say this except that the ghost Hal's dad is sort of is sort yeah. of purple, a little bit. Uh, yeah. So you think uh, as far as the art throughout, though, this gave us a lot of chance to see Rafa Sandoval's awesome space. Oh yeah. Ways that he draws. Yeah, I like and, it. And all the art is absolutely on point. Yeah, it is. I love it. The the jet is drawn gorgeously. Interiors outside. Yeah. Everything looks. Perfect. This the, the issue is boring on. as shit. It's not There's worth the money. Going on. No. Uh, we could just we could just tell you right now. Hal grabs uh, high father, high father again and get, is running away from the omega beams. That's and what has a plan. And his yeah. dad's smiling from the cosmos. Yep. But yeah, that that's all you got. So it's so funny too when uh, when Hal's dad shows up. Uh, all I saw right away because of the lapel kind of thing in the jacket that is his label, his name badge said Jor, yeah. and it completely fucking confused me. I'm such an idiot. Jor-El, I'm like Jor. That, I'm saying I'm like Jor. Like, and then I realized that it's just Jordan. The others covered is that up. Jordy Barrel. Yeah, I'm like, what show? the hell? Yeah, what the hell is that? Jordy Belair, the freaking creative guy. Like, yeah, I'm like, I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, there's nothing going on in this book. What did you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, I really want. The- Give it a fuck you five because I do think it's a ripoff. I think that for three bucks, people following this would feel like this is bullshit, yeah. basically. It really is a placeholder. But I really couldn't go that low because the art is spectacular. I, it is. I, love it. it's, it, I think Rafa Sandoval is on his – he's been doing every issue. You know that, too. He hasn't yeah, been yeah. doing every other one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how he's doing, but I went 5.5 just for the art. 
Yeah, I would say that because of all that, uh, I will say if you are reading this and you're on a tight budget, I'd give it a fuck you five. If you don't yeah. mind an issue that does nothing but has gorgeous art, then I will go up to a 5.5. But they, so I'll go as a my score a 5.1. I, I the art is too good to give it a fuck you five. Uh, but really, it is like. You said it. This is one of the issues that if you ever want to point to what happens with twice a month shipping, uh, this is the poster child for it because this there's nothing to go on. And really, I can just imagine Robert Venditti writing this and it taking him about 10 minutes to write this this yeah. issue. There's no way that this, this might as well. And I don't know what it's going on. And like you said, Robert Venditti has been on, I believe, the whole series as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And, I don't think he missed one yet. Yeah. And it's like one of those things that maybe – there's a time to, if you are, you know, if you're going to do an issue like this, how about just getting someone for a one shot in or, you know, to do something else instead of, you know, throwing this out? Well, there I mean, so he, here's another way this issue could have gone. If this, we could have still made it a race between, you know, all the things we just said, you know, how the black racer mm -hmm. chasing whatever, but put stakes in the way. So yeah. have things happen. They could have made this like yeah. a rollicking, crazy action thing. There's a meteor storm. There's fucking and out yeah. comes the kund, the, the, you know. Yeah. Now the derelins arrive. Nebula, all those you know? classics. Anything, that... you know, I mean, it's 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 mayhem. That's another way this could have gone, and it could have been bonkers, and I and that would have been a great way to put another writer on. Yeah, well, and I'll, and I'll to, tell to you do... too when you're saying that if if I if, and those whole deal with the stakes, the thing is, the stakes are the black racer after Light Ray and High Father. The problem yeah. is, is the issue concentrates on if Hal can go fast enough. There's nothing, so it throws it's any true. stakes out the door to make it just a man. Can Hal do it? And I'll be honest. Number I'll be one, honest, in the beginning, when Hal Jordan's pushing it and he's pushing yeah. his, you know, construct jet and he's about to die, I get the impression he doesn't give a shit whether he saves the no. new gods or, or not. He no. just wants to, like you said, he just wants to beat the Black Racer. Period. Yeah, that's all he wants to do. He wants to win a race, and that that's why I think, and you really, you don't even get much of High Father and Light Ray till the very end anyway, and then it's basically High Father, like, you, shut up, Light Ray, I'm going with Hal, and so there was nothing to do, it just, but we'll move on to the next issue, where I'm telling you, uh, the Hal, it, there was nothing to do, this Suicide Squad, I just, it has to be going down to monthly soon. It really does. It just yeah. this book just there, nothing goes on that interests me at all, and things end up being retroactively changed and things like it just throws me off. But let's hear it, Reggie. What song do you have for this one? It is Suicide Squad number twenty-five, written by Rob Williams, art by Giuseppe Cafaro, Augustin Padilla, and Hi-Fi. Lay in order on my task force. Capture metas. With beams or claws, fit them all with Bluetooth brain bombs and make them all work for the cause. Touch me now. I'm possessed. It flees away. It must have been gulag, but it's over now. It must have been a ghost. That made me shout. It must have been Gulag, but it's over now. I almost caused a war that was close, no doubt. It must have been Gulag. Boom. 
Reggie, I, I have not heard a voice of an angel like that since Roxette. Since Roxette originally did that wonderful <laughs> since song. Since Roxette originally did it. I used to have a thing for fucking that, that chick in Roxette. She was hot. She was her I, name I, Roxette? I still have a thing for her. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I, I thought she was just beautiful. Beautiful, Reggie. Just like her <laughs> voice. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this issue, I just... Here's the thing. Like... I do like the art in this issue. I think yep. that I think that of anything, uh, Giuseppe Caffaro probably would have been it would have been pretty well served back in the day to have him do the issues when Jim Lee was doing just half because I I do think that especially as Harley I think yeah, the jive really a good lot closer. With, Although yeah. you notice something here, Jim again. On the last issue of an arc, they switch artists. I know. This, and why? I was going to say, that's why I was going to say why? this. This would have been good if he was like back then too. But this is why I think this book just has to be in trouble. They're constantly switching artists. It's like it's one of those books that if you're going to treat it – because to me, that's kind of an afterthought. That It's like, eh, you know what? Last issue of an arc, just throw this artist there. Just just do that. And it makes it just seem like nobody cares. And Rob Williams, you know, I could say that he's just left there, you know, with his, you know, junk in his hand. Uh, but that he still writes the scripts. And the story is just convoluted. You end up with things in it that you're like, when did that happen? And, oh, I remember that, but not quite like that and things like that. And basically all this ends up doing is throwing like four issues down the, the tubes to me because we, what we thought, Gulag has been mind-controlling Amanda Waller. And that's number one. You have Amanda Waller in this book that's supposed to be uh, – she's the wall, right? She's the one who right. is the big ba- – I mean she is the villain of her own book in this. And they even yeah. go with that. Harley even says it. But and in it's this always, series – It's always been that way too. This, yeah. is, this is her character. And, yes, and, that's, you know, that's what it should be. Earlier that's what in the I series, really- I remember we, we saw something happen. I think it must have been right around the uh, – Suicide Squad, Justice League crossovers, and I felt like yeah. Amanda Waller finally got her comeuppance, right? They yeah. they fucked with her kids, and they re- yep. she realized she was – and I remember saying at the time, I was like, I'm glad to see finally she gets a little bit of pay- more payback yeah. than yeah. usual. You know, she's a finally – but na- now at this point, she, she's on, been on the ropes for months now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I never That's saw what I'm saying. This is fucking yeah. head of a secret organization This is the life. problem. That the problem is she is the wall. She's supposed to be this thing that and, – and it's becoming ridiculous. She yeah. she is being mind-controlled now. She's this. She's, she's upset about her kids. She, she's yeah. horrible. Yeah, you she know? is. She's, she's terrible. Right out of there. <laughs> uh, get Harcourt back. We need her back. Please. She should be in charge because you have a book that based on an Amanda Waller being in charge and being the tough lady who's going to do whatever yeah. she wants. Never first off. You know, and yeah. she's Always. never going to kill any of these characters. That's why we said you need to change up the team and change it up to a point where we'll have a little bit of tension that she's going to all she does is uh, t- that brain bomb might as so well just be called is, yeah, it's a zapper now yeah. yeah it's a zapper that's all it is that's all you get is yeah. her giving them a headache and now she's been mind controlled which we thought she was anyway uh, but still it just you are taking we do, that. we do that at the end of the last one yeah. but yeah i mean it's it's been nonstop since about February where she's been on the like something is always wrong. Waller's been compromised. She can't. Yep. You know what I mean? She's fucking with this. She's she's uh, messed up because of her kids or because yep. you know Rustam is is fucking with her, running yep, around. It's you know all the deal. And, and I... It used to it used to be more like it was all part of her larger master plan, but not yeah, so much anymore. She's no. getting fucked with. 
lot. Yeah, you know she's what I getting mean? fucked with too much. And even even yeah. the whole thing going into this, she has put Harley in charge of the team. And that seems screwed up. But again, you're like, it's Harley. She's popular. We'll go with it. I thought that it was a good way for Rob Williams to kind of have some character development with this Harley and, you yeah. know, make her really, you know, once she would realize that these people, you know, Deadshot, Croc, all the, all the Suicide Squad, really their lives hang on the balance of whatever she does or doesn't do. I thought that that was a really good opportunity to have some Harley Quinn uh, character development, which unfortunately you rarely get. Harley Quinn is a caricature of her, a caricature. And yeah. she's just, and I thought we were going to get some more. And you don't really get that. But then, like you said, Rob Williams seems to have focused on Amanda Waller and trying to make her more human and more vulnerable. But that's not what you need in this book. That's not how this I'd book wanna, is I would set want up. her fired. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't want her in control of my CIA. Yeah, no. You know what I, I mean? I, I wouldn't either. She's too vulnerable. Yeah, really. She, she's been compromised too many times. <laughs> She'd be out. Uh, you know, they should just – she should be retired. And I don't know what they're going to go with. I get the idea of the only way in my crazy mind that it does lead to is that at some point somebody is going to at least pretend or whatever. But those kids have to be taken out. They have to die. It's But if you're going to have Amanda Waller just have this thing in the back of her mind constantly and the fact that Harley trash talks her about it in this issue that yeah. I just like, this can't continue. You can't have the Suicide Squad have one up on uh, Amanda Waller now as well without Amanda Waller really being willing to press the button. Now, the other thing is you have all these Suicide Squads around the world. And I, I, this button that hardly ends up like it, there's no input of a code or anything. I mean, this I is a press of a button that blows up thousands of villains around the fucking world. It's crazy. But. Which annoyed me because, okay, so again, another way this could have gone would be that they are able to protect, uh, you know, they're able to stop, yeah, you know, uh, Amanda Waller from doing her thing, but yeah. they can't stop the other teams and that yeah, becomes no. the thing they have to deal with for the and next there's arc. so many oh, there's so I, I, many it, it would have been crazy I, I i'm imagining all these other like international super villains and stuff or yeah you know other suicide squads and like this because this could actually you could milk that for quite oh, a oh, good it could, arc, it could be think. two goddamn trades it, it really could be, could be. <laughs> you know suicide squad versus squad suicide and then have some Whatever, i mean yeah. you could have a huge story of them just no. and really if you're going to do any of that you go around, and basically you could have the coolest characters that fight them. But no, no, we're not going to get that. We, get just, this shut, we just shut them down, you know, because Harley stops, uh, just blows them all up uh, at once. Their brain bombs work just fine. Yeah, yeah. They're Suicide just, squads are only nausea-inducing. Oh, they, they don't like set that. them to 11. There, There is a <laughs> dial that we're not aware of that they go. But really all this is is we find out where – Harley and the Suicide Squad are still chasing Batman and Killer or, uh, Killer Frost, and they're trying yeah. to knock them out of the sky. And then we find out that Gulag has been brain, you know, mind controlling Waller this whole time. At one point, they let you know actually, that right up front too. You can yeah. see like her eyes are all like oh, yeah. low and weird, so you yeah. know something's up here. Yeah, and she's going to use her iPod that also is a brain bomb exploder. You know, she's yeah. going to press the button and it gets knocked out. And really, other than that, you know, you have well, them saying the other thing that annoyed the shit out of everybody, I'm sure, which is that Captain Boomerang comes back and saves yep. the day. Yeah. And he like, does. here's a guy. They left this man 
for dead. Now, one yep. thing that one thing that pissed me off, you know, Katana kind of takes charge behind the scenes, and she gets Enchantress, who basically is just their teleporting yeah. vehicle yeah. to save him. Yep. And yeah. it's like that's that's bullshit. Like, yeah, if he had fought his way back to a Hungar- Hungarian village. Yep. And then fought his way back to America and maybe had some retribution, learned a lesson why he shouldn't be a yeah, dick. Nope. Then I'd be a, but, but there's no just redemption. Go get him. Nope. Just just go chill, get him. He was chilling for a little while. They go grab him. He comes back. He saves the day. And the fact that, the fact that he saves the day is just bullshit. I just, I just don't yep. it's feel good about it. At the end, they're all like, they're all, you know, teamed up in a, in a pose like they're best friends again. Yeah. Fucking Har- Harley tried to crush his brain to his Yeah, ago. and even at the beginning of this, when he comes back, she even says, like, oh, Jesus Christ, you killed Hack. It's all this Hack. And he, that didn't change. He still did. But in the meantime, you just have him come back and you have, and I think that the, the worst part of it is what you said about Enchantress. You have them, they're trying to get Batman and Killer Frost. Enchantress could just look at them and teleport them to a cell in Bell Rev in sure. an instant. But instead, she's off trying to get fucking Digger? What 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 the hell is that? Like, whoever Baloney, is, yeah. again, is this, are we supposed to believe that it's because Harley's crazy that she would do this? But you have, a, an Enchantress has to get off the team. She is too powerful with what she does. Uh, you know, in my mind, she could just look and, and fucking dissolve all these brains. Like, there's so many things that she well, could I mean, do. She, she turned a plane into a dragon, which I yeah. love. But if she, she could do that, what can't she she do? Yeah, why, why, uh, are you, why don't you have her in everything? They're like, okay, this mission we have to capture Batman. Done. Boom. That's all it would be. But because put, of that. Put Batman in cell. Okay, yeah. this time now we have to assassinate. Okay, I put that guy in the fucking yeah, okay, Marvel he, volcano at the end. Yeah, yeah. I just I just put him, yeah, I just put him in a Hawaiian volcano. He's now dead. What do we have to do next? She could have a to-do list that she just checks off everything that the Suicide Squad has to do in a year in about five seconds. And yeah. because of that, they always end up having her. Rob Williams has to have her out of the picture. And this is she was an errand girl. She they really, they really get... should have come up with something for her where it's like she needs a cool down period. Yes, yeah. Or every yeah. time she uses magic, her, it's like causes her unbearable pain. Yeah, or something or, you like that. You know, like Katana in. has the yeah. soul taker, but it's always fucking with her. You know what I mean? Everyone has a little like a yeah. hubris. Yeah, and yeah, and even doesn't... even with you have Katana, which again, it's kind of he has Rob Williams has so many characters at his disposal, but he really only likes to use Harley. Uh, Amanda Waller, and he does let Croc. Uh, Deadshot yeah. just stands in, and yells things. He barely does anything. And then El Diablo, I'm telling you, you cannot convince me that he was Why in this book seven there? issues ago because we were reading it, and I did not see El Diablo for the longest time. And then all of a sudden he shows up, and he has like three words to say. I'm like, the fu- I know he was there, I think, last issue, but before that, I don't think he was around for he many issues. He wasn't there for months, for many uh, yeah. months, yeah. And he just showed up. Nobody even said, like, where the hell were you? <laughs> yeah. Even if he was in Bell Rev and when they got rid of Boomerang, they needed to, for some reason, the magic number needed to be filled and they got him back, but just nonsense. It's they they so definitely need to rotate these guys. Another thing about, like I said about Captain Boomerang, though, you know, we knew he was coming back. No one yeah. in their right yeah. mind thought he was not going to come back in some form. But it's so unearned. It's yeah. so, I don't know, easy, uh, you know, forced yeah. is, is the way you would put it. Uh, yeah. It just really disappoints the shit in me. I did love the uh, grenade boomerangs where he yeah. taped grenades he to boomerangs. He taped grenades. To, he to, always brings some funny. And, and yeah. to his credit, Rob Williams 
is good at some interactions, but the, yeah. it's the overall story. I mean, it's, and what's funny is I feel like Rob Williams has nailed a lot of the harder parts, which is yeah. some of the dialogue. But although not there is the little, easy stuff. There's some. There's a lot of exposition that maybe goes too far. Amanda Waller's just yakety yakking about yeah. this whole plan. But uh, you know, over you know, there are some like moments that that I smiled. But the story is not satisfying at no. all. You know, it's really is just drags out. And in the end, what happens here wipes away everything that we built up. To. Everything like, we have oh. because you have you have Captain Boomerang comes back. Amanda Waller, who's uh, got Gulag, is you know there. She's going to press the button. She's going to kill them all. Gulag is, and yeah. then. It uh, freaking Captain Boomerang comes, stops that, and then basically Katana shows up, and you have like the hero, the 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 team page, and they're like, you know what, all this, it's up, and Katana's gonna use the soul, you know, the Soul Taker sword to get Gulag out of Amanda Waller and rip him out of the mind control, and that that's basically it with them. And then she yeah. just says, oh, you know what? They couldn't recruit me. They possessed me. Carla was controlling me. It wasn't me. And you have the whole thing with director Carla and stuff that really you don't get anything Well, with he's that. killed himself. So, yeah, so yeah. That's well, done, that's what you, know? you get. I'm saying are, at this point, done, you know? at this point, you're wondering what the hell's going on where yeah. people are reading it. And like, I'm telling you, they probably forgot about Carla. They go, he has killed himself, like you said. And then so basically what you have left is they have to get rid of all of these these international you know things and Tanko Grod was there and he's the one who gets blown up I believe by uh, yeah. by boomerang boomerang tapes grenades he tapes to a grenade boomerang and it hits him hits a, like a bunch of them in the uh, in his glass in his dome mask, and it yeah. blows them up that blows up and again there is a awesome character design at least that I really liked he's done and then yep. you have what could have been like oh man we're gonna get to see some of these other suicide squads they go into director Carla he has done what I love. Is bitten down on the cyanide, you know, tooth or whatever. Uh, so, so he's dead. The self-injected cyanide capsule ingested, I mean. And then they're like, "Oh no! All of these suicide squads around the world are now going to attack everyone. We're all in big trouble." Harley goes to the computer, taps five keys, presses a button, and kills them all. And then you see them, and I'm like. This is the the craziest thing about this is they're like going to show you around the world these bad guys and it has to be every like member of the Justice League involved with shit and you even have Black Canary there and Vixen mm-hmm. so you'd have the Justice League of America but then you I have, wish we could read these stories yeah, you know you have like, cyborgs cool. yeah cyborgs you know got one of these soldiers up and their heads all blow up and, and he's and look, confused he looks all, like, scared to shit oh yeah like, he's so confused <laughs> you have you know Superman it's just nonsense it's really nonsense and then Harley's like listen you put me in charge and that that was the what he thought was the the character development or whatever was amanda waller saying i put you in charge yeah that was you know that wasn't gulag it it was me as well because i just thought you'd just destroy everything like i wanted the the suicide squad to just kill themselves i figured you're wacko you'll fuck it up and then then it ends with harley like basically like well you know what i'd rather be dead then be one of your fucking slaves and the rest of the team agrees and then Amanda Waller presses the taser button and they're all oh, oh, and they're like you're my suicide squad you don't get to choose I'm like really we're back to this like all the shit that Amanda Waller has done wrong and that's what we get at the end is her tasing them with their mind you know the brain bombs to give them a fucking headache and yeah. that's the end of that. And it's weird when it says the end. And it's weird anytime that it says end, 
I always think that the series is over, but it's obviously not. But it, then there's an epilogue, and there's an art change that I I think it takes a little dip. I'm not a, a huge fan. It's it's no. good though, but it's basically. Amanda Waller telling Batman, I'm sorry, I was mind-controlled. You know what? Here's the people, the paperwork of the people to figure out what's going on and stuff like that. And there's a little dialogue between her and Killer Frost because of that. But the the problem is you kind of even lost track of this whole Batman Killer Frost thing by the end. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. at one point they're going to shoot him down right, and this, they this don't. This epilogue seemed weirdly long to me. I don't know, yeah, what, you know what I mean. Like, all right. You want to have this last scene where Waller makes peace with Batman, that's fine. Yeah, you but have it's to. It's like you... four pages. I don't yeah, really and understand it is, and why you it's have so to much. have it's, that, uh... though, only because you would think that Batman would be after Waller then. So you try to make it so – but it is. It's just I don't know, it's five pages. It's five yeah, pages it's of nonsense. it, plus, plus a little thing at the end. I'm like, yeah, and then yeah, the that, that could have been two pages, you know, and Batman still could have said the same thing. You know what I mean? You – your reckless, you know, whatever use of uh, yep. villains and blah blah yeah, blah it's blah. The same old, same it just, old. It just goes on and on, and then we get a little teaser for the next <laughs> so issue. Crazy. That that's it's crazy. cool. It's know. crazy. They they're there, and you see. First off, it looks like a quarter of the goddamn moon blows up, but nobody's gonna know this. The fucking moon's blowing <laughs> well, up. But yeah, it's the dark side. So yes, it cool. is. Yes, <laughs> the dark side. Don't tell Brian Hitch that he gets very upset at the term of the dark side of the moon. But then you have the old deal where there's this, you know, I don't know, space station or spaceship going around, Something and it. Bad. It, it's crazy because it is Rick Flagg and Karen Grace, original so, members of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, this would be the Silver Age Suicide Squad. Yeah, this squad. is old the school. One that really no one even talks about, like the no. one that was somewhat pat and boring. None of them had superpowers. They were just no. sort of a covert yep. team. And uh, Karen sort of was like the shield, yeah, yeah, and Karen was, was like the doctor, but her and Rick had a, you know a relationship, and it's just. It's crazy. It's like what what is going on? It's almost like they've come back. Are they going to want sex this Rick? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know where they. I want to point out one more thing about the people's plan. This is something I put in my review. Okay. But I really thought about it. This plan to activate, you know, criminals around the world with brain bombs and have them go capture superheroes so they can use those heroes, put brain bombs in them, and also have this unlimited meta task force. Well, part of the problem is. The reason these supervillains are in prison is because the fucking superheroes put them there. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're you're acting like they're just gonna go out and and wrap these guys up. Yeah. It's gonna be the biggest fucking fights of their lives. It's gonna be. Oh yeah. It's gonna be World War Three, Four, World War Nine. You know what I mean? It's, as, it's gonna be say, World War Nine. So if you even if you can't even blow up a planet, okay. So then you let's say you have all the metas. Yeah. What do you need them to do? I don't know because. They're, they're, you've... <laughs> no, already, what it is, you know, here's the problem is you, you get the villains. They're all they have to get the medals, right? Well, who's gonna put the villains back in jail? That's there all it's go. gonna be. Then you have the the brain bombs in the metas who now have to put the villains back in jail. And then then the metas, they'll start talking back, then the villains will be let out again and then we'll get, we'll go back and forth. It'll just it's a never ending cycle here. Uh, oh, you know, boy. of fun. That's how uh, budgets get blown up, you know what I mean? Yes. That's how we get well, what do you? What did you think of this? What did you give it? Uh, I, you know, I was, I was sort of annoyed in it, but like I said, a lot of the character interactions, frankly, having given Green Lantern five point five, I shouldn't have gone so high on this, but I, I was more mad with Green Lantern because I really felt like that was a total yeah, ripoff. Yeah, well, that was that was a ripoff. Whereas, as this is, this is just sort of deflating. I ended up giving it a six out of ten. I'll give it a six out of ten too. I actually really liked the art. I, I actually saw some people online. They didn't like the art here. I I don't know I like why that that I style think. I really really like, especially in this it's got a book. Thick inking style. I think it yeah. actually had to do a lot 
I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm sure both of them work together, but the inker did a lot of work on that to make yeah. it look really yeah, I really I know, liked thick it. and and juicy. It looked great. Yeah, yeah uh, so Augusta that I like. Yeah. And yeah, and again, if you go through this whole thing, it's one of those. And this is where we had the issue uh, before with Dalton when he wanted to, you know, how how can you give us this score and then that score for another? But within this book. This is kind of par for the course, so I can't really say that, oh, my God, this is the worst ever because this is about the kind of issue that I expect. There's, you know, you don't, Rob Williams is having problems using all the characters. You have Enchantress that he doesn't do anything with. Croc yeah. is there for a one-liner, but that, that's what you get. So I guess I'm just, I'm used to it and whatever. So a 6 out of 10, it's still not a great score, but, yeah, I, I would give it it's that. It's not I don't garbage, this book, no. but it, it really is nothing to I get think that it about. needs to be tightened up and make it a monthly book the problem is with all the issues i don't think that we've had one where we went from twice a month to monthly and said oh my god this is what i've been waiting for that's what i'm scared of is that yeah. they, these people like well, rob williams i think that you're better off if you go to monthly immediately change the creative team as well because i think that they're in this mode of writing these issues the way they are and if it is Ooh. i think and i don't think it's them like huh now i can you know if i write 12 issues that used to be six months now i have six months off i can go on vacation now but i think they're in the mode of this storytelling and i think we still end up not getting a better book but this i think that it deserves to be monthly that the sales are okay but it just yeah. nothing seems to happen. And now we're done with this people nonsense. Maybe Amanda Waller will be kick ass coming back and she'll start blowing up fucking brain bombs or something. I, I think Rob Williams still has the chops. I love Rob uh, Williams. Like, That's like, the, like problem. The, the details are really cool. I really, I really like, like I say, a lot of the interactions. I love the grenade bombs. Like, you know, I mean, it, little things like that, I feel like add everything to this book. But yeah. the overall stories have just been lame. So, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. really still hoping, uh, like I say, not garbage, but no, you can it's avoid not garbage. It. Don't 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 waste your money if you are no. on a, on a budget. Believe me, there are other things out there. Yes. Well, the next one and the final book of this section is kind of the same way, uh, but this is not the regular Harley book. It's an you know an anniversary special. So I actually was a little more positive and actually was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. But tell us about me it. Too. It is. Harley Quinn 25th Anniversary Special Number 1, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, Paul Dini, Daniel Kibble Smith, and Chip Zdarsky. Art by Paul Mount, Bengal, Dustin Yin, Chad Harden, Alex Sinclair, Bab Sar, Annie Wood, David Lafuente, John Rauch, Greg Takini, Kamomi Shirahama, and Joe Quinones. Yes. Quinn had a man, but that shit had to end so she could move to Coney with 50 of her friends. Never meant to be, be more than a cartoon funny. Now she's making DC half of all its money. She's Quinn. She's Quinn. Sometimes she's hot. She's Quinn. She's Quinn. She's Quinn. She kills a lot. There you go. That's good. I like Lump. I was singing that to Eric last week because every time he would mention that he thinks Lump is involved in Mr. Miracle, i bust in the song so he'd shut his mouth. He, he won't talk about it anymore because I just start jumping in. He <laughs> just starts singing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. You you mentioned a lot of artists in, in that credits page because there are pinups. This is one of those. It's an anniversary. And I think that uh, some people are going to get a little confused going into this. This is not because a – Because two issues ago we had the 25th Had the number 25. This issues. is not a number 25. This is not anything that they have to stay in continuity, which they kind of do. 
They, they actually are bit. very good with it a little in some of the stories. But this is a celebration. This is a 25th anniversary. So this isn't the, quote, you know, the extra size 25. But because of the 25, they, I'm telling you, I think some people would get confused. But in this, yeah. because when we get this sort of issue a lot, you end up with pinups. And I'm telling you, if, if this was a little cheaper – I would tell you that the pinups are almost worth just getting by Absolutely. themselves because I love them. I think that the it's, pinups are it's four ninety nine, and I yeah. said to you even before I recorded. And I, I'm always, I really am a cheap fuck. Yes, you are. <laughs> you you a really sent on that. But yes. really, a buck less. I think this would be an awesome value for you know. It, the good thing about this book, I want to say out front, is that if you if you fell off of the regular Harley book, yep. you haven't been reading this series, but you're a fan of the character. This is perfect. This is a perfect is. book that someone that really likes the character, but maybe hasn't been up on the latest yeah. stuff or just whatever. Like you know, maybe yeah. you, you got you know pushed away. And, like and I again, was, you I say kidding. that it's not it's not that you're not saying to read this and this will get you back into the oh, no. regular book. No, you just if you miss Harley, if all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I haven't been reading that regular Harley. It's twice a month. I can't really put the money down that much and all this stuff. And I wasn't liking the you know the progression of the story. You can just – if you crave a little Harley, you get it here. You, you yeah. And you get it throughout like a lot of different – Yeah, that's what I'm stuff, saying. You get a bunch of different things. It's awesome. And especially yeah. if you were like, you know what? I really like – I love the character Harley and I really like that Paul Dini backups, but I don't like the red – you get that you know, here. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know what happened because – in in the new fifty two and and the DCYOU we had the Batgirl of Burnside and Babs Tar was the artist there and I did not like her but God damn it I saw that Gotham Siren like the the thing there with her in this that pinup mm-hmm. and I fucking love it I'm like it what the great. hell and have you seen the this. art for her book Motor Crush I haven't read yes. the book but I see the yeah. art sometimes it looks it looks great I think yeah. she just I mean frankly that was her first comic you know that Batgirl. Yeah. God, she yeah, had never I, yeah, done a I comic know. before that. God she was just sort of an it. illustrator. So I think Tell she kind of had to get her uh, motor her, going her on that. You know? Yeah, I, I'm, it's these pinups. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're <laughs> all so good. I sat there and I read this before. And I'll, I'm the first to admit when we do your books and things like that, where Harley usually is the last book I read. And sometimes uh-huh. it's become a real chore this wasn't a real chore. It was fun. Uh, you know, you, you had the jokes again that are missing from the regular deal. And I'm looking at, and what was the, uh, I, I would say, I don't want to say, but the Japanese artist that was mentioned. Oh, uh, the, the pen up at Takari, the end, which right? was Kamomi Shirahama. I love, I love yeah, she, that too. She or he is, this is the third time I've seen art by this person. They okay. did a, a variant and another cover and. God, this is really good shit. I really, really like it. But yeah, I was just yeah. going through the pinups again, going. But yeah, you have all these, you know, you have a couple different stories here. And we're not going to go fully into the, you know, every panel. But the first one starts with Red Tool and Harley playing Truth or Dare. And right there, having Red Tool, I was like, you know what? That's cool. Like, I expected this to be just craziness of all these other things. But it even ties into when Harley, Ivy, and Catwoman went to Vegas and you had this mm-hmm. you know side story there and where they end up you know stopping a robbery and this guy who owns the casino just lets them have you know the presidential suite and they decide to have a party and it's fun there's you know Elvis Elvi 
there, yeah. you know, impersonators. You have oh, a, it's there's great. a they're rhino. all in bear suits. There's it all reminds the me, of bunnies, you know what yeah, I mean? They're going nuts funny. over there. This party, the I never time, saw. This yeah. is almost like as good as the one in Bachelor Party. That's what I was going to say. I didn't say. see any pill popping donkeys anywhere. No, but you know? I'm telling you, if you were watching that with us last month at the Get Fresh crew, this is, by the time things go crazy at this party, it's Bachelor Party. You know, there's yeah. a rhino, there's all these things. There's that, a guy juggling armadillos. Yeah, it's armadillos. Awesome. I just was going to say <laughs> that. They, you know, you have a real skinny guy with a, a large lady on his shoulders, like the craziest stuff. A monkey in a goddamn bellhop suit with a goddamn bottle of champagne going around and, and shit, just crazy shit, which is hilarious. And then obviously then the guy who owns the hotel, he gets pissed off, you know, and, and ends up, you know, having some problems. He comes in and then they go to take the party on the road and then it pulls back and you find out that Red Tool and Harley are actually playing cards or truth or dare in the back of a truck that's supposed to be for fucking uh, human trafficking and these guys show up to get their humans and they open up and open fire with the last thing being hey whoever kills the most people gets a, a back massage or a full body massage from the other person with baby oil and stuff like that and I'm like it's pretty funny uh, you know that's the kind of deal and yeah. that's the problem I have is that's Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. So where is this in the regular book? Because this is the most fun I've had of one of their stories in quite some time. And well, the they, didn't, they, didn't, they don't have to tie in. Maybe yeah, the other that's the thing. Loose Maybe. Ends. As a matter of fact, they, they tie up a loose end that I hadn't even thought about from a long time ago. And they do it in a fun one-off yeah. Yeah. way. You know, this is, the, this is the thing, the missing segment of time that they stretch into a six-issue series with I was power girl. Say, this is I mean, the same thing to. this is this is great yeah. you know just i was this. actually i i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to say that because when you did have in the new 52 when you had the power girl harley arc in the new 52 which was great they ended up making it a lost panel would be the six page or the what happened on the edges of the panel type deal or the page that's exactly what this is this is exact and this is fun and it's it's the perfect that's the problem i think that we i get the idea now because as i go it's about what a 12 page story something like that maybe yeah. a 10 something and like that. it's the perfect length you're reading it and there is no nine pages nine pages yeah. it's the perfect length and maybe that's the problem maybe they they did have that paul dini backup at the one point maybe what they need to do from now on going forward is have two two separate one-shot stories each two, cool. every two weeks and just have some fun and if you want to tie them into as one one issue is one arc. You know, you'll have two right. small stories and then just go from there. Don't have these drawn out. They they end up making everything so drawn out. Kind of what they did book. do for a little while with Suicide Squad, then stopped out of nowhere. Remember? You know, like they had, yeah. Yeah. Remember they had yeah. artists per issue or they were kind of like filling in a full story. Yeah. And then yeah. at filling the end, they the just dropped deal. it for some reason. Yeah, they just dropped that. But yeah, I just, I, the nine pages seems just great for, for them to write a story because I like that. Then the next story is just, Harley's birthday. I mean, that's all it is. This, is that... this one I liked. I liked because, of it's, course, it's, it's, the, it's the trick ending. So Harley thinks that the Joker doesn't remember her birthday. She's going to, like, try and to celebrate for it, herself. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, or care about it. He, yeah, he they, he, he's, like, he's just like, no, I got to go pull a heist. I don't care. He doesn't even bring it up. She remembers all her shitty birthdays as a kid. Actually brings up her brothers, which we just learned about. Like, yeah. some of this stuff about her childhood we never really knew until a couple of issues yeah. ago. So. That's something I don't know if I really care so much about that. But then it no. turns out 
that there's a big surprise party for Harley, and it was because Poison Ivy forced the Joker yes. to do it. You know what I and, mean? Like yeah. against his will. And, and the cool uh, thing about it is you think the Joker, and, and I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but as it was going on, I kind of got the idea that it, I, I started getting the idea that he was planning a party, but he wants this heist. And he starts calling the craziest villains. And I thought, ooh, this is going to be like Ocean's Eleven with, with yeah. Joker. I started actually getting excited for the pe- – like, oh, my God, there's going to be a heist with Joker, Cobblepot, Selena Kyle, Killer Croc, Mad Hatter, freaking Boomerang, and, and yeah, all that, that stuff. <laughs> but it, it's funny, too, because as I go back, because a- as it's going, you do have Joker. He's in his car, and he's calling people, and I didn't even notice at one point that the phone is getting handed to him by Ivy. You see the the green fingernails because he's calling everybody. And then, yeah, he calls Mad Hatter. And it's even that. She's like, I've got the Mad Hatter and hands him the phone. And he grabs it and he's getting mad, but you don't get the idea. that It's weird, too, as it's going. I'm like, okay, you got Penguin. You got, you know, Catwoman, Killer Croc. You got Mad Hatter. Captain Boomerang? I was like, what the fuck? That was sort of weird, but okay. Yeah, but basically, like you said, the whole wraparound. There's the walrus. Yeah, I mean, and then you're right though. They play it straight where you think you think Joker really did set this up at first, and then sort of on the last page you see that Harley uh, Ivy poisoned him. Yeah. So and she's got the antidote, so he's got to do it. I was like, I liked it. That was fun. Then you got the Babs Tar pinup that you love, and even this Andy Wu is awesome. Uh, This last one with her and 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 Ivy was a lot of fun. I like the art style in this. It's it's unusual. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I dig it, you know, and I like the way. I actually, the, I actually liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, why? Because it, it was just different. You don't yeah. get this art. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I want to see this every day, but no. here's an, an anthology is the perfect place yeah. to, sh- to showcase. She has the Harley kind of says relax shirt uh, on, and Ivy's like there. But I'm telling you, the first page where they're just walking down the street, it really. It really looks cool. I mean, yeah. it, this art to me, it, it actually to me, it, it reminds me a lot of Tank Girl. Uh, the art there, and I, I like it. I think it's sure. cool. So, yeah, and it goes on, and it's basically Harley and Ivy, and Swamp Thing shows up, and it makes me laugh because Harley thinks the worst food ever in New York and everywhere would be vegetables, and I agree with her. Who wants vegetables? They're disgusting. And uh, But, you know, Swamp Thing grows out of it, and then it's funny because we're, we were talking in the Slack chat with all the Get Fresh crew and things like that, and Tom King's Swamp Thing issue with uh, Batman keeps coming up, and I'm like, I wonder if anybody's online right now, like, going gaga about this swamp thing showing up you know what i mean like how much they love that dumb king i'm like i don't think that's happening but i think it's more interesting because at the point he needs ivy and this is something that me and eric have had uh talks with i don't mind ivy being with swamp thing and in fact i like the team up eric hates that they have tied ivy into the quote-unquote the green but it makes sense. Uh, you know no, what I mean? It makes but, sense. It, you know, you have to wonder, like, okay, there's an avatar of the green. So, obviously, I, Ivy can't be the avatar. But she obviously is connected to the green. And I like this that it's actually spelled out. That Swamp Thing has to kind of, you know, give her steroids, the green steroids, to get her powers up so she, that she, she could even enter says, the green. She says, my connection to the green isn't exactly yeah. on your level, Swampy. But I yeah, would expect I- her to have. So that's where she draws her yeah, her powers yeah, from. I also to. like the fact that despite the fact that Poison Ivy is a villain, and I know that she kind of does fit that 
gray area. Yeah, yeah. Watch yourself, she, Reggie. She Watch is, yourself. I know, I know. I'm not trying to make a problem here, but <laughs> since she's technically, you know, she's on at least on the Harley villain side. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but where the green is concerned, where those no, yeah. situations are concerned, she can meet up with Swamp Thing. You know, that that's oh, like yeah. an overarching thing. So it worked perfectly for me. I, I was 100% on oh, board. Oh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on board. And, yeah, this is the thing where the green, it, it's concerned with the green. And what, what Ivy does yeah. – it, she's a hundred percent hero in the green. I right. can't say that she'd be anything but that. Yes, because of that, it tends to make her get to be around the van. I got to watch myself, Reggie. But yeah, she'll <laughs> go over the line to protect the green. And right. you know, if I was going to say what I think that she would be, is that you do have Swamp Things, the Avatar, the green. She's like a soldier of the green that she is a she's fighting in the trenches for the green every day where Swamp Things shows up for big, you know, big green problems. And he's so the, I thought he's it was the boss, great. you know what yeah, I mean? He's, he's the, the boss. CEO or whatever. Yeah. He's the, so you know, I love uh, I think I think Ivy should be part of the green just like I think Beast Boy should be part of the red still. Uh, right. I think it makes complete sense. And so when when me and Eric have had our arguments, basically Eric just begins and ends with there's already Avatar of the Green. Well, with Poison Ivy, this doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, out with her. But this spells it out for me. And I thought, boy, in a really just a one shot little story in a Harley Quinn 25th anniversary special, I actually can yell at Eric Shea and say that it's <laughs> now been solved because he ends up giving her this bigger connection, you know, almost like turning it up to 11. Yeah. Yeah, so she that has to she inhale, can go. like a green a green heroin yeah. or something. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the, the, yeah, really. And uh she, it's asparagus breath is, is what it really is. But then it's so funny because it is a little bit forced here because she she seems to pass out. And Harley freaks out and says, "Oh my god, I got to give her you've, mouth you've to seen mouth." Junkies, you know they you know they can pass out. That is true at <laughs> any know? point. We had this girl who would work in the back of our in the factory part of our work. So we would see her, me and Eric are doing our things, and you'd see her walk out from the back. And the back, I'm telling you, this is like like factory, basically, piece work. So she, you know, she comes out, and she was walking, and she, you know when people pretend they're walking down the stairs behind, like, a desk right, or right. something? Yeah. She, she was doing that as she was walking out of the, and just started going lower and but she, lower. she wasn't being funny, was no, she? No, uh, she was not pretending she was going to the basement and lower and then just fell over and we thought she was dead. Now, this was a couple summers ago and we really thought she was dead. And then I said, no, no, because I, I kind of had word from people of the, the crazy shit that this girl was doing. And then somebody came running and like, oh, my God, do you think we should give mouth to mouth? And I'm yelling from the do not do that. Just like swapping. I'm like, <laughs> don't know. And the, I'm like, she's just passed out. And if she isn't, you better call the police and, and the, the ambulance because they're going to have to do a, a fucking, you know, they're going to have to resuscitate her with a kit here this is yeah. nothing that you're gonna do and They'll yeah do a toxicology it, sample uh, on it was one. yeah it was crazy i just i've never seen somebody just go from what and just, and well, i've just got a woman down. i've got a woman that actually works in my department and as you know i work in an office you know yeah, so yeah. i i work theoretically with a bunch of professionals and whatever this woman is so fucked up on drugs all the time i can't even tell you one okay. weekend she stayed in the office all weekend because she had an abscess in her arm from yeah. from shooting heroin and cocaine and didn't like know basically didn't know how to deal with it like was just hoping no. it would go away and just stayed had, there 
She stayed there. She was there Monday morning. She looked like she was fucking – her skin was yellow. You know what I mean? Nice. She looked like a, a piece of garbage. Then she had to go to the hospital for a couple of weeks. But you know how it is here in the United States of America. You cannot get fired for drug addiction. So yeah, please. Yeah, I was just going to say. She enjoy probably got a your vacation, right? <laughs> they yeah, gave she, her a vacation. Sent, they sent her off to rehab. She's back now, and she's on She's on. She's on doing, shit uh, again. Drinking, of course. That sucks. Uh, that but sucks. anyway, but uh, yeah. Yeah, well, what happens is she, yes. In the office, but yeah. Poison yeah, so, Ivy, yeah, no, she crazy. out. Yeah, poison. Back to poison. <laughs> she she passes out like the lady in Reggie's goddamn. Did she eat out of the like the snack machine? Do you even have snack machines in in your office? Do we you do have, actually. Yeah, do you have more a, of like a sandwich machine, or is it just oh, candies? Oh, a lot of gum in that machine. No, nah, candy and chips and nuts okay. and shit like that. See, it, we only okay. have the one for the whole building for like several oh, hundred really? people. I was I was uh, thinking in, in those fancy offices, a lot of times, a lot of uh, certs and fucking gum. Because actually, let me tell you something. <laughs> if, so you, if, there, if there's ever an apocalypse, Jim, you know, say yeah. the day after tomorrow happens. I'm heading around. And, and you find yourself in an office building and you're, you're yes. trapped in there. You can't get out. Just start rifling through the drawers. You'll have a fucking seven-course yeah, yeah. meal you never yeah. had in your life. The, pe- That's the food true. people keep in their desks is unbelievable. It's nonsense. Oh, yeah, my God. Just... I mean, every cookie and chip and candy – yeah. Under the sun, beef jerky. I mean, you, you. You, you'd, be, you'd be eating like a king for weeks. At our work, I, I just want to, you know, go behind the veil a little, behind the curtain. You, if if you want food at our place, you go to Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn has a stash of candy. I can't yeah. figure out where it is. Like the guy can't figure out how to tie his own shoes. I don't know where he hides this candy because he'll he'll say to you, "Hey, you want some of them Reese's?" And I'll be like. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have some Reese's. And then he'll disappear for about two minutes and come out with like 17 Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, here you go. Wow. I'm like, thank you. Uh, yeah, oh, it's the best. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people. You this might one not guy. I want to know where he's keeping them. I'll be no, honest. No, well, with you. that's might, true. Well, might be this that situation. might be. I'll go with that. I'll go with it. But yeah, Eric won't eat them. Eric won't touch them. I'm like, they're, they're not. It's not like he pulls out just one cup. I'm like, they're in packages. And then I thought at one point we actually, I felt bad because Eric had me convinced that he says that and then runs and buys them for me at the, the, uh, the machine. But this machine at our work has gone down the tubes. This motherfucker, I got to get a hold of this guy because there's probably three candy bars and one bag of chips now because nobody buys. It's like one of those things. He doesn't put anything in, so then he doesn't make money, and then he seems pissed also. No diet soda. He has two soda machines. No diet soda. Gets me Weird. angry. Gets me no, so no angry. No option I don't, at all? No diet no, soda? Coming no, in no, nothing. He has Mountain Dew. Freaking uh, Code Red, Dr. Pepper, and Sprite. That's it. But it's two whole machines. The one machine has, I think, six different buttons, and five of them are just Mountain Dew. So ridiculous. And I'm telling you, I don't drink a lot of soda anymore. But when I do, I just, you know, sometimes I want to diet soda. There's none there. Then I got to drink that fucking water. Who wants to drink water? That Not sucks, me. Yeah. Not this you guy, especially because when you're drinking the water, you'll have occasionally somebody go by and say, oh, you didn't hear that the well, because it's a well there, uh, you know, has mercury in it. I'm like, God damn it. What what All am right, I though, doing that, at this place? That's just going to give you superpowers later. Yeah, superpowers. All right. Now, freaking in, <laughs> incontinence and fucking hair yeah. loss. But yeah, you have it. Where, power of liver failure. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> power of death. Uh, you end up with Harley giving 
poison ivy mouth to mouth and ends up getting infected by the green. It's just a wonky way to get her into the green where uh, her swamp thing. And the weirdest thing about it is I didn't think that ivy was going to show up at all then because they were kind of in the green with her taking that from ivy. But then ivy does show up. They have swamp thing dress up in outfits and, you know, shit like this. So it's, it's yeah. funny enough. And they end up the, the whole wraparound story is there's a huge storm, which unfortunately seemed very ill-timed for what's going on in the U.S. Yeah, right now. But, and, you know, but they couldn't they, help it. This was written months ago. Yeah, months no, but months didn't ago. you think that? I was like, wait, this is so oddly timed that there's the storm coming and it becomes the joke of of the deal because they go out and, you know, you're going to have – Well, in a way, Jim, I also saw this like – I don't know. I mean obviously if you ravage if you ravage by – storm. <laughs> That's kind of what I was looking yeah. at. Like, if you've been ravaged by a storm, you might see it differently. But you I might want to like, have a little like joke that that swamp thing and Harley yeah, and Ivy thing, take yeah. care of the storm. I can go with that. It just seemed really weird. And weird. This is a big time. mallet, you know. He yeah, learned big from mallet. He's a big mallet. That's yeah. a good time. Yeah, and again, there's swamp thing who's learned, you know, to do with things, and even says, you know what, Harley. Sometimes violence and over, you know, over the top mindless violence is the answer. And then it's raining fish. And then it's like she says at the end, looks like we'll have plenty of groceries after all. Wink, wink. And then you yeah. have it. I really like the art in that, that story. So. I did too. Yeah, I did. And, yeah, then we go. We get a couple more pinups. And then we have the last story. That's which right. Is... A couple of Marvel Comics renegades, Joe Quinones and Chip Zdarsky. Huh? Yeah, kind of yeah. Blue yeah. ever-loving mind. Yes. I thought this was the worst story, but it was I terrible. liked it a lot. It was terrible. The story yeah. was ridiculous. It was such a basically cookie cutter issue. I liked the art enough. I liked it because it was so different, and it's something that you I really don't like see uh, in in a uh, regular DC book normally the way it was. But it's basically Harley and you know Dick Grayson Robin being the side sidekicks and they kind of have their own little story while batman and joker are having their silver age batman 66 fucking fights going on and stuff like that and basically leads to harley trying to teach robin a story of you know you got to be your own guy don't you know don't end up trying to impress your pseudo dad batman she does a little well, no, psychology she, she's really on needling him. him like she gets yeah. into his psyche while he's dealing yeah. with this like gas that's swarming around and yep. she's saying then, oh you're an orphan end, huh you yep. know you're just you know batman souped you up you're a piece of shit you're like you're he's just using you you're just yep. his, his accessory you're nobody you're gonna you're gonna upset him you're gonna let him down and in the yep. end he's like thinking about his how his parents died oh, he's yeah, like yeah. starting to go into fetal position yeah, thinking about how fucked up his life is and harley actually stops Saves the bomb the yep there's a bomb up. that's going to put everybody to sleep for 48 hours so that joker can have a quiet weekend that's basically right. what's going on and i do like the setup though at the beginning it's you know you have joker working on something at a bench he's welding he's got all these things there it looks like eric shea's bench at work where he's trying to make his own action figures and stuff like that but basically he's like i have to you know while i'm doing this i know that batman's off making some of his trinkets to get me so i'm going to do this while harley's reading a psychology book which goes with her you know origin and stuff like that and it does play well by the end where chip zadarsky then has basically 
Harley giving Robin a free psychoanalyst, you know, analyzation of that, of what he is, you know, I, you're probably an orphan. Oh, your parents died. You're trying to get, you know, Batman to love you like that and respect you. But, you know, but at the end, she does save the day for him so that he can kind of get some respect and and have a good time. And I I thought that was pretty good. And again, at the end, basically all that was up for now the I do like the idea too that Chip Zdarsky. I'm freaking. I'm having a fucking tizzy here. Chip Zdarsky <laughs> actually, he is having fun with the fact that in a Silver Age story where the Joker would put the the town to sleep, Gotham would be put to sleep for 48 hours, which in the issues back in the day even it seemed like such a funny thing, but yeah. yet. There are people driving. There are people who are in the hospital that need 24-hour care. So there is a danger. I think that he has fun playing with that in this as well because Harley's like, what's the deal? You know, all there's going to – people are just going to go to sleep. Joker needs a a weekend that he wants to rest. He wants to sleep in. He's he's going around in his pajamas while this is going on. He's ready for his nap. And that's where you have – uh, you know, Dick Grayson, like, no, no, no. And I, I'm assuming it's Dick Grayson. And he's like, no, no, no. Uh, that You can't have that. Well, it is Dick Grayson because they talk about yeah. his parents and stuff like that. But, yeah, it, you know, he's like, no, no, people will die. And I, I thought that was kind of funny. But, yeah, it's it's okay. It, it's very, the end, very the ending just – yeah, it's 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 the I think it was the weakest story of the four, but the yeah. art was strong. And believe me, it didn't it didn't really drag the issue down by no. a lot. It was cool. No, all of these stories were fun. That's all, and that's what else do you want from a Harley book? That's why we have kind of been down on the regular Harley book, the the twice a month regular solo series, is because it just hasn't been fun. This is actually fun, and maybe this is going to kickstart Pamiani and Connor to kind of go back to the fun. Now, again, this would probably take a little bit to react, but I, you know, I don't know. I just this is what I want from the regular book. If we had these rotating stories and things like that in Harley anthology series once a month instead of a twice monthly solo it book, I oh, think yeah. I would like it a lot better. I think that I'd even be really even into if it, it wasn't oversized four dollar book. No, every no, time, I'm saying I think it would each, be a lot better value. Once a month, you, you but first get, they got to tie up fucking nineteen loose yeah, ends. Oh, so, I know. So we'll that's see the when problem. That and and you even even you you got excited, didn't you, when you saw Chip Zdarsky and. Was on this, oh, right? Because, I was definitely interested to see what yeah, was going to happen. You know, because you don't happen see this, yeah. so why don't they do that? Why don't they get some guys that can go and do some one shots and things like that? So you get these rotating deal, and people love well, Harley. <laughs> but they, I think yeah. part of that is because you know Harley Quinn, as we know, sells the second yeah, best that's, usually, that's even the still craziest. consistently uh, after Batman. Yep. When yeah, not it's not going to change. Uh, it's not. It, as we as we've said, I don't think DC knows why that is the case. No, and they feel like they can't fuck with the formula. Like you know what I mean? If they were to I <laughs> move shit around too much, yeah. something might go south. So they're just like, whatever Jimmy and Amanda are doing, keep let them doing keep it. doing it. We don't yeah, understand it. We don't it. know what's happening. So it's uh, yeah. I think that I think they're afraid to to mess with this book too much. It's such a cash cow for them. Yeah. What do you uh? What did you give it? Well, I, like I said, I'm a cheap asshole. If it was a buck less, I would have gone up easily half a point. Cause I really had a lot of fun with this, but even as it is, I gave it a 7.5, and I really recommend it to people that are fans of the character, maybe even just from the cartoon, or they read like yeah. older comics, or you know, they. If you haven't been involved with Harley for a while, but you like the character, 
this is the perfect issue to get. This is the one to have, and I would recommend it to that yeah. person yeah, specifically. Man, you are right on because that's that's what I'd give it seven five. I think that it's you just said everything I'd say. That if you haven't been reading Harley and want to get back into it, just one issue and kind of have some Harley fun. And also, if you are somebody who has somebody, and I'm not just going to say a wife or whatever, but this this happened a lot when the Suicide Squad movie came out, where we had a lot of people, and I saw people like, hey. My wife wants to get into a book, which, and at that point, Harley, the, the regular solo was so wacky already with the right. storyline. I saw a lot of people got in. interested in Harley. Uh, yeah, right and then, that time. and then yeah. you had the other option was Suicide Squad, the book. But these people, even though they they went to see Suicide Squad, they wanted the, the they wanted more of a Harley book. So if that's the case, if anybody out there you know, a wife, husband, daughter, whatever goes and or son, whatever goes and sees the Suicide Squad movie or says, hey, I like Harley. I want to get this is the perfect issue to just get would be just good. get the one issue and say, hey, yep. see how you like it and then go from there. But yeah, uh, then I would gonna... then I would go back to the Harley series from the late 90s in the comics. But that's what yeah, talk for another yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So we will now go off to some mail with me and you, Reggie, and then be back with the rest of your books. Ow! It is the best podcast all week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. <laughs> this is mail section number five, as I said, and this is Andrew in Belfast. And he says, hello, gents. I hello. hope this correspondent finds you in good spirits. Of course it does. I write upon finishing metal number two, and I continue to very much enjoy this mad adventure that we are being taken on. It's great to have an event starring such a wide array of our favorite characters within a story worthy to host them. It's really a Saturday matinee-style fun, coupled with many nods, winks, and Easter eggs to keep us on our toes. Writing and art were great. I loved it. And I'll tell you, I agree. I'm yep. writing early this week, so I have only read metal detective comics and action comics from a massive pull list. In relation to action comics, I'm still undecided as how I feel on the Mr. Oz reveal. I'm currently mulling it over, but am leaning towards thinking that it is pretty enjoyable direction after some initial skepticism. Just wonder what they're going to go with. I mean, it, you can't think that Superman will go with a awful father, Jarell, even if it is really his father. I only think that this is like to close the lid on anything with that. So I don't know. It. it I, I don't know I, why I, people. The, the are... smart thing here would be to like deflate us a little bit with this, you know, Jor-El reveal, yeah. and then it really has to turn be. it on its ear and because, be like, no, it was yes, really this. It's or not him because all this is going to lead to with how awful he seems to be already is for. 
people to be like, oh, I guess now he's got to accept John, his human dad, as being like his quote unquote real dad because his, you know, Kryptonian dad, Jarrell, is a piece of shit. It just seems very odd uh, the way it is. But I should add that the art from Victor Bogdanovich was literally to my taste in that book very stylish and appealing. And I do think that Victor Bogdanovich is coming into his own. Reggie, I do think that this when and people in the Slack chat even mentioned that they were like, is it just me or does Victor Bogdanovich's older art seem a lot like Greg Capullo? And if you remember me and you were on the Victor Bogdanovich train early, the Mm. tip, because when he did that Dark Knights book, it really seemed like a Greg Capullo style art. I think he's getting his own feel. And, And I couldn't say that his work on New Superman, it did still seem kind of Capullo-esque, but I do think he's getting better and better, uh, which is good because he's a really he is, nice he guy. He is developing his own style, but you know yeah. there definitely is some cohesion there, I think. Yes, but there no, is. that's all right. That's and a he, look. he is, I'm telling you, just talking to him, he's a very, very nice guy, so I'm glad that he's having that success. And on to some general points. And also, I like that DC, finally it seemed, they, almost like they grabbed him out of the minors, and now he's <laughs> in the big leagues. You know what? He's a homegrown man because he was on that digital-only dark, uh, dark Dark Knight deal, the right. Arkham Knight book, and mm. then they went. He went from there to New Superman and stuff like that. So I'm glad that they grabbed somebody new and, and kind of groomed him into a bigger and better a guy. Bit, yeah, yeah. I like he's to the see Derek that. Jeter of DC Comics, is what I'm saying. <laughs> On to some general points and a massive change of subject. Not to descend into doom and gloom, but I do feel myself getting increasingly down at the minute. Uh, as much as I like to or try to avoid current affairs encroaching into my life, it feels like the world has really afflicted by my infectious rage like in that early Green Lantern arcs in Rebirth or the similar thing that infected the Just League around the same time. Gentlemen, this state of affairs is starting to take its toll on me. I remember feeling this way a few years ago pre-Weird Science DC and was eventually shrugging off the Black Dog of Depression with the help of Sean Lamont etc. on the DCR podcast. It was at that point with the new 52 arriving that I jumped back into comics and immersed myself in them as a means of escape. It was the first time that I bought comics since the mid-90s and haven't looked back since. Now I know Weird Science DC on the surface is a very difficult vibe to the old, or different vibe to the old DCR radio podcast but since starting to listen to you guys about six months before Rebirth, which seems like ages ago, you have went from strength to strength. So every day when the news outside is increasingly awful and people are tearing strips off each other online about most trivial of matters, I continue to retreat into my comic books and listen to my headphones to escape into a world far away in Q-Town with Taylor Tales of Wrong Turn, the cardboard box factory, phone calls from Greg Capullo, which I miss. I'm telling you, we need a Greg Capullo call and Dancing Mike's songs that I hum for the rest of the day. And last but not least, quality, honest reviews. That last point is a clincher for me. It takes some courage to be brutally honest about books, but you guys are increasingly respected because you stick at it and do it with the best of intent. Namely, holding the creative teams in DC to high standards. Tell tell the people that are fucking yelling at me on our fucking site. See really? these people, people telling me I'm I'm just a surface level reader. Or you're so, or you're manufacturing your anger. You I'm know, manufacturing my anger or this person's reviews are better. Hi, ay, ay. This is important because a lot of us spend quite an amount of money on these books each month. When praise then comes from you guys, it is a valued boy. Am I glad you guys don't fake the funk? 
Anyway, I suppose this is a long-winded way of saying thanks for providing a sense of community and a fun means of escape for those of us who obsess about these things. I know the rest of the Get Fresh crew value it too. Boop, boop. Finally, it is with some excitement that the arrival of Sir Reginald Drinkwater to the UK was heralded this week. That's Reg right. is heading off across the pond. Uh, Hello, right. I'm going to go over. Uh, I'm going on the Werner family tour. Yes, repeat after me. Hello, Lof. Hello, Hello. F- Fresh in a drink, governor. Quite and blimey, governor. What have you got over there, in? Crikey, governor. Exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're in. You are in. Can you ascertain for me if his long-awaited knighthood for services to comics is finally being bestowed <laughs> upon him? Hello, love. Yeah. Not me, mate. I, I just want you to head right to Sussex, uh, Reggie, and enjoy queen, yourself. Do you think the queen would be all right with me calling her mate? Is that yes. okay? Hello, I, mate. I, <laughs> Hello, love. It certainly is an exciting development. Okay, off to finish my digital mountain of comics for this week. Keep up the good work, folks. Peace and love. Who's he, Ringo? Yeah, Andrew in Belfast, and thank you, Andrew. And yeah, I I get a we're we're getting a lot of gripe and guff on the site, so I need I need a little pick me up by Andrew. So that's cool. And yeah, I even say sometimes I do sit there and think like, what would have been different if we were just like, you know what? Hey guys, we're only allowed to give eight point fives or above. I just I think that the whole thing would have been a shit pot. And nothing would have. Oh, I don't, I don't know. DC would have loved us, you know. But I bet the listenership yeah. would be, you know, in half or less because. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's something you know. Andrew mentioned that, that these books cost a lot of money, and even though we get the comps, that's something yeah. we think about all the time. You know, yes. that like here, here's a book. All right, is this worth three dollars yeah. or is yeah, this worth five dollars? And, and I always, and again, it's always man. on my mind. And obviously by now everybody's heard our segment on Mr. Miracle, and and I have to just reiterate the whole deal of sometimes it's not the easiest thing to review books, and it's a pain in the ass when – you know, in a a book like Mr. Miracle where I think that it will end up being a better trade than single issues, and I struggle with like what exactly I think the – you know – so I can't, I don't know. I, I well, can't we'll give everything the tense. Best, but I, I hear what you're talking about where yeah, you're just like, yeah. you don't want to bag on the story, but if an issue sucks, an, an issue yeah. do, is not good, you know? Yeah, and, and then we do get, you know, I actually at points get some creators who are friendly with us send me messages that basically tell us suddenly we're pieces of shit. Yeah. And it sucks. I It upsets me. I don't like to be called a piece of shit like that. And, yeah. you know, and then I sit there. And like you said, we end up, and just behind the whole deal, DC gives out these goddamn exclusive previews to just about anyone and their goddamn brother. They I won't know. even get near us anymore. They gave us two and then, and then cut it off. And I don't – they never said anything like – and I'll tell you right now, the, legitimately, they never got a hold of us and said, listen, we'll give you better things if you give us more. They, they – would never do that i don't think uh, so no. but i do think that if we did that we might be in better you know good graces with them uh, but still we're not going to do that just for that so and, no. and other people like you have people like man you should do re- you know you should interview people and do that sort of thing and yes we have the opportunity to do that for the podcast me and eric and i and you even 
it seems kind of odd to do that because then you start becoming friends with them. And then, you know, and some of these guys kind of, I, I just, I don't know. It, just it is true. Feel you like... you want to be able to keep some distance so you yeah. can criticize their work and not be like, oh, you know, but I like this. Yeah. Guy and so I, I think that where you have like, say a word balloon podcast that they had right. a interview with Tom King and stuff, but that's what they do. They do interviews. He does interviews. And so it, it makes it easier. If you're just doing interviews, then you can do that. You, you oh, know, sure. you don't have a horse in the race. You're just interviewing people and seeing what's going on. It just, it's tough because, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I just get upset sometimes because, yeah, we get a lot of guff uh, for some negative reviews and things like that. But we do it just because that's the honest review. But I, I, think, I think the worst comment that they that I see uh, against, you know, our, our site and even other reviewers, but definitely for us, where they say, like, they're not even trying or whatever. They did a lazy yeah. review. And uh, that's definitely not the case. You know, yeah. all of us yeah, are I really see ourselves the lazy really thinking nonsense. about it, you know. Yeah. It's funny, too, because as we go on, oh, I'll even throw it out there. A lot of uh, people in the Get Fresh crew, boop, boop, they review some stuff as well. In fact, I right. just got a double uh, A-ROM review of Daredevil. Came in while we were doing the podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, nine out of ten times when the, they do end up, and anybody who's out there, if you want to do some reviews of stuff, uh, unfortunately, most of the DC stuff, me, Eric, and Reggie kind of have that taken care of. Uh, but if you want to do some other books and other companies and things, indie get a comics, Marvel, yeah, indie comics sure, yeah. and Marvel and stuff like that, get a hold of me. And yeah, we're more than glad to get people Even if you want to write involved. about like your favorite comic you oh know, yeah you just want to write an article yeah, about you want to write one like, article yeah my favorite comic or you know what things like that or list or whatever yeah get but nine out of ten times the people that are like all fired up and then i i almost always get that email or message then afterwards like holy shit i didn't realize this was so much fucking work yeah <laughs> I think that, because then you, you start worrying because people are going to be reading it and stuff like that but yeah you gotta yeah, think get about this thing critically you know you're yeah. like this thing that you were just supposed to read for 15 minutes and kind of throw on the yeah. pile you have to like dive into every one of them and think yeah, about and, it. and hey, that's, that's the like... other thing is when you're doing it you may love nightwing or you may love the character supergirl or batman may be your favorite and and it really will pain you when you have to give your favorite character a shitty review because it's just yeah. not a good issue. Because And really, there are some people – I say it all the time in my reviews and on the podcast about Supergirl that a lot of times you have these – and I, I don't – Supergirl is a huge character. But in the whole scheme of things with comics, it kind of is one of the side characters. Yeah. And you start to get worried that if you give bad reviews, then the book isn't going to get read. Then it's going to get canceled, and you start getting really wacky with stuff. So Sometimes. You know, actually, one of the more disappointing things is, you know, when you read a book the first time and you're like, oh, that was pretty good. And then you read it a second time to like review it. And you're like, what the hell? As you pick it apart, you realize it sucks. Yeah. Or or (laughs) what? And and really what happens a lot, you hear us when we're on the podcast where then you go the fourth time that you're reading it for the podcast. And then you get somebody else's opinion involved with yours. And then you realize that your seven should have been a six. And then you feel like an asshole. That happens a lot. Yeah, Yeah. it does. But yeah, it's not the easiest thing. So I don't know why we're going on and on about this. But yes, just feel bad for us. Feel pity. The next time you, you think that a... I don't know what, but a super sun should be a nine out of ten, and I give it a seven point five. Just, just take pity on me and think, <laughs> of, think of the 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 lack of sleep that I'm getting, uh, staying right. up till goddamn twelve midnight on goddamn fucking Tuesday. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but we're going to go off to books right about now. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. will throw it down His reviews are strong and sound His scores are much better than Jim's you'll see He will tell us all about DC So tell us all about DC Eric Shea All right, Boosh. little tribute, little tribute, Reggie. Eric, fucking is nonsense. Boosh, that it, deep, where is it? I gotta get it. What's that, Eric? What did you say? <laughs> oh my goodness, he's laughing at us. Boosh. Wow. Oh goodness, wow. this is terrible. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's like it's like it's like he's here. Uh, it really especially is. a lot of these books when uh, me, you, and him get together. They are not his favorite books. I'm telling oh, you, no. what, it, it almost you can really hear the pain in, in, when he has to talk Harley, especially is the one that really I think that when he has to talk about it, it just upsets him to even have to be involved. Uh, I do have to mention that in the on the Patreon coming up, we have a vote for the next back issues uh, thing where we talk about an issue or an arc from the past. And me and Eric have been doing some, and it looks like the next swamp thing the mm. uh anatomy lesson right is that mm-hmm. that's what it's called right that yep. that's gonna win and that's gonna be me and you and he was oh, yeah. so happy that he didn't when i said oh by the way reggie wants to talk about the anatomy lesson issue if that wins right away it's not like eric's like oh man that'll be great talking to me he's like thank god i don't want to be involved with that nonsense so what yeah, the that, hell come on yeah man. that's it, what he said he, does he, he know that's an award winning oh it is issue? an award winning right. issue i'm telling you the issues behind the curtain here the issues of this vote on the patreon for the next back issues basically i couldn't figure out which type of issues i wanted uh so i ended up for the vote went and looked up like the top five freaking single issues of all time is pretty much where i got that you know the picks from and that i think was number two on this list people you know that's a huge issue so yeah he he doesn't want any any parts of that issue at all that's all right Eric, eric is happy with his you know, his sector, his corner, you yes. know what I mean? He doesn't really want to expand. It's not what he's about, no. and that's fine. No, and he's he's not about expanding his workload. No, definitely either. not, no. So yeah. he, Any way he uh, can get out of doing more you, he, uh, he sits or to get, there. get to do less yes. for the podcast, well, he he'll be happy to do He wants to do this goddamn stop-motion video nonsense, and I said, you're going to take three years to make ten and, minutes of, of a show. Uh, no, it won't take that long. Then he's at work making fucking walls. Now, uh, the big thing he was making the other day, uh, yesterday, before he ditched me today, was he was making a cardboard computer monitor type thing. He's nonsense. I, I Let me tell you him. something. If Eric produces 10 minutes of stop motion video at any point in our <laughs> in our lives. In our lives. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, will he... I will come to Quakertown. <laughs> I will strip naked and I will take a shit in the middle of the biggest intersection. Nice. And with so my basically, name 
Yeah, everything, that, my name and address on you know yeah. on, on my back, everything, just right at Well, me. what you don't realize, Reggie, is coming to Quakerton and taking a shit is just about <laughs> the amalgam of getting the key to the city. <laughs> now you'll yeah. be a, a Quakertonian, uh, just like, like all, all of guy, us. The new guy taking his shit now. In the fucking yeah, yeah, it's like, look at, look, look at that freaking New Yorker thinking he's from Quakertown. And then you take Whatever a shit in the middle of the road, I'll, and they're like, he ain't I'll, that bad after all. <laughs> I will come. I'll come to Quakertown, and I will blow wrong turn if he produces ten minutes at any time oh, in our natural yes. lives. Any time of our natural lives. Now, in the meantime, what he is doing with this cellar dweller, he wants to do like a horror host type thing. He loves sure. that Joe Bob Briggs. The other day, he was wearing his. He wore his Joe Bob Briggs shirt to work and then got mad because a 20-year-old girl at work had no idea who Joe Bob Briggs is. And I said – I'm sitting there looking at him. She's like, who's that on your shirt? And he looks over at me like, look at this asshole who doesn't know who Joe Bob Briggs is. I'm sitting there looking at him, shaking my head like – you have a you have some legitimate gripes with these younger people right. at work. Like they don't the Bronx turn doesn't Joe know Bob Briggs ain't one of Joe them. Joe Bob yeah. Briggs. No, and he's saying this. I'm like he comes over and goes, did you hear that shit? And I said, no. What I saw that was shit was your look because nobody knows who he is. You, you think that a 20 year old is going to know who he no. is? He was in a bunch of movies, but I mean, really, he's known for being Fucking that uh, USA host. Yeah, the USA host. And he's like, I can't believe it. Now, yes, we have a almost 30 year old at, at work who doesn't know what Columbine was. That's a little ridiculous. That's you strange, should at yeah. least have heard that. Or Wrong <laughs> Turn has never heard of what 9 11 is. That's nonsense. But to, yeah. to think that everybody knows Joe Bob Briggs. So then he starts talking to her and he's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to be making this, uh, you know, this video thing and this series and I'm going to be a horror host. Now, what's a horror host? And he's losing his mind, getting so angry. And I'm like, you were insane. So then yeah, he's he talking be, about he, 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 gets, he gets angry oh about Oh, my God. He gets so lie. upset. And then he's talking to me and he's like, ah. I'm going to do this, and he, I can tell when he gets really excited about something because usually it, shit, he'll say something, then I make fun of him, and he stops talking. If, if he keeps continuing the talk after I've tried – and basically not just the podcast, but my goal in life is to ruin everybody's dreams. So Eric will say to me, oh, I'm going to do the stop motion. I'm like, are you fucking insane? This stop motion is going to take you three years to make two minutes of footage. Why are you? Why would you set that up for yourself? How? When is this video cast of yours? Is it going to be once a year? What that's, do you? That's no, Papa Warner talking yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, like, like it's, yeah. Now I'm my dad saying not to be an archaeologist. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's there, and, and I said, Eric, when when are you going to like? How many? T- it's going to be every you know like twice a month. You were insane. Like goddamn it. So I said to him, listen, you love the puppets. Stick with the goddamn puppets. Go. The puppets you can do. And to me, what he's getting involved with, with the cellar dweller, the the worst puppeteering, the better for the show. That makes it funny. And then yeah. I just sit there. Every time with this stop motion stuff, he, he's like, and then I'm going to have this clock. I'm like, you are ripping off Pee Wee every step of the way. This is Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> he gets wow. mad at me. He gets mad. Put because... Jerry in there. Then I see him. He like kicks the dirt. You know, the fucking Charlie Brown music's going as he walks away. <laughs> I try. I try to get him involved. And then he, you know, what are you going to call this? And he, I'm going to call it Television Fantango. Who the? I get so mad. Nice. God damn you. But yes, that is Eric Shea, though. That is the charm of Eric Shea. Though the other day, he was bragging about this goddamn wall 
that he's making. Also, he's showing people at work that he's spending seven hours a day at work making a wall. You got to keep that on the download. Yeah, that's probably not a good look. So he's saying this this guy and it's the girl who works with Wrong Turn and Wrong Turn. He's he's showing the wall and it's this thing. Can we call her Wrong Turnina? Wrong Turnina, she is. And he's separating the wall. It's like all these pieces basically so that he can fit it in my car and get it home. And the last time he did this, it, you couldn't fit anything else in the car. He had jammed this, and then we get to his house. He doesn't want me to know what apartment he lives in, so he's separating the, the pieces, puts them in the car, and then when we get to his house, he's running up and down the stairs to his apartment, but I'm not allowed to go in and help. And I'm like, I- I'll bring him in with you. No, no, that's okay. I'm like, no, no, it's not okay. I want to come in and help. I insist. And he's like, wow. no, no, I'm good. I'm like, you son of a what do you? What does he think I'm going to do? Show up and rape him? I don't even understand. Your relationship with Eric, just like your relationship with everybody and Eric's relationship with everybody, is insane. It is. I I don't know where he lives. I just know this building, but yet I've done a – I've talked to him. see and talk to every day. Every single day. I talk to him nine to ten hours a day, and then we do the podcast. Yeah. When when I used to have to like – sometimes we'll get – things in the mail we'll get a copy of of something from dc actually a physical copy and he's like oh i want to check that out and i forget oh, i'll bring it over afterward and i go and he'll meet me at the corner he won't even meet yeah, me out front of like his a drug deal. it's so crazy he's so crazy with these puppets that's all he needs to do then i said i want to get involved i want to be and i said i'll be like a uh like a, a ventriloquist dummy you can get me and i'll be and we'll do that shtick he didn't want that he doesn't want me involved. Igor. It's obviously Igor. We'll get, yeah. give you one bugged out eye. you be the Igor from Young awesome. Frankenstein. He doesn't want me yeah. involved. He doesn't want me involved at all. And then he comes up with these skits, and I tell him that they're nonsense. Yeah. He, he is a he's a dreamer, that Eric Shea. That's what he is. And that's well, why I love I love that he goes away at least twice or three times a year so me and you could just make fun of him. <laughs> make him I get fun a little venting out, huh? <laughs> Otherwise, you get no opportunity for this. No. Too. Well, really, the things that I'm telling you well, now, I told him right to his face. You? That's my question. Yeah, really, I, he does. Yeah, that's to Jess. <laughs> Jess probably hears how awful I am every every day. It probably goes home and is like, I had this really neat idea for this, and Jim told me it was nonsense because that's all I yell. Trust my hopes and dreams. I'm telling you, I need the nonsense horn so I can have it on my phone because he starts talking this <laughs> fucking gibberish, and I, I just yell at him. And he, oh, my God. The, it, at least now, when I first started working with him, he was kind of, you know, he had been working there for years and years. So I thought I had to listen to his goddamn nonsense where he's talking to me. The third day I'm working with him, he's telling me how he's going to fix the goddamn continuity in Texas Chainsaw Mass. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck did I get myself into here? Oh, oh my goodness! Lord. Yeah, yeah. But then I met Wrong Turn, and all was well. All but was we're well. Not then here. the team was truly four. Yes. Oh my God! He, he didn't show up at work today either. I was all by myself. I didn't well, have anybody. You show up. Obviously, you should have just left. No, I'm telling you, I should have, and I eventually did, but it was later than I wanted to. But yeah, I didn't know Wrong Term was going to be off today. I heard he went to the buffet that I love, that I go to all the time, and then was going camping or something. You went know. to the buffet that you go to? Yeah, yeah, the one that's hours oh, away. No, he no, went no, there. No. You should. You got to break his fingers. I was pissed. Yeah, that's your sh- turf. That is my turf. <laughs> you know, I'm the Jets. He can't get that's near that. That's what I'm that. saying. We're going to have a dance that, that's fight. That's your crew. Your crew that's goes right. there. Yeah, I don't know. My kids are talking about going tomorrow, and they know if they ask me more than twice, we're going. So I don't yeah. know what's going to go on. But 
We're not here to talk about the Cellar Dweller show because if we're going to talk about that until it happens, it will be talking about that till 2028. Right? I'm telling you, people Something in the Slack like chat are going to sell us out, and they're going to tell Eric we were talking shit on him. Uh, well. uh, yes, but I already told him we would, and I already told him that I, I don't expect to be alive when that Cellar Dweller show hits. <laughs> He's going to have to will that show to Just some remember. sort of offspring of his if, that he doesn't know of. Because Any time a... in our natural lives, though, that includes up to 2028 yes. if he produces 10 minutes of stop-motion footage. <laughs> All I want that that's it. The other thing is he doesn't have a stop motion any sort of camera, anything like that. So of the other not. he's starting with nothing. No, well so the other day he's, he's, trying, walls at work. he's trying to he's trying to fashion this wooden thing where he's gonna tape Jess's camera or her phone to it's all nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. Though I did tell him that the mo- like the craziest thing about it in my mind, if you do go that bare bones, it's bound to be classic because you know he he's just gonna go with nothing and who knows who knows oh, what he's no. gonna do. It, it can get bad. Jim. You just remember, guys, really anybody listening, and, and if you were listening before Rebirth, you know that Eric had the shut up my shows are on. He couldn't even do that each week. He was That's struggling right. to do that little bit. So we'll see. What are we talking about, Reggie? We have two more books of yours. This is your super section. That's not, right. Not so is, super. Not so super this week, but we'll see. Uh, this still was it's a okay. good book. I still, oh, I still, I'm saying this one I, I like enough. The next one, Superwoman, well, so great, is no. insane. I, I don't even understand what's going but go on. But I do understand this one. It's New Superman yeah. number 15, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Brent Peoples, Richard Friend, and Hi-Fi. When I wake up in the morning, love, and Shenzhen's half destroyed, cause every hero's warring love, it makes me so annoyed. Then comes Keenan Kong, and the world's all right with me. My heart is full of song. Just like his heart is full of chi. New Superman, 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 new Superman. Yes. You no, know, Bill Superman. Withers released his first song in 30 years last week. Really, really? Yeah, it was it was a cover song. I can't remember what it was. It was it was slamming. That's crazy. That Bill is Withers crazy. still doing it. Still doing it. Yeah. Yes, this is new Superman, and it's funny because I was looking at the cover while you were singing, and I I didn't get the concept that Keenan had caught those bullets in his teeth. <laughs> Yeah. When you look at the cover, I'm like, what the hell is going on there? And then I realized. But, yeah, uh, I have to admit, a couple of these books that we have this week, your books that are monthly, um, I kind of have to catch up to what's going on. I'm, I'm getting – I think that these bi-monthly, the twice-a-month shipping has spoiled me to the point where if I have to remember something that happens once a month, I have to go yeah. back. I completely forgot 
what had gone on and went back. And again, I don't mind New Superman. I don't mind going back and reading the last half of the last issue because I do enjoy the you know the series so much. But yeah, I forgot what was going on. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Emperor Superman. You have the Suicide Squad there. They ran him through with that kryptonite sword and stuff like that. There's a lot going on in this issue of just people. Like there's a lot of teams. You a have the great lot ten, of characters. And that, and that the, is and, my – yeah. Main gripe with it. It and really it is, is just it's two stuff with people. It's crazy. And this is one of those where because of that, I I think that this is a, a series that you really should go back and read from the start anyway. But if you were have been listening to us and were deciding, huh, when can I jump in? When could I? There has been a bunch of issues recently where it looked like they were trying to get more people back on. There was good jumping on points for the stretch run. Yeah, this isn't an issue to do that. This it really ain't isn't. it. Don't take no. the new, don't take the Suicide Squad's inclusion to mean no. that you're going to know what the no, hell's going on. This is one of the boy. worst jumping on points of this whole yeah. series because nothing. Usually, when you'd have somebody show up or have a character, they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, uh, you know, Batman of Baylin, Batman of this," and you know, they would really. This one is just all out. It's an actual, you know, full out story for people who have been reading, and it's good. But it's weird because even then we're getting weird little catch-ups and things like that. Like you have Dr. Alma, which is the biggest thing to me is that we – now we know that it is Keenan's mom. Yeah. But even then nothing happens with that. They, and then you have the Big Ten, which we love. I love them. I think they're the coolest thing. Yep. They don't do anything with They don't really do them. anything. I no. know. They don't. And then you have an awesome, you know, arrival of the Asian Justice League, this the Justice League of Asia, but really it's all just visual. You don't really get a lot from that. And then you they, do they just get... sort of join the general fray. And yeah. even like you look at the uh, the China White Triad, like they're they're being yeah. told, you know, kill them all. And they just fucking leave. Yeah, like, they, they don't even stay. Yeah, They're like, goodbye. You don't even know what's going on. And and even then, if you hadn't been reading, you'd be like, who are these people? Like, it, it, so odd with the China White Triad. And then, like you said, they just kind of disappear. Yeah. But, yeah, the art's awesome. I love the art. And I think yeah. it's great. And you do get a kind of a weird thing with I Ching. But even then, it's kind of just treading water. And you don't really know anything more from that. But – if you are it, reading it, looks it. like he's dispersed. Well, you know, they're there. So this I Ching yeah. is sort of like a, they're saying right up front. It's a yin and a yang. The, yin, a good and yep, the yin one. and the yang. Yep. And it looks like it looks like the evil one has vanquished the good one yes. in in the you know realm of whatever in the realm between the realm or whatever right? what uh, between what is and what is not. But, but yeah, that's but what it looks because like. Because everything's ethereal here anyway. We don't know, we know what happened. Like I, no. I don't know whether he's really dead or whether he's just going to come back later. I have no idea. Really. This whole part of it with the good and evil I Ching is really not been well fleshed out for any no. of us. And that's the problem. I'm waiting to see something that I can kind of grab onto and go, okay, but that part, I just, you have to just sit and wait for that part. And because the rest of the issues usually have so many, like, really important things going on, that I Ching thing kind of gets, you know, okay, I'll deal with that, I'll deal with that. But in this issue where it's just one big fight going on, I thought that this would have been the time to really spell out what is going on with I Ching yeah. and what the even quote unquote evil I Ching is really up to and what his deal is. Uh, I mean, I, because... I assume we're going to find out all about it, but it yeah. it's really yeah. has been a slow burn. And on the way, it just it does seem to it seems to slow down the proceedings of the book. Yeah. It's like what what's happening here? But 
whatever, you know, I mean, later on, I guess it sets up that I Ching, like the I Ching ghost can show up and kind of fuck with things later on, which, yeah. you know, we'll get yeah. to that. But I guess, I guess that's sort of what it implied happened. But again, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's I, not clear to us at all. Yeah, we don't know. And you start off and but, but really, though, if you are reading it, there's some good things. And at the end, it's hilarious. And I, I can only imagine what this next issue is going to be like. Oh, my and God. It, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> you even said, I don't know how we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it's so it might crazy. be the end. That might be the last podcast. It might be the last podcast ever. We might be shut down. So giddy. Uh, so giddy. Yes. But. It starts off, and you do have the Suicide Squad there that they've been sent to kill the Superman of China. The one that they right. did supposedly kill already was the Emperor Superman. That was the, you know, the, the Dr. Omen made the almost like the beta test of the Superman program that Keenan ended up getting. If you were or weren't reading, it kind of was the Superman that was made from the solar flare, sending it energy from Superman himself. And then that's how Dr. Omen kind of was able to do with Keenan and stuff. Stuff like that but he's done he he is gone now it appears to be dead but as they're fighting the suicide squad the justice league of asia come in in the meantime you have the big 10 fighting you have the like you said the china white triad they're going and that's where you had i ching kind of in and out he disappears and you go into the between what is and what is now and the yin and the yang the black and the white i ching fight each other and the bad one who is the white one kicks the you know, the black one, the good one, and he it ends up just dispersing into smoke. And I wouldn't know. That's the thing. You have that happen. And I thought, again, my mind always goes to Star Wars. Now I think it's like Obi-Wan, that now he's only become, you know, more powerful than he could ever imagine. But the problem is the bad one starts laughing as if he knows what has happened and then just says it seems i was right all along i i think that you are right too though i think that he does become more powerful in a pup and i guess the thing is it's just so unclear of what this whole thing is you know yeah they're brothers but i get the impression they really are the same yeah i I got the way he was saying because they do taunt he's like oh brother why would you call me brother that is terrible well we do have the same thing we're coming and yeah i i think that they are brothers in the fact that they one is the yin and one is the yang that they're right. connected that they are one person that the one is bad and one is good and it's the essence of good and bad and, and that sort of thing the problem is is from the very beginning i've liked i ching but this kind of thing going on and it's been kind of drug out through this it does not really interest me anyway uh and that's why i think because of that it doesn't make me angry about it or I'd say, man, I want more because I just I just go on with it. And basically, like we said and you said, uh, I'm assuming it's going to tie up and I'll deal with that later. That's for future Jim and Reggie to worry about <laughs> because all I want at this point is the, uh, you know, the Asian Justice League, which we've been wanting. And yeah. really, they show up here full out and it's an awesome page when they show out it looks awesome you have robin bot that looks awesome and robin bot has been used as kind of a you know a foil or not even that like a a gag or whatever when when he shows up here and he's got dr omen there awesome it looks so big like photon gun or something you got got, it looks so uh, good Baishi coming in on the on this like glider and yeah, then it looks like the Green Goblin gl- glider is what it looks like. But it's if, a Batman if you were to version. Swap, if you were to swap out, this is a August General a Dragon yeah. or whatever it is. Over, uh, if you swap that out for uh, 
Keenan for new Superman. That this would be, be the post. This would be yeah, it right would here. Be you know, it would be yeah. awesome. If oh. his dad was out and he was in, yeah, mm-hmm. it would be awesome because you even have you have Wonder Woman holding Flash and you have all that. Now we just need we need that Green Lantern Academy. And then Please. I will, and really if they do it, Please, please make it to like the like almost like a Simon and Jessica. I think it would be cool to have two, even make them twins. Fuck it, have them there. It'd be so cool, and they'd be like their own little core and stuff. That'd be yeah. great. I'd love it. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I I'd love to see where that storyline goes. Ever yeah, since yeah. they we've been like just on our major geek level, waiting to see what what that means. Yeah. What the Green Lantern Academy is about. Yep, and uh, they show before up. Before they just, show up, what, though, uh, Deadshot yeah. uh, does yes. stick. Uh, new Superman Keaton with a the, the sword, and I don't think it's yep. a kryptonite sword. It's actually like a magic sword. Yeah, there it must a, be that like, ruins so, his chi, possibly. But yeah, yeah, it's... whatever it is, it's like a disruptor sword. Now, there's two there's two funny things here. Uh, one thing is, why are they sending Deadshot to be the guy that wields the sword? Why isn't it? Why isn't Katana? I understand. I, know. I mean, he, why would he, even, he even shoots bullets at New Superman. They bounce off, bounce his, head. off his head. Why doesn't he have kryptonite bullets? Like, you know what I mean? They knew where they were or whatever. Like, <laughs> it you is know, true. the correct type of bullets, whatever they yeah. needed. They knew where yeah. they were going. The well, and remember, is, because they, they kind of made it seem like kryptonite would make uh, Keenan, even though he right. isn't a Kryptonian, it would make his powers a little wonky and stuff. It they it they never really weird. explained it. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel like I feel like Amanda Waller would have done her research and figured yes. out something that would be effective. Well, here's the, the thing: thing is, if they had the sword, so whatever the sword's made of, make bullets out of that too. Out of that. And, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, just have uh, it. Give a Croc a grill made of it yeah, too. He this, can look like little Wayne. Waller. She yes. would want to capture these guys and stick brain bombs in them. Like, yeah. you know, she wouldn't want to kill them at all. This is her her mo. Is to acquire everybody and turn them into yeah. members of the suicide squad. And especially, squad. can you imagine Amanda Waller being able to get? She's never going to get Superman, but get yeah, uh, get Chinese Emperor Superman, Superman and get Keenan. That is yeah. that's right along her lines because then if she does have to fight Superman, now you have two Supermen that you would yeah. go and you she. They don't do that. They seem to be there. Well, just whatever. To kill. I mean, the Suicide Squad are really tacked in here. You know, they they yeah. Obviously, just something to pimp on the cover to maybe yep. juice sales a little bit, and and I understand why that that has to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's not like they they don't disrupt things, but they really are. You know, these these could have been any characters from any anywhere in the DCU. They could have been uh, yeah. the original who they originally supposed to be, which I bet was supposed to be the villains breaking out of that uh, yeah. prison. Of you know, I thought it was supposed to be that, or you know, something more close to what's going yep. on in the story. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, you have some fight. It's just fighting while Keenan is hurt. So Keenan's hurt, and then you have a bunch of pages with the you know Justice League of Asia fighting off all of these characters as Ro- Robin Bot and his dad. They get uh, Keenan, and they're trying to get him, and he's got that shard still in him. They're trying to figure out, or the sword itself, trying to figure out how they can save him. They have a spread page with everybody fighting. And with Avery especially in the bottom kind of frames it, the the Asian yeah. Flash. And it's so cool with I really all like of the lot, characters yeah. going. And she's dodging Deadshot's bullets and things like and that. Wonder Woman's I, all flying. Wonder Woman's the, in the her, top Her, her lasso so or whatever cool. on, on Killer Croc. And, and it's even, lighting up his yeah. face and hand. Looks so and then good. go even further where you actually, when you look, you can see Robin Bot with Keenan take him up uh-huh. to their flying ship. And you can even make out the character model of it. Especially his dad going up that ladder 
I'm like, yep. that is really good. That's so far off, but it actually does a really good job of that. And they take them up to this, you know, their their freaking ship up there. And Ming Ming's there that, you know, we recognize Ming Ming. You see that it does look like that sword shattered because they do have pieces of it next in like a containment thing. And right. then his mom comes in and he wants to know, you know, what's going on? You know, is it true? Are you my mom? And she's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I was just, I was pretending I was dead until I saw you on the news and realized, you know what? You're not this fragile little boy that I remembered. You, you were better. And I wanted you to be even more by making you the Superman of China. It seems a little odd to me. Like she is a piece of shit through the, you know, this does not make any sort of redemption because then his dad comes in and she basically is like, you know what? I never liked you. You fucking. Yeah, it was I all faked a fucking it the rose. Whole time. Yep, I, did I not, faked not it the whole time. One of those orgasms was real. No, and all it was was to draw out your fucking nonsense people who are the freedom fighters and the, to get you. And then you do have like what? Our whole life was a lie, and then she looks longingly over at Keenan. No, not all of it. So that you yeah. can remember, she still loves her son, but hey, she is a piece of crap. But yeah, then you, you go back and you have the. Justice League of Asia kind of winning the day. They have most of the people taken care of. Uh, Harley's still out and kicking ass or whatever, but yeah. that's when I Ching shows up and says, you know, Harley Quinn, and he does. He just looks like a ghost, and she's like, who are you supposed to be? My Chinese fairy godfather. And he's like, yeah, something like that. You know what you need to rest Speaking your fluent squad. Chinese, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know, and, and actually I, I'm glad you brought that up. It threw me off because in this book, they do make a very a stressed point of when it's blue, it's Mandarin. When it's red, or vice versa, whatever. But, uh, blue is and American. That's right. Blue is American. And, but so the problem is they jump back and forth without ever really letting me know. Like I don't know offhand. I would assume maybe Deadshot speaks Mandarin at some point. He does in this, and it yeah. just threw me off. And then you, you want to do this? I can this. see though. He is like a he's a worldly. I know he goes. He's a worldly yeah. man. I can get that. <laughs> but the problem is, it always seems to me now. Gene Luan Yang is a very smart guy, and I know that he has it more on the ball with me but then when i'm going though sometimes i'm like boy it seems like all of a sudden when they need somebody to understand something they'll either switch to english to do it anyway and it didn't seem natural or the person will understand i thought that this issue there were a couple times where i was like it's really odd there but you'll you'll go because well here i'll even go with you at points i think it's keenan who really is stressed through the whole thing boy i should pay more attention in english class but then at points somebody was you know they'll have somebody talking to him and he'll understand exactly he seems what to understand saying. them perfectly yeah, yeah and that, that's really, where you have uh, some issues it doesn't really play out as as maybe well his as english is sure. getting better though you know maybe he's, it he's is. been hanging out with a lot of americans lately yes yeah but i ching basically says he comes in you know what's going to get your your squad back because they are pretty much all captured what's going to get him back is a doomsday and mm -hmm. turns and turns the emperor superman who we assume is dead into a doomsday emperor to what i'm superman. calling emperor doomsday superman doomsday superman. emperor <laughs> super's day dooms Doom, but yeah, day. they end up doing that and that's an awesome idea and you even said as it goes on the panels and so it, it really does mirror the death of superman story going mm -hmm. on especially you know when he's cracking him in the face and stuff right. like that but that the issue to me is 
they didn't have enough fun with the character model. You didn't no. have a, a really stressed. It looks like you know you do have like it didn't even really ruin much of the Emperor Superman suit. So that's really all you see. He looks like a gray Emperor Superman instead of having like eight hundred spikes coming out and things like that. That I would think that you so would he have. Does, you're right. He does seem like maybe a little bit different. Maybe yeah. the quality yeah. of him is something different than what Doomsday is. It's not yeah. a virus. Maybe it's actually supernatural. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you, Jim, I mean, this whole arc, uh, I've enjoyed it, but it's a lot of missed opportunities it is. because it is. we were introduced to so many characters that we know nothing about. We saw nope. them. They came and went. You know what I mean? Uh, I, mean I looking agree. in the background, there's like some floating character in a green cloak shooting twin guns. Yeah, and like, that, you know who is that? that is? That's part that of the person. that's the great ten. That's part of the ten. And I mean, the only we reason I know these, these dudes. Yeah, yeah, that's what you need. And or actually, I actually know. I, I'm mistaken. If it's the one, I think that's one of the freedom fighters at one I think point. That's a freedom fighter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, we just haven't sat with these guys. There's no. a whole bunch of villains. Yeah, uh, they've just all been like set dressing, and it's it's a little too rich just to be background yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily want this to become a 15 issue arc. You know, I don't need to no, bloat it out no. that much, but we could have done a little more with what, with this, some of these characters, Dooms, this emperor, I agree. Doomsday Superman could have done a little more with them, yeah, but they, they didn't. Cool. However, the payoff, so, so Keenan knocks him out or kills Doomsday Superman and then yep. appears to possibly maybe die or definitely passes out after that in the in the arms being cradled by Avery. By Avery, uh, just like his the face death is of all Superman. bloody and fucked up. Yeah. He fucking wakes up in like general oh, Chinatown, crazy. American Chinatown. Oh my God. It's, he wakes up in a racist fucking old time <laughs> comic. It is the ra- I Holy mean shit. it is every character <laughs> Here we go. Oh, Every no. ca- they're in Chinatown, and I'm telling you, it is Charlie Chan slash. I said to you, it's like freaking in a Breakfast Every, at Tiffany's. Got a Fu Manchu. Like, That's the only oh hairstyle you can see is a Fu Manchu. The teeth are so bad. It's so bad, and and oh. they end up, and it's just so great, and it, it's it's done in that. Oh, and we've had this all the time you know this isn't new but it is that old newsprint style art there with the the dots and everything so you're really it really stresses that but keenan and who i assume again is is i ching because he does say you know hey we are on the streets of an american chinatown the year and i like that too it's not like i was i ching a bunch of issues ago right yeah yeah we had that when we had that detective comics cover at the end and we thought oh my goodness this is crazy but i i even like the way gene luan yang and i'm saying I don't know that anybody but an Asian writer would get away with doing this. It is so over the top. But I love that it's not even like, hey, Keenan, we're in 1937 San Francisco Chinatown. Or, hey, we're in New York. No, it's we are on the streets of an American Chinatown in yeah. the year 1937, which basically so generalized, is, just like and basically saying, of- yes, we are in the generalized racist Chinatown, <laughs> quote unquote Chinatown. And it makes me laugh so much. And I see, thought, oh, this is why an Asian writer would have to deal with this, because when you and I see so the thing is. You and I were laughing at this, and yes. we're going to laugh at it, and it's going to be inappropriate because uh, we're white guys, and people don't understand that we're not laughing at it because we think it's no. right. We're laughing because no. we think it's wrong. You no, know what and I mean? we're but laughing at it because, because we're horrible pieces of shit. Yes. That's how we react to it. Yes, and uh, yes, I am a horrible piece of shit, but why I laugh at it 
is because it is Gene Luan Yang. It, it just basically like, look at what used to happen. <laughs> like this yeah. is the worst. And like oh, I, I didn't forget about this. You know. Yes, <laughs> and, and when you do it, the best way to do it is to go on 150% like he is in this. I'm telling you, this guy that is walking up behind Keenan is the most racist. His hands and his sleeves. His hands and his sleeves. I mean, it is the worst that you could ever do. So if you're going to do it, you go all out because, yes, this is going to be. And what I love about it, and I'll go on. I could go on and on about this this cliffhanger page because what I love about it is I think Gene Luen Yang is also he is, again, he's a very smart guy. He's a guy who does a lot of uh, young adult novels and yep. he had the uh, uh american born Ch- chinese american born chinese right, i right. think it was called and all this stuff that he does and he's a youth advisor to reading and stuff like this i also think he's a guy that pays attention to things and i do think that he had paid attention to when they started doing the series i saw the most racist co- I, i'm telling you last month when dc put on facebook the cover for the new superman last issue issue number uh. 14 on goddamn Facebook, you had people, a, a, a Chinese Superman, who needs that? And, oh, I bet he gets his power from eating rice. And I'm like, fucking pieces of shit. And I, yeah. I just, I hope in my mind, this is also Gene Luang Yang not saying like, hey, guys, comics, you know, portraying the, you know, Asians and in, in back in the day were awful. I'm trying to up the game here with this new Superman. But you know what? You guys are still putting it in the vein of these type of comics. So that's why I think it's hilarious. And I think that he yeah. is you, you want to You want to see a, a racist stereotype? Yeah, here yeah. You go, that's what friend. I'm saying. He's I think a real that, yeah, character. Yeah, you you want to make racist jokes about my <laughs> awesome series? Here you go, you jackasses. And I so think that it really – staying away from this book because the Chinese yeah, character that's what is people are really saying. a fucking excrement of the world. Yeah, I mean, go it, to Facebook if, and look. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That, that, no. That, it's not a rule you have to like it. But if you're just like against it because it takes place in China or the, the characters are Chinese, believe me. No. And, we, and, I mean we, we've learned a little bit about Chinese culture. But yeah. beyond that, you don't need to know shit. You don't need to no. be fucking a, – a, a, a Asian file or a China China file or whatever to enjoy this book. It's just fucking great yeah. characters. Well, great again, writing. this is the thing. You have this. Well, you also have while we're going on with it that people won't read books just because a Wally West is now black, and it's not even right, their right. Wally West. It's just not, you know what I mean. So you are getting this all around with these people who. It just it's a shame that part of the reason this book isn't selling is because, oh, man, you know, they, they try to tag this into a social justice warrior thing of having an Asian Justice League. But it, it's so far from it that. It really is not like that at no, all. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like I mean, look, fucking, that. Proving it, proving it right here. We're going to an American Chinatown. Yeah. Uh, this, this book has <laughs> so not crazy. been about that at all. It's no. been more about it's been more about the coming of age of a of a teenager, yeah. Uh, you know, growing into a responsible heroic, and, and even including that and going with that, you have a a time where again you you do have a recognizable character, but 
a recognizable character of Superman that's not Superman. It's Keenan Kong so that you can do different things with him and you can explore mm-hmm. different things. You can't – you know, you could just have so many Superboys or, or Superman comics. This is actually a really good attempt at giving new characters but trying to make them an, an recognizable enough so it doesn't fail like every new character book does. Yeah, so really. it, it's just – it's a shame. I just – it's hilarious. And as we're saying this, I am desperately – I was on Facebook, and I don't even think that DC even shared the cover of – because what they'll do is each week they'll have like a thing like Mr. Mi- – did like the Mr. Miracle. Did Mr. Miracle number two just change how we look at DCU's most sadistic, unsettling <laughs> villains? And then you'll have comments and people going on and on about it. And basically the Facebook seems like people just showing up and, and never even knowing what has been going on in, in any sort of books anyway, so – but yeah, I, I look nobody. They didn't put that up, so I cannot point out racism right now. Well, I'm sure. I, I'm sure if I look hard enough, I can find racism. On but the yeah, internet. if you want to hear me and Reggie laugh, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think next issue it's going to be just balls out hilarious and just you know just crazy. So it's gonna what be, did you give this one though? Uh, you know, this book really, as much as we're talking it up, talking about how great the series is. No, this issue was just kind of all right. It wasn't. It was that, kind of there. It, it, it was yeah, it wasn't really lighting up the world. I really thought it was just over stuff with characters that ended yeah. up standing around They're those you know, the, those two uh the the yeah. one page splash and the, the two page spread splash I loved. Uh and I did like a lot of it, you know what I mean? But but yeah, it just kind of seemed a lot a, a lot of what do they call it, ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. with those two so really I would say this would be about a seven, seven point five. With yeah. those spreads though. Yeah. I had to bump it up. I love those spreads, especially that one of them coming down from the That's ship. That's so awesome. Like you oh, said, if Keenan so was on that, if they could just superimpose Keenan in there instead of his That father, would be my poster. Yeah, poster awesome. right away. I'd oh, grab so it right up. Yeah. So I ended up on this side. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, that's fine. I... Uh, to me, it's weird, and, and we always have our crazy theories, and this book did seem like it was heading to a point where Gene Luan Yang was told, you got to wrap things up. If I'm going to go with our theory, I also now have the theory, side-by-side theory, that after those couple issues, somebody whispered into his ear and said, listen, we're going to let you finish this properly, take your time, because with how much it yeah. was forced into like – Things just progressing out of nowhere to, to get forward. All of a sudden, this issue was not basically just standing around and fighting and really taking its time. So it, it was a weird and, and, issue. And sort of reinforcing the things that we've learned. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah okay, there was we not enough. Dr. There wasn't Roman much new. Mother and, you know, yes. and, you know uh, the Justice League but I like is it. back together again. It just sort yep. of that's, – that's really all they did. Yeah, and I, I do like – this I love this series. I really do. It's one of my favorite series of yeah. Rebirth. And uh, so even an issue that's kind of like you said, it's not the greatest of issues for this series. It's still good. And I, I'm going to go 7-5. I did love the art. I I just think I really was upset that that Doomsday thing didn't get more. I, I thought they could have done a lot more with that because especially because it's, you know, now we have the Chinese, you know, the Asian Doomsday uh, fighting. Uh, maybe Kenan. he will. Maybe that's something I'd change. Yeah, yeah. Bust out and I, I wish that whatever the hell he wants. So I maybe wish that be it like would have worked out a, a little different. Coalition yeah. or something later. Yeah, on. I wish that it worked out. I wish it would have been a little different. I actually, I thought if you're just gonna do what you had happen here, I would have liked the, the freaking Emperor Doomsday Superman to come up and Keenan one punches him. 
boom, done. And then kid is like, you know, what's next or whatever. But yeah, we go. But we're going to go off to the last book that me and you are going to talk about together. And it's another super book. Mm. And it, it, it's it's an odd issue. And I just, <laughs> I, I wonder, this is one sometimes with these books, I sometimes wonder like what people who didn't read things before or what they would think because there's some weird callbacks in this freaking issue that I like. But boy, they came out of nowhere. But you you recognize that they really come out of left field. Oh my god, they come out of nowhere. I think think that if you were the writer, you would know that you wouldn't reference these things (laughs) because you'd be like, who the? You know, you know, you saw the numbers. You know, who the yeah. hell read this? That, 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 yeah, that. I actually think I think that this was just because it's Kate Perkins who was a writer on Supergirl, and then right. just having Supergirl is kind of like that. But then she throws in some things here that are weird. But give us the stats, Reggie, and then we'll talk. It about. is Superman, Superwoman number fourteen, written by Kate Perkins, art by Stephen Segovia, art the bear, and Hi-Fi. Uh. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Will Lana control herself or will she overload? Just read the comic book and don't give me your guff. Last issue's cliffhanger worked out off screen and stuff. Now we fight with Maxima with 12 pages of fluff. I hope you have the time of your life. Remember last issue and flashbacks they did show that Lex grew up in Smallville, Clark peeked in windows. Well, that's enough of that. Assume Lana succeeds. Amos is captured and Lex tends to Smallville's needs. So we call back a Supergirl arc no one will ever read. I hope you have the time of your life. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. Pretty much reiterate everything we just said. You yes. Know? And, and yeah, there's not going to be tons to think of. And you said the same thing as me. This is the other book that I was really talking about when I said these monthly books kind of get me. I open up this issue, opens up, and Supergirl and Lana are kind of fighting, you know, grabbing it. And I had no idea what was going on. I had to go back. I'm like, I don't even remember Supergirl being Well, then even when you this. went back. Now, here's <laughs> the thing. Okay. I, che- I, I literally triple checked this because yes. I read this. I read this and I was like, I had to have missed an issue. And I kept yes. thinking to myself. It seems like an issue I was, was like, missed. I was like, I know I went away. Maybe could I not have done it? Maybe could it have slipped through the cracks? Because this, this also is a book. You know, Jim and I behind the scenes kind of has been batted around a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it, it's not impossible that maybe one, we both forgot it. Uh, this issue ended. Lana and Amos, the, like the Red K superior, Red Kryptonite villain or whatever, had destroyed Smallville. They had Lex Luthor on the ropes and Supergirl showed up. That was the end. Mm-hmm. This book opens up. They're at the Scabbard site, which is the DEO thing, right? And Supergirl. Yes. Uh, Amos is captured crazy and lana and supergirl are are kind of tussling arguing like it, it just got wiped away a whole thing happened and i checked i checked did this happen in supergirl yeah. it didn't we just never nope. see what happened they just wrapped nope. it up at the end everything is great now yeah yeah it, it's crazy uh i will say also that uh i was just looking because i just wanted to see if anybody had uh 
tweeted uh, Kate Perkins to say if, uh, you know, hey, I, I, that was crazy. Well, nobody has, but I did see that she wants to be just referred to as Perkins. So from now on, I will not use the K. She said that that K part of her then, name. Well, how, what am I going to do when I want to talk about the diner chain? You are just going to be talking about Perkins as well. Yeah, she, <laughs> oh, she wants to go by Perkins. She doesn't want to. Uh, she goes. She uses the K because the government makes her, she said. So we'll see how that goes. Because the problem is I also I actually took it as a while that she she wanted to be one like I don't want to be pegged as a woman writer. So she went by K. Uh, but no, her she wants to go by Perkins. So I love Perkins. You ever eat a lot of Perkins? I love Perkins. There's actually one on Staten Island. Really? can believe it. Yeah. There was one in Morgantown, West Virginia, where I'd go to all the time. I like that. I went that. to one in like Wisconsin and Madison, Park. Wisconsin. You ever go to an Eaton Park? It was something else. You ever have an Eaton Park with the smiley cookie? You ever eat there? No. 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 I don't know what you're, you're talking ma- about with that You're one. missing out on a lot. You and your Waffle House. But uh, we'll go into this. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's weird because what happens in this, you said, they get, uh, I don't even remember, what, what was his name again? <laughs> Tell Amos. Me. Amos, yes. I, I Amos. Think he has, does he have a villain name? I don't know. I don't think he well, did. I think he's just Amos, the guy with Red K. The, the Red K. He he was infected with Monster, Red K. We find yeah. out in this issue that he did that because he kind of wanted to be like Lana and grow up to be a superhero. Not like Lana, but he wanted to be a superhero that Lana can look up to. At the end, it's very tied up in a bow, a little easy with that. And they don't want – they want to try to rehabilitate him, and they're going to do that in the Blade where Shay uh, Veritas, it's kind of spelled out by Supergirl, that she'll help her. But in the Supergirl issue and in the series, she's kind of out from there. Though Veritas, Dr. Veritas, is still kind of on her side. So I can go with that. But as you're going on, all of a sudden, after this kind of the Red K deal is dealt with by using the Kryptonian armor, it is crazy. Even for that to be there was crazy because of what we've seen that in the other books being. But it ends up a very long... Uh, overly long to me, you know, fight to do this and get this going and discussion and things like that. But in the meantime, the big thing is Maxima shows up out of nowhere. And at, well, when it starts off, she's there at Crucible Academy, several million light years away. And there is not even much of any sort of inkling of who this is for anybody jumping in. This was the pretty much a friend of Supergirl's at the end of the new 52 run of Supergirl where Kay Perkins or Perkins, I'm sorry, uh, did a the Supergirl issues with Mike Johnson. And they had this Crucible Academy where Supergirl mm-hmm. was going. And this academy was set up to basically get the best of the best from each world to train to be that world's protector. And when we did this, when me and Eric talked about it, I said even then – it was really a Green Lantern core without the Green Lanterns involved. So what they would get is, you know, oh, you're the best in, in this world? Okay, come and learn how to be the protector of that world, and you go back and do this. Well, Maxima, in the meantime, was really spelled out in that series to be a gay woman. She's from her planet. She was a gay woman. She actually at one point was kind of attracted to Supergirl, and she explained the big thing about that was – 
her planet didn't accept her. I mean, this is a planet-wide, you know, homophobic deal of her planet where they, she's supposed to be this princess and, you know, a queen eventually. Yeah, too. and have, and have you princes. Can't ha- you know, yeah, yeah, and have princes and princesses and, and, and procreate. And they got mad at her and she left to become pretty much to train to be the best and ended up running part, you know, as part of the Well, she, she comes in as like a super hard-ass, which is yeah. her traditional character, but she gets like kind of rehabilitated over the course of that arc, yeah, right? Yeah, I actually remember, and it's I read, really good. I read two issues of that arc, but when I saw the writing on the wall that it was going to be done. Close, I yeah. Ditch it. yeah, that was the problem with it. I really enjoyed it. I really, really liked it. And I was so upset when it ended because, and you could tell at one point, yeah. they were, uh, Perkins and Mike Johnson were really taking their time kind of developing this. And I said, if you went back and looked at my reviews back in the day, uh, I said it was like the breakfast club in space and it was really fun and i thought it was going to be really good and then it just all of a sudden they had to rush it to an end and then it ended what the weirdest thing is it ended with supergirl losing her powers she had no powers and then that was kind of got wonky and and pushed into and the that was truth supposed to later. tie into the truth and yeah it, it was supposed it never to really tie really in well no it, it didn't tie weird. in well they did not do a good job of tying in because basically <laughs> she went back to earth was going to go back to working as a barista because right. at one point she was and then got a bloody nose oh my goodness a bloody nose how can supergirl get a bloody nose and then it just ended and then you had to wait a bunch of issues for the truth to start and then she kind of came out of nowhere it was nonsense but, showed up at the end really you know, yeah it and like, it's a shame because you get this maxima and i don't think that uh perkins does any she does not do a good job of making you like this character because really it's a twist where you have an evil version anyway and you don't get enough to even know what's going on. And it comes out of left field so much of what's going on in this well, issue that I don't even know what's happening. If you're, you're going to reference happening. the fucking Crucible and you're going to reference Maxima's you know, changeover yes. to becoming the, the vice preceptor, yeah. then why even bother with, with this evil? You no. know what I mean? Like you're just making no. things really complicated. And like I said – who the hell is going to go back and read that nobody. arc? Nobody. And who's going to know? Why would you bother? Who would even know where to get it? No, you know, nobody's going to gonna know. And I said, I think it started in the New 52 Supergirl, like number 36 or 30, in the late 30s. I actually looked it up way, way back when we started recording tonight. Yeah. And it's just you don't even have – you can reference that. That is in this continuity. So if you're going to do that – have an editor's note. So if somebody does say, huh, this Maxima seems interesting, I think that I'll like to go back. But like you said, first off, she comes as a doppelganger, evil version that isn't really her. And you get the idea of they're playing almost like with this, you know, continuity, past continuity, melding. I don't right. know, but she shows up. Why not just show up as Maxima saying, hey, you know what? I, I got this reading on this red K. I thought this was affecting you. I know you had your problems in the past with things. Hey, Supergirl, are you okay? The other weird thing about this is this turns into pretty much a Supergirl issue. And and it's very odd to have that with Superwoman, especially in a book that Perkins is still trying to get her footing with this character. I mean, we're still in the point where we it's don't really issue, even have right? this. Yeah, like we, yeah, yeah, we don't even have this character of Lana Lang. We, we basically, it's spelled out, huh, you 
you kind of have the essence of Superman's power, but we still don't know why or what. They try to do that with uh, Amos where he's like, I can sense that you're more powerful. But the other thing is as the stuff with Maxima, the evil Maxima fighting them goes on, you have this weird deal where you had Amos first going, listen, Lana, you're more powerful than you think. It's all you. And then you go to fighting and then he goes back to him saying the same thing. And it just It's very wonky, this issue. And David's like, you're the alt Maxima. Where the alt Maxima go? I'm like, who can follow what this? That doesn't even know going what's on? going on. And, and I, I think it even harder is they're basically look the exact same. They're a little bit different, but the two yeah, Maxima. Yeah, because then, then the real Maxima shows up. <laughs> Tell you, then the real Maxima shows up and is like, my fellow daughter of Almerica, which was her planet, you forgot to close the portal. Oh, my God, Maxima, you're alive. And then the alt Maxima gets fucking sent back to the crucible where out of nowhere they go, Preceptor Salvo is waiting for you on the other side of the portal. <laughs> Again, have a editor's note to say, see the run by, you know, and have the, right. you, I'm telling you, I'll write the note now. See Supergirl, volume whatever, volume two, issues right. number 36 to 40, and then put, believe me, it's really good. You know, and they always put that little caveat on the bottom. Yeah. Just do that. Just have that in there. I, I, so said, that, I, bet, I bet you just get the last Supergirl trade in New 52 It will be that. Dying. Yeah. But, uh, but who would again, go like, from it's this, It's not though. clear. It's just so weird. No. Yeah, this, this would not really entice me. I'd be, I was kind of like. What the hell's going on here? And and you're going with like, okay, Perkins is writing this. She was co-writer of that as well. That maybe she wants a little props. She wants somebody to go back. And I do. I'm telling you, it was good. It was the best mini run of Supergirl in the new 52. It was really, really enjoyable. It just got cut off at the legs too quickly and and just had to end. But it was really good. But yeah, you have Supergirl then. They send this old Maxima back to the the Crucible. You don't even know. Half the people are going to be like, I don't even know what this stuff means, this jargon. And, you know, what is this old Maxima, whatever. And then you have, you know, Supergirl like, oh, my God, here's Maxima. She called herself Maxima, so I feel the worst. Oh, for a second there, I did as well it's so good to see you supergirl and then they uh, do have that thing like hey super superwoman this is maxima the real maxima she and i were crucible academy together and then they go into like a little bit of the you know what was a rightful woman who will perform her traditional role of reproduction with a male yeah. and you kind of throw that in there and i'm just I, the whole time i'm i'm sitting there and i know these characters i know maxima i know savo so, but I didn't even have a huge smile on my face because number one, I know it's not going to lead to anything, and number two, it's just I'm thinking, I, people are going to be so confused. Well, look, look at what Lana says during that whole exchange about the about the Crucible. Nothing. She, yeah. What does she care? She's yeah, like, she oh, that's care. nice. Yeah. Uh, this is my book. Get the fuck out of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because then you have Maximus like, hey, I'm also a vice preceptor of an educational facility that trains thousands of young heroes to do the same. And this underachiever, you know, this snarky stuff. And then Lana just says, the finally she opens her mouth, you sound like a badass to me. And then let's go. And she is tough. She is, though. Let's go back to check on Amos. And then they go back again, and that's I what I think Lana Amos. was like, yeah, okay, all right, enough of that shit. Uh, yeah, let's do yeah. that. Let's just stop talking about your old school days. Yeah, and the, this the, is like when you go to college and you can't stop wearing your high school yeah. Letterman jacket. Yeah, yeah. You know, or or you here. come back – or the guy who comes back from college for Thanksgiving, and all he wants to talk about is this fucking frat that he's right. in now. And you're like, I don't need this shit. 
the weirdest thing though is it ends with Maxima still in the book. <laughs> like what? What is going on? I think she's going to be in the next issue. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. What is really... going on? You got to. Because gotta we really kind of jumped from the end of the last issue to this one. I'm so <sighs> lost. It and is. now they're being looked at by the terror of the midnight protocol, which yeah. speaks with partly binary code mixed with, uh, yep. yeah, you know, or numbers writing, mixed yeah. with letters. Yeah. And, uh, okay, that's yeah. cool. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, really. The one good thing I thought was you're going, and the fight with Amos was nothing because basically it's to fight him to kind of dissipate things and then put him back in his shell that protects him. But when the, the actual Alt Maxima shows up, I actually did like one thing, and that was that Lana was going full out with her powers. She was shooting, you know, red energy mm-hmm. from her fist. She had the lightning going and stuff like that. So I actually like seeing her powers. Uh, you don't get a lot, though. And even, you know, she does it a couple times. She basically shoots, like, the, the fire bolt out of her hand and stuff. So I didn't mind that, but so odd this is one of the oddest issues that we've had in so long and it's almost like yeah if if super if superwoman the book like i don't know about you reggie do you consider this book a top seller no <laughs> do you consider it a overwhelming success definitely no. not no why aren't why isn't perkins sh- centering on her character and trying to yeah. make, then bring why, why are you hitching why are you hitching this thing to a so 52 weird. story because that, if like, this was batman if this was batman and maxima showed up in that book i'd say this is weird i think they're gonna start a crucible book i think they're gonna fire up the crucible again yeah. there'd be the but having it show up in here all it seems is that it's perkins like I want my character from Supergirl to be in here, and since Supergirl's in the story, that's the easy way. But now I'm starting to think that's the only reason Supergirl got into these, you know, this series for these couple issues isn't because of the the Red K and the Smallville connection. It was just to bring in Maxima for no reason. It's just weird. And to go from this, I really think that she would only think that. She's really spelled out who Maxima is so she can go forward without – and nobody will know. I, I'm one, I want to hear some podcasts. All right, so if you want to bring in. Maxima into the book, then why bring have Maxima. Alt Maxima? Yeah, like, what don't was have Alt Maxima Max. about? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah and, and really wait for a little. I know that the book may not last very long. We had rumors that it was going to end you know, in February or so, and we'll see how that goes. That was just rumors, but – Wait till you can go and have Supergirl ask Superwoman to go to the fucking Crucible because she hasn't heard anything from them and she's got to go check it out. You go and find out that it's been taken over, you know, by whoever and and whatnot. But maybe you could add all you could add Alt Maxima there would have made more sense. Uh, you know, I it, it just really seemed confused and the fact that we I, I really I swear I really thought I had missed an issue for the longest time. Like I probably I did like. Yeah. 15 minutes of research just oh, to I make sure I didn't miss something because I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Last issue ended with a cliffhanger like Supergirl was going to come save the day. And then she just did like, that's it. The end. Everything's fine now. You know, Amos yeah, is all stashed weird, away. But so. I did like the art. I, I like the art. I liked enough, it. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's not blowing me away, but it is solid. You know, and I'm no looking problems at- with it. If you if you really were into it and you wanted to find out, it actually, the volume is, it's volume six and it is crucible so it, it's, it's called, not like it's yeah, called crucible. It, yeah it's just called crucible so yeah you can go by that but 
What do you give it, Reggie? What did you give it on the deal? Uh, I really just was not really that impressed. It's a serviceable comic. I was confused by some of it, though. Uh, even now, I'm feeling like I gave it kind of a higher score, but still, I, you know, I guess it's not like the worst thing that ever happened. I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah, I I actually think that I would give it probably a five five. It's just uh, it's just so weird. As we're doing this, I'm going down and looking at uh that thing, and and also here's the thing to kind of get people in. It did have Connell in it as well, which I know you know people really like him. So if you want wanted to go back, Connell's in it. You got a, a bunch of crazy things. But, just so weird to bring that run, in, so. which was not all by that wasn't all by Perkins, right? That was a a few people no, wrote just, that Supergirl run. Well, th- uh, there was uh, a new, ton of people in the, in the new Fifty Two. It bounced back and forth. It it yeah. really had a lot of crazy deals. But going it, it on. had its up ups and downs. Uh, you know, I I don't know if I. It's hard to say. But there's there almost was enough good in there to say that it's worth a read. I guess it, yeah, if you're already a Supergirl fan, and let me tell you, she's yeah. had some, you know. Pretty pathetic <laughs> runs. That was not yes. one of the worst ones, I thought. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, I know. But yeah, I'm looking at. I, I think that yeah. this. Oh, geez. I think that the, uh, the villain at the end, the binary villain's gonna tie into the Crucible. That there is. Why would you have Maxima there? It's either got to be something from her home world or the Crucible. So we'll see. But yeah, we're gonna go off now. All right, and I am here with Chris. How hey. you doing, Chris? Yeah, and yeah, we were gonna be here with Reggie. I think I messed up. I did. I never <laughs> told Reggie the time that we were recording. I thought that I did, and then I realized I'm sitting here waiting. I'm like, okay, Chris is online. I'm here. <laughs> you know, Reggie's usually, you know, he's usually on time. I'm like, oh, sure. No. I never told him the time. So we're gonna start with me and you. May finish with me and you. Uh, <laughs> but if Reggie beeps in, we'll we'll let him in because he read this issue, and it is Teen sure. Titans, obviously, because you know I'm here talking with Chris, and we all know Eric isn't around. Uh, but I don't know he. I don't know if he's been reading Teen Titans up until now. Now this issue, you don't really need to. Of Red Teen Titans, anyway. It's it's a very no. odd issue. It's a metal tie-in, and it's the first tie-in for metal. And I actually think that maybe it was a bit of a misstep because it's it's just not that great. It, no. And for this big event to have this be the first tie-in issue. I don't know. I, I hope that people don't get turned off because there's a lot of them. There's 25 total issues, I believe, and maybe might be up to 27 now because they, they announced a couple other things. But, yeah, wow. this whole event is, is tie-in heavy, and I'm afraid some people are going to get this Teen Titans. First off, maybe get this Teen Titans as their first Teen Titans book they're going to get <laughs> in Rebirth. And uh, I'll let those people know, and I think, Chris, you'll agree – this is pretty much par for the course. It's not that great, and <laughs> it's, not great. it's just a shame that it didn't come out, you know, really going. Now, I do think one thing that I like about the tie-ins and even some of the other things involved here, at least they did maintain the regular creative team for the most part. You have Ben Percy. Same writer, writing. yeah. Sometimes you have where they get these tie-ins, and because of the, the nature of it, they get somebody else. So at least you have that, but it doesn't really do that much. Well, that might good not be a good it. thing either. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that is the problem. Maybe if somebody else jumped in, you'd be like, ooh, that's a, that's a pretty good Teen Titans. But do you have a blurb for us, Chris? You know, I do. I was actually going to take a page out of Reggie's book and do a bit of a song parody. I don't uh, mind. That's good. To, uh, but I, but I, I, I couldn't commit to the bit. So oh, I, uh, no. It was just, uh, <laughs> just going to be uh, <laughs> when in Rome's The Promise. Nice. But about how, nice. how 
how great this book or how much better this book is with the Titans not in it. Yes. And how I don't think that was what DC had no, intended to be. That would not be the intent. But yeah, now next time but, uh, then you're gonna have to <laughs> sing a song next time. Okay. I'm gonna hold you to it. Because yes, Reggie and, and people are starting it's weird because I Eric sits there when Reggie starts singing, he turns the mic off and I don't know what he does. So with just us here it would have been cool. But uh do you have the, the credits or would you want to just well, jump I do right have into a regular it? blurb here. Okay. Too. I All did a right. backup blurb just in case. Cool. Uh, just in case you didn't <laughs> guess. I wasn't up to it. I, yeah, it uh, are you tired of watching Damian Wayne bicker with his fellow Teen Titans? Well, you're in luck because for the better part of this issue, he'll be bickering with a whole different bunch of folks. Yeah. That's right. The Teen Titans barely show up in their own book, and somehow it's the most enjoyable issue yet. Yes. I yeah. don't think that was the plan, but who am I to argue? No. And, uh, uh, so- it's weird. Uh, the one thing that I got from this that's weird, and we've talked about it before, and I've kind of gone back and forth. I even stopped looking. Is this one fully spells out that they know Damien's secret identity? They use they the name have to, Damien yeah. all the time, and and it was going back and forth. And some people were telling me, no, no, they don't. They keep calling him Robin. They never call him that. And then remember the one time when Batman did show up, mm-hmm. and he called him Damien, but we didn't know if they were around at that point. But yeah. Pretty much, I, I think they do now. But yeah, the the thing about this is there's no Teen Titans. It, there nope. really isn't. They are just there trying to get to Damien. And in the meantime, Damien has gone to Gotham. And it, there is a weird, it ties into metal, but there's a little wonkiness to the timeline of what Damien says of my dad disappeared and all this stuff because at the last thing Damien would have seen is his dad. He was pre- with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so it was very odd, and he knew he kind of seemed to know what the the plan was. But this actually fully spells out as well that Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman are gone. But give us from the beginning. Let us tell us what happens. Yes. Yes. We got uh, Teen Titans number twelve. This is Gotham Resistance Part One: The Riddler's Labyrinth, written by Ben Percy, with art by Mirka and Dalfo and Romulo Fajardo Jr. And uh, we start with, uh, we mentioned this off the air, but it, it is the Riddler in Arkham Asylum, but yes. it's, you wouldn't know it immediately from uh, from looking no. at him. No, And he's it, visited by the Batman who laughs, who yep. looks more like something out of Rocky Horror here. Yeah, oh, he's he looks crazy. And I, I, the other thing, uh, again, maybe they shouldn't have done these tie-ins until they had those one-shots of the characters. Because the Batman to, who laughs, to, this is... Yeah, to flesh this, him out a little bit. Yeah, this is really the first thing we, we only saw him at the end of Metal 2, and then all of a sudden he's here, so we really don't know what he's into or what he does, and he just shows hmm. up, and he has these, well, he has the crows, the the Robins, the evil Robins, and he shows up and gives Enigma this card, and it's, it's a Joker card, and it's just kind of odd, where he says, you know, hey, I've come here, uh, don't be afraid, you should be excited, you know, I didn't come all the way to kill you like I did on my world, and you, you have all these things, you know, kind of thrown out there about how his world would be, you know, this is the Batman of his dark world, so it's crazy, but he gives him this card and says, you know, it has the metal in the card, and you can do whatever you want with it, and it looks like there's a bunch of villains that already have these cards, and are already, you know, wreaking havoc all over Gotham, and it's just, like I said, it's just odd. It really isn't spelled out that great, but I'm kind of interested to see what happens, but you have Freeze, Poison Ivy Bane, and Mad Hatter there in a, a big spread page, Uh, But, yeah, other than that, you know, he wants Riddler to kind of make a 
a riddle. Like, uh, you know, in this level of the where the Challengers Mountain and all that stuff was. And I don't know. You could go on. You tell me about it. Well, I, you know, it, it was weird seeing Poison Ivy because I wasn't sure if she's a hero or a villain. Uh, yeah, Twitter yeah. tells me she's a hero. So yeah, I'm you, not don't sure wanna, that, you don't uh, want to step on We just, um, me and Reggie the, earlier in this section, were talking about that as well. <laughs> you don't want to tread on that. That, that is uh, stuff you want to keep They're coming away. in and they, they are, yeah. as usual, they're bickering. Yes. Uh, Gar Logan is still the absolute worst character post rebirth. He has got to yeah. be one of my top worst characters. He probably is, yes. He every there's disasters going around. He still wants to take selfies. He's yeah. still doing that stuff. You know, he's still joking. This is it is a a disaster area. I mean, Gotham mm-hmm. has been turned in. And also, I'll, I'll mention they have Challengers Mountain in the middle of Gotham, which we saw before. But then there's these rings that have yeah. made their way around Challengers Mountain, which pretty much is all of Gotham, or at least a very big part of Gotham. And it looks like you know people must be dead all over the place. Oh, definitely. There's Beast Boy making jokes. He he's a rhino, and he's like, you know how you get attention into people in Gotham? You you use your horn. And then smashes into a car, and then he's like, Beast Boy, at your service, don't be scared. Here, smile for a selfie. Like, what mm. is going on? Why, why and he forces the lady into taking the picture. She's, <laughs> like in the picture, she's looking, she looks terrified, and he's yeah, yeah, they, smiling yeah. like an idiot. Oh, he's loving it. He's he's doing that, but really, it's yeah, it, it's not very good what Ben Percy's doing with the no. Titans here. Uh, the the one big thing is that you know Raven senses there's a lot of dark magic around more than she's used to, and this you know you set that up, but then you basically have Robin go up to the front doors of this big you know where. They have this big uh, wall around what's going on in the middle of Gotham, and he's just like, you know what? I'm heading in. You know, Batman mm-hmm. is has to be in there. He seems to be looking to where Batman was, and he's going to go in, and it's basically like a riddle room, like a you know a whole maze of riddles, a labyrinth that the Riddler has set up. And pretty much at that point, you pretty much leave the Teen Titans behind for the most part. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes in and, you know, he's going through and then he runs into Green Arrow, which which is OK. I'm, I'm not mm. that, you know, it, it's cool. And it is Ben Percy's other, but, you know, deal. So he's trying to figure out the stuff and he's got his characters that he knows. But other than that, you know, they go through this labyrinth. There's not a lot going on. But you you go on. No. You tell me. Well, before before Damien goes in, uh, we did learn something really, really important about the Titans. And I don't think we've ever heard this before. But did you know that they all come from messed up families? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I've I never heard, ever heard that, that before. <laughs> no, no. Raven hasn't mentioned that, you know, her father is a, a demon. <laughs> and, but again, this is where I got the, the thing where that's where I fully say now they, they know – Damien's, you know, background. Got, there's yeah. been there's been times where they're kind of they skirted the issue a bit, and then when Green Arrow shows up, he definitely knows. You know, he sure. just he knows exactly what's going on. And yeah, it, like you said, it, it's weird because we I mentioned it's it's good that you have the creative team going or you have Ben Percy, but you're right. Why didn't he do anything different? You, you don't have mm-hmm. to. You know, he's making this as a tie-in, but also a jumping on point or and and without the titans in the book for the most part i it misses because you don't totally. really get to know anything if, if you were going to do this and dc really wanted to have this be something like oh we want to get people in the teen titans i i think they'd have the teen titans more in here 
but yeah, I, I don't mind the interaction with him and Oliver, though. It's pretty cool. And the one thing that I want is I've been saying I wanted Emiko on the Teen Titans for the longest time. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, Oliver actually spells it out, says, you know, he had and says, you're just a jerk. You're a big headed jerk. But you know what? I have another big headed jerk. Uh, you know, my sister Emiko, yeah. uh, she'd be perfect in the Teen Titans. I think she would and would be great with Damien because they would just yell and scream at each other constantly. Uh, but pretty much Damien is here and he's going to run the show even with Oliver there being, you know, Oliver. But yeah, they just go, they, they run into a zombie Batman. That's, you know, really yeah. not, it's not really explained fully. It's just when the Batman who laughs gave this, gave the card to Riddler, it basically said, and I think that it's, it's a little off basically said with this card, you could do whatever you want. And it just seems like odd, especially mm. at by the end where we find out basically we're going to go jumping through these villains in these other books. And it just to me, it just felt a little off. But you go on with it. Well, yeah, they you know, like you said, they he runs into a green arrow who saves him from a, a torrent of red fluid. Yeah. yeah. Um, Damien calls Arrow a second stringer, which might be a string too high. Um, <laughs> yes. And across that zombified that Batman, and he tells uh, tells Damien that he's a failure. So I, like like you said, you know, the Riddler has all these powers to do whatever he wants. We don't know yeah. exactly what he knows. No, I mean, no, that, yeah, that, that's how the would he know to send out a zombie yeah, Batman? Yeah, a zombie to, Batman. Unless this is just tapping into Damien's psyche. Yeah, and they, they even say, Oliver kind of hints at it at one point and says, you know, he's, you know, that's your greatest fear, you know, your dad, mm. and, you know, but really, it's odd that he would know this. It, it really yeah. is. And, you know, and you have the whole thing with Oliver and Damien before that, just as they're walking, like, basically, Damien, you know, well, his, Batman doesn't do any wrong. He keeps saying, you know, and then Oliver says, you know what, your blind devotion, you got to be careful about that because there's no telling where you might end up. And that's where this zombie Batman came out just a little too convenient for me for what, like you said, we didn't know what was going on. And at, at this point... It's okay. I mean, I'm I'm going. It's you know, it's tie in. You have some other characters, and then Harley and Killer Croc show up, yeah. and I was like, boy, I did not expect them to show up in in this book. Even though I think I saw solicits with On what this, yeah, what and even what this Gotham deal was going to be. But I was like, just I would have never have guessed that they were going to show up, but they do, and and they're okay as well. But yeah, you can go on. Yeah, they uh, got Harley and Croc show up. Uh, they bonk the 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 zombie bat with a mallet, and I think Croc eats him afterwards because yeah, he's got disgusting. a hand sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> it's uh, disgusting. <laughs> he's like a uh, they, they get together and they they the four of them argue because that's yeah. that's how our man writes. Um, now they do come across a the Riddler piloting a giant sort of mech suit yeah, type yeah, thing, a mecha suit like a mecha. <laughs> labyrinth yeah. uh medieval type of batman armor batman yeah. And, and yeah and, and and basically before the whole thing was is you had to go in this maze you had to make it to the middle of the maze and then when you're in the middle and when you're in the center you have to solve a riddle and mm-hmm. then it ends and the problem was oliver and damien couldn't get to the center Harley and Croc could get to the center, but they couldn't solve the riddle. So it was like they were going to team up the best of both worlds and get there. And even Riddler, when he's in this mecca, he's like, you (laughs) know what? You guys cheated. Uh, Again, what's weird to me is this metal story is 
It's a dark story, and you're having the first thing with this Batman who laughs, probably the darkest of the Dark Universe Batman. You're in this labyrinth, and it comes off as very, like, Batman 66 very jokey. Campy. Yeah, yeah, very campy, and it just threw me off a bit. It, it really did. Now, it, it's not that I didn't like that. It just seemed to not fit the style of what I thought these metal tie-ins and all would be. Uh, but, yeah, go on. Yeah, the well, the, uh, the the Batman who laughs at the end of metal looked looked you know demented. He looked oh, yeah. disturbed, and here he looks, he like a looks big very cartoony. Yeah, yeah, yes, he does. And even even the Riddler when he's wearing his kiss makeup here, he looks cartoony. I was as gonna hell. say he looks like Gene um, Simmons so much. He just <laughs> he does. He looks like he's in Kiss, and just him saying, "Oh man, you cheated." And yeah. it's just like, man, that's that's really odd. But he he does give him a riddle then. And and it's the if you throw me from the window, I'll leave a grieving wife. Bring me back, but in the door, and you'll see someone giving life. Uh, you know what am I? And then they go and basically say, Damien, you figure that out. You know, with your big brain, while we fight off the Riddler in this big mecca. And I again, is did he say that they were cheating so that he could cheat as well? Because the whole thing was supposed to be a riddle. Now you're fighting this yep. huge giant mecca. <laughs> and again, I can only think through this whole thing is this is all that the Riddler can come up with when he had what the Batman who laughs gave him the power of everything, like really mm-hmm. said, your dream is is this thing's command. You can do anything. And basically he comes up with a riddle and a mech suit, a giant suit. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Damien figures it out. He figures out the riddle. And yeah, it, you don't really even get a lot of time to even think about it, but it's N. It's the letter N yeah. where he says, and then he just, you know, goes to the Riddler and says, where's my father? Where the hell? What have you done with him? And Oliver picks up that card. And it's weird because now the card pretty much has a symbol before it looked like a Joker card. Now it has the symbol of that Riddler, Mecha, Minotaur, whatever you want to say That's on true. it. Yeah. And, yeah, Riddler's just laying there. They don't even seem to be that concerned with doing anything with it. Like, they're just leaving the Riddler there. And well, Damien just... does give him, a, give him a kick or a punch. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, the, uh, the sound effect is douche. Douche. <laughs> douche. <laughs> he kicks him right in the face in his freaking kiss makeup face. Yep. Douche. And that's where, yeah, that's where they get that card. And... Uh, just weird then a door opens and they're gonna get out and yeah and and oliver throws in that little tie-in of the the court of the owls where he says oh this is the you know the broadhead i found underneath yeah Yeah, and that was just nonsense i'm telling you Mm. that that bit of court of owls in green arrow really pretty much destroyed the court of owls for me because they seem like a big joke uh Mm. but yeah hardly a door opens and and they go out and then on challenger's mountain you again see the Batman who laughs, and like you said, he just seems very cartoony, and mm. he calls out, and it looks like you get the, his version of Damien comes out. Yeah, he pulls like, another Robin. It's just another yeah. Jokerized yeah, another Robin. another Jokerized Robin deal, and yeah, yeah. It, it's like, why wasn't he around before? Now, you, yeah. you do see that this one isn't really tied up. Like the others, mm. the others are kind of led around They're on leashed, chains yeah. and leash, you know, a chain leash. Uh, this one just comes out. But why didn't you You have Damien here? Why wasn't it just, hey, Damien, dark Damien, go and kill your counterpart or whatever? I, I just don't get the right? idea. Yeah. 
And I guess the Batman who laughs is obviously the one who's going to remain in Gotham with all the Gotham times where he's done this thing with the card. But if everyone is this level, and he even says, oh, my goodness, you know, the Riddler, he always ends up leaving an out for everyone. And it is the joke of of the Riddler, you know, to yeah. give a riddle and then they can get out. But he's like, you know what, we're going to have to up it. And it just kind of was silly. Uh, but then you have this, you know, ragtag team going and walking through Gotham where it's snowing now. And yep. all of a sudden a guy comes out and he, he, Damien thinks it, it's Batman, but it isn't. It's Nightwing. And he's being chased by a giant, like, looks like an ice monster. Who looks seems like an to ice be. clay face yeah, or something. Yeah, And then it says next week, uh, yeah, next week winter is here. Mr. Freeze is unleashed as the story continues in Nightwing. So we're going to get another one of these with Nightwing and Mr. Freeze. And I just... I don't know. It just seems like, is that what we're going to do each time? You know what I mean? We saw. Then are we going to get Poison yeah. Ivy? Then we're going to get Bane. Then Mad we're going to get yep. Mad Hatter. And it just, to me, that doesn't seem that. And as they go on, they'll add more people. But really, where are the Teen Titans? <laughs> they're just sitting outside now. I, I don't yeah, they're understand. on the outer ring. Yeah, and, and plus, they have the capability to just fly over those walls. Uh, you know, just sure. go in and do whatever. And, just very odd. And the fact that Challenger Mountain just showed up. It out of nowhere materialized in Gotham and then it's just been there. They you know, that's where in Metal Number One, Superman looked in with his X ray vision, said, Oh my god, this is a bunker. Uh they went in, they saw, you know, they saw uh Red Tornado in there, had the challengers that were in stasis and things like that. And now all of a sudden around it are a bunch of, you know, rings and things. I, I don't know when that happened. It just seems yeah. really odd to go from one step to the other of what's going on. I, it, it just seemed weird. But any other thoughts on it? Did you like uh, it? Uh, no, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, it, it, like I said earlier, this was the most enjoyable issue. But I think that's yeah. just because I didn't have to deal with the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's I, a shame because, yeah, the Teen Titans book, it just – of all this is issue 12 for 11 issues of Teen Titans they've just been standing around bickering and yeah, doing and, nothing and really. Bill, and put it, and hinting that there's going to be new members and then we yeah. get a member 4 months after we stopped caring about that member becoming a member yeah yeah really and then I, i'm sure after this and when the metal stuff is all said and done and whatever we're going to have to work on getting Wally West back on the team He's which come is back just next gonna, month yeah uh, yeah so next month it'll just be almost a reset button of that again so we'll have yep. to just sit there and you know what it'll it'll happen they'll argue <laughs> with Damien about letting him back and oh my goodness gracious but uh, are you reading metal itself or, or have yes. you been reading? Do you like that? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think it's a little overhyped, but, uh, yeah. I have enjoyed what I've uh, read so far. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed the first issue. The second issue, maybe not as much, but really? uh, still, still top stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really liked it. I, I liked the second issue. Uh, I, I agree with you though, even with me hyping it up, I think it's been a bit overhyped, but I think it's also because People are just desperate for some Anything. fun, crazy event, and that's what we're getting. So what did you give this? I gave it a 7.5, um, and that's a uh, moderately soft 7.5, yeah, yeah. uh, but yeah, like I said, it is better than what I've read the past yeah. few months out of the Titans. Um, I, uh, you know, I tried uh, reading Percy's Green Arrow, and mm -hmm. I made it through the Rebirth issue. Yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> and and the worst part is, I'll tell you now, 
That was the best part. The, the Probably wow. the first six issues were the best part. It, it's had its ups and downs, but right now mm. I'm just bored with that. But it, it, that's kind of his writing. Uh, his yeah. writing is not really anything but, you know, standard, it seems, and it kind of gets boring. He reminds me of like a uh, Colin Bunn. I mean, yeah. where I can make it like an issue or two, and then it's just like, okay, next. And then you're just done. Yes, yes, I, I'd agree. But yeah, I, I'd probably give this, I'm a little lower. I probably was going to go around seven, but I think around a six, eight, seven, somewhere around there. Mm. Uh, like you said, though, uh, it's better than what you usually get in the Titans, <laughs> but for a first tie into a huge event for the summer and, and leading into the fall and all, I, I think it was a little down. And I hope that people don't get this first one and then no. just say you know what i do because really you do not need to read this this doesn't do anything more for the metal story so far it might so, contradict it yeah that's yeah we know. really and it, it even i'm telling you when it starts off with damien explaining what happened and how it happened and kind of days gone and this and that doesn't really jive in my head so no. hopefully it doesn't screw things up but i thought that they jumped too quick on this i you know i'm somebody oh what do you mean it's already the second issue of metal but when they write these it's way back you know this sure. wasn't written last week so maybe they should have waited a couple more weeks to kind of get everything in line and things like that but yeah the, we'll the laughing see. batman's only been around for what like two or three pages before yeah, this issue yeah yeah that's yeah. it yeah, wait for those one shots. Do yeah, we ha- don't know have, what the deal is. Yeah, have September be the one shots of the Batman who laughs and all those others. The Batman who did the drown one. I I forget all mm. of them now. But yeah, <laughs> have those first. Kind of establish who they are and then do the tie-ins. That might have been better off. But that's how now, it goes. Are the tie are the tie-ins going to be weekly? Like, I, I think that every I think they're trying on? to do every week that there is a tie-in. So yeah, mm. next week is Nightwing. Then I I don't know what's next, but I do think that that's how they're trying to hype it. That's and their plan, huh? Next week uh, also is the first of the uh, the Batman things. You have the Batman. Mm-hmm. I again I I always forget the names of them. It's like the Batman who runs fast. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's something like that. I'm desperately trying to get to where I have those. But it is the Flash Batman, I believe, that okay. starts uh, up next week. So, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of things all in a row to try to keep up with. And I have, I'm have, i afraid that a lot of people are just going to go. I, I think they'll get those one-shots, those Batman one-shots. But mm-hmm. I think that they'll just get those, the main metal books, and then wait for that, you know, Hawkman found and Batman lost and things like that. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see if the others are better. But, hey, we, we did this. But thanks, Chris. Thanks again. Thank you. And, uh, again, every time, every month I say, hopefully next month when you come back, <laughs> we'll get something really good. I'm waiting for that one that's, you know, a 9.5 that me, you, and Eric are going nuts. But also, Blown I'm away. telling you, I want a song next next time. I want to have a – we're going to have a contest. It's going to be like America's Got Talent between you and Reggie, <laughs> and, and we'll have everybody vote. That's what we need. But we're going to go <laughs> off now to something. I'm not even sure. That's the crazy thing this week. We recorded things every night, so we'll be back with something. Thanks, Chris. Black hole sun, won't you come? Wash away the rain. Black hole sun, won't you come? Won't you come? Won't you come? Hello, everyone. Vermillionaire here, welcoming you guys back for this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. Uh, this week, I'm going to be bringing you guys. 
uh, Eclipse Volume 1 from Image Comics. Uh, this is a little bit shorter of a trade. It's only the first four issues of the series. Um, it's written by Zach Kaplan and art by Giovanni Timpano. Um, and uh, I just want to, before I jump into describing this this first issue, uh, I just want to start off by saying that for being Zach Kaplan's first comic book, I think he does he does a, a good job of letting the story kind of kind of unfold naturally. Um, without you, you get an idea of what's going on without him resorting to uh, an info dump issue or even even really a big info dump section uh, and I think in a trade that's only these four issues it's that that's really good to not have that wasted page space on just background information and instead it kind of it kind of just flows naturally with the story and you get a good idea of what's going on in the story um, so first issue uh, it starts off at nighttime in what looks like uh and actually it does turn out to be it's in Times square um an alarm goes off and then there's a voice over the loudspeakers saying that curfew is now in effect and all of the police around start ushering people underground uh because the sun is about to come up uh so they get everyone underground and lock the doors behind them and the third page shows the city being lit up by the sun um, and I think the art here, um, and especially the colors, but the art too by Giovanni Tim- Timpano, uh, and the colors as well, um, I think it's really good right here in showing that this isn't exactly a normal sunrise. It looks kind of unnaturally bright, which is weird to say or weird to show in a comic book, but I think it does a pretty good job of giving you that idea uh, that this isn't just a sunny day. It's like unnaturally bright and intense sunlight. Uh, Now, here is where we find out exactly what's going on. So, 10 years prior to the book, there was a huge solar event that killed billions of people on Earth and fucked up the atmosphere so that now there isn't any protection from the sun, really. And uh, if you're exposed to the sun, it will literally, it'll melt your skin um, in, like, seconds as soon as you're out in the sun. Um, So now here we're going to be introduced to the main character of the story, Bax, uh, who is outside in what looks like an astronaut suit, sort of. Um, And you would imagine that it has like a welder's helmet or solar eclipse glasses material over it so that you can see out in the sun without getting burned. Um, They're actually called Iceman suits. Um, So you have to wear one of these Iceman suits to be outside during the day or just make sure that you're in the shade. Uh, Bax works for one of the one of the big companies that kind of runs everything uh, that and his agency goes out and uses these Iceman suits to fix things during the day. Uh, so to start off, he's going to go check on some wires that some armadillos chewed through. Uh, but in the middle of fixing those, he gets called over to Times Square um, and two other people out in Iceman suits have found this man that got stuck out in the sun and completely burned up. His skin is all melting off and boiled up. So, you know, it's like it's Eric Shea's worst nightmare, basically. Um, So on the wall behind him, uh, in blood is written, they were scorched and because they had no root, uh, which is Matthew apparently 13.6, and that's written on blood on the wall behind him. So obviously this wasn't a drunk guy that didn't get underground in time and kind of stumbled out into the sun. This... Seems like it was done on purpose. Um, And the only way to murder someone like this would have to be access. They would have to have access to one of these Iceman suits is what they're thinking. So 
um, in, in the office, it seems like, you know, somebody from the agency did this. This is one of their people gone rogue. Um, so Bax goes underground and he's kind of just, you know, he's disturbed by the whole thing, but he kind of just ignores it. Um, his shift is over, so he's going to go underground and he's going to fall asleep in his, in his house watching a recording of Super Bowl 42 when the Giants beat the Patriots. That's what it's playing on his TV as he's sleeping. Not really relevant to the story, uh, but, you know, fuck the Patriots, so I'm just going to throw that in there. Anywho, there is a knock at the door, and some company people show up to tell Bax that Brant himself wants to talk to him. You know, whoever Brant is, you don't really know at this point, but you can kind of just assume, and it does turn out, uh, that he's the big cheese in this company that Bax works for. Uh, so Bax goes into this Brant guy's office, and it looks like it's outside or above ground. Uh, they have huge TV screens on the wall that have live video feed from outside. Uh, so it looks like they're windows, but they're actually just, you know, they're actually just monitors. Um, that's something kind of little, uh, but I think it really adds something to the story. Um, it's not, like I said, it's not really a huge thing. Um, it's an added touch that shows that these people are just trying to do something to live somewhat normal lives and adjust to what has happened. So Brant wants Bax to train a crew on how to use the Iceman suits uh, so that they can catch this murderer. There was a death threat with the same Bible verse on it sent to the victim two days before it happened. Uh, and then a death note with a different Bible verse was sent to Brant's daughter Rose as well. Um, so they're pretty worried about her getting killed too. Uh, so there's someone from the Iceman team missing along with his suit. So they obviously think that this guy is the killer and they need to go find him. Now, Bax is reluctant to help at first because, you know, he doesn't think it's a good idea to use Rose as bait and he's not a bodyguard. Uh, but he eventually does agree to teach a team how to use the suits as long as, you know, that's all he's doing. He's not body bodyguarding or anything. Uh, so Rose is partying at a day club. Since everyone sleeps during the day now and are out at night, it's day clubs instead of night clubs, and these day clubs are in boarded-up buildings uh, that kids party in. Another little added touch, um, you know, just showing the difference between the world we know now and how it would change if something like this were to happen. Uh, so Bax goes up to check the roof of this day club and finds it completely covered in water. The pipes have been bashed. You know, this is obviously a setup to cause you know, pandemonium downstairs. Uh, so they have to start evacuating the club. Uh, but the part of the team that was inside watching over Rose escort her to the back. So they're standing in the shadows out the back of this club. So no, none of them are in suits. Uh, but a truck with mirrors all over the side of it drives up and uh, that those mirrors reflect this deadly light into the shadows on them. Uh, one of the guards that Rose says has been protecting her her entire life uh, jumps in front of her. Um, so that she's fine, she doesn't get burned by this by this light, but the other guards, they burn up instantly. I mean, it is quick. Uh, but Rose stays hidden underneath these roasting bodies. Uh, Bax finally gets down from the roof to help her. He shoots out the mirrors and gets her up into the shade. Uh, they're about to go underground to try to get away uh, when a guy gets out of this mirrored truck, but he's not wearing an Iceman suit. He's standing out in the sun, Without a suit on, he's not burning, and the issue ends with Rose screaming out, you know, why the hell is he not burning? Uh, so it's a pretty 
fucking crazy first issue, honestly. It sets up a, a lot of things, gets you a good idea of what's going on in this world. Uh, and I thought it was it was pretty great. Uh, as a first issue, you know, if I was reviewing just the first issue alone, I would think I would probably give it around like a 9.5 the way that it sets up the rest of the story. Now, the rest of the series, or this first trade anyway, goes down just a slight bit, but it's still really good. Uh, they spend the next three issues trying to find out who this guy that is standing out in the sunlight is and how he can do that. How is that possible? Uh, he turns out to be pretty slippery, and he's tough to track down and kind of take out. Um, and the trade ends with a pretty solid mystery as to what's going going to come next. Uh, there may be some shady business going down in these big corporations that run everything. Uh, so it's going to be good to continue this series onto the second trade when I do get that chance. Um, but overall for the trade, I'd probably put it at around like an 8.8 out of 10. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think that um, it was it was really well written by Zach Kaplan and the art uh, and especially the colors, like I mentioned earlier. The colors are just great showing how intense this sun is. I think it did a really, really good job of doing that, um, but not overwhelming you and not making it, you know, hard to make out what's going on with all those bright colors. I think it all works together really well. Um, the story does get just a tad bit confusing as to what's going on in the middle two issues, uh, but it bookends really well. Like I said, I absolutely loved the first issue and the fourth issue in the trade is, is really good as well and sets up you know, more moving forward into the next trade. So that's something that I'm looking forward to continuing on with and reading the next trade. Um, but that pretty much brings us to the end of the segment this week. Uh, should be a fun one next week. I think I'm going to be doing uh, the first trade of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, from Boom Studios. So I think that that one's that one should be a fun one, but that's what I'll be bringing to you guys next week. But yeah, like I said, that brings us to the end. want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me blab for a little bit. Uh, but that's the end, so I'm going to send it on back to Jim and Eric. Have a great week, everybody. When the sun goes down, we'll be grooving when the sun goes down. We're feeling all right when the sun sinks down. Over the water, everything gets hotter when the sun goes down. Speaking of Eric Shea, you're back. Eric. I am back. You're back, but not better. Not no, better than ever. At all. Just back. As this probably drops, uh, this podcast at this moment, I would think that you will be hungover is what you will be at so do this I. point. Yeah, yeah. I'm expecting that, but say Look, that I is trouble for future for a, Eric. I mean, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, I got to be in public for a long amount of time. I got to be social. I got to do shit. I need yes. drinks for that. Yes, you do. And a lot drinks. of them. Drinks and more drinks. Uh, I would love to say that you could look back at that point 
and think, you know what? I'm having a hard time. I, I have some social anxiety. But yeah. you know what? When I talk to Jim about the last three books of, of the podcast, I was so happy that I'm going to channel that happiness and and, and make myself feel better. I, you're not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to remember any of this by the time any of that goes down. No, and maybe that's lucky. Maybe yeah. you are lucky because we have three books left. If you're doing, the, if you're playing at home, if you'll you got know the which math. ones those are. If you do the maths, uh, these are probably the strong lady segment of the podcast. But unfortunately, nobody told that uh, to the writers to make it uh, strong writing for these ladies. And what are we starting out with there? We are starting out with Wonder Woman number 30, written by Shea Fontana, with art by David Messina, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Seda Temafante. Shea Fontana's Heart of the Amazon concludes with this issue, where Wonder Woman finds out that Hamilton Reveal would rather use her blood to create super soldiers rather than curing the sick, and because of this, a fight breaks out. Ed and Steve show up as backup, and Wonder Woman uses her lasso to turn the super soldiers that were against her back into normal soldiers, even though it was never really spelled out how they became super soldiers in the first place. No, and the, the problem is, is Shea Fontana is trying to work this here. Now, again, last issue we talked about it, and I said even then, if we end up uh, finding out that Hamilton Revere is doing a super soldier program, uh, I'm going to be upset because that's a very cliched yeah. story, though I thought that that's what it was going to be anyway. Uh, she seems to be trying to... Get that vibe again of the strong woman. And uh, like I said, I, I probably, again, two weeks ago when we did talk about Wonder Woman, I, I probably sounded like a real piece of shit. Because if you remember, that was the issue where Wonder Woman started oh, I out. Like, yeah, well, Wonder Woman's like, you know what? They're oogling and doing this with my body. And it's my body, not theirs. I have well, a you... freaking scoreboard here for every time Jim sounds like a piece of shit. I put a little well, shit yeah, on yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a long scoreboard. A but <laughs> the thing is, I think when I said then, no, this seems really forced. I think that this issue to me kind of goes around my way of thinking that it, it continues that it continues this force thing where you have Shea Fontana doing Wonder Woman but instead of giving us a real good story a lot of times it's it's kind of she's using a crutch of I'm Wonder Woman I, I'm the the you know I inspire people and things like that in this issue you have that two or three times and it actually drives me nuts by the end even with the fact that there's these soldiers in the super soldier program program but even wonder them, soldiers yeah even them yeah the wonder soldier program even <laughs> them have to be like you know i don't know why hamilton revere ever thought to get these with these people if you're gonna get people in this program you really should have found some people that had a problem with wonder woman not a oh my god wonder Woman, oh, you're the greatest you. thing you everyone if it, me to yeah, become you something more me. than myself yes when i was a little girl i i looked to you as this great thing uh yeah you, know, you saved me in iraq all these things when when and he turns because he doesn't secretly turn. He basically just yells out, all right, Wonder Woman, you're here. Time for me to, you know, extract some blood we'll and do play this. my and... cards on the table. The yeah, and, people, and... maybe we'll get to that one day, but it's all about super yeah, soldiers. It's crazy. It, it really is, and it really points out to me that this was not a well-thought-out arc. This, this five issues just was not that well-thought-out. Uh, the other thing I'll say right away, we are doing this early. We have to do a lot oh of God. these things early. Uh, in fact, we're doing this probably – Two hours after our last week's podcast went up. It and just we dropped, have, yeah. Yeah, we have review copies. I don't know about you, but I like David Messina's art. 
Not on this issue. Not here. It, I'm it telling you, feels, Sasha Bordeaux, we start out, she has no fucking face. No, it feels like, and I'm not sure. I can't tell you that maybe they touched it up after this review copy. So I, I will say God, I that if, so. if this is what we get in the regular issue, it does not feel finished. It doesn't at all. There are parts where things don't even look to be colored fully in. And so I can't really – I'm just hoping that it's better in the actual copy uh, for sale because so it, it is, it's not very good. But it starts off there, – there are a lot of leaps – in faith and and you know there's a lot of logical leaps in this issue that I don't even get because at the beginning you have Sasha there it looks like Etta and Steve you know, Etta are, and Steve are looking more into Hamilton Revere and how he yeah. didn't really exist before a certain part and he's like kind of like a ghost agent where he has yes. like been contract he has contracts for the Department of Defense to do all this different stuff so like we saw at the end of the last issue when he said welcome Wonder Woman we are the government and shit like that. You know, he technically is working for the government, and yes. Sasha Bordeaux knows this. So whoever, like, you know, to- like General Thomas, who was, you know, Wonder Woman's superior, he's yeah. keeping Ed and Steve at the freaking picket facility because yeah. his superior is ordering him to keep them there because and, the government and, is actually working towards a Wonder Soldier fucking project. And the problem is here, they're they're at the picket there, and I can't say that they're really under lock and key. They're just sitting nope. at a table. We never see, like, a front door that's guarded. We don't see – so it ends up – it was weird to me because there's Sasha and Steve. They're Good looking into – Sasha out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, so what you're there is they're, they're at a table, and yeah, everybody's uh, way off here. And the guy at the table, it, that is the guy General in charge, Tom. right? Yeah. Why is he letting them right there talk about this anyway if they're on lockdown and not supposed to be doing anything? Well, because- that's the thing. It's, it's a weird little thing where Sasha just walks in, hey, Etta, Steve. Come over here. I need to see you. Yeah. Okay. And so they I walk never, down the I hallway. They walk get, into the bathroom, yeah. and she finds us. She opens a secret door in the ladies' room. But why? This is because what I don't. Th- she knows that General Thomas won't let him go somehow. But but the problem is, if General Thomas has this much of an issue, why is he sitting across the table from them and letting them look up stuff and talk about it and wonder what's going on? Because and go, as long if this, as they're here, it doesn't th- matter. Th- I'm it's doing ridiculous. My job. So and so he's they're in lockdown. That he's doing his job. But yet they're both allowed to get up and leave the room for no reason, especially this. Now, it's not bathroom, she says. She says, I need to see you. Why why would he allow this? Why wouldn't he say, what do you need to see him for? And then not only that, she, she says, Candy, Trevor, I need to see you. But Director Bordeaux, I need to see you. Oh, and shit. He, he's just sitting there doing nothing. General Thomas is just there on his laptop. I, I don't know what he's so enthralled with, but they just walk Jim. away, and it's just why they're going to, at the point where they go, like, hey, where'd they go? Oh, I don't know. Like, this makes no sense. None of this makes sense the way it's set up. She I, opens I up. Know, I want to know the whole thing as we start out this issue with Etta Candy. It's we have a close-up on her cup of coffee, and then we pan- we start panning back each panel to see that her co- – you know, these yeah, ants are coming ants. to her cup of coffee, and she says, damn ants. What is the significance of ants to the story? No, there's only one significance because later when they go to where Revere is, you know, yeah. the Revere lab, she says, hey, how many ants are there? Uh, meaning I, the soldiers. That's all know, it was. But, it was just a setup what? for that. That's all it was. <laughs> It was just a setup to nothing to me. No, I'm it's just okay. a setup saw, I, of I saw annoying the ants. And I'm like the ants, the soldiers. No, it's stupid. Oh, good. It, it's just a n- unnecessary setup for a one-liner that, that that is stupid. 
because yeah, they go and escape out the you know escape fucking alley there connected to a secret the passage bathroom, connected secret to the bathroom. The, the secret bathroom escape hatch. But yes. why did they need to do? Like I said, they're already. It looks like the colonel is the only one, or the general is the only one there who really is keeping an eye on him, and he's just on his laptop. He's letting him do whatever, and then they go out. It, it's just, it's complete and utter nonsense. And I then just you imagine go, it's one of those things like Stephen, all right, we got to go. Wonder Woman's in trouble. Like, you know, uh, not not granted, Steve Trevor. What do you mean? You always say granted. I'm a yeah, handsome yeah. devil. Remember last yeah, time? Yeah, what do you mean? I'm so thing? sexy. You always say granted. Permission granted. I'm just granted. waiting for when the general says, you know, where are they going? What 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 Sasha would say? Oh, I need them Coffee to go to the run. bathroom with me. You know, Steve, he's got it's just it's just ridiculous. Oh, it is supposed to be like a a crazy like super secret deal, but it it just doesn't make sense. It it really doesn't. But they're they're going to head to Revere Lab while well, we go there and there's Wonder Woman and she's there with Hamilton and she wants to know like what's going on. But before yeah. anything goes, you have to show that the soldiers, a bunch of them, are good guys. You know, it's this isn't bad people. They have been kind of manipulated a bit, but it, it, to and the me, whole it's thing just, is, it, they believe that stupid. Wonder Woman is there. She knows the score. She knows that, like, in all these soldiers' minds, Wonder Woman has come to give her blood so they can create a super soldier program yeah. to stop war around the yeah. world and make yep. them as strong as she is. And when she comes out and says, like, you know, why did you send these goddamn hitmen after me? And, like, what about curing people? You mean she doesn't know? Yeah, and that's not even that. It, it, it even goes past that because when they when they go and you think about it again, this issue doesn't make sense logically. She shows up and says, okay, Hamilton, what the hell's going on? You know, this. What would she have said to these super soldiers when the, say, uh, you know, Cheshire came with her knocked out? Uh, hey, here you know? go. Yeah, this it doesn't make sense. Like he has set up a, a thing that is on the you know underhanded, but acts it seems to try to be playing it off that it isn't. But he could have. All he had to do. We said this from the too. very beginning. From the very beginning, all he had to do was go to Wonder Woman and say, "Listen, we're working on this stuff." Just like we said with Doctor Crawford. All she had to do was say, "Wonder Woman, I think that there may be a way that we can use your blood to cure disease, and then the ruse will come later." But instead, this is such a roundabout way to get her to just show up at Revere Lab and for him to just say his plan, saying like, "Hey, look at these people here. I've set them up. They have They're the best scores. They have unwavering patriots." You know what? We're going to make them into super soldiers. And then Wonder Woman, like, what? You're not going to cure people? Uh, Maybe no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get around to that. Soldiers is where it's yeah. at right now. And, and then the, the soldiers are like, what? She didn't know. You said Wonder Woman gave her blood. And now we realize, which is odd to me, the amount of blood that they have of hers where they and show I, it actually is, threw I me off. I don't know if that's actually the blood that they have because they talked about trying to make a synthetic no, blood. That's the blood. And it says I'm on look- it. It says Wonder it Woman says- blood. It says Wonder Woman freaking – I have the thing here because I actually looked Man. it up. RS-4680, uh, uh, and I looked this up. It's a gen- in genetics. Uh, RS-4680 is a genetic variant. It's a well, single yeah. nucleotide, well, and there's this whole thing. And the whole thing is the whole idea where he's talked about trying to make her blood synthetically, yeah. and it and hasn't it didn't worked. Work. I don't know where they got her blood, though. Yeah, it seems like they must have at one point because it doesn't make sense going on because, like you said, there is and, – and maybe it is a synthetic. And the, also the other thing – 
Again, on the review copy, we have this where there's the picture of that treatment that he calls it, and it's obviously like a cut and paste. It's not even like that that printing on there seems naturally on there. It seems really bad. And I'm telling but, you, I had to blow that goddamn thing yeah. up to figure out what the hell it actually said. I mean, like, I was at 300% just focused on that thing right there just to figure out that it said Wonder Woman RS 4680. Yeah. Well, and then that's what she, Wonder Woman, says. You know what? Hey, I thought you were going to do the cures, but that was just a diversion, right? And he said, listen, it's conceivable down the line we could cure people. But you know what? We want to super soldier program. And Crawford was trying to do that. She threw herself into that to try to and save her life. That, and she was a cow. Where, the whole idea, because they talk about the whole like sending out the assassins for the bounty on her. That was a diversion in his mind because he's like, after everybody saw the video of you and Crawford fighting, I'm like – when did there be a video go out? Well, that and that's the promise. This is where I said this is nonsense because she actually, Shay Fontana, tells us now that that whole thing that you loved when you they were saying, look, they were oogling me. He points it out as the Crawford video in here. Yeah. She's like, oh, you know that video that everyone was oogling over you. So uh, it wasn't even the moment that you loved before. I, I don't even think she meant what you thought she meant. No. It, yeah, it was that video. Well, like you said. Where did they get that video? She was in a like, goddamn I, I office. See, you know, we did see Mayfly looking at a video at the end when we was talking about, you know, like the Wonder Woman wanted or shit like that. But I just thought she had security feet or something like yeah. that up going on. It was never like established no, from anything I seems. remember reading. That's that it was what, a video that and went that's viral. what it seems that Wonder Woman was saying about people were looking at me and oogling me and, and wanting me for, the, you know, the body and this and it's all nonsense. It all comes crashing down in this issue, if you ask me, because the the worst part is here. You have this super soldier program that seems to be kind of developing, and that's when Crawford says, "We need your blood." We tried to use, uh, we tried to do stuff with synthetically. We tried to remanufacture your DNA, and she's and he says, "Whatever is inside of you, the blessing of your patrons or what have you, didn't stick. We needed your DNA extracted directly from blood." that has been touched by God. So he's basically telling us this super soldier program until they get Wonder Woman's blood is a failure. It hasn't exactly. worked until it has because we go on and all of a sudden these soldiers well, have you, meta when, when powers. When the soldiers go and fight her initially, I'm like, okay, it's not a big deal. Yeah, these are trained soldiers. This is yeah. Wonder Woman we're talking no, about. The, and they start beating the hell yeah, out no, of her. The I'm problem like, is, the before, that, is going on? before that, one guy jumps to the roof. This one guy jumps. He is in the rafters when he's jumping at her. See, in it's my mind, nonsense. he was jumping down or something. Oh, no, shit they like were that. all around. They were all yeah. standing there. There was no guy in, in the goddamn rafters. They were all standing around in the like, circle. Even when I saw this page, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, all right, there's soldiers about to go and fight. Didn't yeah, think anything no, of it. It starts off bad. It really right goes there. out of control. I'm like, well, then, how, yeah. how the fuck are they super soldiers? Because we don't have the blood yet. Yeah, he already said that they didn't have it. Now, the other thing is great. There is a line that I love because, as he says, you know, hey, we need your blood. We need it strictly from blood touched by gods. And then Wonder Woman says one of our favorites, who are you to play God to engineer soldiers in my image? I we always love it. God once. Yeah, yeah. And then he Didn't says basically, out. you know, is it wrong to be God if you're benevolent? And, and his whole deal, you know, to wrap around, his idea and what some of these soldiers' idea – not far off. I mean, the, the Hamilton the Revere thinks that if they can create these soldiers, 
his country because they are from the government. They do work yeah. with the government. You American know, soldiers. U.S. USA, baby. That will conquer. USA, you know, all the way we'll you at go least in, stop. And, super and, soldiers. Nobody can stand against them. Yeah, War and over. to me, to me, I don't think that he is a guy who ever kind of spells out like I'm going to take over the world. He seems to be a guy who loves the United States. He's part of the government. He wants to stop war, but he also Just wants, wants the U.S. The to win. Way. He wants yeah. the U.S. to win. These other guys, I also think that they are some of them. Some of these women and uh, the guys, because the one guy seems to be a guy who was with Steve Trevor earlier. So yeah. Steve Trevor even says, but the one guy says, you know what? You're fighting us for the opportunity to go into battle fully armed. You know, we're in the now Wonder Woman should say, like, listen, I am a woman of the world. I, I am not here to just protect the United States. I'm here for the way she doesn't say that. But no. this guy has a point. Like, if you can do this, buddies of mine who had died, they wouldn't be dead. I, I we yeah, would go in like and stop point, war. Like, I admired you, but what kind of hero would keep the power for herself yes, and send I our like soldiers in the battle unarmed? Yeah, I like that line. I think yeah. that in and my mind, I also mind, like her response. I am not your weapon. Yeah, that's good. And but both both of them have a point. Now, the other thing that made me laugh is Hamilton Revere basically spells out like, "Listen, your patrons, they want you to stop war. That's why you can't." No, no, no they don't. They never said that. That's what no, she wants to do. They don't the, say the shit. Greek gods, animals now. Yeah, the That's Greek it. gods don't give a shit about wars and things like that. In fact, she was the goddess of war, you know, three months Back before. Cunt. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, but still, you know what I'm saying, though. We don't know what's going on in her story. Oh. But, yeah, you, you have all this, and then there's just a fight. And you see at one point, one guy just pulls out a gun and starts shooting. She's deflecting the bullets. It goes into this cabinet that has this, you know, kind the of Wonder modified Woman, DNA stuff. I don't even know how you – how do you modify or try to synthetically make a Wonder Woman DNA without having know. anything? I'm not it's a just nonsense. Surgeon. And he's like, oh, don't do that. You're going to ruin that. And they just, they just keep fighting. Fighting and the art gets better. You, I will admit, thing, the I, art I, does I, get better. I told you, I looked up what that RS-4680 was. I, I read it. I don't know what the fuck I read. Well, it makes sense. Like you said, it seems to be some DNA, or not DNA, like a synthetic variant of something. So that makes sense. That That's I what guess. he said they did. I don't well, know. that's what he said they did. That's what they yeah. were trying to do. Uh, it's funny, though, because he calls it the cure, or what, but it's nonsense. The because treatment. then you see, yeah, then you see uh, Steve and Etta come out and steve's looking through the binoculars and this is where that stupid setup how many ants crawling around down there steve and i think you're supposed to be like oh we saw what she did with ants before they're in big she trouble swatted them down the problem with this then is like okay we have that he says seven eight and then he he looks at jackson a guy i i was stationed with is down there a good guy she's like okay so they're following orders we got to see what's going on let's clear the way and pulls out a, a grenade yeah. and then steve goes etta where the hell did you get that Pulled it off one of the thugs who attacked us. When? Yep. When? When? She, she, the... There was one thug who had a bunch of grenades during the fight with all the assassins but, two issues but ago. But that's the thing. So she's been – this is what issue. gets me angry. She's been holding grenades this whole time and that's just the thing. in her grenades, pocket. Grenades, he says, because she has another one still. Yeah, grenades. And that, that's the thing. I know where they're going to claim they came from, but yep. she's been walking around with grenades now in her pockets. I mean, she is wearing khaki pants and a shirt, but she's got grenades and, and all this stuff. she's not hurt anymore. No, that's the uh, the other thing. She's fully not hurt, but then it's mentioned at the end she is. So she she creates a diversion. There there's a bomb. Uh, you know the grenade goes off, and then we go back into the lab where they have Wonder Woman connected to the super lazy boy. And she's just she's it doesn't even it really to me the art like there. It looks like a lazy boy, and to me 
I don't see her being held down. I don't see any straps. I see her bracers. I see her legs. I don't see her being forced down. Why is she just sitting there? Why isn't she just get up and walk Later away? Later on, we do see she breaks some like freaking yeah, clamps but off. This is what I'm saying. The art is so off that when you're here, you're like, uh, and they do. They, they end up trying to take blood. That's when Edda and Steve bust in, and you know everybody's fighting. She does break off, but you didn't see that before. And then yeah. she's like, you know what? Uh I under I understand my value. You could never pay the price was her big thing she says to uh, Hamilton Revere who says, you know what, uh, you ever think about how valuable your body is? I mean, you must have gotten offers, right? Private security, paramilitary, you know, stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, you know what, I understand my value. You could never pay the price. And I'm like, this is just not, not good. And, and I'm telling you, you, I want to know something. When the fight breaks out, then she jumps right. in. Yeah. Freaking this woman's about to freaking punch at a Diana jumps in, elbows her in the face, and she looks at the blood that yeah. Wonder Woman caused her. Did you think this was Mayfly again out of nowhere? Because I didn't she's know. worried I, about I, the blood? It was weird because they, they just, they all, all already kind of mentioned i i thought that it was one of those things like now she's gonna play that if the blood drains out i don't know she like looked at the blood for no and i'm telling you i weird. thought to myself okay is there, there's gonna be a deeper meaning this all these people yeah. are sick as well and somehow that one and now the yeah blood's and that, this I don't is gonna be like she'll bleed at this out. point as well I'm yeah. like I'm just wondering why these people are able to overpower Wonder Woman because I still don't get the full yeah, idea yeah. that they are super fucking soldiers until they start flying after Wonder Woman. Well, when she before the that, yeah, before that, did you really like that panel when Wonder Woman says you can never pay the price, and then you have Hamilton Revere, eee! and then you go down with Steve Trevor fighting, and there's that circle. What with, is that? I don't know. It's him punching somebody, the person he's fighting. But what is it? What is the significance of that know. circle I battle? I want the significance of this woman checking her goddamn blood yeah. running from yeah, her nose. I, there's, there seems to be a lot of stuff missing. Like, you know, this was going on and they're like, you got to get finished. Because it just seems like a lot of things are off because they're trying to again they're trying to get out of there and steve and ed are like we got to find something flammable we got to do this so they end up knocking yeah knocking over a thing crashing open a vial and then shooting a flammable yeah and then shooting a light and it catches on fire but wonder woman's like listen i gotta go and then even stop steve from grabbing this one girl and saying you know she the girl says best exits this way and then Steve's like, let go of – and Wonder Woman stuff, she will help. She understands. What? Thank you, cave woman. Yeah, what, what the hell's going on? So then Wonder Woman flies out of this, you know, the Revere deal the, here. The lab. The yeah. lab. And all of a sudden, these super soldiers are flying after her. Yeah. And now I'm wondering what the fuck is going on. Because we, the only, they, this is they the, the told first us, point where I realized that they were actually super soldiers. They told us that I, – I went with you that when they were fighting, they're trained soldiers. So I figured, you know what? They're trained soldiers. I thought it was odd that she, they overpowered her, but I, I could didn't, go with and it. You know what? Because I can fully go with the idea that Wonder Woman wouldn't fight these people because she's already established that they were good people. You know, right. they were just – they were kind of played too. So I went with that. Listen, Wonder Woman can be taken down because she's never going to fight back and try to harm these innocent soldiers who are trying to – they were duped just like she was. They start flying. And we were told by Hamilton Revere that it didn't work. The nope, program the didn't blood. work, and they needed the blood. Now that what? So what is going on? Why did they need her? Because obviously it worked well enough. Hey, maybe they're not as strong 
and fast as Wonder Woman, they're stronger and faster than me and you right now. They're flying, yeah. Eric. <laughs> they're, they're getting along fairly well. So then this is the problem I have as well through this whole thing. You go back in the lab and you look and Wonder Woman has her lasso. And Nothing she, really she, happens she does, since she then. Doesn't, oh wait, then, then she, she doesn't. Oh, wait, she doesn't. Yeah. She yes, does all of again. a sudden I, she doesn't. Then she does. Then she doesn't when she's outside. And she seems to have set up a trap to get all of these characters, all these super soldiers around her. And then says now, and somehow Edda has the lasso and lassos all of them together. And I don't know about you. I've never really been a rodeo man. But there's well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people there. All of which can fly. The minute that that lasso starts going around, it is hard to lasso that you know that large an amount of things. Like you lasso one thing, it's hard enough. But to actually lasso all of those people and Edda, why? How does she know how to do this? And she ends know. up lassoing them, and it points towards that thing again that drove us nuts already before in this well, arc. Their DNA is a lie, and the yep. lasso of truth will find like you know the, yep, the, the truth will find the truth and like you know, take this lie out of their system. Yep, the the, the Lasso cures them, quote unquote, cures them yeah. of this tra- treatment because that was a lie. Bullshit. It's yeah. just really, this is what we're going with. And you have these, and then all of a sudden, you know, some of them are like looking like, oh my God, thanks for saving me and all this stuff. And I'm, you know, it just, it's just complete and utter nonsense. And then she's like, you know, hey, Steve and Edda, they can help the, the burdens of life I choose. The truth is evident. All this stuff about, you know, the truth. I can't trust the government. I can only trust myself. She even says, I can't trust my patrons, which finally she learned that. Yeah. Uh, they just aren't, they're not that concerned. That, that's the issue. But she's, like you know there are questions i have more truths i could seek from the perfect but the truth is i already know the answers in my heart and that's okay it's okay now she is doing the arc right after greg ruckus truth so i'm not going to give her points off because of all this truth nonsense but having the lasso cure people because that's not i had a huge truth, problem with that in the that's second terrible. issue when we dealt with it yeah yeah and now we have it again it's just, it's just nonsense. And and then you have. I tell you, we have it again for something that was established in this issue didn't work. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we were told it didn't work. Well, now you got to go, and there's the research and all that. And so Edda decides she has another grenade and just oh, blows grenade. up. Blow up the lab just and blows all of, up the like facility. Like what DNA and the synthetic DNA is now destroyed. Yeah. And then that's when uh, Hamilton Revere says the world will know, Wonder Woman, you had the chance to stop wars, but you weren't willing to make this sacrifice. And that's where Edda, you were no, is it Edda or is that Steve? Because it, it, looks be like, it looks like the profile of Edda, but it seems like Edda is already with other people, but she puts the, whoever, whichever one, puts the gun up to Hamilton. You an organ donor, Mr. Revere, because if you say another word, you'd be making a sacrifice that would help lots of people. You could save lives, sir. What? 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 <laughs> That's it. And you end with uh, you have Hamilton being taken away. Uh, and it's one of those. It's not that bad. The police are there. Hey, we're taking you in. And he's like, listen, I'm a military officer. Call the Pentagon. We did. Nobody has ever heard, heard of, you. of you. The problem is I'm wondering what they are actually going to. Yeah, I guess maybe they get her for kidnap or him for kidnapping. Because really, all of the evidence is now destroyed. The yeah. whole thing, he could just say he wasn't, you know, the, the, the lab he was in, they're scrubbing all that from the record, so they can't have that. But yeah, you have these two people come up and say, hey, we'll take them. And it ends up, you know, that they're super soldiers and they want to get fixed back. Uh, just, it's nonsense. 
It, it is complete nonsense there. And so, why would they want to be turned back? I guess they like flying. I would like to fly. They like being super soldiers. They okay, want to Okay, for bet. some reason at the end when you're going to turn us back, I guess it makes sense now. For some reason I originally took it that they want to be turned back to human. Like, what yeah, did I, I got, them? I got, yeah, I got the idea. They I just want to know how these guys man. escaped what they were doing. Were, were, were all the super soldiers just let go after that? Yeah, they, and they, they just should. Freaking, they, they should at least grab an ambulance to put on EMT yeah. costumes, and they're like, "All right, I'm going to, we'll take it from here." I'll so we got to check him out. Yeah, all of them should have at least been briefed. You know, had to debrief everyone and to talk to somebody. But yeah, it looks like they want to have the super soldiers back. You know, the program back. But we'll never see them again. No. You think any other writer is going to pick that up? And then you go from there, and you go back to the Virginia coast, and you have Edda this is the apartment, and, the the house that Steve Trevor set up for yep, Wonder that Woman. Steve Trevor had, and you have there, and you. have have her niece and Etta's niece and they're eating Destiny. Steve. Yeah, and Steve that's the weird thing. Listen cookies. to this line though. Take that, you no good hero. And like, you know, it seems that Destiny, Wonder Woman and Etta are all playing kind of yeah, action playing figures with us. Destiny like, you know, Etta's there with the dog like, I am Captain Barkbite and I have uh, I have a grenade launcher pointed at you. And then Wonder Woman's response, Destiny's right. We'll never stop fighting. Not as long as there are people who need our help. And the thing <laughs> is, I don't think she's talking about playing action figures at that no. point. I think she just out of nowhere just had a thought in her mind. You know, Destiny's right. Our job will never yeah. be done. Yeah, I, I just think it's like it's something got thrown together because even the thing where you have Etta doesn't seem to be even involved. The, the bark bite's funny because she has the dog there. But it's like that's like me sitting on the couch with my kids who were little and they wanted to play a game. Like, come on, Dad. All right. You know, you're doing I'll this. I'm watching right the Eagles. I'm watching football. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm General Barkbite. Just leave me alone. I got shit to watch. What? What? Uh, what do you do, Dad? What does General Park got to? Hey, I got a grenade launcher. Point. You just got them. Leave me alone. I, I got better things to do than this nonsense. Uh, yeah, and uh, like you said, that line of of uh, Wonder Woman just comes out of nowhere. I'm, I'm, just, I'm telling you, you can go with it that she's still playing action figures. It just seems like she's just talking in general to me. Yeah, for but whatever even that, reason, she though. just says, "Take that, you no good hero." That'd be like me coming up and go, "Hey, Eric, take that, you sexy looking guy," and you're like, All "You right. know what, Jim? You're right. We'll never stop fighting." <laughs> what are you talking about? I take that back. But you're I not appreciate sexy that anymore. sexy comment. You're fucking crazy. But yeah, and, and then it just ends, and you have a director Bordeaux called for Etta. Etta's like, you know what? I don't feel like talking to her right now. And Wonder Woman's like, or Wonder Woman's like, I don't feel like talking. To, you know, I'm gonna get going. Uh, I'm gonna do my own thing. Take care. I'll be back when I get home for dinner. It's got hugs Steve, and then goes off flying away. I am strong. I'm a warrior. I'm an Amazon. I'm a woman of hope and peace, and I am free. And this is where I thought this was like really called in like this is like you're supposed to be pumped up about this after this nonsense we just read and then there's edda's like kick some ass for me die and i look it looks like a dude there and then destiny's like and edda naughty and then we go. And then it says next follow up to Dark Side War Part One of the Children All of right. Gods, and we're gonna get Jason, and we're gonna have a good time. So uh, this issue though. It's just all over the place. It I really just doesn't logically to make sense. Tony, I really look forward to Shea Fontana's run when it was announced. Like, all right, yeah. we're going to get done with this Greg Rucka retcon nonsense. We're going to get into an actual story. Shea Fontana's got yeah. a lot to prove here, so she's going to come out fucking strong and swinging, swinging hard. And at the end of the day, I know you love that word, that phrase, but yeah, I'm, she but didn't yeah. bring a goddamn thing because the story never no. made a lick of sense. No, at one point, I actually got the idea, like we had uh, the Dr. Crawford story, and then mm -hmm. that was done. And I thought, okay, this is going to be one of those where she'll have 
two separate mini arcs, two issue things. Have Wonder Woman. Now we stop Doctor Crawford. Maybe she's going to go off now and and stop some Somalian pirates. Or yeah. She'll go to you know go back to that refugee s- camp we started yeah, with somewhere like, she's like that. Some Do something. There. Have some fun. I, I actually wish that she would have just gone with the whole deal of four one shot stories of fun and then one that wrapped them all up together about you know what uh, I had some fun stopping some crime here, but I'm off to better that is things. The true heart of an. Amazon. Yeah, something like that. But it, it just ended up that the whole story with this Dr. Crawford and then Mayfly and then this Hamilton Revere, nothing really had a base of anything good. So there was nothing you could, you know, you can't build a house on sand, Eric. That's what Dr. Phil taught me many a time. And that's well, what it seemed like she was. Wonder Woman has a house on sand there. Well, there you go. See, that shows she it's going to fall. That, that <clears> fucking <throat> thing is disastrous. It, she flew off knowing that Etta and Destiny and Steve are now going to die in the the ocean they're just gonna it's fall not a hero, over man. It's not yeah, a hero it's at all. just there was no story it, the story itself wasn't strong enough to maintain five issues and no. then you throw in nonsense that just completely doesn't make sense but i'm gonna ask you right now because this is where the, doing these books before we actually write our <laughs> reviews uh kind of sucks because it's hard to kind of think oh you know what i mean it, it's a tough thing i like actually, to review it might be helping first. me out a bit because you know where we always come in the freaking podcast after we reviewed the books like well i gave this in the review this time but after telling you I'll about go it from you know, that. yeah exactly well, we'll so see. you know originally i was going to give this a 5.5 out of 10 but after okay. talking with you about it and getting more disgusted with it it's going down to a 4.9 because it really like the the art which i overlooked originally like it's very like glaringly it gets better. bad at times it gets better at but the end it actually times though like you yeah. know it goes back and forth yeah, I, I'm you're you're more positive than me, and I'll, I'll tell you again. You said it. I mean, I'll repeat what you said. We were hoping that the Shea Fontana run was going to be real good, and really, I just wanted it to be fun. That's all I wanted. I wanted to have a fun little thing. I know that she was known for the uh, Supergirls books, superhero you know, girls, the yeah. DC superhero girls. So I thought, okay, that does, that didn't throw me off. A lot of other people are like, oh, my God, you're going to give this to somebody who does these little girl books and that. I, I don't mind because no. I like those type of books, and I like them a lot. So I thought, okay, but I know that in her mind she couldn't do that. Because if she did, then people oh, of course would. Not. Now she's going to get typecast as a type. And you so got to write for your age range. But I think that she went. I think it's out of her comfort zone. I, I do think that her whole thing was that, and she she kind of didn't have, you know, an idea of how to do it a little more mature. It seemed that, yeah. that's the only way I can explain it because well, just it how wasn't to do it fun. So it made sense. I just wanted fun. So yeah, I yeah. give it a four point five. And, yeah, it sucks, but we're going to go off, you know, to see what uh, James Robinson has now. Which I so do look forward book, to. Yeah, and this is where now we go off where I said, oh, Shea Fontaine, I really hope she does well. And I really – now I'm like, you know, James Robinson, he doesn't get that little lead way. It no. better be good, and it better be good right away because I know how good a writer he can be. So I'm expecting it to be very, very good. Plus, it's going to be about Wonder Woman's twin brother Jason, which I've, we've been waiting for we since love. before Rebirth. Yeah, we've been we've been yelling about that on the podcast even before it was even announced that he was around, Eric, yeah. because that's a feather in our cap. Boom! <laughs> we figured it out. But what is the next book? Our next book is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 14, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Marcia Takara, Jordan Boyd, and Josh Reed. 
Huntress and Black Canary are chaperoning a field trip for Huntress's class, which is odd that I don't recall her being established as a teacher no, since she do came I. to Gotham, but neither whatever. Do I. How could she be established as a she, – she was part of Spiral. And then she has – you know, I don't want to interrupt your blurb, but really, how did she get anywhere near a school with everything that she's done and does well, do? she was it's the freaking nonsense. head – like the headmistress or the freaking – like the matron she of freaking, was, you know, St. Hadrian. So I guess that, that maybe – What? You mean the school that got fucking destroyed and all the – the students died? Well, shit happens. Yeah, it shit, shit happens. I, I don't know what sort of transcripts she has going for What, she calls Spiral back for her transcripts? I don't Nonsense, know. Nonsense, Eric. Hey, hey, anyway, the field trip turns dangerous. <laughs> as Gotham's past comes a call in the form of Deacon Blackfire, which Huntress and Canary quickly take care of while Batgirl keeps Gotham safe until she joins the rest of the team to roast some s'mores. Yeah, yeah, s'mores. I knew you'd fucking mention those. Of course uh, I'd mention this, that. This definitely, to me, uh, it's funny because it does remind me kind of like the Zeppo episode of uh, Buffy. Uh, Buffy first the Vampire off, because, like one of my favorite yeah, because, episodes. Yep, one of my favorites as well because, you know, you have Barbara out. And even at the end when they're like, oh, I guess uh, it was a boring time in Gotham, huh? And yep, it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I like it. I actually like the fun aspect of this issue. There's some problems with it. Yes. But it does – to me, it, de- it, it it's one of those – this feels like it would have been an annual. It really yeah, it feels really like does, an annual because story. Because the team's not doing a team thing. It's just no. a little fun romp that doesn't mean anything in the long run. Yeah, and it's okay. It's just there's some weird things. And I think that you you nailed it on the head. Is that Helena? They're just going with the fact that she was the head of, you know, the matron Saint of Saint yeah. Hadrian's, and she. But when does she have time for the? <laughs> I, I, I just, don't know. You they, gotta have a day job, I guess. Well, she's taking them, and of course, there you go. You have, you know, Dinah's there, and everybody there knows that Dinah is part of the Black Canary Band, which throws. Hey, we said before, uh, I didn't mind that book. Actually, I liked it a lot more than you. Me yeah, and Reggie kind of liked it at the beginning. But it really threw her secret identity out the window forever, and especially when they bring it up as this. Now, we do have a school trip. I don't know what sc- – is this third grade? Is this 12th grade? Because it looks like it should be 58th grade because exactly. the people taking photos with Dinah look to be grandmothers. And I'm telling it, it you, when I opened ridiculous. this book I started reading, I didn't even take notice of the school bus aspect of it when it's driving out of Gotham. Yeah. And when we see these two women taking selfies with Black Canary, I'm like, all right, it's a public bus, wherever they're going. I'm like, these grandmas want to take a goddamn selfie with Black Canary. And then I realized, no, this is a high school trip. No, it's high school. And if you're led to believe maybe they're chaperones, where were they during all the troubles? (laughs) But in the meantime, that's basically – yeah, and they're going out to see, you know, Colonial Gotham. It's outside of Gotham uh, to see, you know, the country on this field trip, like a historical type field trip. In the meantime, Barbara is back in Gotham, and she's talking on the phone. She has a landline, which is, she even points out. It's kind of funny. Uh, the other thing being is eventually Black uh, uh, Helena tells all the kids and Dinah, you got to give up your phones. But in the meantime, they're they're talking, and Barbara gets a call from Batman. And he says, you know, hey, listen, I need I need you. I need your help. I need Oracle. I need Oracle, yeah. And and to me, I know that you can say that. But first off, Batman just having a cell phone 
Nonsense. It's weird, right? He should have Nonsense. a comma. He should touch yeah. the side of his fucking mask. All he it is, is get yeah. a hold of her. All it is is a setup for when he's underwater to be able to put that above the water to, to do what they have to do. The other thing that I get that's completely wrong is he calls Batgirl Barbara, then says Oracle, and then says he's just as bad as everybody we, that he says. Exactly, he and we talked about this in many other issues where Batman always goes with code names no matter yeah. what. If you're in and, costume, and yells, you go with a code name. Yep, and yells at people if they don't because you'll have some things. And even when it's not you know, saying Bruce, but if they would say, you know, hey, Dick, code names – you know, yeah. always that, and it's just weird. He's just shouting it out. In the meantime, it, it's pretty much an amalgam of the trash compactor scene in uh, Star Wars and yeah. New Hope because they're all there. They're trapped by the Riddler in a you know a contained area that's filling up with water. It's a classic you know type thing like that. The thing that's weird though, I want to know what the riddle was. Yeah, and well, the thing is the, the spoilers there with them. Spoiler is there with him, and that that's wrong. That that's that throws Unless me off. She comes off. back to the detective squad at some point. Yeah, well, she will eventually, I would say. But you know, having her there, you might as well have Tim Drake under the Agreed. water with it her as well. It throws everything off. It, it honestly, does. For the what continuity gets point in time. the continuity gets thrown off, and this is something that me and you have an issue with. That when they do, we like to tie in books with each other, yeah. but when they do it. I don't know how or why they end up, but they always end up fucking it up. I don't know that for every nine times they fuck it up, they may get it right one time. It's always bad. I don't know why they even try it anymore. But this is Barbara saying, you know, she's trying to go, and it ends up that Nigma has used the Ask Jeeves app, Eric. Did you ever even use the Ask Jeeves app? It, it was a th- do you ever I hear? did just because I it tried everything that came out back in the day. It was terrible. So it's kind of funny that he used his old tech. It, it kind of threw me off, but I'm like, really? This is what's going to kill Batman? The Ask Jeeves fucking thing? But yeah, in the meantime, there's Barbara. She's trying to connect. She's trying to do all this stuff. She's trying, But really, as this is going on, the water's going up, and then she just solves it. By something that she said at the very beginning about kind of replicating Nigma's voice, it seemed. But it really, the the whole thing was just kind of goofy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it never it, it really didn't mean anything. To, no. But to establish this whole thing where Barbara's staying busy while the birds of prey are yeah. out and about just doing their own thing. Yeah, and also it's kind of the beginning because they have been saying that Barbara may go back, even in the Batgirl book itself, to kind of end this one, especially because the new Oracle is gone. He Gus? left. Yeah, Gus left. So she was kind of hinting that she was going to be Oracle again. And so this is it. But if this is all that was, then it's nonsense. <laughs> Uh, but when, then she gets the – there's a robbery in progress, and this is where especially I'm like, boy, this is like the Zeppo. Like everything's gone wrong in this night, but everything that goes wrong in Gotham is kind of goofiness. You know, I, I yeah. just want to know what's going on because not once I don't believe is Burnside mentioned. It is just no, Gotham City that Gotham, she is protecting yeah. it seems like, which is odd for one thing. But it's like she – like the robbery is going off. She f- figures out that there's a robbery in progress because of all her goddamn high-tech yeah. shit. So like, oh, I got to call my dad. It's been a while. Hi, Joni. It's Barbara. Is he in? I heard there was a robbery at Gotham National. I know, sweetie, but your dad's out on a call. Like everyone took it's like everyone took off the day today. I'm like, huh. Except the bad guys. You don't have anybody in the the police to go after this robbery. That's what's ridiculous. There is the dispatch lady in, you know, the GCPD dispatch lady who basically says, yeah, we're going to have to let that one go. We don't have enough guys. Your dad isn't here. He's out on another call. Yep. Don't have many people. And she, I'm like, it's does just this so weird. In real life? 
This is what happens in Gotham. Why do you think all the bad guys go to Gotham? They have three police officers. <laughs> they have freaking, you know, you have Gordon and then Harvey and then one guy. It can't be everywhere. This is why the vigilantes are needed. Jesus Christ. Because, yeah, she basically is like, huh? What can you do? You win some, you lose some, sweetie pie. I guess and I got to be back. I'm going to take care of this. Yeah, and she dresses up. And I will stop there for a minute. And I do like the art. The art was it threw me off at the beginning. I didn't it, it like Helen. It throws me off. I, I, don't I like it. Like it throws me off completely just because I couldn't understand that these kids were fucking high school kids. Well, that, I'm saying at like the beginning with, with Helena and those kids I didn't like, but uh, once we got to seeing Batman and the you know the detective squad in in that thing, I liked it. I actually liked and I like Barbara. I like her freckles there and whatnot. <laughs> Helena though is off. It doesn't even look like Helena to me. Uh, and then later when we do see the bad guy, I accidentally thought the bad guy at one point was Dinah the way he, he okay they threw me off yeah. long white hair yeah blondish. yeah yeah so they end up and and Helena and Dinah and the, the class they get outside of Gotham and they're there at this like colonial village uh and you know it's one of those like y'all stay here you know and it's funny and, and when I saw this I'm like god damn it we better not spend the entire issue in this colonial village yeah I'm not gonna deal with this old English nonsense yeah the old English it makes me laugh because the, the renaissance fair is around our house not really close but people around here go and I don't like it you do and this is exactly why i don't like it when you go there and they're in character and the people stay in character i don't need that it's a bunch of nonsense but i like it the, when it's busty broads coming up to me and doing yeah, the whole yeah. thing That's usually about it. that most of the time every time i've been there and i've been there you know after you have it's just a lot of dudes it seems and like two busty broads for every 50 dudes that they have uh but yeah you, you have this thing and then helen is like okay everybody you have to get rid of your phones. You know, we're here on a trip. We want you to learn. We'll return the phones. And you too, Dinah. What? They just showed me crackle. You know, I, I'm taking selfies yeah, and all this. Yeah, she just learned Snapchat in the fucking yeah. – oh, you're And it, it's funny to me because I'm, I'm sitting there and they really go – you know, the Bensons really make sure that these phones are gone. I'm thinking that this is going to lead to some sort of trouble later. And it really doesn't. It Not at really, all. It, all it is is just a thing for class and the kids to get, to, you know, tab. Not always on the cell phones. That's all it was. It really, it never came to play out at any point. But they go on a tour, and in the meantime, Barbara is there, and she's going. She goes to that bank, and it's these guys with horse head masks on, which I think we've seen before. Yeah, like, yeah. Really, like you know, briefly during something at some point. I actually, yeah. I'm looking at them like this seems familiar. Yeah, it I'm does not going to look familiar. into it though because no. it's just a guy in a bunch. Guy's in a bunch of horse head masks. It yeah, doesn't she's, matter. she's kicking out. Oh, Canary would love this, your silly horse mask. And she just, you know, knocks them all out, ties them up, and there really isn't much. Then you see her. She's saving a cat. She's there walking an old guy across the street. She's kicking somebody out of a bus, and I have no idea why. No ticket. <laughs> this guy, all he has, he has like a, you know, some shorts on and a shirt and glasses, and she's just kicking him out and then punching a, a, a uh, you know, a purse snatcher type deal. She's going through, and he, yeah, it's a pretty good panel. Every it's a day, good panel. You know, crime fighting, freaking friendly and neighborhoods, back row type ba- of shit. Basically, if you haven't read this or don't read this book and you're trying to imagine in your head and you read Super Sons, it's exactly the scene when John yeah. and Damien were doing almost the exact same things in that book but yeah she's doing that even looks like she's taking a selfie at one point there. Uh, but then you go back to this village where they're getting a tour of this village and it's so funny to me because they're talking about shaman blackfire and like and basically he came into this area and he tricked this the native american Indians. tribe 
but he told him the land, land was cursed. Yeah. And the land is cursed and left. So like, oh, okay. And you have the one girl like, oh, that that's a serious jerk. And the other guy's, I don't know, something cool about that Blackfire. Then they move on to the next exhibit and oh, this say, is Deacon Joseph Deacon Blackfire. Deacon Joseph Blackfire. And at this point, and, he and was continuing hanging on. And all this other stuff. I'm like, why is, does nobody does <laughs> nobody this together? Can anybody connect the dots? I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, the guy who's telling the story, I'm like, you don't realize that you said the shaman Blackfire and then later on the Deacon Joseph Blackfire and never once thought that they were at least relatives? Why wasn't this an exhibit about the Blackfire fucking tr- like clan that came through it's here ridiculous. early in the class? I don't know. And it's ridiculous because everybody's just like, you know, talking. You have a canary out of nowhere. Hey, I'd be hanged for sure. They were probably metahumans like me. Like, or really? innocent women, but yeah, I'm sure I'd be yeah, helpful. I'm, sure. I'd be, I'm I'd, there too. And it's so funny. I'd be sleeping with the fishes too. You get it? I'm a mobster. I have a mob family. But yeah, I'm sitting there this whole time. I'm like, guys, they're both called Blackfire. Uh, you see, and they look alike. At least they say that later. I'm like, what? what is going on? What, why yeah. can't you connect the dots? And then even then, the, and the other joke going throughout is they are dressed up in colonial garb, which yeah, I don't Canary know. Yeah, Black and Hunches really were forced to dress why. in colonial garb for some reason, yeah, which because doesn't the make kids any aren't. sense to me. The kids aren't. It's only to have a, a, you know, a scene later. Uh, but yeah, and then they even have a guy who's in the stockade, and they're like, what was your career? My crime was spending too much money in our gift shop. And <laughs> that made me chuckle. Commercialism that at its finest. made me chuckle because there's Canary. Let's go shopping. They, that they actually made me laugh the most it made this me whole laugh. thing. Because the whole thing, like, the only crime here is our low, low prices. Yeah. Oh, it, it made me laugh. But uh, you go back to Gotham now. We're, we're in the middle of the warriors here. You have two gangs that are about to, you know, come to blows. And, and there's Batgirl the in the turf middle. Turf War over Industrial yeah. Avenue. Yeah, Industrial Avenue Turf War. And, and it's a very weird thing. And I don't know if you thought the same. But when that guy is fighting Batgirl, one of the guys uh-huh. there, I'm like, he looks so much like somebody who would have been in that backup to All-Star. That Raphael Albuquerque story with uh, Vic, Lady yeah. Vic and all that. Looks exactly. And I was like, this is kind of a weird tie-in, and that's the gang, because I'm telling you, it looks like that art style even looks exactly like it to me, but it's nothing, and they're fighting, and then you, you have the shock and awe here, the you know the smoke and mirrors of Catwoman and Ivy showing up to help, and Batgirl's like, listen, remember I said, you know, you can't kill anybody, please don't. And that don't. seems to be and, the whole point of this big overblown fight with Catwoman, yeah. Batgirl, and Poison Ivy against these two gangs, because... She has to keep telling them you can't kill them, yeah, and it's like the whole thing. Me. Like, can't man, I wish I, I wish I had my old team here because I wouldn't have to tell them this. Yeah, yeah, and and you have that. And the weirdest part is, and the, one of my biggest problems in this issue is, you have where Ivy is about to kill some people, and she's about to strangle them with vines, and then that's when Batgirl says, "Ivy." What did I say? No killing. And she goes, fine, but gang members are like weeds. You can mow them down all day, but they just come back. It's nothing Ivy would say to me. That, that she doesn't think of weeds as, you know, that that's still plant life. It just seemed like a really odd line for Poison Ivy th- to this say. This fight in general doesn't mean anything for the story. It's just that Batgirl has had a full goddamn day while the other two members yeah, of the Birds well, of Prey are like out I camping. Said, like we said before, that's why this whole thing up? felt like an annual. It felt like something that you had that didn't mean anything after this issue, which I don't think it will. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, you go back. 
to Canary and Huntress, and they're around the campfire. They're making hot dogs. They're talking, you know, and they're telling scary stories. And this is where you have Helena tell the story of Shaman Blackfire. And now I now I'm saying the same thing. Like, okay, what what do you know and don't you know? Because you definitely know this. She says later that Dick told her about the story, but yeah. why didn't she kind of look in? Why wasn't the story well, more you, of a, exploring Bat- the black? I'm pretty fires? sure it was in Batman Eternal though, where Deacon Blackfire was one oh, of yeah. the villains. He was. He he was, and he had a whole church of people yeah. that you know, and he was kind of tied in with Doctor Phosphorus, if I remember correctly, and all that stuff. So yeah, this should be something that would be on a lot of these guys' minds, but it is. But no, there's no continuity to this because no. this is like you know, Shaman Blackfire to Deacon Blackfire to where he is now, locked in a cave. Still, there's no continuity that goes back to what we nope. had in the New Fifty Two at all. It's a, this is pretty much in like the rebirth introduction of Deacon Blackfire. Yeah, it's so weird. And it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. When, like. Because- because I don't even know how the story works. Because the freaking uh, the, what was it? The uh, the freaking mo- the Indians Indians locked. Yes. They locked him. They in a trapped cave. him in a cave. They he and they knew he was the bad. They trapped him in a cave. Exactly. Then the colonials opened up this cave, and they like Deacon Blackfire must have killed all of them. Yeah. But then we but go. But where's back the, the exhibits? Why do we have these exhibits that are all Not around? Only that, though. We have the freaking cave, which they open up then, but there was a time in between where the cave was sealed, where he was let out again, but now he's back in the cave. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And the the other thing that doesn't make sense, if you have a shaman, I don't even care if you think he's just holding this stick uh, because he has a, a kink in his back and needs a cane. You bury yeah. the shit. You, you throw him in. Keep his stick. Don't throw it in with him. That's the, and his, the whole thing is Deacon Blackfire's power comes from his staff, which they locked yeah. in the cave with, and it gives yeah. him his power and his immortality. It's so crazy. Like, yeah, they locked him up. Eh, they threw the stick in at the last second. I'm, why? Why do that? Then they write on the, the, the rock that seals it. They wrote in, you know, in their language, hey, don't open this. This Blackfire's in there. He's going to be bad. But that's when you had these colonists come, the Dutch come, and they, they look and they explore the land. They open up the cave, which, again, the problem being not only what you're saying, but later on when they do open, they really claim that this rock cannot be moved. You need superpowers or yeah. super strength to move, and it looks like two guys open up this rock again this other time plus if deacon blackfire is so powerful and had a staff why couldn't he just blast that goddamn rock out it, it's all nonsense uh it's okay but it's just it, it doesn't hold I'm telling you, the any whole water idea, i thought they were going to play with here what they never explored though it's like you have the freaking like the colonial village like they're like you know exhibits about how you know yeah. shaman blackfire then deacon blackfire during like you know the salem witch trials yeah. kind of time when gotham was doing it, like 50 years before salem was yes. and it was all because of deacon blackfire now like when uh we had that exhibit and then we have huntress telling the story about how she heard it and all this other stuff i'm like okay we're gonna play with the idea of like you know what actually happened to what becomes stories and how yeah. things aren't exactly the same yeah, but, but it, no it's, it's not just, no we never play with that and like the story that they're telling us in both situations isn't it what happened because he's still locked in the fucking cave uh, i'm telling you when that one guy because there's the one kid who earlier was kind of seemed like he was enthralled by mm, uh, Blackfire. You kind of get the idea after this that he is a guy who he's being possessed by Blackfire. It really seems well, like that's what, you, that's what he tells you. Yeah, and but they, how does he do that in 
in the cave. I don't no know. Idea. But what I thought was going to happen, and I thought, now, again, this would have been goofy. I actually thought that none of this was going to even involve the real Blackfire. I thought this guy was going to go off because this is right when Canary and Dinah, they were using, you know, and that guy had a hook. You know, they, ah. they're telling the, the scary story around. Yeah. And that guy's, huh, the cave. I actually thought he was going to go off and kind of do a Scooby-Doo and pretend yeah. that he was. But, and I thought that they were going to go and it, they were all going to have a laugh, Eric. It would be a lark. But no, instead he goes off, ends up getting possessed by Demon Blackfire and uh, Deacon Blackfire, and then moves the rock that needs superpowers. But then the kids say that he did because he seemed possessed and, and all this stuff. Plus, it didn't even look like anybody went off with them, but then they were all gone well, that's the out thing. of nowhere. Black Canary and Huntress wake up out of nowhere, and, they're all and all gone. the kids are gone after they've gone to sleep at the, for the night. And they're like, okay, we got to go find the kids. And they hear a screaming coming out of this cave, so they followed in, and bam. Deacon Blackfire is there, alive and well, with his power staff, and, you know, a fight breaks out. But, and, and even so, you have what appeared at one point to, say, 15 kids. It, a lot Something of kids, like yeah, they yeah. all just, huh, he wanted to go see the cave, so we went. Not one of them woke up Canary or, you know, or, Di- or Diner so or Helena. Get or, stitches, Jim. I guess, but they all go off, and there's Deacon Blackfire, and he's there. He's got his staff. That's when, right away, I'm like, oh, I thought it was Canary. <laughs> and then it's all this, like, you know what? I'm going to use this. I'm going to fight you guys. And it really is nothing. There, There is nothing to it until then they they beat him up they take his staff they shoot him into the back of the cave and then canary canary cries the door shut the the big and rock the thing shut. is that she canary cries the boulder back yeah. into place which is yeah. so weird it is weird but even then she, uh, helena grabs the staff and shoots blackfire with like a, a freaking fire yeah thing. why couldn't this? he have done that from the inside to the rock why, why couldn't you? If Canary can Canary cry it shut, I'm sure he could have blasted it out, especially since he should, in this continuity, in this issue, have been in there for hundreds of years. I mean, yeah. hit it once a year, and that thing's going to move or, or and crack eventually. the best part is, too, you have this whole thing where we have spelled out now that the staff is the source of his powers. Yeah. So we've taken the staff, he locked just, him back in the cave. Yeah. Now they just sentence a man to die by starvation. Yeah, yeah, or – just the fact that the minute that you grab that staff out, he just fucking turns to dust. You know, like like that trope. But yeah, they Whatever. really have. They they and I thought the same thing. If in fact that staff, you know, as you hold the staff, once you let go, then your powers are gone. But you're still, yeah, yeah he's gonna starve to death. He's gonna they're, starve to death. They're gonna end up the moving. Part- Hunter sells Canary. I am going to donate this staff to the freaking yep. colonial village. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't do that since yeah, you know it's no. a goddamn mystical weapon. No, you know, get get that the hell out. Burn it. Put like that in like the they say. Watch, the Just League Watchtower fucking safe room. The worst will be when Batman's like, oh, I got to look into this. And when he goes, he's going to move that boulder and it's going to have scratch marks on the <laughs> inside because he's buried alive here. Uh, then then the, the craziest thing, and I didn't even care. I'm telling you, if these kids left, thinking that they just saw some supernatural being or whatever. I don't care. I didn't no. think anything of it. But then they're like, hey, was that fake? Was that part of our tour? Sure was. Sure was. We tricked dummies. you again. Oh, man. I don't know. Felt pretty real to me. The one guy's doing that was the guy who was taken over by Blackfire. That seemed real. No, you didn't think that Miss Bertinelli brought you all out here for just wax figures and a weenie roast. We wanted you to live history. What history are you living? You're the coolest teacher ever, Miss Bertinelli. What exactly are you teaching us here <laughs> about a guy with a staff that shoots fire and now well, you're obviously he's gonna this be is dead. the occult section of the high school. Yes. Then they're gonna go. Oh, can we take selfies with you tomorrow, Miss B? 
Yeah, only if you You're post them cool on Crackle Chat. Uh, and that's where, at this point, at, at the end of the big fighting, and Gotham Barbara was saying, you know what? Even uh, Selena and Ivy said, boy, you you look tuckered out. You know, you should go back and go to sleep. And she's like, no, no, you know what? I want to get back to nature myself. You know what, Ivy? You kind of inspired me here. And she goes out to meet them at, at the uh, Even the that was site. a weird line to me. Friggin it was. Like, you know, Catwoman says to her, Becker, I saw you take almost all of these guys out by yourself. You, but why do you look so beat? Because you just fucking said it. I had to do all That'd the heavy lifting, you like, bitch. I saw you take all those guys out. Why are you so tired? Uh, because I took all those guys out. What the fuck were you guys doing? Yeah. I, I called you in. You know, I didn't call you in to look pretty, girls. But yeah, she goes out. And again, at the end, it's nice enough. She's showing up. And then I'm she's like, I need it some R&R. I'm just, I'm just looking into this so stupid now because at this point, I'm like, none of this story makes any sense to me. No. Ba- Barbara Gordon shows up then with her whole freaking you know, camping gear and shit like yeah. that. And they go and they make s'mores. That's how our issue ends. I'm thinking to myself, all right, they had dinner. They went to sleep. They woke up at some point in the night. And they then went you and think it's like 4.30 a.m. And, and they're making s'mores. At this point, they're making s'mores. I'm like, they're making s'mores at 3 a.m. And only them. The kids seem to have gone. I don't even know where they are, Eric. They, no, they're not even there. I, and, and in fact, Why you are see, there spores left over? You should have I, made these I, already. Yeah, I see them. They all walk, but I, you only see the bottoms of their sleeping bags. I think they let them go just walk off in the woods. Uh, all but, right, kids. Uh, now this is, your own, this is your own adventure now. Go off and make whatever you will. Flashlight tank. But yeah, yeah, they're making s'mores. The worst snack that you could ever possibly make, especially or at 3 a.m. Uh, I do like the art in that last panel. I really, really like it. Like that that's a thing that could even be a poster to me where they're all sitting there, the birds of prey, eating s'mores and, and, and cooking s'mores. marshmallows. And all of a sudden Helena looks great there. I really yeah. like that look too. And I do like it, but this issue <laughs> it's just nonsense. It's just and it there's just too many things that were wrong for me to really just let it all out and have a good time. Like if yeah. it was just just have camping. Don't even have camping and have it where the things that Helena, this is script doctoring, Eric. You have Helena and Canary dealing with crazy things that happen at a campground. You know what I mean? When you're camping, you have stuff where, like, the one kid does go off and then scares them. They think they hear a bear. Somebody thinks they hear a bear, and it's not a bear. You have this where Helena and Dinah think that they're getting driven crazy because even at the beginning, uh, Helen is like, this is going to be a long 24 hours. So what you're setting up is – this is comedy work here. You're setting up that Dinah and Helena think they are having the worst goddamn night of their life dealing with goofy things with these kids while in the meantime, Barbara is back fighting real crime in Gotham. So when Barbara shows up and they say, oh, you know, what's going on? We're having the worst time. Yeah, and then then Barbara just looks and, and smiles at the camera. There you have it, and and that would be fine. And the for moral me. of the story: the real villains of the world are children. And the re- no, two things: the real villains in the world are children and camping. Don't have either. Don't ever go camping and don't have kids. That's what you have. But I, I think that that would have been a better thing where the things that Dinah and Helena were dealing with were kind of goofy kid things like chaperone things. You know, even like one girl's upset because she tried to go and steal her phone back, but it did this and all this stuff that's driving Dinah and Helena crazy. But it's nothing like what what Barbara is dealing with. Just kids giggling in the night when they're supposed to be asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. It would have been so fun. 
fun. Just have fun with this. You don't need Blackfire and the hokiest setup of and you know what? Thing, it seemed like they tried to have fun, but when they like you know they lost yeah. the story though because none of it makes sense from yeah. everything they're showing us. But my favorite, maybe my favorite line and panels of the week though, have to go with that kid who ends up going, huh? Didn't anybody think that those two black fires looked alike? <laughs> First off, the, the replication. World's greatest detective. Oh, my God. Young Batman there. Uh, what did you give it? I gave this book up. Like I said before, I was going to give this book a 5.8 out of 10, but I cannot. Because while this issue has its fun moments, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. And you actually – I actually found myself too con- – like, you know, I was too centered on that opening scene when the fucking two girls who look like grandmas were taking yeah. stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't like this art. And then I, I guess I didn't appreciate the rest of the way because going yeah, through it, it now as we're talking about it, I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, yeah, some of this art's really goddamn yeah, good. I like so it. I'm, I'm not going to go lower on that because I'm going lower on the rest <laughs> of the story, but I will give it a 5.5 out of 10. This is a yeah. nonsense issue. You do not need to read it. It doesn't do anything, no. but it's at least fun at times. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna try to be. I'm gonna try to have a positive spin on it. I, I don't mind what the Bensons were trying to do. The, throwing that black fire in, I think that was a misstep. You didn't need that. I would have rather of them. And as it was going on, it did seem like they were setting up this whole thing. Like, oh my God, kids are horrible, and yeah. I gotta watch them and things like that. And then even to the point where they had the one guy when they get to this village type place, and he's like, "Did these sign the you know waiver form?" So I would have liked to. Have, it seemed to me like a setup for a wraparound where something bad happens somebody does get hurt well we we can't be held responsible you signed the permission or even like them trying not to have that hat you know and just goofy stuff some kids you know running off where you know huntress had to tear her freaking colonial costume up so she could like kick freaking blackfire she has to pay for this yeah yeah Yeah, just have stuff like that but once blackfire it just got it just lost its way to me it just seemed and also then you have the idea that at the very end where barbara was fighting crime in gotham the the birds of prey uh the other two were in the the colonial village and then you know they're having their issues as well maybe even have helena and dinah kind of start bickering about things about how they wanted to do stuff and whatever and then once barbara comes and they're having s'mores you're like you know what they do belong together they're they're a good team that they are friends the three of them and it just yeah I, i'm gonna go six though i'll go a little higher than you i i like the art i know that those those kids didn't look like kids i'm telling but, you but, it did throw me off at the beginning and i think it jaded me for the rest just because of how you know we're doing this like we've already told you probably a hundred times now we're reading this you know and reviewing this on sunday before you know a week before you're actually gonna download yeah, this, and listen this to it. Yeah. so we have just read this we're going in pretty much cold but talking about you and looking through the pages again the art was better than I initially yeah, thought I, it was. Yeah, I, I like the art, so I'll go with that. But the next book, I like the art as well, but it's another story that I think is off. And it's yeah. Supergirl number 13, written by Steve Orlando, art by Robson Roca, Daniel Enriquez, Michael Atea, and Steve Wands. The Emerald Eradication comes to an end, and after all the setup, to say this ending was forced and lackluster is an understatement. It all seemed to be a setup to make Mr. Bones the new head of the DEO, which he already was in this continuity. It's just another example of Steve Orlando doing whatever he pleases, whether it makes sense or not. And it does. And if people don't know, in the new 52, which is part of this continuity, 
Mr. Bones was the head of the DEO. So at the yeah. very end, it, it just – I don't know that it seems – because he can't even make it like it was a setup, but it seems like it was a setup. It seems like Mr. Bones was behind all of this. And I don't even know how any of it works out because, no. you know, the whole – he was trying to set up Saturn Girl, it seems like, was he his whole He says a thing. hit on Saturn Girl, but why don't we just find out that he's the one that – all he has to say is, yeah, that lie that I planted to get Emerald Empress against Supergirl worked out. That's all you need because that's and what even it seems that, to be. But doesn't he doesn't make even any say sense that because he, she was given a vision from the I future know, of what her father he, died you know, because, and it was a false vision though. So she went back in time to confront Saturn Girl about this. Saturn Girl told her it was Supergirl, and how does any of this play out with Director Bones fucking putting a hit out on Saturn Girl? Well, the only thing how does that, he get a goddamn message me. to the future? The only the, thing the, that the gets me crime. though is that he mentions Macari. At the end, when we get to it, and Macari might have something to do with what that plan was, but it never ends up being spelled out and, and no. all that because uh, we'll talk about and that even when we the get whole thing to it. With the, whole, the whole idea of Director Bones becoming the director of the DEO again doesn't make sense because in Bat or Batwoman, he was the director of the DEO. Yes. Cameron Chase is there as well. At the end of the arc where he was the fucking bad guy because he was trying to go after Jacob Kane because he believed that Jacob Kane, Batwoman's father, was his father – he had a fucking mental breakdown. He yep. had all these, like, you know, his mind was twisted and fucking evil at this point. He got taken out of the directing of the DEO. And at no. that point, Cameron yeah. Chase was supposed to, she left the DEO as well. Now, going into this, I could say, whatever. Cameron Chase, she came back. She's now the director. And yeah. I can make it make sense. Having director Bones come back after the shit we no. saw in Batwoman does not no, make sense No, it doesn't make sense. And to me, it continues Steve Orlando. We, we said this. He, he does, did this in JLA a lot where it seems like he just looks up things and like, who – uh, what's it called? Director Bones. Mr. Bones, he was part of the DO at one point. I'm going to make him that again. This is going to be like legacy. No, no. This was in this continuity. This yeah. happened in this world that we're dealing with right now. And so it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. And and just the, the crazy explanation of what he did, it just ends up like at the end of a movie, all of a sudden it goes to black and then fades back in. And the guy's like, yep, everything you said was all of my plan. <laughs> no explanation. The no end. way that even makes sense. Uh you start out here, and this this issue is nonsense, and I know that people are going to review it, and I know certain people who love Supergirl are going to give this a good score, and I can't – I just can't see it because it's nonsense. Number one, me and you read the Supergirl annual number one, right? We read that yeah, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. We uh, Half of this issue is a repeat of that. You don't – I know what recap is. This is a repeat. You have Supergirl explaining things that were explained and a part where she confronts Emerald Empress and they have the same dialogue. But it's not that scene. It's not a flashback. It is now in a different part of the, the world. They're, they're in the – you know, just yelling at each other. When, when we had the annual, it ended with Supergirl and with uh, – what's it called? Emerald Empress saying, um, you're going to kill my dad in the future. I'm going to kill your dad now. And Supergirl saying, no, no, you know what? We can work this out. It doesn't have to happen that way. We can do something different. They say that again here on the streets of, of the national. Eric, and it, of just the national. Make, it just doesn't make sense. And can we just have, say the Nash? The Nash. 
Yeah, and that, it starts off though with the Supergirl, like you will not harm my father. You have Emerald Empress. And she, she ju- yeah, she jumps in the freaking way of the. I have Ekron about to freaking shoot a cyborg Superman in yep. his tank, and somehow that leads to the whole DEO building, the blade exploding. Yes, it explodes, and then you have you have this tube with cyborg Superman on the streets. People are like, "Oh my God, that's that cyborg Superman. That's him from the Catco that video." That tube. It's the most yeah. durable fucking tube I've ever seen it in my remains, goddamn life. And it's just there. And and it's this all the dialogue from the, you know, everybody in the crowd. Like, you know, oh, we read about Supergirl. She's bad now. We need Indigo. And then I saw that Catco app. I saw the video. They were keeping, you know, Cyborg Superman underground, right under it our is. feet. The DO was hiding him. Yeah, and they just and then you you kind of get the whole thing of you know some people still will support Supergirl a little, but yeah, at this well, point, the majority's all against her. Yeah, it's just and at points they're pointing at things like Indigo was right, looking off in the it doesn't even make sense. But then you have you go and then I, I you see. I want to know what they're all looking at because at I don't one know. Point they're looking at freaking Supergirl. Then they have Supergirl in the background. They're looking yeah, away. That's Indigo what I'm was saying. right, and then they're yeah. all just looking. I'm like, I don't what the know. Hell is going? And then freaking Indigo shows up behind. Behind her, Emerald Empress, I guess. It's, yeah, 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 it's Emerald Empress. Yeah, Emerald Empress. What is anybody looking at? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. I don't know because at one point later, they're talking. You have Emerald Empress and Supergirl going back and forth with the whole dialogue. Out of nowhere, in the middle, Supergirl starts talking as if she's talking to the people. And then Emerald Empress just says, they can't hear you. And it's so off the transition of this dialogue. But then you go back to the scabbard, and you have Magog and uh, yeah, Selena fighting Laron, you know, the werewolf. And the he, Laron the knocks. Laron knocks. The helmet off of Magog. Selena picks it up. Goes, you know what? This fight is certainly Fuck going in a you. direction. I'm out. And then you have Magog. Who's like, hey, you can't desert me. She's like, read the five print, Magog. I didn't sign up for werewolves. Have fun. And I'll tell you that where you have Steve Orlando, you do kind of get the idea of characters he likes. You, you can tell he likes Selena. He must yeah. like the Supergirl movie, or at least likes to reference that. But he writes her exactly like Cat Grant. It it is Cat Grant Jr. with with Selena. That's why I think in the last issue in the annual, it was such a bad back and forth between Selena and Cat Grant because it's just it's just stupid. And she goes off. So and she, just Selena one page, disappears. Yep. We have two of the goddamn freaking you know Fatal Five are done. They're yeah, out done. of the book now because Magog you know he needs help. He's done. He Lauren's gonna take him out. Selena just fucking leaves him. Yeah, she leaves for God knows where. And then you go you go to the Catco building where you have Cat Grant and Ben Robel, and they're trying to fix the Catco app. And I I just I hate the idea that that Cat Grant, who seems to be in everything, but she doesn't know anything about this app. Like she and I understand if you would push that, if you would push that, she's just this like you know she's on head. the top, the big figurehead and stuff. She doesn't act like that though, and Steve Orlando hasn't pushed her. So Ben's just there at an app, and 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 she has just the stupidest dialogue to, to Ben, like basically like hey. Uh, and he says, hey, I can't believe we broke in the building with a hammer. And she goes, no one locks me out, Mr. Robo. I have contractors for door and lawyers for the alarms. I, I want Ben to say, the fuck are you saying? Why are you talking I, like that? Yeah, I don't get what you ever say to me. It, it's not even clever. It's just nonsense. It just drives me nuts. But basically, Ben gets the idea, hey, we, you broke into the front door with a hammer. That gives me an idea of how to shut down the Catco app. And then out of nowhere, on a 
computer and just looks like a desktop computer oh, in yeah, an office. Desktop. He ends up typing a couple things and makes billions of accounts to try to log into CatGo and overload it and destroy it. And also, why isn't at any point didn't Cat Grant say, you know what? That's something I'm going to have to talk to IT about because to me, she'd be angry. Like they should be able to have billions. She's like, I counted on a billion people to sub- you know, subscribe the minute that it went on. What the fuck is going on? I really thought that she was going to say something. Instead, it just works in one page. It's one page of them breaking in and Ben Rubel just saying, you know what? I have this idea. I'm going to make a billion accounts right now in two seconds and we're going to overload it. Yes, it works. The system's crashing. That's all it is. Now, the problem is the system's crashing does not save anybody's hide. No, because they've already seen the goddamn yes. footage. I don't this know what they're trying this, to get here yeah. because the only reason they needed the keys to get into, like, you know, the freaking digital keys to get into the yeah. CACO app was so that everybody could see the video of Supergirl. Yes. They already why, have. Why isn't this that Ben Rubel is breaking in and somehow you, you have that they have some other footage of Emerald Empress in the, you know, I don't know how they'd have it, but when she was From in the, the DEO, in yeah. the Blade, you know, telling about all the plan. Like, that's what it's seem to be leading to where they have this other somehow there's security, security footage, footage yeah. within you know cat grant's freaking apartment or some of that of selena yes. talking shit yep. i don't know yeah why wouldn't it be that because then you're dealing with saving supergirl's reputation and getting people from not attacking there you'd have it but no shutting down if i see on twitter that i see eric shea do a horrible thing and then twitter crashes I'm not going to be nice to you the next day because it crashed. I go no. in, I'm like, hey, Eric, luckily that, you know, Twitter crashed because you did some horrible things, but out of sight, out of mind, buddy. Let's go. And this whole thing, though, about them, you know, making these dummy accounts to freaking overload the system, it goes nowhere in the end. It does nothing no, for this whole story at all. It does nothing. Like I said, the, the best thing would have been for Cat uh, Grant to fire her whole IT department because that's something that shouldn't happen. Yeah, and it doesn't even go with that. But then we go back and there's Supergirl and Emerald Empress and she's just yelling and screaming. And this is where the whole thing is. She's like, my power surge, Grundy, Indigo, and the others. The leak footage. This was you, Empress. Why? I don't even know you. And Emerald Empress says, you will, Supergirl. Centuries from now, we, we are enemies. Our battles will cost the life of my father unless I destroy you now. And then she says, listen, we can make this we could do it a different way we had this exact conversation underneath in the deal where where cyborg superman was the last annual this was exactly what they were saying they already talked about this and now they're acting as if they don't even they never said it and this is way things just get so hokey indigo shows up and punches supergirl all the people are going and this is where the the weird thing is she's yelling supergirl's yelling at Emerald Empress and says, if that's true, you could have come to me, Empress. We could change that a different way. No matter the future, I did not abandon Zarel, and I would have not abandoned you, as I would never abandon anyone. Do you not truly see that? that okay, that that's fine, right? Then she yells, compassion means not picking and choosing who you care about, even if you fear them. You all taught me that when I came here. Really? When does she start talking to the, this crowd? And then uh, and Emerald, Emerald, they can't. That, that's when Indigo comes. And the thing comes. is, from where the dialogue balloon's going, it seems that it's coming from behind the crowd. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And that's where she's like, I only showed my father the same understanding this world showed me. And then Indigo, out of nowhere, they're not listening, Supergirl. They don't believe you. Not after today. And they start fighting. And that's where people are cheering. Get her, Indigo. She protected a killer. No, Supergirl was doing what she had to. It's her father. 
<laughs> really, really, this this is how we're going, and they're fighting, and then what basically then happens, unfortunately, is that uh, as they're attacking, uh, freaking one thing was Cyborg Superman kind of comes to and and does stop Indigo, but in the meantime, Supergirl she she finds the solution, Eric. The solution is that she sees the dust around the eye of Ekron, and I, that I want to know how the yeah. fuck any of this makes any sense to anything. No. Yeah, she goes what. What I what they see with those particles, the dust surrounding the eye, I see the carbon in it. It's older than anything on Earth, more than 20,000 years older. Superman said Empress was from the future, and the best is they go to show you a flashback page that has nothing to do with what's being said. No. She says Superman said Empress was from the future, and the flashback page has uh, Emerald Empress. My eye will heal. This is not over, Supergirl. And then the, and them getting blasted. But then she says the eye is the source of her power. She doesn't use it; it uses her. H- how does she get that? How because does it's, she it's get older, that? Because it's older, because of the carbon gem. Oh, the carbon dust, and basically goes knocks Emerald Empress out of it's the way, using grabs her the eye because of how yeah. old this carbon is. Yeah, yeah, that's obviously. Why. And then says, "Stop, damn you!" to the eye, and then you see, "No, you're hurting my eye. You can't." And then Supergirl ends it with, it is stop. What? Stop, damn you. No, you're hurting my eye. You can't. It is stop. That's how it ends. And she rips the eye apart. It is it, stopped. It, it, there, there is, it is a continuation. It makes no sense because there's three, pa- <laughs> there's three or four panels in between. But I thought you knew me, Empress. If, if – uh, Tell me. If you there's tell one me. thing I never do – it is stop, but there's like yeah. four panels yeah. in between. There's one that. thing I never do, and then there's stop, damn you. No, you're hurting my eye. You can't. It is stop. It is such a awful transition of dialogue that I've ever seen. It is so bad, but she rips apart the eye. And when she rips apart gross. the eye, yeah, it is gross. And actually, it's pretty good art. But yeah, it's gross. Uh, in the meantime, Emerald Empress just disappears. And says, I had five of them. I was supposed to win this time. It disappears. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, that, that, there's still the fight because Indigo's still there. And that's where you have, you know, the DEO and uh, Kara's parents show up. And they're like, hey, Jeremiah, you know, Eliza, they show up. And they're like, hey, gear up. I want you on the street yesterday is what yeah, Cameron Chase says. And they're going. And that's where you get Steve Orlando's favorite line. This thing is still a powder keg. <laughs> Like you're gonna use and that I love line it too here. because now the crowd has changed where we don't trust Supergirl. They saw her destroy the eye and Emerald Empress fade away back to the future. Hey, what happened to that woman? The woman with the eye? Is she dead? What did you yeah, do, Supergirl? Wonder, yeah, Supergirl time killed travel? that woman. We're supposed to believe that? Get yeah, the fuck that's out what of she, here. They yell, time travel. You're supposed to believe that. And that's where Indigo then attacks Supergirl. And while they're attacking, it looks like she is going to go to town on her because Supergirl can't really do much about it. That's when Cyborg Superman uh, gets up, gets out of his tank somehow, and then just rips through Indigo, rips her arm off. And again, she's an android. We have to remember yeah. that she's an android, which is funny because nobody in the crowd seems to want to acknowledge that you see no. it is it, what they would think would be just a robot or something but they're like what indigo was protecting us and that that thing her father it killed her <laughs> like it's an android they're trying to save the things and it's that's where she says listen dad and just I, seeing I knew, you know the cyborg superman with this half jelly body i'm like yeah, how is yeah. he standing it's funny because he actually yeah how is he standing he actually looks like if he was the full out he would look like uh volthoom 
the way it looks like that a to bit, me. Yeah. It's a cool look. But even then, like I said before, how did they even know that Cyborg Superman? The last time they saw him, he was covered in metal That's what I would cyborg think too. Yeah. shit. And it just looks like some other he, guy. He's a half-naked man and a half-jelly man who looks yeah. a little bit like Superman. So the DEO is going to say, you know, they're surrounding Cyborg Superman and Supergirl. Again, though, I, I understand Kara wanting to you know rehabilitate her dad or whatever he is still the the worst guy this national city has ever seen yeah. the deo should have fucking had him tackled by now and drug him off and should have had where supergirl was like no you can't take my father like this he's just standing there we never even know what really happened to him at this point he's just Dude, there I, you have that you have so many things you don't i don't know how indigo was brought in she was built by emerald empress i yeah. don't know yeah i know it's nothing. And to just have the eye gets destroyed because I can tell the carbon before and all this. Well, it ends then. And I guess the idea of this is, number one, to have people hate Supergirl because it still seems they do. The yeah. one lady, you have a lady on the street yelling at a girl for wearing a Supergirl shirt, it looks like. But it also seems like it's one of those there. Steve Orlando kind of. He, he doesn't like to be tied down to this whole D.O. Cameron Chase thing, which is odd because Supergirl never really was. Supergirl is never really in all these issues. We're at issue 13. Not once did it seem that she ever really followed orders to no. the T and ever did anything. She was always doing. So why do this? Why have Cameron, you know, she ends up, Cameron Chase resigns. She goes She off takes and, full responsibility and has yes. to resign her position at the D.O. And it seems now like... I don't know if Steve Orlando is banking on having another book. It's Cameron Chase yeah. and Lauron. Cameron Chase and Lauron. Private eyes. Because they go because off in a car. they go off. Yep, with guns loaded in the back seat. Uh, but, yeah, they're going off. He's in, like, what appears. It's his outfit, but it looks like a tracksuit. It makes me laugh. But, yeah, they go off. And, yeah, I don't – does he think that people want this book? But why? You now – you've never really set up – Now they're really going into investigation into yeah. its corruption. And, and to me, you you never really even got the setup of her working in the DEO. You never got that. You only had it on the surface where you'd have Cameron Chase. She's not – I can't get a hold of her again. And it just kept doing that. So you go from there, and I think it's Steve Orlando trying to get rid of – you know, Supergirl's allies, kind of. But, yeah, they're off. You have Supergirl saying, you know, now I have to work with Cat Grant, who is against Supergirl. She thinks that Supergirl betrayed her, and now she's working against her, and I'm working against myself as Kara Danvers in plain sight. And you have Ben Robo still is like, I don't like it, Kara. Supergirl saved my life. And then she's like, then this might be the best spot to protect her, Ben. And by now, Ben should have figured all out this out. But then you go, and there's a new DEO director, and that's where you have have uh this uh, a campo going and says uh, you know to this mysterious figure indigo's remains are ready to ship along with magog as you request i'm like really but <laughs> if i can director do we really want to be working with people like makari and i was like huh, oh, that, that's weird so yeah makari is actually a new god and I'm like, really? This is what we're going to go with. He is, Here's the thing. Makari and his partner, Simeon, are new gods oh, of the I planet Apocalypse. Oh, I know Makari. Apocalypse. Yes. And, Dr. and fucking, you know, Simeon. I know. Yes. This, they were big characters in Final Crisis. Yeah, evil scientists and agents of Darkseid. They specialize in genetic experimentation and run the evil factory together as a parallel to Project Cadmus. And assisted by Simeon, Makari ran the second evil factory on the ruins of Bloodhaven and trapped Batman with the sole purpose of creating several duplicates yeah. of 
of him by using Lump to extract Batman's memories, and that's when Lump ended up getting killed. You know, all that stuff. But I guess that we're led to believe that maybe Magog I, – I don't know how you do any sort of genetic experimentation on an android. But yeah, they, this whole thing seems to be leading to maybe some genetic experiments that are going to come back and, you know, super. So now we have, have the fight. new gods and Apocalypse coming yeah. down fucking working with the DEO. I'm like, God yep. damn it. Why can't I get away from Jack Kirby month? It's not August yeah, no yeah. more. I know it isn't. But yeah, this is where you also see that before Cameron Chase, she, she did go. She resigned. And then she went and completely scrubbed all the files of Supergirl. She deleted Project Supergirl. They don't know her identity. That seems to be what Mr. Bones wants to know. He wants to know who Supergirl is. Very similar to when he showed up oh, in yeah. Batwoman. Oh, yeah, the whole thing with who, wanting to know who Batwoman yeah, and Batman Yeah, he wanted to were. know who Batwoman was. So, But anybody, please, if you read this and you're like, man, that's a cool new villain, or man, I had Mr. Bones in this, he should be in this continuity already, and it yeah. really doesn't make any sense. And then you just have... Uh, you know, Supergirl talking about how she's gonna have to, you know, deal with her new life and, and how, how Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah and Eliza have quit the DO to support, yep. like, you know, director Chase and shit. Like, it looks like they've moved. I'm like, at first, I thought we were gonna get out of National City completely for the whole way because we're moving yeah. now. I'm like, why are we moving? They just quit their this jobs at the saying. DO. It's yeah. like, do they have to downsize now? They had a bigger yeah. house. They can't it's afford just it. It's weird. It's like one of those things where now, and to me, this is like he is, oh, Mr. Bone. And I'm telling you, the way that I read Steve Orlando books it's as if he does not think that a pencil has an eraser as he goes and he puts himself in a corner he will not go back pages and change things this to me is like he's got all these plans oh cameron chase is going to be out we're going to have a book lower on and cameron chase detectives you know privatized but we're going to have mr bones the head of the do this is going to be awesome all right chase oh, no. the werewolf and then it's the like oh no files Jer yeah jeremiah and eliza then are going to be working with the bad guy in the book oh no i can't have that happen i'll have them quit and move yeah that's good i'll do that it's the, that's the only reason to me is that they quit the do because the do is going to be the villain coming yeah. up and you can't have kara's parents as the villain working I just for don't know them. why they need to move because the whole idea then with them moving i thought okay the shit's gone bad we have to get out of national city but at the end it seems that we're still in national yeah, city and her it's life just is just going on as normal at school yep she's just at school again and it's just like can you, you can sit here and just think of like what you think that you know Steve Orlando likes or doesn't like, and that's what he's trying to get rid of. And then you have an epilogue, and it is uh, Mr. Oz is in the epilogue. You do have – it's at the D.O. Black site, uh, and you have Mr. Oz talking to Cyborg Superman. Again, it, that just kind of shows me that you have uh, a connection between – the DEO and Mr. Oz because they were the ones who should have been fully on him and stuff like that. And, you know, Mr. Oz kind of teleports in there. I, I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you did it. You saved your daughter and they treated you like a killer for it. Your last tank had life support. This time they gave you a kill switch. Red plasma, one touch and you'll be human. One touch and you drown in that tank. What is this red plasma? Yeah, I don't know. But he's like, I have heard it all relatively painless. Take all heart. All of a sudden they have this thing that can turn Kryptonians into humans and it's yeah, called red and, plasma. That that was fucking, you know, like, uh, I think it was Gold K back in the day. Or yeah, like, and stuff, yeah, like, yeah, along yeah. Those lines. Well, like, basically. All of a sudden, you have red plasma that can turn a Kryptonian into human, and so they can drown in the tank. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, and basically, uh, he ends up 
killing Cyborg Superman, it looks like. It looks like he, you know and what I mean? I was waiting for this to happen because we have two Cyborg Superman and Hank Henshaw will always be mine and we had to get Zor-El out of this. Yeah, and and it's funny because the, when we're talking about this, people have to realize we have not, me and Eric have not talked about Action Comics yet, but will be either on this podcast or the spotlight. So we know that Mr. Oz is Jarrell, and yeah. this would make sense that he wants to get rid of Cyborg Superman, at least one of them. So that this makes complete sense of him wanting to kill him and I guess but, it's still it, well, his brother it is but you know he's he's bad so he's got to get him out of the way so we'll see we'll see if this even ties in with anything uh, but he seems to like that you know that Kara is is saved at least I don't know it seems I don't maybe. Know, it's a weird thing especially for finding out now that freaking you know Mr. Oz is Jor-El yeah, he just goes and murders his brother. I'm like, I just, that I feels think that weird. when, well, here's the deal: when we did see him in Action Comics, he doesn't look right. Eric. No. Shit has gone wrong. So uh, maybe it'll be explained. Maybe it won't. But yeah, you do, you do have this, and it, it is weird too because at this point. I guess the timing wasn't right to actually, you know, have it be just Jarrell come out and, and yeah. talk and stuff like that, which would have been even better. If this would have been weeks from now, I, I think that it would have played off a little better because then you'd even have uh, Cyborg Superman, you know, like, oh, my brother, what's going on? It seemed exactly. like they were Having still. Drop... Actually, I was actually worried about doing this because. I... We're recording this so out of yeah, whack. I've told you a million saying. times now. Probably it feels weird that to we talk about all, it we being Jor-El. We would have talked about Action Comics where yes. it was the reveal of Jor-El. So at the point we're doing this, I haven't reviewed Action Comics. We haven't talked about Action Comics. No. So me saying, oh, it's Jor-El, just feels like a spoiler. It does feel weird. That's what I'm saying. That's when I was talking about it. I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm like, you know what? In this podcast, or at least on the Patreon exactly. spot, that's again, as we're talking, we don't even know what which one that's going to be. No. We don't know what's how it's going to go. So it would have been nice, though, if this was later for you have this cyborg superman you know Zorel say brother what are you doing and, and then actually have Jarrell explain exactly why he is getting rid of yeah. him but you know we'll see we'll see if it comes about but the whole thing with this it, it's supposed to be the end of this long story and also another story that was you know pretty much what everybody wanted to see it started out with saturn girl and then that got pushed aside and again that that's where mr bones kind of tries to explain off that he set all this up with a he hit, put this on, hit on saturn girl on that saturn didn't go girl. just because I, emerald empress went sense. and talked to saturn girl i don't know yeah. why you want to put a hit on saturn girl to begin with but the whole idea is that somehow mr bones sent a false vision to the eye of ekron yeah that that's what i saw uh, yeah that's what emerald empress got in the 31st century I'm like Yep. I don't understand how any of this works. That's some weird science right there, Eric. I said it. But yeah, it's just – but the whole thing of the actual Emerald Eradication story, it just ends. I mean it basically just ends with Kara ripping apart the Eye of Ekron because she can tell it has carbon dust on it that's yeah. older and not from the future. Makes no goddamn – what? Because something's from the past and the woman's from the future, that means the thing from the past has to be controlling her? Oh, it's, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. It's utter nonsense. And the forced stuff with these people and Ben Rubel trying to stop it because he thinks he's going to make things better by just shutting it down. None of this it not, works out plays for into me. nothing. No. no. And even the whole thing where you have the Fatal Five. It's supposed to be like, you know, is Grundy just, you know, locked That's, up yeah. now? Giant was Grundy? He he's never talked was, of again. You know, I don't and know. And he was a and kind of a zombie made from hair. He was hair. a zombie I mean, clone, yeah. Yeah. What, what's going on? With that. Like, we what's going on with him? Yeah, yeah. Him goes ripped Where's apart. Where's Selena? We, exactly. She Indigo, just disappeared. 
is ripped apart though. We never really got to see how she was no. brought into this. Like, you know, we had one we panel only saw one panel. Is, like, you know, yep. turning her on, I guess. Don't know if yeah, she or was when. turning me on. Selena her. just fucking says, Fuck you guys, I'm out, and Magog yeah. is knocked out by a werewolf. I'm saying everything is just wrapped up without any explanation uh, about nothing. anything that went down nope. in this whole and, goddamn and book. You, you, so you're wrapping up without explanation of a story that had hardly any explanation. It's nonsense. It's and garbage. Yeah, Mr. Bones did it. Yeah, this book should should be canceled. It, it is not good. Actually, no. Get another writer on it. The, yeah. Steve Orlando, uh, he just I, – I say it all the time. We have JLA this week as well. He can't put together a, a comic book story. He cannot make a story that ever makes sense in the end where you sit there and read it and like, oh, my God, he set that up two issues ago. Boy, that was really good. No, he even forgets what he's written issues before. And like I said, it seems like he he is he doesn't want to go correct things. If he says something at the beginning of an issue, he'll just say something else different by the end and not care. It's just nonsense. But I give this a 4.5, Eric. I do like the art. I think the, the art is very really good. good in this yeah, the issue, art is in this really, really good. I'm telling you, I love now that we have this new artist in the book because yeah, it just too. elevates it to a more like, you know, meaningful status in my mind because it looks like more in line. It's not a kiddie book just from the way it looks anymore. It feels like it, it belongs in the rest of the DCU where it didn't earlier. But the story, the fucking yeah. story doesn't – it makes everything go to shit, and because it of that, sucks. I give it a 4.5 as well. Yeah, yeah, it's garbage, but that is the end. We're going to go off to finish up this here podcast, Eric. All right. And that's it. Back with you, Reggie. Oh, that's the it. The podcast Talk is over. Only 50 hours oh. since we started. Ooh-wee. But what we always do at the end is the book of the week eric has already told me and if you listen and kept score at home you know that his is the same as mine it's dark knight metal number two what is yours reggie uh i i really gotta go that way too i you know that was an awesome book this week if i was gonna pick just the books i reviewed yeah i'd go new superman i would Uh, i would too even though i was a little bit down on that it was you know as a normal run of, of, of the books that but I did, it was though, good. that was the best one overall i thought yes. uh we like the harley one too but that i wouldn't put that there but yeah no, no. yeah that dark knight metal too I mean, it took everybody everyone seems to love it this is yeah. the this is the issue i think that turned the turn the corner as they say right yeah hey yeah. it's yeah. in the corner man. hey you turned the corner did you hey uh, the, the thing about it is uh, for me where i'm getting a lot of guff from my mr miracle and not liking that as much and people pretty much are like hey you're dumb you're a dummy if you don't like it because you don't understand it. Don't with understand. metal, I think that I think that with metal, if you don't like that, you just don't like fun. That's what I say. You're, you have no soul is what happens. But you want to hear the books that we have next week because I, I mentioned it way, way back at the beginning that you would figure with all of these books this week, we would not have that many next week. That is not true. And we'll start with one of yours, Aquaman number 28. We have uh, next week we'll continue the Crown of Thorns. And what, yeah, I don't know. I forget what they called it, but yeah, it's the, yeah. you know, whatever the hell it is. The Ball of Thorns. I don't know. But yeah, it continues the, I think it is the Aquaman Underworld stand. Then we have Batman number 31, the penultimate issue of the Jokes and Riddles. We have Batman the Red Death number one, which is the one-shot Red Death, the kind of the Flash Batman uh, 
that came from, out from, from the, the Dark Metal Universe. crossover. Yeah, right, from yeah. the Metal crossover. I, earlier when I was talking to Chris, I could not remember what this one was called. I was like, I don't know. It's like the one who runs because they have the <laughs> one who lasts. We right. also have Batwoman number seven. Hopefully that gets a little better. We also have Green Arrow number 31, which should be near the end or the end of the hard traveling hero arc. We have Green Lanterns number 31, Harley Quinn number 28. And it's going to be weird. We've had a lot of Harley in a row My because God, of that yeah. 25th anniversary deal. I just hope that when we when we get back to this number 28 next week that it it's good because actually I actually when we talked about that earlier me and you I actually like enjoying Harley. Yeah. It's one of those you can kind of turn off your brain and enjoy but We'll see if that can. And it can be fun. You see yeah, that. It can. You know what I mean? As a character, she can be a lot of fun. But yes. yeah, we just got to yeah, see what happens. Just, yeah, we have to see what happens. Justice League number twenty-nine, which is the legacy, are continuing with the kids of the Justice League. Uh, I will tell everybody another spoiler. Aquaman shows up. I know that everybody was upset because the last issue, Aquaman was on the cover. That cyborg right. out future Aquaman, he never showed up. He does show up in this issue. So that that is good. We have Nightwing number 29, which is the other metal tie-in, and that was set up at the end of that Teen Titans when you had it looks like Mr. Freeze is going to be you know, going after Nightwing and, and the crew. Uh, we have Super Sons number eight, Superman number 31, uh, the Wildstorm number seven that I, I don't know if Jeremy's going to have a audio review. Uh, he definitely will have a written review on the site. And I'll just, again, I'll spoil it. He loves it. He, he says it continues. That series is being really, really good. We have Trinity number 13, which I want to spell out. It's another issue. You can have Spot the Jim and Eric because me and Eric are in that as well. Uh, that's V. Ken Marion did the art, and it's so good. Uh, he actually got Eric with his headband. So you can look through that. If you're reading that, try to find where me and Eric are in that. And then the end is something that, again, I don't know if we're going to have it on the podcast. I know that Jeremy's reviewing it. I don't know if he's going to have an audio review, but if he doesn't, I may even ask Reggie to do one with me for All a right. spotlight or on the podcast. We'll see. But it's Wonder Woman Conan number one. So Conan and Wonder Woman, it's Gail Simone, which I know you're a big Gail Simone fan. So sure. We'll see how that – and Aaron Lepresti on art, which is cool. So, yeah, uh, I look forward. But, again, tons of books. And also there's also the uh, Young Animal stuff. I mean, there's a That's lot right. of That's right. We got, we got Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye number 12, which finishes yep. that run and we've got uh bug the bug. avengers of forager number four finally yeah. coming out that chris and i didn't think we would, might ever see yeah yeah so uh, that's crazy so we have those as well and then you know brandon trevitz marvel uh josh having something we a lot of a lot of craziness but yeah that is the podcast i said uh as i always do you could go to our patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science and i'll stress again like i usually do that if you sign up you do not get charged right away so you can check it out first and see what's going on and see if and, it's worth and it and if you don't yourself. like it you can rip jim off just just leave before the month is done I simple said, as that i told Starve you kids starve yeah, them starve my kids they don't need to fucking you know right now they're eating water and bread but that's okay they can just right. deal with water we can they don't need the bread, bread. <laughs> they don't need the bread but no i i said i think that we have enough going on there uh Definitely. that you'd be impressed especially i know a lot of people told me that have joined in on the patreon that they've never 
been a part of a Patreon before. So, you know, they're going in and they're amazed at the amount of stuff that we have. So we try to keep that chugging, try to have at least two or three things a week at least. I try to get more, but yeah, I get lazy sometimes. But (laughs) that is the end of the podcast. Everybody go to at Eric L. Shea and tell him he's hashtag Eric's drunk. That's and right. That's, Drunk uh, Eric, yeah. I think it was. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, Reggie, well, can you want to end the podcast? Can I do an outro? Yeah, let me yes, do Yes, I'm going to say. I want you yeah. to. I don't know. I never know what to say. I always screw it up. What is the outro? Turn off that motherfucking spotlight, Jack. Oh, there he goes. in Superman history, episode number three. I'm your host, Lord Andy, and I want to make a quick shout out and thank everyone for the positive feedback, and uh, hello to the Get Fresh crew, and of course, many thanks to the Weird Science DC podcast for making all this magic possible, and uh, of course, I dedicate another episode to Chris and Reggie of the Cosmic Treadmill, and thanks for all their amazing work in comic book history podcasting. So, yeah, I kind of hinted at this. I'm going to be doing Superman number 42 of the third series. That's New 52, folks. And it's uh, September 2015. That was a long time ago. So, uh, $3.99 on the cover price. You want to know what it's going for now. But uh, we got 32 pages, 24 pages of story. Uh, it's a truth tie-in. The story is by Gene Long Yang. Cover art by John Ramada and Claus Jansen. Lettering by Rob Lee. Lee, Lee. Two editors, Marino and Berganza. Three colorists, White, Quantina, and Mori. And I apologize to all the artists who I just totally fucked up their names. So uh, in this issue, a quick uh, 
A quick uh, cliff note would be Lois Lane discovers that Clark Kent is uh, Superman and she completely throws him on the bus and reveals his identity to everybody. All right, let's kick it off, huh? All right, let, let's first discuss the cover. It's almost an all-black cover with a single-panel art frame there going up with Lois Lane ripping the shirt off of Clark Kent like Hawk Hogan with, like, shreds of cloth in her hands, and she's just going, ah, in her face because she can't believe to see the Superman uniform underneath. And Clark's going, ah, because he can't believe he just got busted finally. But uh, this is New 52, so Lois Lane and Clark are obviously not married. In fact, they're, like, uh, co-workers who get in on each other's nerves, basically, is what you could say. Um, and now we go to page one, Outside Metropolis. So we're in like a very nice urban-looking park overlooking the skyline of Metropolis. Uh, the foliage is very nice. It looks like, you know, late autumn. You got a lot of oranges and reds in the tree line. The grass is starting to fade and die. And there's just not a grassy knoll uh, overlooking the town. And we have Clark and Jimmy Olsen. And Clark says, the only heartbeats within a mile are ours. And Jimmy goes, so you've got your powers again. Too bad they didn't come back an hour ago, Clark. You could have saved yourself from getting shot. Man, all that bleeding in the car had us worried. It wasn't that bad, Jimmy. Uh, actually it was. We're alone, Condessa. Say what you need to say. So Condessa is a, a newer character introduced. I couldn't really pull up too much information on her, and I could review all the issues before this and tell you a little bit more about it, but I'm not getting paid. So we got Condessa. She's got blue dreadlocks, glasses. She looks like that hot chick at the coffee shop that you're too intimidated to talk to because you know she's smarter than you, and right now she does seem smarter to you because she's going... Behind the senator and the guns, behind everything that's gone down, it's a crime syndicate called Horror. Like, kind of like a tech company. Kind of like a gang. Sounds like LexCorp. Lois Lane chimes in. Ah, uh, LexCorp is last century, Lois. Luther's trying to make money from atoms. Horror's all about bits. Weapons are just a side business. The real cash comes from information from secrets. They figure out the world's big secrets, and they sell them for use as leverage. I don't care how powerful you are. You got a big enough secret? Horror will get to you. How do you know all this? I worked for Horror. Or I used to, anyways. Uh, Clark, Jimmy says. You know how you said we're alone? I'm thinking you're wrong. And out of nowhere shows up like this entire gang of foot soldiers, basically, because they're all ninja'd out, and they're all black, except for, like, these red stripes that look like the sketch lines for eyes and mouth and the center of the face. I'm pretty sure that's probably what they did. But these are these red lines going across their face, and everything else is just total ninjutsu. And they're all coming out of the woods, and they got swords and, and all that shit. And Clark goes, stand back, everyone. And he starts, bam, boom, pow, crunch, 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 big crunch. And he's just, next three panels, of, he's just beating the shit out of these foot soldiers. And uh, Condessa goes, whoa, big boy can fight. As they're all hiding under, taking cover, and there's just pieces of these uh, guys flying all over the place. And then at the end here, he's standing over a big pile of uh, broken up foot soldiers. And Condessa chimes in. I've seen guys like this before. One of Horde's allies developed the tech. They're like zombies. Corpses. They've been solidified in the shadow. That explains why they didn't have heartbeats. We gotta get moving. Even with you around, big boy, it ain't safe to stay in one spot like this. I love how she keeps calling him big boy in the story. Because it's like Big Blue. And like in 30 seconds... Okay, never mind. Then Lois says, Can you give us a second? Clark and I need to talk. Two things first. I need to apologize for calling you a coward back at the office. Obviously, you're not. Don't worry about it, Lewis. I... Which brings me to my second point. Obviously, you're something else. Remember a couple weeks ago, when you came into the office and your face was all bruised up? 
I told you, Jimmy and I... Got carried away at the batting cages, I remember. Clark, you know I've been following Superman since the first time he came on the scene. Lately I've noticed that he's gotten slower, weaker, sloppier. He gets hurt in ways he didn't used to. I can actually track his appearances now, so I've been putting it all in the database. Whenever I get a free moment, I go through and I'm looking for patterns. First, I couldn't find any. Maybe a part of me wanted to ignore what the patterns were trying to say. You know what I finally got to me stopping ignoring the patterns. I'm sure you're going to tell me. You! When you came in all the busted up, it was like you were trying to reenact my last set of data. I brushed it off as a coincidence, but then I triangulated the locations of all the Superman appearances and found more coincidences. And then Condessa finds us, and all these crazy things happen. And when she talks about secrets, she stares at you like we're hiding in the biggest secret in the world. She wasn't staring. And then, just now, the ninja guys pop out of nowhere and you beat them up in the smithereens. Literal smithereens. Not the band. So I know already, Clark. Lewis, what are you... I still need to know for sure. She screams while ripping off his shirt and then staring wide-eyed like a psychotic bitch into his S symbol on his chest. Oh, God. Lois, let me explain. And I, I really do love how she is drawn in all these panels. She looks like the crazy woman that we all know Lois Lane truly to be. But, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just turned the page, and the uh, one panel uh, <laughs> just catches your eye immediately, and it's speaking exactly what I just said, and she just looks insane. Anyways, let me explain. Explain what? How someone who seems so honest and good could be so, so not? It's not like that. Keeping my identity secret was the only way I could be normal, or at least normal-ish. You're hey, Superman! Why would you want to be normal? I... I just do. Who else knows? Does Jimmy... Yes? So Jimmy gets the truth and I get the lie? Lois, I... You know Condessa knows too, right? And if she knows, her entire crime syndicate probably knows. That's not true. I only know because I'm especially close to Hoarder's leader, a, a mad genius who goes by the name of Hoarder Root. He told me that you two are text buddies, Clark. Hoarder Root. So he's the one who's been threatening me. He's the one I need to take down. Does Hoarder have a headquarters of some kind? A secret campus. You want in? Get me someone who knows hardware and I'll take care of the rest. Let's go visit a friend of mine. And now, Superman flies above the car. And Lois Lane even looks like she's, like, pounding her fist on the side of the car as the car is speeding off. Jimmy's driving. Uh, Condessa's in the back seat. But he's flying over them. And he's got his regular pants on and dress suit, you know, dress shoes. But his... Blue suit is, like, the only thing on the top, and so it just looks uh, ridiculous, and it's all because of Lois. Oh, Lois. Now we find ourselves back in Gotham City at the Toy Master Game Shop. We have Superman, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, and, of course, uh, Condessa, who's holding out a mask to the lady behind the counter. And uh, said, This mask is like an ID badge. You can't get on campus without one. We're going to need three more of them, hero. I can replicate this, no problem, but the software inside, if you can make it, I can program it. All right, then. You mind helping out, Big Blue? Your heat vision will make things easier. Sure. You know how to code, Jimmy asked Condessa? You're surprised because I'm brown or because I'm a woman? No, I, I wasn't, I, I... Relax, Red, just giving you a hard time. Know your freckles get brighter when you're all flustered and flustered. It's kind of cute. Really? No, not really. Condessa... Besides making Jimmy Olsen really uncomfortable there, which <laughs> Lois didn't say, but I would like to say... Condessa. Uh, Lois asks. How'd you get mixed up with Hoarder? 
They recruited me straight out of grad school. At first it was fun. Who doesn't want to dig up dirt and all the rich idiots screwing up the world? But then things got creepy, and then downright scary. And when it came to find you and Clark... Condessa, could you tell me if this replica works? That was fast. They don't call me Toy Master for nothing, baby. Who calls you Toy Master besides you, Superman asks. Condessa looks like she's inhaling fumes off of the mask, but she's speaking in code, and I want to get this down exactly... She says, zero one zero zero one zero one one zero one zero 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 one zero one zero one zero zero one 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 zero one zero 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 one zero zero. The mask replies, zero one zero zero one 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 zero one zero zero one zero one one. Seems like a pretty long reply. It works. Was that? I spoke code directly into it. Big Boy isn't the only one with superpowers. I think I'm in love, says Toy Master. The next morning, we find our motley crew in downtown Metropolis waiting on the curb for something. And Jimmy says to Condessa, Hey, Condessa, my mom got me this programmable toaster for last Christmas, and it's never worked right. When this is all over, maybe you could... Quiet, here it comes. And up comes the bus. We're sneaking into a super-secret headquarters of a super-secret criminal organization by bus? This ain't just any bus. It's the order bus. Put on your masks now. The bus <laughs> emits a holographic field. You won't be able to get through it without a mask. Next panel, we have all four seated uh, together. When what looks more like a train or a plane, but it doesn't look like any public bus I've ever been on. But, uh... Jimmy asks, these folks all work for Hoarder? Yep. And now the bus is just like driving really fast around the curbs and it's picking up speed and it's, it just flies over the railing. Whoosh! Whoosh. And Lois looks out the window and panicked and she just grabs Clark's hand without thinking about it. We're not on the road anymore. Lois? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to grab your hand like that. No, it's not that. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you. For what? For coming with me. Uh, ever since I moved to Metropolis, I haven't had anyone who's been a part of both of my lives. You and Jimmy are the first. It, it means a lot. Clark, stop. Stop what? I used to think of you as a partner. A friend. Until yesterday. Lois. Get your mask back on, lovebirds. Clark and I aren't. Welcome to Hoarder's Campus in the Clouds. The Hoarderplex. And the bus comes to a stop and lands in the middle of a really cool-looking campus, for sure. It's got, like, a reflection pool and some weird half-yin-yang-looking things, but they're not really yin-yangs. I think they're more like the mask they're wearing kind of symbol thing. Almost looks like uh, Court of Owls type shit. But uh, there's, like, these really cool uh, architecture futuristic of course and there's like these little droids flying around and there's a lot of people and they got like backpacks and stuff so i don't know if they work at like an it company or this is like a really uh high-tech school but they call it campus right and then here comes like a floating balloon thingy and the guy with the mask says coffee anyone can i get a caramel latte jimmy asks of course this place isn't evil it's awesome he says as he sips his uh, latte all these smiling people around you they're all forced to work here. Hoarder's got a secret on every one of them. If they quit, they get exposed. Just in time for morning announcements. And now a giant hologram fills the sky above uh, the campus, and it appears to be uh, the Hoarder route, but he says, Good morning, Hoarder Hood. What's the plan for today? We're going to remake the world, Everyone chants together. Ha ha, good, good. 
And now we get a close-up of his face, but it really isn't a face. The mask is coming off of what is a blank face. Like I told you earlier, it looks like a yin-yang, but a straight line. Uh, like a black and white cookie from Seinfeld. That's what it looks like. I'm sorry to start the day on a downer, everyone, but I'm going to have to skip our usual morning niceties. That's how you say it. Hoarder Surveillance reports that we sort of have a situation here at the Hoarderplex. Apparently, there's guests have chosen to join us without first getting the proper clearances. Hoarder Security is working to detain them as quickly as possible. For your own safety, please report to your work areas immediately. Hey, where'd Condessa go? Jimmy asked, kind of panicked. Keep calm. No one suspects us yet. You sure about that? You three, stop! Say some droids that look exactly like some droids from episode one of Star Wars. And let's not ever talk about that. Hang tight! And uh, Clark grabs both the back of Lois and Jimmy and he... He grabs him and he just... <laughs> looks like he's doing some major spinal damage to his friends, but he's grabbing them from behind and he's flying through... Through the town and now they're like... Whoa, I feel like I left my stomach back there. Lois says... You looking for Condessa with your x-ray vision? Yep, no sign of her yet, but I do see something else. Brock, and he breaks through the wall, and they all peer through the wall into a hole, and now they apparently have crawled through the hole, and they're looking at all these different TV screens and monitors, and they're all up in this big cybernetic room, and all the screens have, like, Clark. They have Super Kent next to Clark. They have Clark being electrocuted from, like, the very early-on action comics of New 52 in the chair when Lex was doing all that shit with the military. Remember that? Remember that? And then we have, like, him, you know, doing the obvious ripping open his jacket, and there's the S sign. So they've got him in, like, every position possible to prove that he is, uh, you know, they got, they got the load on him. But uh, Jimmy says, wow, what is this? The world's biggest collection of embarrassing videos? It's more than just videos. Bank account statements, health records, family histories, everything you've ever wanted to hide about yourself, every mistake you've made, every unpleasant fact, it's all stored here. Impressive, isn't it? My friends, you're standing in what is, sort of, this dimension's most advanced data center. And before I go on, you're going to see that Hoarder Root just keeps saying sort of a lot in an annoying way, so it's not me doing it, it's the writer. Each of those display units isn't just a display unit. It's a sheet of alien crystal that can store about a zettabyte of data per square inch. You must be hoarder root, Clark says. After getting to know you over text, it's a pleasure to finally meet you in person, Clark. I'm forever indebted to my darling Condessa for our introduction. Looks like Senator Novell wasn't the only pawn. Then we see Condessa in the next panel. She looks like, you know, half-conscious, but the, she's got the mask on her face, and she says... That's it, just three periods. Superman, the best few days have been a sort of extended job interview. I wanted to see if you'd be good fit for the horde horde. I'm pleased to see that you are. What? The future belongs to those who control information. Here at Hoarder, information isn't just our business, it's sort of our obsession. So come on, man of tomorrow, join the future, join Hoarder. You honestly believe you're the future? Lowlifes who have been around since the beginning of time. Beneath all that fancy technology, you're just another power-hungry criminal extorting people for what you want. Sigh. You do realize I'm just being polite, right? It's not like you have a choice. Refuse me, and Horder will release your secret to the world. Folks you love will get hurt, maybe even killed. 
and then Clark just is slowly pulling back his black shirt, which was torn to pieces earlier, but now it's completely back, because now he's ripping it off again! Let me give a sort of preview of what you'll let it be. Order security? Let's go, Clark says as he rips off his shirt completely, and then his cape is just flying in a... And he just crushes all these robots, and he's beating the shit out of them, and he's just going, crunch again. These are really big crunches, folks. Jimmy, Lois, it's time to take this place down. You're... you're gonna solar flare? That exploding thing he does, right? You know about that? Yeah, I do. Do whatever you can to stop Hoarder Root from escaping. Then find a way to warn the workers and get them off the Hoarderplex. I could hold these guys off for another ten minutes tops. Go! And now, uh, apparently Condessa doesn't have the mask on anymore, and she's not, like, half-conscious. She's just walking down this dark hallway, and then a hand puts on her shoulder, and... Crack ow! And then she... You... <laughs> you also know Judo, too? Says Jimmy Olsen who was just, you know, totally handled like a little bitch by Condessa. Red? Thank God you're alive. I thought for sure Horder Hurt was going to kill you. He almost did kill us because of you, Blue. He's obviously referencing her hair color. Blue? You call me Red, so I figured Blue. Oh, right. Back to how you almost got us all killed. How could you betray us like that? You think I wanted to? But I got a secret too, Red. Look, for what it's worth, I'm sorry. I've never been so sorry about anything in all my life. Well, here's a chance to make it up to us. And then the next panel, Hoarder Root is overlooking Superman just manhandling and, and he's like straddling one of the robots, but he's just like rah, wrestling them all around and stuff and he's overlooking it all. Enjoying the show, Hoarder Root? Work! And he Work! just gets his Work! face totally taken in with a freaking pipe. And yeah, it's crazy bitch Lois. You. You're just a kid? Because his mask is completely broken off into pieces because she hit him really hard with a pipe. Who's really behind this? Uh, let's see if you can continue to underestimate me when you're choking on your own blood. How about I gain another 30 pounds before you start making threats like that? <laughs> what? This body is a sort of node for me, Miss Lane. One of many and no longer useful. I'm so discarding it. And now we go back outside, and uh, appearing in the sky outside the campus once again. Instead, but he's not wearing a mask this time. But his horde root at this panicked-looking young kid. Uh, is this is this thing on? Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. My name is. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter who I am. Just listen. You guys need to get off the horde plex now, because stuff is about to go down. Seriously, leave now. <laughs> Who's that guy? I think he is. We're not going to abandon our post just because some idiot tells us to. Yeah! Maybe, but when the last time some idiots got a hold of Horde of Roots announcement system? Everyone starts running and freaking out. Crunch again! There's so many crunches in this book. And he's just burning into his laser eyes. And Superman is once again about to do one of his freaking things do one of his super flashes and uh, all these magic buses are taken off from the base and superman looks like he's vomiting up freaking uh sunlight he's just vomiting up flames he's just puking out fire and, and lasers and it's bursting out of his skull and it's shooting out of his arms he's just turning into basically the energy and it's and then we see a shadow in the background it goes superman who are you? <laughs> Who? 
what did you do to me? And Superman, now completely naked and burnt, he just collapses on the ground. Crumble, 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 crumble. As a bunch of buildings are starting to tumble. Looks like he flared, Lois says. The entire campus has been destabilized. Go find Big Boy quick, says uh, Cadessa. Oh, no, again, Jimmy shouts as they finally find Clark's body, and he's still smoking. It's just naked, and he's sprawled across the floor, and he looks pretty beat up. Why does he keep getting so beat up? This way, hurry. Crumble, crumble, crumble. More foundations are falling, and, uh... After what she did, you sure you can trust her? No, but I am sure we have no choice, and Lois and Jimmy are just dragging Clark Clark's body wrapped up in the cape, conveniently right around his privates. And, yeah, Superman's cape is using to cover his groins right now, and his naked body being dragged, or dragging it up onto what looks like a RV, but no, it's another magic bus! And then, crook The entire campus is exploding! And Lois looks down at Clark, who's sprawled across the RV chair now. She says, Be okay, Clark. Please, be okay. Next, next betrayal. betrayal. Oh my, that was insane, and that was me speaking of issue 42 of Superman, the third series, 2015 of September stuff. That stuff was crazy, right? And um, I really, really love the art of this issue. Um, The total absurdity of the story is what kind of makes Superman fans Superman fans. This stuff was just insane. It was totally over the top. There was magic flying buses. There was uh, a campus in the sky. There was just, just ridiculous nonsense. And Lois, of course, just being Lois. And that, my friends, is what earns you an 8.2 in my book. Uh, this was a great issue. Like I said, three ninety nine, right? When it came out. Well, now it's like a dollar seventy. So go out and grab it. You know, it's a good read. And this is ten issues before uh, Superman, new new fifty two Superman dies, and uh, you know, then we're all led into rebirth. So there you go. You thought I was just talking about nonsense, but I just brought you all up to date, sort of. So, quick shout out once again to uh, Chris, to Reggie, to Eric, to Jim, to the Get Fresh crew, to the Weird Science DC Podcast crew. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in a few. Oh, and to all those I love, truth, truth justice, justice, and the American way. Powerful than a locomotive.